3XL is my name and like tag team, I am back again. I want to warn everyone that this podcast will both spoil all of this week's DC comic books, but will also contain very, very naughty language. So if you are a gentle sort or have dancing and mark in your name, proceed with caution. You've been warned. Shout out to the Fresh Cup crew. Poop poop. Hello, I'd like to take a moment to talk about a problem plaguing our country today. Broken He-Man action figures. We've all seen it before. You go to a garage sale and find a trap jaw with lock jaw just lying there in a blue plastic bin with other broken toys. You don't want him to end up in the trash like some common naked Mego Spider-Man. But what can you do? You aren't trained in plastic surgery. We are the He-Man Hospital and Skeletor Soldier Shop and we can help you. We have the power. Do you have a man at arms that has no arms? Is your snout spout leaking water out? Does your stinker stink no more? We can help you. We have the power. So if you're a discerning collector looking to restore a vintage figure back to mint condition, we can help you. If you're an awkwardly spastic man-child that is obsessed with reliving 80s pop culture, we don't know that we have the power to help you. You're pretty much destined to work in a cardboard box factory. But for everyone else, the He-Man Hospital and Skeletor Soldier Shop is located in Knob Hill County, just down the road from Captain Bob's Hobnob and Corn Cob Cafe. And we are open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, for all your Eternia-related emergencies. What up, Fresh Cup Prue? Poop, poop. This is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, and boy, do we have a long one for you here. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to the Mighty Mighty Episode 136. What up, Fresh Cup Prue? There you go, Eric. What up, Fresh Cup Prue? Poop, poop. How about this one? Shout out, poop, poop. (laughs) Oh, God. Ah, yes. That, That is one thing that will always... Put a smile on my face, Eric. I'm having a bad day. I need more wrong turn to get me into go here, here, one more time. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? Yes, what up, Fresh I think Cup I need Crew? to hear more about that He-Man Hospital. I, I think that that's the commercial that's running now on local <laughs> idea, the local cable networks. It's going to get you some work, Eric, and that is Bobby, and thanks, Bobby. I, thanks, she Bobby. said that, and it made me laugh so much. I'm like, that is going <laughs> at the beginning. I'm, I like, does your stink or stink no more? Oh, <laughs> made so me laugh. Uh, hello and welcome, one and all, to the official unofficial podcast of the Weird Science DC Comics.com website for August 12, 2017. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. We're so proud. So proud indeed, Eric. So proud that I'd like to give a shout out, Eric. What up, Fresh Cup Proof? Woo-wee! That's a shout-out I could get behind. We're on Facebook, where you can like us at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean, where you can follow us at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We are on Twitter, where you can talk to me, retweet shit, argue with me, possibly. Maybe even argue with Eric Shea. But Weird Science DC is our Twitter handle there. Uh, Almost like my CB handle, Man No Pants, is what I was called back in the day. Man No Pants, mine's Papa Smurf. 
Man, no pants. No Papa Smurf. I'm not that crazy. I'm no No, pedophile. that's mine. Oh, that's yours? Okay, that explains a lot. I know. A lot. We also have the website that I mentioned, the award-winning WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We have an email, WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. Where you can email us and we'll read every single mail, including one that takes an hour. And it drives me insane. Oh, God. Drives me insane, Eric. We also have a Patreon account that drives the ladies insane, I hear. <laughs> I don't know why it would. <laughs> Where did but you then, hear that? <laughs> from myself, I looked in the mirror. I was doing like my old roommate at college. Oh, Jim, the Patreon, it drives the ladies crazy. That's what he used to say. doing that in the bathroom of Dancing it up, freaking sipping st- uh, my drink. Uh, the Patreon is patreon.com slash weird science. This week, if you want to hear Mr. Miracle number one, that is the Patreon only spotlight given or voted by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, or the boop. Fresh Cut crew. The Fresh Cut crew. Uh, we also have a larger Patreon bonus spotlight that me and Reggie did early. It was Gotham Academy number 12 and the newest boy, Final Legion issue. Boy Commando special number one. And just to keep the, the good times rolling, this weekend, me and you, Eric, we're going to be recording our Back Issues podcast that will feature the badass pick, Stanley's just imagine Batman, and that will be on the Patreon as well. So, you know, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Check us out, Eric. Just check us out and see check if you like the, the cut of our jib, Eric. But it is right now. Time to do that. It is the badass roll call. Here we go. <laughs> Just give a little dance, Eric, because I was not really Dude, I am so fully prepared for this. So I'm going to have to quickly get over to that patreon.com slash weird science and see if I can do this. But here is the badass roll call. Eric, we start off with your man, Richard Richardson. Then we have Simon, G, G G-Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship. I'm going to have to turn this down. This song is so loud in the mix. I hate to to drown out, uh, you know, our badasses. So we got Manship. Brian from Arkansas, a little lady named Tanya Werner, Ian, D-Man, Reggie, Brandon Murray, T, Taylor, Swanee, whatever. He he always gets mad. I always want to call him Taylor because I like that name. Anthony G, Josh, Little MRT, Bobby, Jazz, Havlin, Dalton, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, and of course OG Christopher Hyden. And that is the badass roll call. Badass is one and all. Badass is one and all. Now we can just dance. Now I can I can raise the roof here. That's what the kids still say, right? Raise the roof. I heard uh, recently that if you dab in Saudi Arabia, you can get arrested. You do not want to dab. I'm dabbing right now. In my mind, if you do a lot of things in Saudi Arabia, you get arrested. I would think before I realized what a dab was, I would have thought that's something to do with pooping your pants. And uh, like me, I would think that that should be against the law. I think that that should be against the law anyway. Uh, uh, An adult poops his pants right to jail. Right? No. Yes. Why are you disagreeing with me? This is supposed because to be fun time. We're dancing there. one day. We're dancing. I'm in a bad mood tonight. I'll, I'll tell you. I just need some dancing to go. I'm in such a bad mood. I got a computer. I finally decided I needed a computer. I, I'm a cheap man. Eric. I don't I know. know if you know this. I am a cheap bastard. Especially, really, if, if it all comes down to it, I'm a cheap bastard when it comes to spending money on myself. And, and Brandon and Reggie and you know because you've seen my sneakers. 
And I, I just – I don't like to spend money on myself, and I, I did. I splurged. I got a laptop. It was mainly because we have one computer in the house, which I am recording on right now. Uh, but when I, I go so. to edit the podcast, sometimes it takes me six hours, and I don't want to hog up the computer, uh, especially my oldest son in the house. Zach, he plays World of Warcraft. So I like to free up this computer. I got a laptop. I'd sit down there. I'd kick my feet up, Eric, laying down, editing the podcast. Somehow it was a dead inspiron something or other 17 sure. uh maybe this is something people know it seems to be an issue with these computers where you know i i charge it then i unplay you know i pull out the plug and i take it to the bed take it to the bedroom eric and yeah. the innards of the jack the plug-in jack uh they they ripped out and it, it destroyed so what i did then i had to desperately try to get everything off that computer before the computer actually died you know Crazy. from the the battery and i did not accomplish that feat so i had a lot of stuff on there and, and then i decide okay i better factory reset it before we do whatever if we're going to take it back and we did try to take it back to bj's hey fucking they put up the stop sign eric <laughs> they didn't want it back so i gotta <laughs> i gotta call fucking dell but you know you want to get your personal info off of the oh, computer yeah. i waited Just too long when, ah, when i went to go and i yeah really now, you, you know what I'm talking about now. Uh, but when I went to do it then, it told me that I didn't have enough battery life to actually – they should have something where – because this would happen. You know, something happens. Your computer's dying. You got. They should have just a one-button boom that just wipes it completely in a second. None of this goddamn fucking checking this and that. I wanted it all off. I wanted to get off the grid. Eric, I don't need anybody being able to see what I'm up to. I'm sorry, you sound like a fucking somebody who has child porn on their goddamn laptop. No, what I have is my credit card information and all my bills and all that shit. I have my Dropbox. Next thing you know, we have the weird science Dropbox. Some guy's going to get this computer. Somehow, Dell will just send me a new one. They won't freaking delete everything. They'll give it out as a refurbished. Next thing I have dick pics in the weird science fucking <laughs> you know, Dropbox. This Win -win. is my fears. Yeah, really. <laughs> but that's the problem is too many of those, I'm going to be too yeah, – I'm just going to want to look at those. I will not be able to do the podcast. I'll just it's sit like and look at dick pics. It's like freaking – you have all this shit in front of you now. You don't know what to do with yourself otherwise. Yeah, you really. got all them dick pics. Bam, uh, no, hopefully, nothing's getting uh, Hopefully this, the, the person who does send the dick pics has a variety of them, maybe not just I, themselves. I so. Maybe they're in a group. Uh, dickpick.com or something like that. Maybe I can get in that group. It's like you and your Imaginex group, something like that. Basically, a bunch of dicks hanging out in, in a uh, room, Eric. Isn't that right? <laughs> a bunch of dicks, Eric. But boom, you didn't even laugh at my joke. You kind of smirked down. I, I got lost in the whole story of it all, really. You got lost in the story of it, the dick pics? I'm thinking, picks. like, I'm going I'm to join this dick pick room. Yeah, you know what really? I'm going to send a picture of Dick Grayson. I'm going to fuck but everybody Would you up. be, like, rock hard on, rock hard well, something like that? That's that's my name, so you can't take it. Uh, but you could do Manuel Hung. You could go in. People think Can you're Hispanic. Can I be Papa Smurf? I, I don't want to come no, up with the Papa Smurf. Papa Smurf. It, it's the worst. As I say all these weird names, then you say Papa Smurf, and somehow you're the creepiest one of the bunch. I know. What? Why is this? Why is this, Eric? Because guess what? <sighs> what? I'm blue. <laughs> you needed the money. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I think that this uh, episode is going to be way off the rails, mainly because we recorded this in a bunch of segments, which we always do anyway. But you'll see. I, I actually think that this is the tale of many emotions because some of the segments we were very happy, then we were down. But, uh, and then I spent over $200 on a goddamn tux rental earlier yeah, today. That's not, that's $200. Not a happy thing. 
I got a freaking piece of shit computer down there that doesn't work. I don't even want to tell you what that cost me. $18 million, that thing was. I think I may oh, have been ripped off. Got screwed. Now, the worst is I go back to BJ's, those son of a bitches. Like, first off, as my wife is there bitching and moaning and also telling complete and utter lies is what she said because it was out of the 90-day return Warranty policy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, she goes in with the idea that she's going to tell them, hey, I bought it for my son. She has Ethan there. Ethan wants no part of it. Hey, I bought it for my son here for his birthday. But since his birthday was yesterday... We didn't open it until then. I said, no, just tell them the truth. Actually, I was like, whatever. She usually can get these things done. The waterworks come out, Eric. She starts crying and stuff. But uh, they ended up turning it on, which I didn't think they'd be able to. I thought it was completely drained. It wasn't. And right away, they saw that it had been used. Oh. And then, But the, the main issue of it, and this is nothing of a lie. This is nothing that we did. Those motherfuckers had a claim that the box did not match the computer, that the serial numbers on the box didn't match the computer, which only means to me that I unwittingly got a fucking uh, a display model. model. I got a yeah. form model without knowing, and I'm pissed because that's probably why this motherfucking thing broke because it was already unplugged 18 trillion times. I got so mad when she told me. Now, in the meantime, she's doing that, and I'm shopping. I'm getting the stuff at BJ's. I have all these coupons. The coupon book came out, Eric. I'm clipping those coupons. And I get to, I get to the, the – Coupon uh, Carl. Oh, house. yeah, Coupon Carl here. He, he doesn't do anything without a coupon. I'm usually not a coupon guy, but at BJ's, it really does pay to use them. So I get to the line, and I'm going. It's self-checkout. I'm there, and it's, you have to scan the coupons. And this fucking thing never scans right. So I'm like, scanning the – they're not working. Then one says invalid. This Fucking cool. It's from their coupon book. I see that I've gotten exactly what it told me to get. Freaking red Welch's red grapes, Eric. That's that's what Logan wanted. Logan right. gets what Logan wants. It didn't take my coupon. I end up spending seven dollars on goddamn grapes. I didn't want to spend seven dollars, so I was mad. And then I go, and then Tanya's like, "We got to get out of here." And, and really, I don't know. Maybe the police were called. <laughs> oh, Freaking God. fraud. I, I, we ran. And we got out of there. But, yeah, I was so mad that the goddamn grapes didn't scan. Then I go and I put my card in, debit, put my info, and it says crazy, like, not accepted or whatever. And I'm like, goddamn, now this lady's behind me, and she's fucking, you know, getting all pissed off. And I, I made sure she saw because I know that my card has money in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have enough. So I'm like, huh, I guess something went wrong. I'll have to use my same card again. Because, yeah, I, did, I didn't want her to think that I was a, a, a scumbag. That's the worst, too, because yeah. it always goes in your goddamn mind when something gets fucked up like that. I'm saying, like, you know, you got the chip now, and I accidentally slide, and when something yeah, gets yeah, going and around, it fucks like, you, you up, know, but you don't I want people to think, think, yeah. Exactly. I don't want them to think I'm shuffling 18 different accounts. Like, oh, yeah, oh, I, I guess my gold card doesn't work here. <laughs> but, oh, this lady was pissed because she got behind me, and she was kind of edging towards me. I don't know if this has ever happened to you in a oh, no, supermarket. Well, terrible. this is the this is the before that. This lady, I have like seven items, I, I think it was. Uh, she had one, paper towels, and she was very forward in showing me she only had one item so that I would say, oh, go ahead of me. Fuck that. Fuck you. I, I was, the, the worst part is I was behind a lady when I first got in line, and she had problems with her cards. And I was like, what a scumbag. <laughs> she was switching <laughs> cards. And then when it got to her, I was going to say, like, I guess this is happening with everyone. But no, this lady was just shaking her head at me. I was going to uh, I don't know what I'm I was going to do. I cannot deal with the edging when I'm in a freaking, like, a, a line at a grocery store or a Walmart yeah. or anything like that. I keep a wide berth where, you know, you have no, to No, I do, too. 
You and if somebody, if I have two items and somebody in front of me has seven trillion, and they say, "Oh, you can go first, I'll go. No, no, that's fine. You were waiting. I, yeah. I don't need that. You know, I don't need to get through no, there. I, I'm talking about anybody. like when you start putting your goddamn shit on the conveyor belt. Oh there, yeah, well this I lady stand was yeah. at the end, so they don't go and think they can start putting their shit on. Oh, the yeah. I'm well, not ready yet. You, you have to understand up. too is that at BJ's where you get at the self checkout, you you scan it and then you put it on this conveyor belt. That goes down probably about 12 feet down, and then it ends up. So then it's it's not a great system because you still have your cart where you're unloading stuff. It goes all the way down and gathers at the end, and uh, then you take your cart. Well, this lady then or people have before, if they go right away and speed the process really and start putting their shit on, it's now going to go conveyor belt towards your stuff and yeah. get mixed up and it, it's fucking annoying yeah, I couldn't and yeah I, yeah it's, you don't have the bonus card you told me i don't you, you do not have the bonus I've never card. shopped at a bj's no what up fresh cup Prue? what up fresh cup Prue, eric but you know what Prue. we're kind of ranting raving right now are we not is that what I, we're I doing so. ranting and raving over two hundred dollars on a rental tux. I know, and you told me that you were causing a ruckus in the yeah, men's warehouse. You know, I haven't seen my friends a, in a while. What a bunch of dicks! You said that you cost them money then, so they they should have added another hundred bucks to each of your goddamn. They tuxes. might have. Grow Man, up, you son of a bitch! That's the most I've ever spent on a tux in my yeah. life. Yeah, just think of that. If you were not invited to that wedding, which is in the middle of September, so when that comes yep. about again, there will be a podcast sans Eric Shea, or at least not the main part. You'll still right. probably be able to do your books ahead of time. But yeah, all that inconvenience. I told you. You said, I've told all my friends that I don't want to get invited to weddings. And I told you that no, that's see, why they invite going, you. I don't mind going to the weddings. I don't want to be a part of the yeah, wedding. Yeah, but that, that's the only way I think that they can make sure that you'll go. Because I know you. You'll fucking bail at the last second. You'll tell Jess, hey, you just go just tell them i couldn't do it i have this podcast and then they won't see you so the only way they can assure that you will go is by having you in the in the deal and spend the money part where i was talking to my friends like hey what's up man i think the last time i saw you was at looks at my buddy duck i think his wedding and that was last august yeah see see that's what happens what happens when you're a piece of shit friend Uh, i know because i've been that all my life i I I don't have many friends I don't have many friends. All of them are in the Get Fresh group, Eric. Poop, 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 That's right. poop. But, Eric, we are going to go on to the Rant and Raves. And before we start, Eric, I don't know if you remember, we now have a theme song for the Rant and Raves, which I'm going to play right now, thanks to Dancing Mike. <laughs> Who is laughing? I hate them. 
Yes, Aaron. Those little sound bites were me. I was okay. doing a little DJing, Eric. One of, them, <laughs> one of them was not well done. It was way under the mix, but that, that was me. But yes, this is time for our rant and rave line. You can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign, Eric Shea. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, we only have a couple rant and raves tonight, and one oh. is not Dancing Mike. So I'm afraid that maybe he's going to send one in a little later. He, he usually does send one, but, you know, sometimes he's busy. But yeah. if he's not, we'll have to play it later because, Eric, we got time. Uh, you know, we started a little bit early. We, we have been starting early, and I just want to tell everyone, just to, to give them a shout-out, uh, we used to start at 9 on Saturday, and we used to kind of make that the deadline. We kind of start at 7.30 now, so we can get done earlier. So if you email or rent rave, it's best to get it in before Look, 7.30. Look, I don't even know if this is a thing anymore. I used to tell people, get everything in by 8 o'clock on Saturday, because we usually going to start at 9. Yeah, you want to have yeah. to give you a shot to collect everything. Yeah, but that's the problem, is we do start now around 7.30, so we can get done. So I'm going to change it. Get it in by 7, right? Seven. Yeah. But even so, we we still make accommodations to everything. Eastern Standard Time. This is the first, yes, this is the first rent rave. It's from our man, Jolly Drew. Hello? 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 Is this Hello? number I call for complaints about reviews? Yes. Uh-oh. If If this is the number that, to complain about reviews, <laughs> I would like to complain about the Superman review. Huh? I read Uh-oh. that issue, and I listened to your review, and I didn't much take kindly to it because you were making light of Yankee Doodle Dandies. A Yankee Doodle Dandies. <laughs> I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yes. My, my, my pappy was a Yankee Doodle Dandy. My pappy's pappy was a Yankee Doodle Dandy before him. It's pappy. And my pappy's 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 was a Yankee's Doodle's Dandies. Yankee's Doodle's him. Dandies. So I just want y'all to take back what y'all said about Yankee Doodle Dandies. And uh, please apologize uh, kindly. Uh, thank you very much. Yankee Doodle Dandy, out. And you know what they were saying. You know what I think is what the main thing. I didn't know. But what a Yankee Doodle Dandy is, right? It's somebody no. born on the 4th of July. Now, oh, just Yeah, and ju- just think of why I'd be angry at that. Because I'm bored on July 3rd, motherfucker. One day early. You want to be, be a Yankee Doodle Dandy. I, I want it to be a Yankee's Doodle's Dandies. And the, the thing is, I think I missed it by about three hours. That's all it was. If my mom maybe not so stretched out, Eric, I, I might have been. I don't right. I think I was a, a C-section, actually. I, I had a lot of problems when I was born. I, I don't know you if you... a lot of problems as Well, adult. I don't know if you'd... Uh, think this would be true but i was born i was very small oh, yeah. <laughs> i was not a very big baby in fact they said my mom would tell me all the time that i was the size of a ketchup bottle it is basically like i think that's because like wrong turn she does not get along with numbers or, no. or anything like that because she would just say that i'm like how many ounces like what's what's the deal or whatever yeah, use was a ketchup bottle use like the ketchup bottle does this rhyme that's what she said. I said, no, that doesn't rhyme, Mom. What, what are you talking about? And she's like, listen, just go and say hi to your teachers. Poop, poop. Uh, what? What are you doing, Mom? You're killing me. I think and you she have just, a long-lost brother out there. She just kept saying that. Shout out. 
Poop, poop. Oh, my God. That just sounds like that's how my mom would put me to bed. She's like, okay, shout out poop, poop. I'm, I don't know why you're shouting out to the poop, poop. I, I don't know <laughs> why you're doing this. This is so why, much. basically, she would do that probably because my dad was so cheap. You know, the uh, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. My dad, it's if it's anything, let it let it mellow. You, you weren't yeah, allowed to flush. This is mellow. not. Come on, I'm paying $900 the water bill. Yeah, Jimmy. I think at one point we actually were, it had to be like three bowel moves before we flush the toilet and that's no joke my dad i'm a cheap right man now. i learned from the best my father who was just incredibly cheap uh then he died and somehow my mom became rich because you know it wasn't just Life because he didn't maybe. have money uh he worked at ibm all his life and he had money he just didn't spend it and then my mom got revenge by spending it all in what appeared to be three months i, I still think i have 80 dudes i still think i have bonds over there uh that in a significant amount and that's how much i hate her i will not go over and get those i, I probably <laughs> she probably forged them or something or tried to get them anyway so we'll see about that eric actually i'll never see about well, it that's, Tanya, that's like the whole thing too my mother used to yell at me like you know at your grandmother's house there's a bunch of bonds that were bought for you when you yeah. were born and shit like that why don't you just go over there like you know because I don't want to, because there is the possibility that they were forged, and me not knowing is better than me yeah, going yeah. and being pissed off. No, and I'm just saying, I think things. my mom forged them to get the money. She, no, that's right. Saw, my mother's saying yeah, about my grandmother, well, too. Yeah, when we saw when we saw my mom the one time a little bit after my dad died, she's like, yeah, it's great. No longer working. I'm traveling around. And then we saw her about four months later, and I'm like, oh, and this is like me trying to avoid her, and she saw me. I was running. And uh, she saw, oh, she's like, I said, oh, what's What's going on? Oh, yeah, I got to work. I'm working overtime. <laughs> yeah, you she are because I money. know she was the worst. And then she's in. She was also going to these uh, strip club things called the Thunder from Down Under. I'm not sure if some of our uh, Australian fellas that listen might be in that review, Eric. They might have been I there. Uh, I just imagine <laughs> a lot of dudes in bear costumes. Well, the thunder from down under that was somewhere, and basically she Drop was on. She was on Facebook. Rafe tells me all this. Rafe follows her on Facebook, and it's like sorted details that come out. No, she just lets everything out. Oh, you'd love it because then she's like, met some other guy last night, but I barely remember it. I'm like, you. you she's like 73. Jesus Ew. Christ. She might be 69, Eric. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Uh, but yes, that that is the tales of woe that's your mother, of, of my mama. But here is the next and final rent rave. We only have two rent raves. Right. Uh, this one is, is one of the guys that you know and love. Richard Richardson here. Oh, and today I'm calling. I'm calling today because I listened to your... Ah, uh, necessary, no nonsense yep. podcast. He can. He's a badass. You talked about the TV shows of all the sitcoms, time. Richard. Your favorite TV shows. Sitcoms, Richard. And you're missing some classic TV shows. <laughs> sitcoms, I've Richard. Up with three that you're missing. They're so good. They're so good <laughs> that I don't know how you miss these. Uh, just the, my, here we go. Uh, they're my top three, actually. Number three, Get a Life, starring oh. Chris Elliott. I actually like that show. Oh my a lot. gosh, this show was so good. I do like that he show. He loved to shake hot dogs. Yes, he did. Yes, what's better than paper delivery hot boy? Dogs? I believe in that. Get a Life was my 
favorite show, number three all time. Number two. So far, he's good. Is Mork and Mindy. Another good one. Yes. Nano. 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 Shell spot. Nano. My second favorite show. Pam Dauber was hot, too. So good. So funny. But my favorite show of all time, it's not on anybody's list. I can't believe you missed this one. Is Alf. 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 You liked Alf more than me. I can't believe that Alf was a young kid, too. It's a puppet. Come on. It's the greatest show of all time. It was so funny. It was so good. It made me laugh. There's the top of Richard Richardson, my top three TV shows. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop. Whoop. Whoop. And we will see you later. There he goes. And, uh, we will the, see oh, you later. Oh, Christ. Here's the thing. There you go. Richard Richardson, he's in there. A very legitimate call. It's yeah. just the voice that drives people nuts. But a very legitimate call. How about this? Hey, Willie. Is that a, is that a good album? That's album? actually really good. Wasn't that a good album? That's yeah. all I can say. But I, I can say well, that's that. That's all I ever have, too. And yours is way better than mine, so I don't ever want to do mine again. It's also like Punky Brewster. Punky. <laughs> you do. It was, it's so good. Uh, Dunny, if you yes. see that in person, you'd think he was in the goddamn yes, show. Yes, you would, Eric. See, no, I'm a man of a million voices. On. But Before what's we move that? On, when speaking of sitcoms here, it's actually funny because when we got done, we're doing a break or something last night from recording, and I walk out in the living room and Jess is watching the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm like, really? What the fuck is going you on know here? What? Like, I, I, I love the Beverly now. Hillbillies. I, and Bobby was talking about a couple uh, things, and she liked Mark and Mindy. She likes Happy yeah. Days and stuff. I don't know that, especially old school ones that you can watch. You know, if they're good enough to be in reruns, I probably yeah. love them because I love almost every old sitcom. I like even like F Troop, which gets really annoying after a while, <laughs> shit like that. But Leave It to Beaver, I think, is one of the best shows. I know these are all old and people yeah, are like, show, eh, look at this old guy. But I did watch them when I was a teenager still. They were on, we had a station in Philadelphia that would just play uh, constant, just older sitcoms, one after the other. And I'd just and sit I there. If I, yeah, if I was allowed to actually sit there and watch them if my dad didn't take the tv over i would just have that day it was channel 69 69 See, I, had my, dude. I had my own tv because they that was my babysitter pretty much yeah. all right yeah. eric babysitters here but it's pretty much i was raised the cable guy yeah yeah well i i had to sit downstairs i was no fancy fella with more than one tv later on i did get a tv but my dad would not split the cable uh, you know, to run it up to my room, so I just had rabbit ears, and oh, all I could oh, get you was had cable. I didn't have cable. Well, yeah. Jim. Well, I what I would get then, most all, of my life. all I got was channel six, uh, channel six, and channel twenty nine. We're the yeah, only two channels in Philadelphia, was and six here. was the best though, and that was all I wanted the TV, and it was this real old TV. But I'd watch it because I'd watch Monday Night Football. That is the only yeah. reason I I wanted that in my room because I'd like to lay down and watch Monday Night Football. Aaron I think Monday I also Night. wanted Channel Ten because they always had the late movies, and like yeah, I might have wanted that. The problem they was had a bunch of freaking like late movies, like the horror flicks and shit. Yeah, like ours three, six, and ten. I only got six. I didn't get three and ten, and you know, I won't even say. I guess CBS is ten. It all. It fucked me up when they changed Actually, it they up. Changed, you know what I mean? have no idea what's what yeah, anymore. I've it never been able up. to grab a hold and of it. And now you don't even need to know. That's no. nonsense. That was I remember when we got cable, Eric, and it was 16 channels. I was so excited. Oh and then God. they started adding channels, and when it got in the 20s, holy moly! 
And they were crystal I, I, clear, Jim. And I remember Channel 21 was TBS. That's when it, where it stopped at that point, and then they just kept going and going and going. Oh, yes, but that's the end of the rant. Raves, Eric, All that's right. the end of the intro. We're going to head off now to the mail. It's mail with Jim. Shout out, poop poop. There you go. <laughs> ah, during that Wrong break, turns Eric, everywhere. During that break, I went downstairs and I had myself an aprum. I guess they're called an apricot oh, plum. It's oh. the genetic modified world we live in, Eric, and I love it. I love it. I ate this aprum. Delicious, delicious. It was genetics. so delicious. I actually thought to myself, I was eating it. Like this opens up a lot of avenues uh, for fruit and and vegetables. And I don't know about and you, people, but I've been waiting for they should genetically modify a banana with another bigger banana. That's what they should do. What do you think? What the fuck are you talking about? A banana with a bigger banana, and then you'll have a medium sized banana. Wouldn't that be great? How about a banana with a plantain? Would you like that? It'd be called a a bantlain, they'd call that one. I don't like these ideas at all. You don't like that? How about a pea uh, mixed with a banana? Banana pea, they may call it. I don't know so why they would gr- call it a that. green, mushy fucking banana. <laughs> It'd be so delicious. I know everybody out there in England land uh, loves their mushy peas because I know my mom does. That was, and that's what she'd call it all the time. And I don't know about mushy you. Peas, yeah, Jimmy. She would say that, and it would make me sick just hearing that that, that phrase, mushy peas. I can't even I look just... at fucking split pea soup or pea soup. Oh, I love split pea soup. I love me some split. Pea soup, my man. Nobody else in the house will touch it because of like that. And I don't mind. I'll eat the whole goddamn thing. I like to make my own split. I get the split peas. I make it. I soak them, Eric. I get it all going on. Yummy. But no, mushy. And that kind of is like mushy peas in a in a mm-hmm. soup. How about peas mixed with carrots and corn? A three-way, Eric. That would be so delicious. But yeah, so the you don't aprum, have to buy like mixed vegetables anymore. The you just aprum, have one vegetable. The, the aprum I had, and that it was funny because there's rival companies doing this sort of shit. So some of them call them like the aprum, then the other is called the plumacot. Uh, they all, but they're all the same. They're all in the same section. When we went, I'm like, "Who? What's this?" And like, I see three different things. I'm getting all excited. They're all the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm not that excited anymore. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good, Eric. I cannot stand vegetables for the most part, but I'll eat myself some fruit. So I'm trying to eat a little sure. more healthy uh, with genetically modified fruit, Eric. Freaking Viva America! Is what I say, even though it's probably not uh, grown probably in America. Not. <laughs> probably not. But this is mail section number one, and that is uh, the or <laughs> you uh, the the aprum is has got me all off kilter, Eric. Uh, if you want to be part of the mail sections, 
you can just email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We read so, yeah. every mail, even if it's long, Eric. Even if it's long. Even if Eric Shea says, I want no parts of that. I want no I have parts to do of this. Mail robot down and here. then he I say, and I said, no, nope, no mail robot. And we're keeping it real up in the field here, Eric. And we did. And then my, my poor kids were downtrodden. We did not go to play basketball because of that. But that's okay. That is water under the bridge. And I do want to say, obviously, I'm, I'm giving years. wink winks at freaking Brett. Me and Brett have made up. He says that he was just joking. Uh, I flipped my lid because he really was questioning something that really the integrity of the site, yeah. the podcast, to me is not a joking matter. But it's all worked out. It's all worked out. The first email tonight, though, is from Amrita. And it is her first time writing, and oh, nice. I don't know if you know, don't know if you do or don't. Amrita is a word that literally means immortality, Eric, and it's derived from the Sanskrit amritha. Just wanted to know. I, I always right. love when we get a email, and it's a name that I've never heard. So I, I do like to look it up, and I, I found that, and also went for the pronunciation online because I probably would have said Am, Amrita. I would have been an idiot, but and maybe. You don't say it that way anyway, but that's how the internet told me. Good. Hi, good. Jim, Eric, and the GFC. Poop, poop. I've been listening for six months, but this is the first time I'm writing in. I'm so glad Rebirth started when it did because I got my first job in the USA at the same time and was able to start collecting. That's awesome. That I'd awesome. like to know where Amrita's from, actually. Uh, Detective was pretty great. I just I I'm interested in that sort uh-huh. of thing, Eric. Uh, if it would have been Joe, and I'm like, boy, that's a cool name. You know what Joe means? Nothing. And then I said, man, I'd like to know where Joe's from. You wouldn't say I'm a stalker. No, I would. No, you would not. Maybe you would. Yeah. Detective was pretty great this week. Not as much as usual, but it still leads the rest. And I would say Amrita is kind of on the ball there, though I didn't think it was pretty great but i agree that it wasn't as good it as was usual. pretty all right it was okay uh, for an ending i was a little bit disappointed but the tim reveal was underwhelming boy but i also want to marry zatanna so do i uh i said the the tim reveal now i'm starting to think amrita might be a guy <laughs> is that possible i didn't really look up gender for that name it just with the a i assume but then again i'm assuming just because she says or he says about satana means any sort of gender so that makes me a piece of shit eric sure so does. i don't want to say that uh i do agree the tim reveal and i'll say that in the review even in my blurb before uh for some reason whether or not it was because we've been waiting so long or we had that false start with Tim, uh, it was very underwhelming, and nobody was talking about it at all. No. So it was crazy. Art was miles better than writing this week, yes. Previously, the art elevated the story, but the story wasn't so simplistic. I don't know what happened to Rob Williams this week. I usually like his Suicide Squad, but both Suicide Squad and Action Comics were terrible. The characters were straw imitations of themselves. The squad's little cameo in New Superman was better than their own book. We already recorded yeah. both of those, and boy, right on po- point with that. We we all agree with that. Superwoman finally hit its stride. Eric didn't agree. I love the Lana versus Lex rivalry. I think it helps that she's not being a dick to John Henry in this issue. It's funny she isn't because he ain't around. She probably no, would have thrown shade at him. Yeah. Now I like the issue. Uh, you are not as as hyped up. For I it, just I don't like it. Lex living in Smallville. 
Yes. Bothers me. Yeah, it does. Batgirl, Birds of Prey keeps going down. I think I saw it best described somewhere as it feels like a band that got back together to make money, not for the love of the music. But I like that. But hopefully Gus is gone for good. Is he? I hope so, too. I hope so, too. I hate I'm that guy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm not entirely sure for the story, but was Gus's plan this? One, give Calculator bad info so that he would be threatened by Terracare. Two, Terracare kidnaps Calculator's family. Three, Calculator knows Gus knows the Birds of Prey, so he gets help from them in exchange for his whole on Gus. If Gus was smart enough to figure out all this, I don't know why Barbara's calling him poor kid. They should be a lot harder on Gus and Calculator. At least should definitely be in prison. So and, should Poison Ivy. Yeah, wait till you hear us. That That is our main problem with and Catwoman. There's Catwoman's no stealing shit all the time, including my heart and the night. And she just, everybody goes scot-free, Eric. It's Mr. Miracle. Scot-free! Not only does you have Poison Ivy basically being a terrorist, and at the end, she is rewarded for that. Yes, she had good intentions, possibly, but you can't do this stuff. And she ends up pretty much getting, like you said, a raise. (laughs) <laughs> she ends up being the head of the fucking whole place. It's nonsense. I usually like new Superman. Thanks, guys, for making me aware of it. But I don't know where the romance between Bay Shi and Day Lin suddenly came from. I said it right this time. I hate the it. Background for a little uh, while. It has been. Uh, we said uh, really. Uh, Amrita, that we think that the stuff is just in. They, they put it in the twelfth gear. It, because the book probably doesn't have that long to go, it probably would have worked. A it. lot of shit needs just yeah, to tell and, all and the story everything that feels rushed. Yep, and Beishi and Daylin, that seems like something that they would have developed a little I, I bit more. I saw it more. going that way before. Oh yeah, I saw it going that way, but boy, like suddenly that's what happens, and I do think it was pretty quick. I hate it when they force the romance. I think they're trying to do it with Jason and Artemis too. Red Hood and the Outlaws is great as it is without any of that shoved in. And finally Mr. Miracle, and this is the one when I got this. I didn't read the whole thing but I saw that the mention of Mr. Miracle and it is a Patreon only spotlight. So I I hope that she doesn't get pissed. But having never read Scott Free before, I wonder if it's in character for him to do what he did. Not really. This is more of a Tom King thing. When Tom King did it to Bruce, it made sense to me. He was in a bad headspace and teenage hormones mess with your mind. But why was Scott feeling so helpless and self-loathing that he slit his wrist? He wants to escape death. Eric has a good theory that we'll talk about when we get done the email. Uh, I get that war with Darkseid is looming over him and maybe he just wants to end it all. Uh, But hasn't it been that way for him for a while? It's definitely a good comic thematically, but half the time I'm worried it's all happening inside his head Eric or it's a hallucination at the moment of death and uh, Eric has something a little bit more I actually thought originally that it was one of those I I like to make the the term the escape uh, room of the mind that I thought at the end of the mind wait a minute what are you saying Eric you mean the escape room of the mind yes yes Uh, and I thought that maybe at the end we'd find out that this was all set up by him himself to kind of test himself but eric what is your theory and this is what we talked about in the patreon spotlight but you know since some people haven't heard i thought that your theory had to get out there so at the end we can say i told you so eric but my theory right now is that you know scott free is you know trapped by you know the lieutenants of dark side like glorious godfrey who is using his you know motive like uh i can't say the goddamn word his uh it's like uh god damn it mind control jim help me out here uh, meat. Oh, um, God damn it! His powers of me uh, seeks uh, meatballs. Um, meat, math. Meat, you know, meatballs would sound really math. good. Math. 
Um, I, I don't know why I can't think of the manipulation. God oh, damn it. Darn you. You get why with couldn't it. you help me out with this goddamn I was help? trying to. Matt. Meatballs. I said meatballs. I, you know, and I meant anyway, the movie, not the food. Claudius Godfrey's using his powers of manipulation meatballs. to create this goddamn world. And in my mind, every time we see Darkseid is, it's them trying to get information out of him to figure out where Darkseid is. Because, you know, in continuity, he is now like a child being raised by Grail. Darkseid, yes. Yes, Darkseid. So I He's think baby, like, yeah. you know, him slitting his wrist is possibly that is the only way out, out of this whole thing. Hmm. I'm still yeah, I'm just gonna yell out oh, M words throughout the whole time. And also you said um one of the things that we said that kind of did seem like that because you did have Glorious Godfrey in the issue where he is a talk show host trying to interview uh, Mr. Miracle talking about why did you try to kill yourself and why that. And you think at the end it's one of those where he's not trying to escape death. Death is the way to escape. That yes. you think it's one of those where he's being controlled and the way he can get out of that control is in the mind space that he's in or whatever it would be, the yes. altered reality. If he kills himself, he'll pop out of that, and that's why you think that he tried to kill himself. In my mind, himself. it's some machine created by the sky. Yeah, and again, you, know, you, you have a lot. Maybe Amazing Grace. You know, And, you and these- one thing, yes. And one thing with this whole thing is at least we know, and, and you may be right, everybody else might be right, wrong, or whatever, yeah, but whatever. something is wrong. You know, yes. shit's going on. And the big thing that me and you both thought was not just when Barda's eyes were brown. And he said, oh, my God, they used to be blue. Why are they brown? And she's like, no, no, they always were brown. And then later on in the issue, they're blue again as if whoever was controlling them has now adjusted the reality to go exactly. with what they thought. And maybe didn't even know what Barda's, you know, eye color was it's one of those, or what's like, you know, things a little minutia goddamn details you don't think about until it's brought up yeah and and here's the other thing is they know like it, part of the theory too and again if you want to go and you do want to go on the patreon uh we do have a hour-long discussion of this but one of the things that i thought that kind of jived with what you said was oberon had recently died and if it was godfrey who's doing this he probably would not know that but he knows no. that godfrey or oberon is one of the guys you know he's the manager to mr miracle so he threw him in this reality when, in fact, there's no such thing. He's dead. And so it, it's crazy. But, yeah, it, it, the, the issue – this is where I – Tom King does a thing, and this is the problem. I have – the problem that he does with Batman is not giving us enough information because – it's really solid information that we need. This issue he leaves open, and it's intriguing, and it's pretty cool to do because it's something different. It's something yeah. that seems – but Batman just walking down the street or the the, the uh, war of jokes and riddles, not getting to see how the characters were recruited, to me that's not intriguing or a mystery. That's infuriating. So we'll go from that. But I'm afraid King will never give us an answer to what pushed Scott over the edge because that is exactly what he does in Batman. That's true. Like I said, with Batman and a character where he's based in reality, uh, that's infuriating. When you have somebody shoot a gun right next to somebody and they don't react to me, that's infuriating and not just, oh, it's a comic. But this Mr. Miracle, I can sit back and say, you know what? This is a comic. It's more of a comic, like a fantastical story. Right. I, I hope that makes sense. He puts characters in interesting situations without explaining why a particular character would find themselves in that situation. I'm referring to the entirety of the War of Jokes and Riddles. Yes. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen in Mr. Miracle. At least Barda has more character in this than lying around looking sexy like Selena. 
It's true. Uh, you even called her dumpy at one point. She was very that, dumpy looking. I actually thought of that term too, and I, I would never say that, Eric. So I did not I think would. that. I'm taking it back. There could be a sexy paper cut out instead of Selene, and there'd be no difference. Nope, there wouldn't be. I do, and it'd be sexy, though. Sexy cutout. Batman's kissing that cutout. And, you know, she had mm-hmm. one of those Japanese pillows. You know, that'd be <laughs> sexy. I do appreciate that you guys give King's Batman dialogue the heckling it deserves. The repeating thing sort of made sense in miracle but it never has in batman i agree no i agree this is one of the better emails ever eric i have to admit my 25 dollar do or die pull list and i say that about every new email but i really need it this time everybody's like jim said mine was the best (laughs) my 25 do or die pull list would be detective action Deathstroke, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and Green Lanterns. It works out to 25 because I buy from Comixology, which has $3 monthlies. Well, that's cool. Uh, that is cool. And uh, actually, besides Green Lanterns, which I really was on board for a little bit, and I got off. That's a pretty goddamn good you know, $25 do or die yeah. pull list. I, I, I would substitute that with how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps myself. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd do that. Red Hood and the Outlaws Volume 2 is so many leagues above Red Hood and the Outlaws Volume 1. That's shade thrown at you, Eric. A big fan, but it is true, right? I, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think where we're at with the volumes right now. No, but, say, I think um, it's just the the new fifty two uh, red the, hood the and the outlaws. Is, I actually this. really like the first one. I had some problems with you know the yeah. who like you know who, I am Artemis or who is Artemis because of that whole Aquila thing, no. but. Uh, I don't know. I really did like it. It went on a little bit long, but I did like volume one. I think this next volume is going to be even better, though. Yeah, well, I was surprised by it's by the same dude. And, and in fact, I would believe that what she is saying is not the rebirth itself. I believe that she is saying the new 52 Red Hood and the Outlaws versus the rebirth. Oh, I'm well. talking just talking about volume. No, no, that's what I'm I sorry. think. Yeah, They're that, saying that actually the series. Yes, that's why I was <laughs> yes. like, you'd be upset. And then you go, I'm like, what is he talking about Aquila versus this? No, uh, no, I agree. No, this Red Hood is fucking leagues yeah, above that freaking yeah. new 52 But you were Red one Hood. of the, you were a fan of the first I, one I as well. I was a fan so. of aspects of it. I'm telling you, there are a lot of stories and freaking arcs in there that were garbage. I'm telling you, when he had the, uh, you know, the thing is, a lot of people love the goddamn, you know, the magic swords that would come out, the all yeah, cast yeah. swords and shit. The all cast swords. I thought that was the worst, and I hated it so much. Mm hmm. The thing is, I liked Roy a lot, so I did like him in that the first volume, yeah. if that's like what Starfire she means. But well. uh, the other thing about it, though, like she said, uh, you know, she's surprised that it is, uh, what's Scott saying? Liddell, uh, yeah. Scott Liddell doing it. And I just think that he. I don't know if it makes sense. I, this is kind of a pretentious thing, but he, he seems like he's comfortable in his own skin there. <laughs> Yeah. He actually seems is, like even though I'm telling you there were aspects of the freaking you know the little offshoot kind of volume I want to call it you know Red Hood and the Outlaws 1.5 yeah, was yeah. the Red Hood Arsenal book yeah, like yeah. there was aspects where I thought that was going to be a great book but and overall then that, that fell was off terrible. the rails at the end and, uh, and I just it started out terrible and I thought it yeah. got good then it went off the rails yeah what I think is because he was allowed to continue it in Rebirth I think he just got enough com not that Scott Liddell needs confidence no. he's had you know he's been writing comics most of his life Eric. But it just seems with this title, he actually just sat back and the rebirth aspect of it must have clicked with him that he could just take his time. Yes, it it annoys me at points. That is my biggest complaint of the book. But in general, I think that's what people like because it's not just the, the the New 52 Red Hood and the Outlaws was like every page had to be like freaking balls to the wall shooting and, you know, yelling and stuff. This is more of a pretty much fleshed out story. And I fleshed do appreciate out, it's it. Mo- like it's more about family than fucking Titans, yeah. is, which kills yeah. me. 
Yeah, and and you, yeah, really, it does. Uh, you'll hear. You don't think that I was going to like this issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws? I was gonna, worried. Well, we're going to have to see. I don't know if I did, Eric. I don't know. I'm going to have to decide. Decide, Eric. I also uh, have some info, inside info that I may divulge, but I may not. I'm so uh-huh. sad that Sam Humphreys is leaving. He gave them a lot of good stories. The characters were good, even when the story wasn't. Seely's not very imaginative, and his characters just don't pop for me. Again, this is a great email, Eric. <laughs> I'm not sad to see Humphreys go, though. I'm not that sad either. I think that he had some good ideas, but he kind of he's one that he might be too comfortable in his own skin. He, I don't I know. Swear, he keeps don't jumping back, back, back to that and fucking forth. Red Lantern seed that was planted yeah. in the goddamn Earth. I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah. Je- oh, jeez. Jessica Cruz kill. became one of my favorite characters just from reading this title, but I don't even care about Nightwing. And I agree. I really liked Jessica before uh, from the Dark Side War, even the little uh, bit that we got with her. But I did like her, and I love. I Simon. really liked her better as Power Ring, like overcoming. Yeah. I mean, the goddamn ring itself. The yeah, whole we had, idea remember that all those great. theories we had about what they were going to do, and you know that didn't come to be. But no. yeah, I we thought she was going to be powering. Sorry for the long post. This is DC's busiest week. I actually wanted to write the whole email ranting about Tom King, but I thought that wouldn't be a good introduction. But yeah, I would have liked that too. Do yeah. you guys know any well-written female villains in comics? Doesn't have to be DC. Uh, Seeing Cersei in Game of Thrones really makes me want more such characters. Uh, and thanks, I'm, I'm Rita. Uh, Thank you. I'm trying to think. It's funny that well she says that because the well-written is tough. Uh, and then the whole thing, too, is like, you know, there's not a lot of female-centric books. No, no I'm telling you, you know where, and I, I hate to say it, the, especially with Cersei, I would say that you would probably do well with uh, Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, probably. With what's her name? No, Freaking what's her name? Veronica Kale. Veronica Kale. I, I think that that is probably one of the better, well-written female villains. Even though, and that was the part, especially like the year one, the God Watch stuff and things that like was that, so good. Uh, that we really like. So I would, I would say that. And even in that book. Uh, Cheetah isn't exactly a villain, and I'll even say we'll see if uh, Cersei is going to be able to do anything uh, big in Trinity. in Trinity, and that might be one as well because that's going to be Rob Williams taking over. Actually, starts next week, uh, taking over. But and no, nowhere. I don't think anybody's well written in Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Which no, is pretty much and, like the and biggest I, I'm trying to think book. of female villains though, and the female villains, uh, bo- most of the things book was garbage. Yeah. Yeah, I, Harley if you Quinn, could say, I, you know, it's a, it's a I know, and I, I mentioned like, it last week. Suicide Squad's yeah. I'll mention last. I mentioned it last week. Uh, the Genevieve Valentine Catwoman book. Uh, in her run of that, she was still kind of a villain because she was a mob boss. And maybe you could check that out. But yeah, and I don't know many other I can't other even say that Killer books. Frost is well-written in JLA. No, at most of the time, you don't really have very well. What about Velvet Tiger? Eric, when she showed up recently, would no. you like that? No, no I would not. That's, that's not strong written. Even I'm Black to... Canary's out in the Green Arrow book because all she cares about is Ollie She's like, not, you a know, villain, not being Eric. rich and We're making sure villains. that you know, Green Arrow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking about freaking uh, females in general. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. She. Well, she's I'm trying kind to find of a, something. She's kind of a villain to a sense. You know, getting all this stuff. She's a villain to men, it seems, in that, or or rich men who want to, you know, better themselves. Then she don't want that. But yeah, yeah but Veronica Kale is definitely where you need to go. Yeah, with I one, think that that would probably be the best. One so, and the lies. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that would be the best. Uh, now we're going to go on to Sean. And Sean says, hey, guys, loved hearing you guys reading yep, my email and sad to hear that you talk about the Elseworlds stuff is Patreon because me having two kids with security guard salary and a big Irish wife who could make Black Adam piss his pants can't afford the <laughs> extra stuff. That being said, I heard uh, your past episodes talking about Dark Knight 3 to hear what you had to say. I'm a huge Frank Miller fan. I'm probably the only guy on, on uh, Bizarro Hate who loves or Bizarro Hate who loves everything he's done. And as for his artwork, think of it as Picasso if he drew comics. That being said, have you guys ever read the Batman Spawn comic by Miller and McFarlane? It's I good remember ba- paging through it. I don't think I've ever sat down to read it. I remember at the, being at the comic book shop when it came out. Yeah. I was just looking at the last page where there's a batarang and fucking Spawn's face, and it made me laugh. And he, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't read it, but again, just to throw the Patreon out, uh, next month in September, our back issues might be Spawn number one. It won't be. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Batman Spawn, or I might have put that up for vote because that sounds pretty cool. It's good, Batman calls Spawn a punk a bunch of times and throws some batarangs in his face. Uh, it's good <laughs> stuff. And we talk. I'll talk to you later, your fellow lover of cup of soup, Sean. And I almost had a cup of soup. I ended up having the Apra. What was it called? The Apra, Aprom, or Apra Plum, or whatever the fuck it was. Now I can't even remember. I might have a cup of soup now because that's the end of mail section. I'm going to thank Sean and Marina, and we're going to go off now to some books, Eric. All right. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more, and we want to hear Indeed, Eric. It's time to do some reviews. Meat some and cheese books. of the podcast. Yeah, it's the meat and cheese. All right, Eric. If you heard this, what would you oh, call this? Me. I'd call what it a fart. It? That is called Jurassic farts. How about this one? What would you call this? If you heard this fart like this in a random bathroom, what would you call it? Oh, what would God, you call that one? that one is called Forest Dump. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one. How about this one, Eric? How about that one? You like that? That no. is the unstinkable Molly Brown's undergarments. That's a long one. And the last one. one here, what would you call this? That's it. This is a good one. It's the shave and a haircut. Listen. That's what shave I was and say. a haircut. Two bits. You need a <laughs> at the end, but they didn't have it. One more, Eric. How about that? That is the C flat. You like that? You like that one? I know you do. How about this one? (laughs) 
Why? Ah, Jesus. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end. What, what could possibly be going on in this one? I, I never. There's not enough gas that can fill a man that uh, that would do that. Wait, it's still going. At the end, I'd call it a flat time. It's still going. It's still going. Oh, I love this. I love it. All you need to make me smile is a fart noise soundboard. It's still going, Eric. I've not hit anything more. Jesus Christ. I hit the wrong one. This is like this is the brave heart of farts, I think. It should be called Brave Fart. That would be good. <laughs> that sounded like a creaky door. Okay. Wait. It's almost done, Eric. Are you still there? Are you still with me, Eric? What? <laughs> oh, that was called anus madness there. Anus madness. Uh, if you want to go and read our reviews of all of these books, you can go to weirdsciencedccomics.com, the award-winning site, and read our reviews of these books. And in general, what do you think of the week? What would you call this? What would you call that? A fart. That's a rusty hinge, Eric. Oh. Would, do you like that one? How about no, this one? No, no, I don't like it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's the cello below. Do you like that one? You like that oh. one? Oh, jeez. How about this one? That is the what are you saying? It does sound like that fart is asking a question, didn't it? Listen again. Hey, hey, Eric, what's going on? Oh, man, that's, that's a you don't know, I guess. That's when you don't know, Eric. That's when you use that one. <laughs> I love the fart board. I love it so much, Eric. We're going to get back to that later. I promise you. I Please promise don't. you, Eric, that we'll be getting back to that later. But we are going to be talking about these books. And in general, I think that this this wasn't a great week. No, uh, but it was but better it wasn't, the last two weeks in my mind. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was better, you said. Is that what you yeah, just said? In the last two weeks, yes. Uh, do you think this is good? What would you call no! it? That's short and sweet. That's called the cheese dog. Uh, it was better than the last couple weeks. I, I do agree. Um, there's only a couple issues this week that like infuriated me. Most were average, if not a little bit better. But we're going to get into the first three here. This is our Thank big God. section. We always start with what we do here. At- <laughs> We that's just lost the a thousand listeners. That's the Bronx rear. Well, that's my plan, Eric. If if something like this loses listeners, then that they don't know what's the, what truly a good podcast is about because that is the Heine hiccup. And if they don't like the Heine hiccup, Eric, like they don't deserve name, it. I don't like that. We are not the podcast that you need or deserve. I don't know what are you supposed. To be? We're not the podcast Damn. you want. It's the podcast you deserve. That's goose gas right there, Eric. Goose gas. Speaking of goose gas, we're going to start with the first book, which is always the first book of this week. Oh, well, if that's the case, then I guess I need another one. What do you think this one is? You know, there's no possible way I can figure out any of these names. That is James Brown Stains. I feel good. (laughs) Shit my pants. Hey! Ah, uh, yes. This is Detective Comics number 962. It's a world. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I, I was going to start singing. I'm not going to sing because I want to get this. Uh, Detective Comics number 962. The intelligent arc ends pretty much the way we predicted, Eric. Ascalon sees the true nature of this roller coaster ride we call life. And all's well that ends well, except that Zatanna pretty much messes up royally, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, Batman... Fuck? 
Yeah, Batman, and you agree with me, correct, yeah. when I told you that at work? Uh, oh, yeah, Batman finds out that Tim Drake is alive, but for one reason or another, it's not as big a moment as it could have been. Alvaro Martinez continues to dazzle on art, and while this one uh, is one of the better issues of the week, it ended up feeling a bit too rushed for me to give it high marks overall. And if you remember last time we talked about Detective Comics, my big complaint was the last issue to me seemed very padded. You had a lot of not, and it wasn't even recap. You just had a lot of Zatanna and Batman repeating Doing the what they said shit. in the past in the present. So it wasn't recap. It was just really nothing going on. This issue does have action. It does have a lot going on. But to me, you, you could have balanced it out with the last issue that we had at Detective Comics and kind of get a, a happy medium between the two and probably would have had two kick-ass issues. And, and it's this, so crazy to me because the whole idea, too, with this whole goddamn you know Tim Drake's Alive revelation, which we all know, but... Mm-hmm. No one's talking about it. The big thing that I see people talking about right now besides this is, oh, my God, Superman and Wonder Woman's kid is revealed. I'm like, that was last week. Why are you talking about that now? Yeah, I know. I know. And it wasn't a big thing because, like I said, I don't know if it's one of those – where I I go back to what I said originally. When they did have Tim Drake die, they immediately told you that he wasn't dead. They showed you right away. So, you know, eventually Batman is going to find out. We said behind the scenes he was going to find out in the button story, and it looked like maybe it would have been something around, along the lines of, you know, when they were going through the Speed Force, they'd pop out in Mr. Oz's cell, whatever that it might or like, be. You know, he would see something and flash, yeah. don't worry about that, it's just hyper time. Yeah, would, yeah, we don't know if it's real or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you'd have to look into it. And I, I don't know if it's wherever. The, the problem I think that they had, one of the main things is we really don't know where Mr. Oz and the cell is, yeah. and Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's something that's, you know, quote unquote, out of time or out of something that it wouldn't have been possible for Batman. It's something went wrong where they didn't want to have that in the button and it would have been pretty good. Here it just happens, and with it being Escalon who says it, uh, after Batman was going to go get the spear uh, earlier on in his life when he was a younger guy, and then Escalon just getting it basically in a couple panels saying, oh, you know what? I see the love you're talking about. Oh, God, I just split. I'm, you know, All of a sudden, my little boy uh, he comes out, and he's real now. I said, I'm a real boy, Eric, when that I, happens. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on I know. On that, that. that doesn't make sense at all. But when this happens, and he's like, it's like an aside. Oh, yeah, by the way, Batman, that kid that you like yeah he's alive and then you have batman just sitting there you know what he looked like he felt sorry for me and then and then Azrael goes yeah that made you feel pretty good right what and and my main issue with this and i saw I people even know that on was Twitter, Azrael at first yeah i know he was beat up in those glasses he's got to get better glasses i thought it was that young kid he's pushing yeah, around yeah, he's really. keeping this kid now oh it's Azrael. that's fucked yeah, up it's Azrael. uh the thing that gets me in this is i saw a lot of people on twitter uh saying like man batman kicks ass in this issue with detective and man Don't. best batman issue ever I'm, what he just stands there. He really doesn't do anything except has a kind of, you know, jokey one-liner of I'll pretend I didn't hear that to freaking Luke. He doesn't really do anything at all. Uh, but when we get into it, to me, the biggest thing that I haven't seen anybody talk about, Satana completely screws up. She has one job to do from her dead father, Eric, and she she screws it up. She, and it's having the sphere. This sphere is supposed to go through her family, and she ends up giving it to Ascalon, who disappears with it. 
There is a, an AI fucking Asriel who wherever he might disappear, we don't know, right? You don't know that he's going to disappear. No idea where he's going. And where is that sphere going? It is the craziest thing uh, that he happens. He is not the protector of the sphere. No, he is not. But I did I did really like Alvaro Martinez's art. Did I read like the credits? you were with that? No. No, no I, he's not. <laughs> no, I didn't read the credits because I look now, I didn't even have the credits. <laughs> I had my blurb, no credits, but I will tell you, it's written by James Tynan IV, Alvaro Martinez, Raul Fernandez, Brad Anderson, and Sal Cipriano, Erica Letter. That's why I could tell we didn't talk about because I'm not going to go. I heard that he may or may not have a sexy brother, Eric, but that's for other podcasts. He's got a discuss. sexier brother. None. Hey, what are, you, what are you doing? You're hanging out with that Chef Boyardee. What do you think you are? Too fancy for us. Hey, I heard you were talking about the chef boyardee does not make the spaghettios you stupid f- <laughs> whatever Eric, i'm done with i'm done with sal cipriano we start off and you do have uh pretty much starting out with asriel of, of the, the mind, mind. <laughs> Eric, and he, nice. he is in there and he's talking so to happy. yes he's talking to the escalon little boy ai that's there and it's a continuation of you know yeah. what i'm going to show you what's going on i'm going to kill all your friends you're going to be happy and i do like the idea that they have uh Azrael kind of drowning there and he, he looks like again i think that's a very he's good representation in the sea of escalon he is and i think it's a very good representation to show you He's almost losing. You know, he is about to die. Uh, Then all of a sudden, you have uh, Batman, a crazy-ass Batman that is pretty much Batwing, though, which is odd to me. It's more of the Batwing symbol to me when it first comes in. And uh, when it comes in, that, to me, is the new AI being introduced. Oh, yes, that's exactly what it is. But the thing is, this this Batman moral AI, I want to know why the fuck it's so goddamn terrifying. Because it's scary to ask on. I don't know. It looks more like a night or a bat wing to me, but that's just me. I'm trying right to over eat there. My, No, I'm trying to eat my soup while I talk. It's not working. You I want to eat this delicious soup, Eric. And I, I tried to sip it, and a fucking couple of noodles went down and got stuck in my throat. Uh, I actually, because when they're talking, it does seem to be the talking that uh, Luke is doing to him. So I think it got a little confused there between the art because the first panel looks like a Batman face. But then when you go, it looks to me more like the Batwing symbol. And right. you, you got that going on. I think it's a little odd. But, yeah, you have the whole detective squad there telling, you know, hey, come on, break out of this. You know Azrael, you can do this, we need this, you to Azrael. fight here. We got shit going down. Come yeah. on, wake up. We got and they need AI him. fighting your mind right now. You need to get into the game. Yeah, and, and they really do need him. I love the panel where you see him looking through, you know, the, the eye the slits visor, of yeah. his, the, the visor. I think that is so cool. Uh, but, yeah, they, they are not going to waste time. It's not like one of those, hey, uh, you know, hey, Azriel, I hope you feel better, whatever. They're basically saying, and he knows right away, they're like, listen, Ascalon's going through the city. We need you. Are you okay? And yeah, you don't want to know. You if don't I'm give okay. a fuck yeah, about Yeah, you want to know. know if I can get into the game. Yeah, and, and I like it because Luke is his friend in this book. It was very quick, but I did. It, it was done well enough that I it do works. think that he's worried. Yeah, it does work. So he wants to know, but yeah, he injected this AI in, and you have that little freaking joke of, you know, hey, uh, he's a little, you know, this is a little cool 
cooler Batman because I put it in there. And there's Batman. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. And I'm just like, what What with the jokes? And even the next panel, it looks like Batman's smiling. It seemed a little <laughs> off. But yeah, they need him because in the meantime, Ascalon is at the Belfry with all of the other robot uh, Batwings. Trying and to kill Nomaz. Put the A on. Yeah, and they're trying to kill Nomaz. And you have Clayface there who has pretty much turned himself into a bunch of Nomazes. And I like that Escalon spells it out. It's like, you can say this. And I like how he says, this is just a shell game. And it's it's pretty simple because I can hear the heartbeats. And I can hear the one. And he says, you know, the dwarfling's heart beats a third faster than ordinary humans. Or rather did before they were exterminated. Uh, pretty much, uh, Numaz is gone. He's not even there. And uh, Clayface then just, okay, you know what? Uh, let's go to business. And yeah, he makes it's funny it. to me though because this whole thing—it's a shell game. Like you might be able to trick, like think you could trick me with all these nomads. But he has, but, you know, the dwarfling <laughs> has these goddamn heart, different heartbeat. I'm like, yeah. Why are you slicing through these goddamn clay face yeah. goddamn it's things? It's almost like you know just, it's not them. Yeah, it almost seems like he's just having fun or whatever. But we finally get something for Clayface to do here, which is good. And he just starts beating him. Basically, one page he's, worth. Yeah, he's just holding them off until the team gets there, and when they do, th- this is where I thought it was really rushed, because basically you have Batman and Zatanna show up magically, and just using Zatanna, using magic to and just take and care of the Batwings. all the Batwing yeah, and drones. just take them out. And I want to know what she says backwards to do those shots of freaking, like, laser blasts, you know? No, those even are like, cards that are flying out. The oh, are they? I'm looking. Yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even get that, because of the way they go, and yeah, I see it now. You're right. It's funny, because the ones seems to turn almost like an omega beam even but yeah they are cards the you thing are is correct just because i saw the cards there, i'm like in my mind you know what? This ain't reverse magic. This is just regular magic. Yeah, I'm that's just that. Chris I was wondering. Play can do this Ooh. shit. Out of nowhere, Batman spits up a card that he ate three days ago, and it says Ascalon. And, and then the thing the, is, <laughs> Batman, why are you eating cards? Yeah, I don't know. That's what he likes. Uh, but yeah, she pretty much takes care of all the Batwings. They are just wiped out completely and immediately. And you and do Bat have Woman Kate. turned on by it. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because she's like, I want to marry her. And then Cass is just like, yes. Yes. And, and that's where they have Numas. They had we grabbed all him and they're taking Zatanna. him. We are yeah, all want to marry Zatanna. We all want to I want to marry her as well. Uh, they take her down. Don't tell Tanya. They, they have Numaz, and he's like, wait, you know, where's John Paul? I need to tell him something. And then the thing that gets me mad is this is one of those tropes where you had a lot of times where yeah. Numaz was talking to Azrael. This is the most important thing he had to tell him. But it, it was forced because you can't tell him right away because you want to do this in this final issue. And also this whole thing, too, if you just would have gone with Cass and Batwoman – he could have been told him yeah. later. Uh, and not only that, he could have said to Kate, hey, can you tell him that, you know, his father's alive, that Ascalon is indeed kind of his brother because I his dad I don't understand dad how that it. works. Well, it I guess so it's just because it's like, I don't know. It was weird because that seemed to be what the main thing he wanted to tell, but it was yeah. actually that his dad was alive. Uh, and it was a weird roundabout way to say it, you know. So, like, uh, no Maz is here, and all of a sudden, you know, you know John Paul – uh, you know, Escon is your bro, and then he gets sliced in half. Then like, I'm dying, uh, uh, yeah. John Paul. I'm dying. Hey, your brother, your your father's still yeah, alive. Father, no, what about that alive. other thing? Oh, I'm dead. Uh, oh no, I'm dead. I did. I was gonna say that he uh, went to a brothel last yeah. week. He's his a father, dirty. He's a brother. filthy casual. That guy. Yeah, you know what it is, John Paul. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're broke. <laughs> 
I took your money. You have no money. It's I all just, mine now. I cleared, I cleared out all of your bank account on this. I, I needed hair products. I'm, I'm a, a very hairy person. I don't know if you saw. I, I got fucking stilts and fucking hair products. I'm going out on the dating scene. Also, I used your card. I'm on Tinder now. Thank you. Possibly Grinder <laughs> as well, but don't let anybody know. And get rid Please, please, before before you die, go get rid of my internet history. I'm a, I'm a filthy casual. No, it, it's funny because he could even write a note, give it to Kate. But yeah, he has to go back. And I, I also like it's one of those that I get the idea almost like a Willy Wonka because he's like, I got to go talk to Jean-Paul. And to me, it's like Kate and Cassandra, especially Cassandra, who we see can pretty much kill or take down anybody in the DCU or just sitting there. No, stop. Don't get on the lift there. Oh, no. Please don't. Uh, because he does do that. But in the meantime, Jean-Paul shows up. And he does go to town with Escalon and him and Escalon. And he, he says because he's got this AI in it and, you know, he wants to just destroy Escalon. I like it, too, because it is pretty good action. It's pretty freaking and I'm telling vicious, you though, they, too. They, they were really pushing the whole nightfall bit throughout this whole thing. Like, you know, you're, you see, As, I mean, uh, Asriel. When he says downfall. In the bat, in that, the bat, exactly. The bat, yeah. You see him in the bad Asriel suit and you're getting to see the freaking, you know, the, the, the sharp batarangs fly out because they're projectiles yep. like they were back in the day. You even see the grappling hook come out. Yeah. And I really think for some reason, I'm telling you, it wouldn't have been a great line. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even you have Escalon freaking looking like he broke out. You wanted him back. to say nightfall? Is that I what you wanted, wanted him to say? To say I'm I thought he was going to. Instead of downfall. Yeah, I thought you. You're like nightfall. It'd be funny he says that and everybody stops. What the fuck does that mean? And he's like, just go with it. You Batman goes, ending. ooh, that'd be great. Oh, he said it. He's all excited, but yeah, they they wanted you know they were playing with the whole nightfall there with yeah. the downfall, so it was good enough. But boy, those claws and that that page, I'm telling you, Alvaro Martinez does not get enough credit, I think, from people just just on social media and stuff. Oh, like anytime when Liam Sharp came Brad about in Wonder Woman, yeah, you yeah you couldn't go anywhere without everybody. You know, Liam Sharp, he's awesome. All Liam Sharp, which I agree fully with. But this is awesome. Alvaro Martinez, this is really one of the better issues that we've had overall, I think, in Rebirth. And I keep saying that with his issues. But this one, it's pretty spectacular, this art. I think it's really good. But, yeah, they just, they're going and fighting. And basically, Ascalon says, I don't fear anything. Because you, you have Asriel uh, uh, now. He has that Batman AI. But he's still Asriel as well. And he's saying, you know... You don't understand. I understand now. You fear things. You know, you fear the unknown. You fear what you don't know. Escalon's like, the only thing I fear is you. I'm like, that. that's really bad trash talking. But then he <laughs> explains. I was like, what? what is, and he's like, just, he fears that that's what he'll end up being. And that's, you know, right. I don't want to be the failure that you are. And that's when Numaz comes out. And he's like, John Paul, you don't understand. Listen, he's your bruh. And then he gets Slice. slashed by Escalon. Yeah, he's dying there. And that's when, you know, all of a sudden uh, shit's going wrong. You have Azriel just going to town. You also see inside, you know, with the Azriel of the mind, Eric. I, I didn't of have it mind. ready, but Azriel of the mind is in there. And it looks like it's about to take him over again. He's really upset and just angry as well. And then kind of comes about from that. And just beats the shit out of Escalon. And I, I even like the, the, you know, the visor of Azriel. It's all broken up and stuff and like that. And I'm telling you, freaking, the whole fight, too, where, you know, it's it's the freaking, you know, the Azriel bastard. It's his first time out. I just imagine, like, Luke is back at his fucking base. It's like, he's like Q mm -hmm. in the Bond movies where, please bring this one back in one yeah, piece. Yeah, you know, he's, you know, Bond. 
next to him on the computer because he's at the computer there looking into all that stuff. And you do see the rookie behind him, which was kind of upsetting to me that we thought there was going to be more of a thing with him as well. Yeah. But you didn't get you just all it was was getting that Batman AI. But I'd like to see that actually the computer he's on. It's a calculator. He's calculating all the money he's losing here. He's like, God damn it. My dad told me not to get involved in this shit. The moment uh, that visor broke, I'm like, ooh, looks going to be yeah, pissed. Yeah, but uh, Asriel puts – well, it's worse at the end when Asriel basically says he doesn't want that suit anyway. Uh, but then Asriel <laughs> oh, just – broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Asriel just punches right through uh, Ascalon, and then Ascalon kind of shocks him away. And then that's when Escalon has pretty much a, a long, you know, a big monologue where he says, listen, you think that it's just me here and if you put Batman inside my mind, that's going to do anything? I have gotten into the city. I know what people want. I know what they like. I know what they fear. Pretty much says they hate you, Batman. I, that's what I see. I see people hating Batman. And you can do all the things you're trying to do, but that's what this is. And I'm going to be the one to save the city and I'm going to bring, you know, I'm going to bring the answers to them and what the city wants, which basically seems to be what he thinks is killing Batman and then everybody else. And I don't know. Do you think that that's like is he doesn't seem to lie? So why would you? You know, is it that people fear Batman and that's what See, he the way the way calculates I took it, it as? That, so the way I actually took it is that you know Escalon got into all this information and all these people fear the world, but nobody fears the world more than Batman. Yeah, maybe. But he says, "I have been in your computers, Batman. I've read your files. I've seen your fears. What you're willing to do to get the job done." But before yeah. that, he says, "I'm no longer just one. I'm one of them. Uh, you know, I feel their fear. They." hate hate this world none more than him and then yeah. i just thought it was none more than they actually hate him because I but you're saying batman hates the fierce world more yeah, than anybody I, I don't else know. because I took he's it so as prepared that, they all hate him. that he has to change it he has to yeah. be the one that freaking make well, change i actually thought that it was because i think that it, that doesn't really i don't know maybe it does make sense i thought he was basically saying you know everybody hates your guts and you're the cause of all the problems and i'm gonna have to get rid of you and I, I thought this whole thing was weird nonsense. anyway because i imagine like, at first i didn't know what was going on but like you know i have you know i'm in like all these people are a part of me now i'm like are they? I'm like that. He's like in the computers. I I looked at all these people's stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? I imagine he gets into my computer. I'm like, this guy likes horror movies and yeah. he likes action figures. I'm like, I'm no, not no. Talking he's about looking at world. you. He's like, he's on Chatterbait again. Jesus Christ, this yeah, guy. Gotta, I don't yeah. even want. I don't even want to get involved. Escalon's like, I got to make a, a trip first. I know I'm gonna purge uh, Gotham. I got to make a trip to Quakerdown first. There's this motherfucker. He's I, this always guy, he's on Chatterbait. Uh, this guy is on Chatterbait. He doesn't care what he's looking at. He's he got has four a, goddamn windows up. They're all yeah, goddamn really, porn sites. All going things, and who knows what you're watching. Watching. I don't even know. Uh, but that's when Zatanna walks in. And Zatanna pretty much saves the day. We thought this was going to happen. When you had the whole Genosis sphere uh, that tells you the truth and tells you what's going to happen and what is and all that stuff, we did say. And I, I said, I couldn't rem- remember if we said it on the podcast or if we were talking at work. And I, I think it was either. both kind of because we did think that what would happen is – you would have uh, Ascalon touch the sphere and then realize that what it, you know the programming that he has is false. It's not what he thought See, it was. Is, There's more in the world. I didn't even take like I, I did a little bit more of a wraparound where I thought Azrael would take a hold of it and it would talk like you know because of the AI in his brain it would freaking you know he'd also have Ascalon you know tapped into his brain like he did before to awaken the AI back yeah. into his brain. So it would be a whole wraparound saying, kind of thing, you know, because it, yeah. I don't understand why Ascalon being a robot could actually take hold of this and it so would be what something. you're saying then is i was right 
Yeah. Because I told you. I said this was going to happen, and he does, but it's so quick because he just – and Zatanna explains. She's like going on. Like Escalon at this point is slashing people, He's, he, you know, and she's just going to go on and on about how she had a crush on Bruce and was hoping that if she gave that to Bruce, he was going to see that later on they'd be married and they'd be living happily ever after and she'd be happy. Uh, but instead, the thing – it seems to affect Escalon. Uh, already before he even gets it, but then she hands it to him. He has it in his hand, and then he says, I, oh my, oh God, I see, I see her love. Jean-Paul, brother. And that's where I thought it was funny because they had Numa's trying to say brother, and then it's spelled out again, and it still doesn't make complete sense no, uh, uh, in the, the deal. Is- it's almost like... It's almost like having a clone and a clone calling a clone brother because it's, you I, know, I another party. I thought it was so odd, though, because we had Nomaz show up and he's, he's about to say brother. And you, you you know from the goddamn gist of it, even though it doesn't get it out, he means brother. And then when Azrael punches right through Eskalon, I'm like, oh, my God, he's actually not a robot. He is a person. And Azrael's kid, I'm like, all right, that doesn't happen. He is no. just a robot. I yeah, don't just, understand this. And that's this. what, like you said, it doesn't make sense that a robot would have the genosis sphere and it would show yeah. this, but and we're going to go. Always, and then- like from what we got so far, I thought if like, you know, I take a hold of the sphere, I got to ask the same questions in order to get answers. I don't take a hold of it. And I know just things like I don't like. What is it well, showing him? That was the problem. I actually thought that when you get it, you just know everything. And you know everything that you ever questioned. It, it seemed like that. Like the guy who was under when they said the first guy who had it, he died because he sat under a tree. And he, you know, that guy could. Hey, exactly. In my mind, he yeah. just kept asking it questions. Yeah, but I think that if it's another thing, this is a computer AI. If you can wrap your head around that he is an AI that grabbed it, it's a computer. So a computer probably would ask it a million questions in in a nanosecond and get all the answers it seems that's where they're going with then it gets wonky because all of a sudden he does say he's like hey uh john paul brothers i'm sorry i did not understand so right there it it, it kind of the the fight's over like it happened immediately and then all of a sudden the little ai boy comes to life and says wait i'm real how am i real pinocchio I wanted to know, and then and then Ascalon is still himself as well, which doesn't make sense. And he's like, "Come, child, we have much more to learn. Where are they going to learn?" And then he's saying, "You know, I I feel the pain in your heart, Batman." And Batman's just there, and he's like, "Listen, you know what? I talked, I found out all the info, and indeed, you're the person you are, you know, upset about the most is alive. Timothy Drake is alive, and then disappears with the with sphere, the yeah. with the the orb." And this is something that was spelled out that Zatanna needed to protect from the world that she was never supposed to show anybody. But she wasn't supposed to give it to a goddamn computer AI fucking killer that two minutes before was slashing through everybody, and it just goes off. It goes off with the spear. And that's where Batman kind of is like, no, come back when he hears about Timothy Drake. And it actually was very reminiscent, I thought, of Thomas Wayne at the end of the button when he was running into the light at that. Uh, I don't know that they were playing with that, but it did look like that because now – and then he's on his knees again. Batman is so upset in Rebirth. All these things. It's like he was upset with Swamp Thing. He's always on his butt. But yeah, they're they're there. It's just such a weird thing because I still don't know what Batman was planning to do with the sphere because when he talked to Zatanna about it, he did show a freaking hologram of Tim Drake. But nowhere in my mind did we get from the dialogue – he was trying to find out if Tim Drake was alive. He, in his mind, well, thought that Tim Drake is. was dead, and he was going to use the orb somehow to make sure that nobody ever died again. I don't know how that works. Yeah, well, again, if they were going to do it. It's a weird callback for him it, out of nowhere. Yeah, now, it Escalon, probably would have been. Hey, Batman. 
You know yeah. what? Well, Tim Drake's alive. Like, he knows everything. To say out of him, and he I said guess. he was looking into Batman's heart. So, you know, he says, Batman, the pain in your heart, the boy you lost, the one who drove. So he knows that that's why Batman was trying to get to the sphere. Uh, it's very forced. It's it's very a quick ending. And I, I actually was disappointed by that. And it just ends up with him on his knees. Yeah. Um, but there was something else I was going to say about Tim Drake and, and things like that. But I'll go back to the whole thing. It just didn't hit at all. Like nope. this happened. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, we know this by now. By now, it's one of those like we, we have heard and done and dealt with it so much of just, you know, I'm done. I'm past where it, it seemed exciting that he was captured and we we're going to try to, you know, figure out things. That's, you know gone and maybe it's metal and stuff like that that we're more concerned with now but that shows that batman is going off but that's the weird thing too is at the end when he's talking to asriel he even almost asriel and him are talking it's almost like this war that he was talking about now suddenly becomes connected with tim drake and escalon didn't say anything all he said was he's alive and then Batman really jumps like, whatever power has him must be really bad. What do you mean? What? What? Why couldn't it have been that he teleported to fucking the Amazon or something? Yeah. Why he seems to know too much uh, where he's going. But it's also when they're talking about Zatanna, like, hey, how are you feeling? This is when you have Batman wheeling around uh, Azrael in the wheelchair, and he's do telling I, like, no idea was Azrael yeah, yeah. first. And he's like, how are you You'll feeling? Young he, boy to me. Yeah, and he's like, how are you feeling? And that's where uh, Azrael says, your friend, Miss Satara, she offered to make me whole again, heal me from the ground. I like that. He's like, no, no, you know, part of the, the my life is pain and we're going. But that's when Batman, Batman's like, I can respect that. But then he says, for the first time in years, the weight that Satana's father left on her shoulders has gotten a little lighter. Why? She fucked up. She yeah. never should have given him that sphere and he left with it. That's ridiculous. For all that we were told, it's not like they say, like, and you know what? With this sphere, you got to watch out because if you once you use it, it, it disappears. Once it, we, we've seen that it doesn't. You have a computer that's going off, a robot with a little boy that they have pretty much what they have called out to be one of the most powerful artifacts in the How entire universe. How do you bring DC that universe. little boy to life? I don't know. He's a boy, Eric. I'm a real I'm boy. A boy. <laughs> Just so ridiculous. That, that's so weird. And they have the whole thing where Azri's like, yeah, you know what? I like that suit, whatever, but not that much. And also, like you said, it's broken. So he, I, he wants a new suit. And it's and just it, and the whole thing, the Azrael Batman suit. I'm, I'm guess I, you, you can't keep it going because you don't want to have two Batman looking goddamn suits no. like that. But it's almost a gimmick now. Like this whole thing, yeah. we, you know, we, we were working towards this whole background deal to get Azrael in this bad suit. And that seems to be the major ploy of this whole arc, even though it felt bigger originally with everything we were dealing with. Yeah. It all comes down to, you know, get as you in that bath suit, and then well, now and, it's, and, we're done with it. And with the way that it rushed at the end with the sphere and how Escalon, like you said, even the little boy coming out, uh, I think that kind of made all of this not hit hard. Like all of a yeah. sudden it just ended. And you had the Tim Drake thrown out there. You have the Azrael suit they're going to get rid of. And you, you have all this. And, and then you even have this little kind of joking about, you know, what's big better, the Batman AI or, you know, and Azrael's like, maybe we can look into your brain and see your flaws. And Batman's like, fuck you. You're not doing <laughs> shit like that, Azrael. Uh, but, yeah, they're there. And you see Numa has died like we knew. And, yeah, they're going to go Smith. on. 
But that's when he says, he's like, I think that's what scares me most because that's when he says, hey, I can't shake the way Escalon looked at me with the Genosa sphere in hand. It was a look of fear, a look of pity. I kn- it knew what was coming. In a moment, it saw everything we will have to face. And then Ezra goes, and knowing that, it gave you hope. What? what? Why would it give you hope? Uh, that, that sentence. And then he says, I think that's what scares me the most, to think that kind of power it would take to hide Tim from me all this time. But why are you why jumping hope? to that conclusion? And you wouldn't know that some. He never said somebody's hiding him. He never said that he's a prisoner. He just hey, said he's alive. alive. I mean, there's a lot of other options that could happen besides that. I know it's it's the real one, but I think that, again, I think that James Tynan, this was the book that it was going to reveal before where he was going to say to Kate that he found out that Tim was alive during the button, that that's where he was gone doing. And I think that James Tynan is kind of mixing and matching kind of his mind of what the story was supposed to be and whatever because he shouldn't know that. No. Uh, but it's not it's not a huge thing. It's not good. But it just – it kind of annoyed me just at the end there. And then you have in the Swiss house where you have es- uh, you know, Escalon and Azriel's father who we've seen all before. He was the same. John Paul Sr.? Yeah, almost like the – he's like the St. Tomas Pope, the bishop, and uh, he's there. And uh, the other thing is crazy because if you ask me, somehow he has been able to put a uh, a camera in Numaz's fucking – you know, his, his gravestone gray because you see it right from the angle that would be That's the gravestone. And not only that, if you look at the monitors, all these different angles going yeah, on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, that's one thing that always bothers me in comics. Like, where so are they getting these angles well, from? I mean, I'm telling you, the the bit main one, and maybe they're kind of pushing at that as well here, is Mr. Oz. Mr. Oz yeah. has the weirdest, crazy fucking cameras all around. Uh, but yeah, that's when a guy comes up, it's Raish, and he's like, hey, you know, Mr. Valley, uh, you've outstripped our organization's greatest hopes. You have a seat at our table. And it's funny because all this time you had John Paul's dad acting very, like, very proper and very religious with what he's saying and he's like damn well better have <laughs> like jesus christ he's going street on us uh but yeah he's oh, like he's the uh, last of saint dumas now now yeah. he has no one to fucking act no he doesn't around. have to he doesn't have to pretend anymore he's you know damn well better have son of a bitch but he says what's your plan and that's when ray says my plan you have the wrong idea entirely i think it's time you met our benefactor and got a sense of the bigger picture and the problem is i don't think that that is mr oz right i don't either and it, but the way that they're making it, it's almost like they're trying to th- make you think that. And it seems kind of goofy to me to even go that route because you just had them find out Tim is alive. You had Batman talking about it. And then to go to that saying, you know, you'll see the bigger picture. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I would highly, it would just highly be so weird out of, a, out of nowhere that fucking Mr. Oz is like the head of the Legion of Doom or some yeah, fucked up yeah, shit like this where he has a table with all these other goddamn, you know, Fucked up bad guys. Yeah, we'll see in October. We'll see who he is but when we get there. But this, to me, it's good. It's, you know. It's all it's, right. It's above average, but not much. I gave it a seven. I love the art. It's just that it really that. rushes to the <laughs> end. Well, that's your I average know, I'm, in I'm, comics. No, no, I'm thinking of goddamn uh, the freaking lettering system again. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a seven. That's not a bad score. It's one of my yeah. better scores for the week. And it is one of the better comics, I think, this week. It's just I wish they would have 
kind of pace this a little different. I wish Tynan wouldn't have had that fucking, you know, crazy issue last time with all of this, you know, treading water and dealt more with this. The pseudo recap. I, I would have liked to know what the, what happened with that sphere that made that little boy come out. He was an AI and, and stuff like that. And I, it just was weird. And even then, Asriel didn't really even react to that. No. It, it was just very odd, but we'll see how it goes. What would you give it? I'd give it a seven out of ten as well. I'm saying okay. I love the art in this issue. It's just, and I love the the callbacks to Nightfall. Obviously, yeah. It just because of those things, the page space we needed to freaking have this goddamn your whole Nightfall kind of deal, the fight with Ascalon. Everything was just rushed at the end. Oh, I got the orb. I'm better now. Peace out, Boy Scout. Tim Drake's alive. Peace out, bitches. But yeah, it, it's a shame. But in in general, this was a pretty good arc. I yeah, it was, did. It was like actually it. one of the best arcs in my mind yeah. of Detective Comics. I agree, and it's one of the things is that art. It's so good. Uh, but Eric, I'm going to X out of that one because we're going to move on to the next book, which is one of yours. The next two are your books, Eric. It's sure your are. time to shine, like you always do. Guess my what try. this one's called. <laughs> That is called the mudslide, Eric. You like that one? You like oh. that one? How about this? This one. That is called Men in Brown. Eric. You poor listeners. Men in Brown. What are we talking about now? Action Comics number 985, written by Rob Williams, with art by Gil and March, Hi-Fi, and Rob Lee. The machinist is back and taking over people's minds all over the world, and it's up to the Man of Steel to stop him. Well, after finding out the machinist is using Luther Tech to do this, first Superman has to make some wild allegations to our favorite reformed bald bad guy, but then it's off to stop the machinist with a Superman and Lex Luthor team up. Too bad the machinist gets inside Luthor's mind and, well, he orders Superman, him to kill Superman. Yeah, uh, you said bald or balding, because I didn't know if you were talking about I Lex said- or yourself. You piece of shit. <laughs> uh, the the one thing that made me laugh about this issue, and yeah, it's it's kind of a an aside with Rob Williams on there. Now we also talked. Uh, me and you were both big fans of Gilliam March. I I don't know the last couple issues that he's had. Uh, he was in Trinity. I we believe, were fans the last years time. ago. I don't yeah, know we what were happened. fans years ago. I don't know what happened. It's he, his art is not as good as it was. Uh, it's odd, and I hate to say that because at one point he was one of my favorite artists when he, he was might on have been talent. Your artist of the year. I yeah, he was. He, I loved him. Uh, the thing that made me laugh a little bit about this is it just seemed to go too much in line with that Green Arrow issue, where there was tech that led to Lex, and pretty much that's what happens here. Now it's a different whole thing, but Lex yeah. has to be sitting there. It's like I, I got to stop selling this shit to people because they keep using it for crazy deals. Uh, this issue was okay. Yeah, you know, like I, say, it's it's not a great issue. The thing is, it's because. It takes a long time to go over shit that we've already dealt with, and it freaking it just gets us back to what we've already know. Like you know, Lex isn't a bad guy, but we have to deal with this whole goddamn. It feels like we should be well beyond this point. Yeah, like, it, actually, even before when yeah. we had Lex Luthor and Superman shake hands, I'm like, okay, finally yeah. we can move on. I Lex think we even said guy. that in Green Arrow, the same thing. Like they always, why does every time they get together now? It has to have those couple of panels or pages where you have to kind of get them back Spell together. Again. I'm like, because like you it, said, no. when they shook hands, that was a huge moment that me and you both loved. And yet they seem to forget that all the time. And it's it's the same old dialogue of, you know me, I, I've been good. Yeah, you're good for convenience of being and good. It's, and it's then, because of this whole bit here where we have to deal with that that actually brought me out of this book. And I'm like, you know what? We're just treading water here because you have nothing. If you have to rehash this old shit again. Again and again, you have nothing yeah. to tell, like nothing going on in your story. 
Yeah, and, and really, that's the problem with this. There isn't really a lot going on. Plus, you get a callback or a, a reappearance of a villain that was in the Jeff Johns, John Romita, the Men of Tomorrow I think, yeah, uh, I think story that, yeah, in the they, new 52. Uh, and we, I didn't like him then, no. and I, I don't like him now. And yeah, that was back then. You had Ulysses uh, and uh, Superman going at it with the Machinist. And in the roundabout deal, uh, the Machinist controls people, which we see that again. But in that... Uh, he controlled a dead person, almost like reanimated him uh, through his, you know, thing going on. It's weird, though. It, it didn't seem like it was Lex Luthor tech that he needed then. And I don't well, I'm saying back then it could have been something else. Now he's using Luthor tech because it's well, available. Well, here's the deal. Actually, it, it I, it's a shame because when they do get the guy who they thought was basically the machinist, he was the one who was kind of, you know, sending out the signal from him to the rest of them. But they all had this tech, and it was really forced just yeah. to get Superman to get get pissed at Lex and to talk to him and it's like you said we're beyond that we really are also it's funny because you have Superman and he's kind of fighting these guys who end up being not really in control but yet they spell out almost like eh they're pieces of shit anyway yeah, they're, they, they're, they're, they're a terrorist cell already it seems like but now they're yeah. being controlled by the machinist but, but it's so they're still so a terrorist weird. cell to begin with and, and, and just the whole thing well, well let's get into the issue. We'll fucking talk yeah. about it when we get to the point. But this whole issue starts out with Superman, and I'm telling you, this this one thing of the art too, where I loved going much back in the day, this comes off very Neil Adams to me and almost yeah, at times Ramita. Yeah, yeah. And maybe well, first up you have the machinist that Ramita pretty much created with Jeff yeah. Johns, and maybe he was trying to go back to that look during there. But I, I could see the Neil Adams as well, though I love Neil Adams, so I don't know. He has a lot of – it's pencil-heavy at sure points, is. Eric, as I say. And uh, I haven't said that in a while. But, boy, when, when Superman is flying and says, help's coming, Jesus Christ, that is a crazy panel with all the pencil shading and stuff. Uh, I did think it was funny where Lois almost says mix-a-plick or, you know, whatever the hell you say. <laughs> I always get it wrong. Uh, and Superman's like, please, don't say that name. And I was like, <laughs> that, that was kind of funny. I, I uh, love this, too, though, because that way, you know, we're – we're still on the move to Metropolis. Yeah. Still in Hamilton County. We're in the middle of the move because it looks like Lois, John, and uh, Clark, they're just packing up boxes and shit like that. And I love this idea, too, because it made me giggle. Where that Superman's Superman off supermanning because yeah. – he, he's bailing on the goddamn work. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't. He, he does not want to move. He, he, that is, it is. It's one of the worst things ever. You have stayed in your apartment only because of that. You hate, no, moving. hate moving. You don't even want to so do it. Much. So, yeah, I think that Superman just went off. It's funny because this uh, submarine, it had no problems, Eric. He just no. goes out and picks up the submarine just because he wants to get out of moving, I think. But that and is the whole not thing, the case, too. I love obviously. it, too, because it's like Lois is calling him to find out what's going on. You know, yeah. oh, I'm testing out the new comps. No, this is a roundabout way to guilt him into the idea to come back and help move yeah 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 and then he hears that there's problems oh, what's that lois i hear something in the distance it's so to go. Funny. he's he's like uh we got a bad connection lois again she's like no 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 you can hear me you son of a bitch but he goes off and it's funny because when i first read this i was reading it on my phone uh when we got the review copies from dc and i'm looking and i'm like okay here we go he goes off oh i hear gunfire and trouble and i didn't read the caucus islands uh or whatever the mountains, mountains and all yeah. i saw was georgia 
I'm like, God damn it, shit's gone wrong in Georgia. What is going on? And then I realize I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, but yeah, these wolves are attacking and these yeah, people. Yeah, you, you have these mind ticks. The machinist is using these little implants that go on your goddamn neck or wherever, and it takes control of your mind. And he's using freaking, you know, a terror yeah. cell and wild wolves to terrorize the people of this. <laughs> the worst is, I, I, it was even worse. <laughs> Because I'm reading it and I'm looking and like they're like, run, run, they're killing us. And then it says translated from Georgia. And I'm like, the fuck language are they speaking in Georgia? What is going on down there? I haven't been down south in a while, but what's going on? And then I'm like, ah, oh, Cotton, you son of a bitch, because that is Cotton who said that in the editor's note. I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I, I'm telling you, there has to be somebody else who's an idiot like me. Like, man, well, they're speaking a different language in Georgia now. Well, I remember my buddy Stan, and he was seeing this girl years ago. She had a, uh, like a, a small girl or whatever it is, and they're watching TV, and he looks, she looks at him like it says, like, well, Georgia, they speak a different uh, language in Georgia. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was an idiot like, like that. You little of idiot. Yeah, you idiot. That's how I felt then. I'm like, I know that they might call parties, Eric, a hoedown. You know, that I don't know what they're talking a about nanny, there. Jim, a a hootin' nanny, Eric. They call soda pop. Uh, or maybe even Coke for every soda there is. That's nonsense. But yeah, I felt like such an idiot. I'm like, why are they translating? What's going on? <laughs> the and Southern yeah. dialogue's not that bad. You I'm like, yeah, you, you don't have to have a translation for this. And really all they're saying is run, run. They're killing us. I mean, I heard in Georgia shit like that goes down every day, Eric. Uh, but yeah, it was funny. I just I felt like such an idiot. But it was on my phone. Eric, and yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. going quick and trying to get it uh, done. But, yeah, you have Superman show up, and he immediately becomes a wolf beater. He smacks the one and yells, sit. <laughs> he smacks oh it. You are going to have Peter on your ass. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah, and then he goes, and he's looking. And it's funny, too, because at the one point, he's looking the X-ray vision. But the way you go, I actually thought they were funking up and that he had ice vision, you know, the ice vision, right. uh, the, the cold vision. But he is using his X-ray vision. I'm saying vision. he's using telescopic vision. Well, he's looking. Looking on to inside the fur, Eric. I, you know, it's inside. But he might be using telescopic, but he also has to get inside the fur. Maybe not. Maybe not. Or but I don't know. I don't know how they play things in Georgia. Uh, you know, I don't know. I was in What's Atlanta way with back. With Georgians in their wild yeah, I don't wolves, know. Huh? Freaking that lingo they speak. But yeah, he finds out. And he's they've mind. They've been doing mind tricks. And then he finds out that basically it is this tech, involved, yeah. and the machinist comes out, and yeah, he with his robotic look, wolves. Now. Yeah, his robotic wolves. It makes no sense. He does come out, and yes, if if you thought that he looked like Iron Man, that's what I thought originally as well. That's what he looked like before. I always think Doctor Doom. I, I actually, it's weird. I think we had, now you say that, I think that we actually got in that discussion the last time he popped up way back. Oh, really? And you said, yeah. And I said, it was more of those when I see that original, like before the, yeah, yeah, the, the suit the was fancy, one, yeah. like the prototype deal is what it reminded me of. But either way, uh, but yeah, he's yelling. And this is the problem is he knows the machinist. Superman has dealt with the machinist before, and when he did before, it was an innocent person that was in being controlled. He already sees that this tech is all around, and then he goes and starts bitch 
fucking slapping this guy. He slams him against a wall and save it for the that prison cell. Bro. He, sh- he should have realized, yeah, he should have realized this was not the real machinist. This is the same thing that happened before because the real machinist got a hold of him. Now in the other one, the guy was already dead. Ulysses uh, thought that he had killed a man. They're like, no, no, he's already dead. But still, Superman has dealt with this guy before. That's his M.O. This is what I, he does. I, I love it too because when he takes that freaking, you know, the mind tick off the guy who's posing as the machinist because this is what the machinist does. He has a lot of people yeah. out there acting yep. as him, so as decoys. But when he takes that mind tick off the dude and he looks, he's he's about to destroy it. that dude in the background who he just slammed against the wall. He just collapsed. I'm like, yeah, he's dead now. Yeah, he's Good dead. Job, Superman. He looks like he's that dead. His back is broken. And he can't oh, support look, his legs. Look, don't look work. at the brick wall. Yeah. That brick wall is caved in from that guy. He has a broken back. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this is the master chip for the area. I can hear the signal it's sending out. Uh, why didn't you hear the inch? It's, it's a little hokey, and he does destroy it, but he does see that it's LexCorp. He, he sees it before the LexCorp stuff is being involved. So, yeah, and then also after this, you have the real machinist talking to him on the TV and you know laughing. He's all over, and he's controlling everybody. He's in Germany and all this stuff, and uh, it's just funny because then he just goes Lex and goes off. What's happening to these people in Germany? You, uh, you know what I mean? They're dying right now. Yeah, so they're dying. With Lex Luthor. Yeah, he has to go matter. off to, to Lex while it looks like, and even the one guy yells, this one guy, he might be from Atlanta, Eric. He yells, more attacks. The same attacks across the world. So it's not even just that. Well, Everywhere across the world it's going on. He just goes to yell at Lex. He goes off, and, I'm and there's telling you, Lex. This too here, even though like this, this looks like a Neil Adams Lex Luthor to me as well. Just a classic. I'm saying like Tubby at times is fucking Lex Luthor with his goddamn yeah, I like that nose all. Yeah, I'm telling you, it really like harkens back to me to a more classic Lex Luthor than we've had. Even the green suits and shit like that. Like you know, Lois, when we first saw her talking to phone, she had that freaking purple pants on and the green yeah. shirt. I'm like, that seems like Lex Luthor colors right there. Yeah, and then seeing yeah. this version, I'm like. This just seems like a classic Lex to me, and yeah. I'm so angry because I don't know if that's what they're going with, the fact that we have to have this fucking argument whether or not Lex Luthor is a bad guy or yeah, a good and, guy. And we've had this how many times – I said it just happened in Green Arrow, but yeah. how many times have we – do? Uh, do are we going to go this dance where there's Lex Tech – that's being used by bad guys, and they go immediate to, to Lex and start screaming at him. It happens all the time. And by now, you would get the idea that Superman would go and basically say, listen, Lex, you, you know, yeah, we're going to talk later about how you're letting this tech go out and why you would have a mind control chip. That That is one thing that maybe they have to talk yes. about. But in the meantime, you go to Lex and say, buddy, remember when we shook hands? We're, we're good still? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Can we shut down these fucking chips? Like, do you have a failsafe where you can press a button on your computer in your office and it immediately shuts all these down? Because you think he would. Lex is not an idiot. You know, he is kind of a genius that he would have some sort of failsafe if he did have a mind control chip that he's selling, that there would be something to be able to shut it down in case somebody did get it. But instead, you get just a button, but he can track it. Yes, he can. But I'm saying right away, though, it's just this, I believed in you. What are you doing? And, you know, get right to it. Just go in and say. And then he's like, I pulled hey, it from the neck buddy. of a terrorist. You know, what are you doing? A mind control chip. Ah, da, da. And that's when Lex is like, they've stole my work. And it's funny when that panel, when Superman's there and Lex is looking at his crazy, I mean, he has a, a microscope kind of gizmo and stuff that looks very Neil Adams right there, yeah. even from the coming of Superman, where there was all that crazy tech. And I really 
really like that panel actually because of that because Lex is there in his crazy you know mad scientist mode right there but even Especially so when he has that chip in his hand he's like yes the world's greatest superhero is on the case me yeah, and like, yeah that was yeah. right there I'm like yeah I like that and it's it's funny too because but it's still he knows- off though I'm telling you I, I like the art just because it does like have this whole like you know throwback feel to it but I'm like Action Comics, in my mind, has had some of the best art in fucking Rebirth. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of books that have great art, but, like, this was one of them in my mind that had great – and this is not up to par for with what we've gotten previously. Yeah, yeah. And in this, it makes me laugh, too, even because it is his tech, but he's looking at it to see if it is or if he – you know, I don't know. It's kind of funny, but he's like – he thinks that he's the one being wrong. Like, Superman's yeah. like, you know, hey, my shit. you know, you son of a bitch. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you saying? I'm the one who's wronged here. They stole my stuff. But, yeah, he can track it. I like it, though. You said the world's greatest superhero is on the case. <laughs> me. And then he's like, huh. And then all of a sudden, it's like Superman now is in a good mood and they're going to team up. It's just, it seems like every writer has to have that. And Rob Williams isn't the normal action comics writer. So, you know, you usually have Dan Jurgens that maybe he wouldn't have had that little craziness there. But Rob Williams, this is his turn to get the whole, hey, Lex, I know you're bad. No, I'm not. You know, we, we've been through this. And we're like, yeah, we've all been through this. Just stop. But they go, and the, the first place they go is off to India, where you have controlled freaking elephants. And now I was like, this this issue is shot down got, by missiles. Yeah, and like this issue is so over the top now. Uh, it's it could be kind of a little bit of fun. Jim, I not guess. O- not only elephants, tigers as well. Yeah, and I was waiting for bears then, and yeah. somebody could say, oh my. Uh, but yeah, and then you see the machinist and, you know, they found me good. Now they can serve me. And you have them have nanobots now fly around that the nanobots are connected to the chips and it hits, you know, it goes and inserts one on the back of Lex's neck. And now he's going to be controlled, uh, to fight Superman. And it's even like, it's not even just even controlled. It's like one of these things where all of a sudden it makes it seem like now Lex's, you know, craziest mad, you know, ideas are coming to and, and things like that. Because I don't know that the machinist would know to be able to control him that way. You know what I mean? It makes yeah, yeah. it seem like he's it just letting his emotions. against freaking Yeah, Superman yeah out it about. seemed a little odd uh, in that way. It's not just a mind control. It, it's playing with his emotions and things like that. Uh, and to me, I think that we've already seen Superman heat vision one right off a guy. Yeah. I think that right at that point, and I'm telling Lex you, comes thing up to just do stop, that. The thing is, it's going to stop it because, you know, Lex tries to say at one point, you know, my force shield will stop it, but the freaking yeah. nanobot is able to go through. Yeah. And yeah. I think that Superman's heat vision will not be able to pierce this fucking force yeah. field. But but it's it's just ridiculous, you know. And we'll see what happens. We know, yeah. you know, whatever. But it's you know the next issue, Neil before Lex. And again, if you want to go that it's a team up and have fun, then maybe some people enjoyed it more than I did. I'm uh, telling you, I was like, you know, the art threw me off right away. But the, the moment that we started to have the goddamn Lex and uh, Superman fight again, I'm like, you know, the whole, you know, are you a good yeah. guy? Are you behind this? It completely threw me out of this book, and I was just done with it at that point forward because, like, you're going to fucking waste time on this, even though people who have read this book – we're well beyond it, and you're going to fucking tread back on yeah. this. It made me so angry. Well, like, and then it's funny, too, because you have that first, and then you basically get that at the end and probably and will continue the next. nothing at the because, end. You freaking think, okay, you, now we're going to team up. Oh, wait, I'm a bad guy now. i got mind-controlled. Yeah. Now it's time yeah, for Yeah, now he's like, mind-controlled, and basically being mind-controlled is being the old Lex. You know, yeah. oh, you dirty alien, I'm going to get you. And this and is this only a two-issue arc, so it's like – Yeah, it's not well, and I, I actually think the next issue we're going to see that Lex does have some sort 
sort of failsafe that will take that down if Superman himself can't penetrate the force shield that you don't really see at the end when he's fighting. Hey, you know, whatever will happen. But what did you give this? I'm always excited for a Superman and Super Lex team up, but because of the whole thing, you know, this whole the, I, I keep saying it over and over. It's all I really have to say about this issue: the force, goddamn nature of it. The, you know, the Super Lex and fucking Superman yeah. fighting the whole discog uh, problems they have. But I gave it a six out of ten. The art wasn't bad, but it wasn't as up to par as we normally do in this yeah. book. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's a weird issue to talk about in general. But no, six out of ten is what I gave it. Yeah, I think that I'd go six five actually. Uh, just I don't know. It's fun enough, but it, it's just it's it's nonsense. Something and, about it feels off the entire uh, yeah, time. It does. Even and I don't know if it's stuff in with the whole move to Metropolis. Oh, that's, I don't know if it's one of those that you know we just had in you know Superman. We had that nonsense with him. You know them going off to DC and all that. And then at least we had an action comics that was kind of like, oh man, let's get to the. And then you have pretty much a you know it's a two issue, but basically you can Let's call it a one shot. You know. A one shot arc that it's just there to kind of take up some time it seems and you know it kind of like man i want some good superman stuff and this really isn't it because like after said, this dan jurgens i believe he comes back with the oz effect and we get yeah the and then, then you have forward. the big story going so i that's what i want to see so this is not anything and you know you have john just sitting there looking at like the dcu version of freaking pokemon it looks like at one point you know i you know you could have john involved but no he's just sitting there but i don't know i didn't i didn't have as much fun as i thought no. i was gonna have when i saw i even might have gone high Superman. on this issue of six out of ten because it's really just a forgettable issue and yeah. there's nothing spectacular about it all but like well it does its job for the most part it's just not the job i wanted to see i agree what would you call this Eric? Oh God! What would you call that? It's still what would you? That's the rough cut, is what it's called. But we're gonna go on to the next book and the last book of this section, which is the book that I traded with you for All Star Batman. And what is it, Eric? Red Hood and the Outlaws, number thirteen, written by Scott Liddell with art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, and Taylor Esposito. Bizarro is dying. It's up to Lex Luthor to save him. But first, we have to have a recap of Bizarro's life so far. Even though it's really only been 13 issues, even with the unnecessary recap, there's heart to this issue that won me over, not to mention the great reveal at the end after Luther uses Kryptonite to save Bizarro and the effects make him into a Mr. Smarty Pants. Yes, indeed. And yeah, the, again, this the whole thing I have a problem with the series is the fact that we really don't go forward much. And this is a lot of recap, Eric, and that's the problem is I loved it. I know. And I the was thing trying is, to set you up. I the, really did like it. I, at least there's a pro, There's I can't say it's a problem. It's not. It's a problem with recapping a little bit because we do recap bits here, but there are added scenes to that yeah. recap that we did not get to see, which I thought, well, okay, you know what? You're doing this pretty well. And it, it ties into something that we loved, and especially with Lex. And it makes the issue when, when you get to that and part that's my favorite part that of the we'll issue. talk about – that actually made me love this issue. Before that, I was like, okay, and really, I can spell out the issue to everyone. Uh, Bizarro was dead. He comes back to life. He's recovering, and Jason and Artemis talk about him. That, yep. That's all it is. Uh, but for some reason, Scott Liddell really can write these characters now that I like this more than most books this week. In fact, Eric, I think it's going to be my book of the week. Uh, and you start off because everybody loves Bizarro. So, and there is the issue at the end, but you know, me and you. See, have I don't some, like the Bizarro you know, world, Bizarro, but I love. Yeah, this you love this. Bizarro. I'm saying this Bizarro. I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. Bizarro because a lot of people hate 
bizarro. But this bizarro, if you're reading this book, he, he's, you know, everybody loves him in this book who is a fan of this book. And it's so good because you have to go into this. If you just started this uh, issue, it does have recap, but you have to know going in that bizarro has memories that are Superman's memories that he also knows are not real. And that's yeah. how it starts off with basically you get this chibi version of – I thought it was such a weird thing to do at the beginning, but by the end of it, it won me over. Yeah. Like, you know, it's such a silly thing, this chibi goddamn version of yeah. his backstory, how well, he thinks it all went down. And I said before, there was a doomsday issue that kind of was like this, a very cartoony, chibi version of Doomsday in one of the most brutal things. It was basically telling his backstory of how he basically was a, a creature that was just sent out to die and then evolve and die again and evolve and die again. And I think that they may have been playing with that in this because I really do, and even if they weren't, I really do like it. And you have him just sitting there, bizarro, bizarro, Eric. Of the mind, yeah. Because he's thinking of that, and he, you know, and it's it's very cute. It's very endearing. You know, it's great because not only is it Pizarro thinking of almost having the same upbringing, and you know, he's on Krypton, they're sending him away, and all that. But I love it that it is the Bizarro speak of this book in the character. So you know right away it's not true, which we know anyway, but I really like the way that they spell it out. But those aren't his memories, and it kind of upsets him, and it did upset him a lot at a time. But when you have that little chibi version of the Justice League, it's one of the best things of the week, if not for six months. It's great. Before uh, M knew, if Bizarro had many friends, you had Nightlight, who is he? Because is Green uh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Then Wet Wet Aquaman. Wet, wet. No, Go yep. Go Flash. Batman's just Batman. Batman's which is Batman. Hell to me. And you had Rope Lady, and you had Sigh, like. Ah, Borg. Ah, Borg. And it's funny. It's like <laughs> that's because they're like, "Where's Cyborg? Ah, he's on monitor duty." That's what they say. <laughs> but even so, of those, which is the cutest of them all? Do you think? I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I'm saying Go-Go is. He's so really? sad looking. He, it's he Moby looks, Barry on I'm there. I'm telling you, I love Wet Wet. I love Aquaman. He has that long-ass trident. He's just sitting there. He looks so cute. But yeah, that, that, it's so good. I mean, even there, you have uh, Dexter Soy can use that. They'll just have that as a panel to have people sign because it's so great. It looks so good. Uh, in the meantime, that's just Bizarro kind of thinking about things. And you have Lex uh, thinking about things as well in this whole issue. And if you weren't reading The New 52 and reading Forever Evil and stuff like this, I think that you're really going to miss out on what is the most emotional part of this issue has nothing to do with Jason or Artemis. It has to do with uh, Lex and what he is hoping Bizarro really is, but isn't. And it's pretty crazy uh, because then he's there and he has Bizarro and he's trying to heal him and, and bring him back. But then he's like, you know, I booked uh, Brooke. Now, actually, it goes and shows how he just wanted to destroy them and how yeah, he was yeah. a failure. And that's, you know, that's the, the this version of Bizarro. But when we get to it, you can explain more to people. But really, then you get a lot of talk between Jason and Artemis, which is good, uh, except uh, that I hate that Jason pretty much says that he doesn't really have any friends and, and the, the Robins aren't I'm really like, his I, brothers. That actually pissed me off, too, because I'm like, yeah. come on, Roy and you were like best goddamn yeah, friends. Yeah, you, you have those. play him like that. And even so, Dick Grayson and him are their brothers still. They they treat him as a brother. Yeah, Damien acts like an ass to him. Look, look, uh, he's not on that fucking painting. He's not. Of I didn't, you didn't hear me say Batman. 
I'm telling you, I'm saying about the Robins. I, I think that they really liked them. I, I never heard still. the Robins' voice protest about it. Uh, you don't you don't protest shit like that to Batman. <laughs> You're off the painting then. Next thing you know, that painting is just Bruce Wayne and maybe Alfred. That's it. That's the whole painting. And, for, you know, you're going to have some problems. But, yeah, uh, just you can go on and say because there really isn't a lot to say well, no, the about. Thing is, it, it starts out where you have this Lex. And you want to play this whole classic kind of dickhead Lex, even though yeah. you know we know him as a hero. We love him as a hero. He has the outlaws here, which doesn't really match up with where we ended last issue because he electrocuted them. And yeah. that was the cliffhanger with him just looking over Bizarro. Here it seems they're invited to LexCorp and the freaking honored guest to a degree while he tries to bring Bizarro back yeah, to life. He also, to he has to give them shit, though. It's like, look, you have my property. This is fucking yeah. LexCorp trademark fucking shit. He is not your fucking pet. He is my goddamn science project. He belongs to me. So you have to have this whole asshole thing, which I think plays really well because the whole wrap around where he becomes, you know, you see the, the insides of Lex's yeah. feelings yeah, for Bizarro. Yeah, you see why he really Because wants during to Forever Evil, this. you know, the, the villains got together and they saved the day against the crime syndicate. And one of the villains in, in there was a clone Bizarro. It was a clone of uh, uh, Superman who was the first Bizarro of this timeline. And he died saving Lex. And during this whole arc, Lex became like he loved this thing almost like a child. Like a son. And the devote because they were so devoted to him. And he was just hoping he would bring this one back to life. And it would have the same memories as that one. Yep, like, that it would have he would the look memories up at him and of, he would yeah. know that, you know, this is, you know, his bizarro. But in the end, it was it's not. And he yeah. has to turn him back over to Jason because the, the the love that that bizarro had for Lex, this bizarro has for them. And yeah, has for them. Over to him. And it's played out really well that, so well. you know, that, like you said, that bizarro pretty much thought of Lex as his dad, as pretty his much. everything that brought him to life. And saved saved him. And yeah, when Lex and Lex life for him. And it was one of the only things that you've seen really, especially in the new fifty two, but even in other continuities, like this is something that Lex like this pretty much was Lex's son and really and was this emotional was the about it. In my mind where Lex became Well, a good also guy. you had Forever Evil, which was the beginning of when the heroes came back, Lex was on the Justice League then yeah. because of all of this. And yeah, it is kind of the symbol of him turning good, but also was where you saw Lex in an emotional way of actually being very upset because he got attached to somebody. And it's a funny thing to think that there's Lex Luthor, the big genius, who was so attached to a bizarro where he was just making it to try to make his own Superman. And that's the thing is, too, because he he initially hated it because it was – these clones to be had. The clones were supposed to be for 10 years. But because the goddamn crime syndicate came, he had to pull them out early. It was only five years. So that's why Bizarro was wrong because he didn't have enough time to cook. And he was pissed. But he ended up loving this damn thing. And he like, you know – he, like I'm telling you, it was just such an emotional scene at the Forever Evil when Bizarro died and Lex was just over his body. I'm like, oh my god, this is this and, such a and good And here's story. the thing with all the other things that happened in the New Fifty Two when we were when we would talk about this Red Hood and the Outlaws, we wondered if they would ever. You know, go and go yeah. back to that and acknowledge it. We thought that maybe they're just going to kind of skirt that issue because, you know, this bizarro, but they do it really well here where Lex, like you said, Lex is already making, you know, precaution, like setting it up that if this bizarro comes out of the vat and, you know, the tube and says, Dad, or me, M, know you, me, remember, me, save your life, Lex is immediately getting the papers and his lawyers and he's keeping this bizarro. Right. He's not going to let them. So he's already put that in motion. And when he says it, and it's again, if you read that Forever Evil, it's very emotional when he's like, do you remember me? No, you don't. And okay. just just the way the panels are played out where you see Lex Luthor in his old armor with Bizarro behind him when they're 
like, you know, they're becoming the good guys, saving the day. Yeah. And you see the whole progression of it where he's putting on the freaking costume. They're standing in the wreckage. And then the death of Bizarro and Lex is just looking over the body of this current Bizarro. He's like, no. You're not him. Yeah, no. And, and, like, and they even go with the idea. You even get kind of a a point of view type deal of what that first Bizarro must have been like to Lex when you see where he says "Me MC Red" first, and there yeah. there's Jason. It's almost you can go that by a base same level thing that that Bizarro felt for yeah, Lex Luthor. Yeah, and you can go on a base level and think that it's one of those like tagging things in nature where the first thing you see, oh, they kind they, uh, of go freak, with. Oh, what is that called? The fucking yeah, uh, oh I, fuck! I I'm, had the word I'm on the not, tip of my I'm tongue. Not and now smart. Enough, but you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying. It's you know uh, they have it all the time where different animals will kind of bond with another imprint. animal. Yeah, imprint with them. So you get that, which I, I don't. That kind of takes away a little of what you know these bizarros are. But I'll go with it. It, it makes sense because yeah, he imprinted on Jason this one. But, but uh, Lex knows right away, and you know, and you do get a lot of the other things where Bizarro is talking about how he came out of the van. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was because he even says. Like maybe I was taken out too soon, and yeah, he learned to and speak. No, no, not and, even too. Uh, he was taken out too late because he uh, too late. He, yeah, he may. Th- he thinks that he may be the way he is because he was left in that vat too long without and oxygen. All he, had, he says all at he one had point. was his mind to feed Bam. off of, and he was inside of his mind just thinking about things for Bam. so long. He thinks that's why he's wrong. Yeah, he even says there was no oxygen, and like almost yeah. like he almost got brain damage from it. But yeah, he just says that, and when he comes out, like you said, you see him playing video games with Jason. You do see when he was being tortured uh at that point when they were making him watch all that black stuff and wait let's yeah, make him think that he was yep. superman yeah and do that and then uh artemis was in the cell then like it's here's the thing i don't mind recap when it's a different perspective or when it's a little different this isn't just like hey artemis remember when we were in that cell together yeah remember i told That's, you it's you not see, a clip show episode no yet. you see this where you know you're getting a little bit in the mind of bizarro to see how he thought about this so i did didn't mind it at all. Now you do get this little stuff with Artemis talking about the only people she ever she only loved a couple people, and yeah, you get the idea that Jason is one of them. He's kind of pushing that, and you, you get Aquila again, and all that. Which that was more of the forced, you know, recap yeah. to me. It was okay. I just. I'll give Scott Liddell credit because even though a lot of that stuff is unnecessary, he is still making it so that all three characters of his outlaws are doing something. Yes. You're not just doing it so. Like the, the weakest moments of this book are, in my mind, when Jason and Artemis yeah. are just talking. Like, I'm telling you, the recap of freaking Bizarro talking about him and what he thinks he is and what he should be. I love all that, and I'm telling you, yeah. the book really shines when freaking, you know, when Lex is saying, you know, no, so you're not good. him, but he goes through this whole thing. He's like, there was nothing I could do to help my friend. He was murdered. He was murdered before. He was in this deteriorative state that you're in now, and he's all like, uh, he goes, what the hell is it? You're going to get the chance he never had. Do not screw yeah. it up and injects this goddamn kryptonite yeah, right into his fucking great. heart. I even like the whole the, thing that he is the biological opposite of Superman. Yeah. So where this would kill Superman, this is going to yeah, save Kryptonite's going to save him. I even like the whole idea of when he has a bunch of his guys working. You know, he has some technicians and stuff like that, and he clears them out. He's like, "You guys clear the room." Get out and but sir, yes sir, of course, because he's just like, huh. and I really like that. That he, this is where he wants to see, and he wants to just get everybody out there because he doesn't want A anybody to moment, see yeah. him like this. That this Weakness, is the yeah. most human Lex that we've gotten, and the same in the New Fifty Two with this Bizarro and this again here. You don't see Lex never comes off as just a human being with any emotions. He's so self centered and whatever. You you see now in this and that past story that he is just a. Human 
human being, and I, and I this really is the like Lex it. I fell in love with, and I wish yeah. we would see more of now if, the, if all the goddamn accusations like we had in Action yeah. Comics. Now, again, I will say that Bizarro is, again, kind of one of his tech that got out <laughs> in the yeah, wrong yeah. hands. He keeps doing this. He's got to shut down LexCorp and just, you know, deal with being Superman from now on, Eric, or just keep his shit to himself. But, yeah, he goes and he says, listen, I drew up the papers. He is yours, you know, pretty much. It's funny to me because you had that whole thing with Jason kind of trying to get uh, Artemis to admit that she liked him. Now they are kind of – Bizarro's adoptive parents now yep. and it makes me laugh uh, the both of them they're like hey can we go see him yeah he's, he's back there and when they go in because of the script night didn't just heal him but now he is pretty much, a, you know, a very, very smart. Bizarro, uh, super genius. Yeah, he's Bizarro, super genius. He has glasses. It's funny because, you know, he has when, to have glasses on smart, there. they have to have glasses, Jim. <laughs> he has to have glasses. But, yeah, they come in. They're like, hey, Bizarro, you okay, big guy? Jason and he's like, Artemis, Jason what an Artemis. absolute pleasure to see you again, my Yeah, I wanted him to say, indubitably. Indubitably, yeah. indeed. And then he's like, well, I'm grateful for Lex's efforts on my behalf. I feel totally at ease saying I look forward to returning to our collective domicile and it's so funny and this is where a lot of people you'll hear in the mail later where people are like this is bullshit oh my god this is gonna ruin the book bizarro like this it will not last yeah no it's funny too he even has like when you become smarter you turn that symbol around to make it the real (laughs) superman symbol but yeah don't ever think this is going to last. It is not. And this is where uh, one of the best stories that I've read in the Adventures of Superman uh, comic, Christos Gage had an arc, Flowers for uh, Bizarro. It's yeah. actually Adventures of Superman 25, 26, and 27, if you got it, if you wanted to get it uh, digitally. And if you like the story and you want to see something like this with Bizarro, I say go get it. Yeah. I don't know when they collected it. I don't know what print number it is. You can look it up. But it's Christos Gage did it, which is funny because Alex Antone was the editor of that and also of this. And, and I sent him I sent him a note, and I, he kind of – it kind of is the same type of deal. He kind of laughed. But uh, the thing about it is you're not, you're not going to – I think that what – in that story, what was good about that, and I think it will kind of play out the same way, is you – kind of become attached to this smart Bizarro, where now Bizarro will probably be able to really help people and do things and actually express himself. And then and then it's going to kill you it's when he goes back to being Bizarro. And if it's the same way, what will play out is he'll be talking like this, and it's really spelled out the way he's talking, and then they'll have something. And this is just, I think it's going to go the same way, where Jason Todd's like, hey, Bizarro, you ready? We have to go. Me am ready. And then, what'd you say? What? What? Oh, I said I was ready, Jason. Let's go. And you're like, oh, no. He's yeah. going back to the dumb Bizarro. I, I think it's going to play out the exact same way. And if it does, I am not going to care because I'll love it again. Because well. I think it's a great thing. It's so great. Don't think that they're going to go forward with Bizarro being this smart guy forever. It just can't be. Now I say that now. I'm like, it probably will be now. No, I, I don't say think it, it will. You can't. It's just it's just going to be one of those things where the kryptonite is going to wear off. It's not, yeah. you know, that's all it is. So, you know, cool your jets a little and enjoy the ride. Eric. And I the will ride because I'm that actually, I like to call life. How about that? I'm telling well, you, I think I pissed some people off of my score this week for this book because I only gave it a 7 out of 10. And that's what? because of the recap. <laughs> I, I love the, the art so much. Yeah. Like, I always love the oh, art. Oh, yeah, it's great. Just the recap aspects and the boringness, you know, of Jason and uh, Artemis just talking about what we've done so far. 
while we have Bizarro going back and doing the same thing. I yeah. thought it was a little redundant, and it took a little bit away from the story. Now, Says there, you. when the story hits, it hits hard, the whole Lex yeah. bit. Everything yeah, with that, it. even the whole reveal at the end, I'm like, I love that so much, but I could not give this a higher than a 7 out of 10, yeah, even with uh, the amazing art. Remember the issue, I was still reviewing it uh, then, where they had where Jason almost killed Bizarro, and I really, really yeah, liked yeah. it. Remember he was deciding, and you were a little down on that too because it wasn't as much. Uh, I think that we have the same kind of difference here because the stuff with Bizarro at the beginning and then the whole stuff with Lex – uh, that so much just makes everything. I, I can let that all go out in the wash then, this, and I love it. This is a really high ass seven out of ten because I had yeah, a great I'm time telling you, this I'm issue. going. I'm going eight eight, and okay. uh, the only reason that keeps me from you know a nine or a nine five would if they had something more for Jason and Artemis to do, I could have went a lot higher because the stuff with Bizarro. I love, and he's already a character that we really like, but now you get the idea. You're in his head as well of, like you said, I think it's a big moment where he thinks that what went wrong is he was stuck with his with his brain in, in his and, mind, in his mind time, yeah. and stuff like that, and it, that was hinted at before about the memories, how he was so upset that these memories, these am not my memories, Eric, is what he yeah. said. And uh, he might also give a shout-out, Fresh Cup Prue, but poop, 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 poop. But no, I I really enjoyed it. A little sneak peek. Uh, this is my book of the week. That's yeah. how much I liked it, and I did not expect to like it uh, because you were kind of like, oh, you know what? This I, is kind I, of that issue recap, that you're usually you upset issue. I was about. Just worried, yeah, yeah. But boy, I I really liked it. But we're gonna go off now. All right, I'm going. I'm I'm gonna change my score then because talking to you and bringing up all these things that actually gave me the feels again. So go I will eight. go. I'm gonna go to an eight out of ten. Yes. I did it again, Eric. What would you call this? Oh, fuck. That is the orchestra pit, Eric. That is a celebration orchestra pit. I'm so happy that I have changed your mind. No, no, you haven't done shit. It's just me talking about it as I actually changed it. Oh, really? Well, then I'm going to have to go with this one. That's the morning dew. That's what that one is, Eric. It's not as celebratory as the orchestra pit. And we'll be back with mail section number two. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the point where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Ah, yes, Eric. This is the mail. We're going to start mail section number two with Batman Beyond Mark, who has right. a big, a couple big problems, I think, with Red Hood and the Outlaws, Eric. And he oh, basically shit. says that he's mad at you. He doesn't say that. I think that after listening to us, he might be mad at both of us, possibly. But he says, sup, Jim and Eric. I know sup, I usually Mark. only rant or at least uh, rant in listener mail f- uh, form about Batman Beyond. But this week's issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws had a panel that really pissed me off and soured an otherwise enjoyable issue. Uh, Can you guess what that panel would be? 
I have no idea. For easy reference, it's the panel of Jason and Bizarro playing video games, he says. Let uh-huh. me start by saying it has nothing to do with the art, though. I do question why Jason was thumbtacked, uh, has thumbtacked a piece of paper with Wonder Woman logo to the side of his TV and why he's holding the TV together with a Band-Aid. And no, uh, not I don't know, duct tape or something. I just think that he's gross. And he had that Band-Aid on him and he didn't want to throw it away and he just puts it on the TV. And then next he puts it in Bizarro's uh, cereal. Which is it, it, looks, it looks less that of a Wonder Woman symbol, but more of a like a Wayne Enterprises symbol. Well, and and uh, the other thing is, uh, somehow he loves, unlike Manship, he loves the smell of Band-Aids, Eric. That's gross. What no, what I'm writing about is what he says in that panel. First thing Jason says is that he feels closer to Bizarro than any guy he has ever known. Oh, we talked uh, about that. And yeah, we did talk about it. I kind of glanced over it. I'm telling you, for the most part... Jason in this issue, anything he did or said was secondary to all exactly. the Bizarro the stuff, the so I, I went with that. But this doesn't piss me off uh, quite uh, to the Cuvier level, but it's up there. This one line makes the original run of Red Hood and the Outlaws and Red Hood Arsenal feel like they meant absolutely nothing. Yes, right after he says that, he acknowledges he he has known Dick, who he has had almost no page time with since the New 52 started, and Roy since he was young, but since he has come back to life. Bizarro's the first guy friend he has made. And that last part is kind of true, but to say that you are closer to him than any other guy you have met, the panel in question has been more or less the one time we have really seen them bonding outside of being in the field. Jason and Roy, we have seen them watch cartoons together, hang out at resorts, private tropical islands. When the, That was the crazy. When I think of the private tropical islands, it I was when that. basically Starfire says to Roy, you know, hey, you, you want to get bang? it on? Yeah, 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 it was crazy. Roy has been Jason's wingman. There is a lot of stuff there. I might have been more lenient in my opinion if this book was being written by someone who was not really written Jason before, but and correct me wrong if I'm wrong, Scott Liddell started the original New 52 Red Hood and the Outlaws run and Red Hood and Arsenal. That is correct. There is really no excuse. So yeah, I'm not happy about that. Anyway, have a great week, guys. Batman Beyond Mars. I, just, you, I you imagine it's one of those things that they had a falling out and Artemis doesn't know it. This is revisionist history. Yeah, yeah, I actually look, look, had look. more of a problem Artemis. about him pretty much saying he doesn't really belong in the Bat family. I know that that is, you say, the painting and all that, but and we've right had there. enough interaction with him and the other Robins that I think that they love him like a brother. Uh, Batman has the issue, and he doesn't even have the issue. They were having hamburgers earlier on in this series, Eric, and a man who breaks bread or hamburger together is a lifelong friend to me, right? Sure. 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 Have we ever broken bread together with hamburgers? I don't think, I don't think we, we have. have. I don't think we have. We've had a lot of uh, Taco tacos. Bell together. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we've broken tacos together. We've, we've yeah. broken shells together. We have had shells, but though you prefer uh, a soft shell taco, which drives me nuts, Eric. So there. I that dry unless it's a chicken soft taco, but a regular meat taco. I don't need that. I don't need a mini I can't burrito. Say that I you don't have I do to like tell both. me. I want a taco. I don't want a, a fucking wood. You know, a wannabe fucking burrito. Don't give me that shit. I do love burritos. I know you do. They have the double burrito now, and we couldn't. Uh, re- neither of us are eating fast food right chalupa. now. Our double chalupa. You're right, but neither of us are eating fast food at the nope. moment. So that sucks. It is Maybe lost I- in us. Maybe I will go and get that tonight, Eric. Maybe. I doubt it. I will. I doubt it as well. I won't. Uh, I think I'm going to have a baked potato tonight. You want to come over and have a baked potato? No, I'm good. 
A little, uh, you know, butter buds or whatever those fucking things are on. This oh, sucks. fuck are those? This fucking sucks. It's like that fake fucking butter that's just the the kind of the sprinkle on shit. Oh, okay. supposed I, to make you, I don't think I've ever had that. Fool you. That's a bunch of nonsense. But thanks, Mark. And the next yes, email thanks, is from Brandon. And Brandon says, sup, fellas. Sup, I Brandon. would start off this email saying, well, I don't have much to say this week, but those always end up being the longest emails in the end. Here in work, he says, Operation Say Nothing About Third Shift is so far successful. They will continue <laughs> nice. to not be brought up for as long as I'm alive and on work grounds. That's what you do. Just don't mention it. Nope. TV. Pickle Rick was one of the best episodes of Rick and Morty I've seen in a while. I did well, you not haven't agree. seen any episodes in a while. It's been fucking gone for a year and a half. Ooh, well, everybody was watching it yeah, when it was gone. Everybody sure caught was. up. But uh, yeah, I, I actually thought it was a little down. I know I'm the I liked only it a one. Lot. I just thought it was a little bit too much Rick. Uh, See, I, you know. I thought the episode before that, Rick Manting the Stone, was a little down from what we had for the yeah, first episode. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think the first episode of this third season that came out April Fool's was fucking spot on gem. Uh, but I'm actually down a little on these two uh, in general, but we'll see. As the show started, I thought we were just going to see Rickle, or Pickle Rick drift and blow to wherever he may. Oh boy, how wrong was I? I'm pretty sure the roommate thinks less of me for enjoying the show, but I'm certainly not taking TV advice from yeah, someone no, who watches Teen Mom. Way more reasons than Rick and yeah, Morty. Yeah, really. But she watches Teen Mom, Teen Mom on the reg. Oh, God. Teen Mom. Terrible. Yes. Comics. I like Tom King books, don't get me wrong, but I find the Tom King online fan club to be pretty insufferable, which stirs a hatred down deep in my belly. He's like the Tom Brady of DC Comics. What, fucking awesome? A gem? <laughs> a winner? Uh, at this point, everywhere I turn, I have to listen to everyone just saying how he's the greatest thing, which, again, makes me hate things I shouldn't. Now, Brandon, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to wait years and years from now, but it's going to end up like Gretzky. You are going to end up – the poor Brandon – not poor Brandon, but Brandon will be a 65-year-old man, and he will not be able to find anybody who will ever say that they ever hated Tom Brady. He will be looked at with such glee and stuff like a Gretzky. Now, you cannot find anybody that says, oh, man, Gretzky, I hated that guy. He was a pussy or all that. No, no, no. It's everybody. Oh, what? You mean the great one? The greatest of all time. You mean the goat? Yeah, yeah, the great one. And I'm telling you, being in Philadelphia, Gretzky would come into town and, and they'd pretty much get pitchforks and fucking, you know, fucking stakes and run to kill Torches, that motherfucker. Yeah. Torches, that's what I wanted to say. And I, I know. Think of it. But uh, yeah, that you, that's all you could hear is, uh, oh man, that asshole, oh, he needs protection. There's Dave Semenko there. I'd like to get him on a fucking street. But now you can't get that. So that's what'll happen. And Brandon will just be there with the fucking ear hunt. What? Tom Brady? He'll start yelling at people. I'll tell you about that Tom Brady. You know, he left a, his first girlfriend when she was pregnant. And you ever hear I, something called deflate gate? Yeah, yeah. You ever hear that? Spy gate? And they'll be like, I never heard of that. I don't know what you're talking about, old man. I don't know what you're talking about, old man. He's a gem. That guy's the greatest. And yeah, Brandon will be like kicking dirt and fucking punching walls as an old guy. And these youngins will be shaking a cane at people. Oh, God damn it. Yes. Now, I like Mr. Miracle just fine. I think it's a nice start to an interesting arc, but I wish everyone would stop with the mouth-hugging nonsense. Mouth-hugging. Best comic ever. Bullshit, he says. I just think of when I I read the reviews and I'm like, okay, and it's like, this is a comic, you know, this is we an excellent comic. Oh, my God, I, I couldn't take it. 
showed you this one review when we were done with Reggie last night that basically says, you know, redefines comics. And then the whole review is just a cut and paste of the goddamn solicit. Yep. What are these people doing? It makes me ashamed to consider myself a Werner. Eric, I don't want to piss on the campfire here, but this already feels a little been here done that if you've read Vision. So I just have a hard time jumping on that bandwagon right now. But yeah, Mr. Miracle 1 does a good job of making me want to read Mr. Miracle 2. However, Electric Boogaloo. However, I have to see one more tweet telling me to read his goddamn book. I'm going to throw my phone in the garbage disposal. That's that's tough, Eric. You can't do that at my house. Our garbage disposal broke last week. And I, uh, Tanya, she's actually, you know, behind the scenes, she's the one that works on equipment around oh, here. Yeah. So, but, but the problem is she, she never turns off the electric. So she starts working with live it's wires fun. and shit all around. And then she kind of gets halfway through and kind of bails. And now there's a live wire underneath our sink. I told the kids to, to stay away. Fuck. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, the death trap. It is. This is how my life is a death trap. Books, action. I expect a little bit of a Super League wrap-up of sorts, but we got a generic Superman title introducing us to Rob Williams writing the character. This is definitely the calm before the storm with all the Oz stuff coming up, but just a little disappointed to start with Alex versus Superman Punchfest. Did the art remind anyone else of Neil Adams? Yes. Yes. You didn't see this either. You and Brandon. Two peas in a podcast. Not a bad-looking Lois, by the way. Detective, good art. I enjoyed it overall, but I'm worried for the next one because this book has a huge consistency problem. I'm scared for the art we'll get. I'm scared for the story coming. I'm scared at the length it'll be, just like Erica's first night in prison. Also, why does the robot know to give Batman the answer to the one question he was most likely to ask the golden ball? We don't know. Red Hood. Well, I'm going to say it. Smart Bizarro is creeping the piss out of me, and I don't need any help in that department. Thank you very much. Slow-moving issue overall, but I'm excited to see a little more of this Smart Bizarro, but I definitely won't be sad when he's gone. Oh, you'll be sad. You will be. You will be. be. You You will will be. We need a few more teams for fantasy football. So let's go GFC. Whoop, whoop. Holler at me or Jim Will or Jim, and we'll set it up. I, I just holla, said, holla. I I gotta get wrong turn in this. We gotta get him involved. I'm gonna try to get him involved. I, he has a phone, can't oh, really fuck. read. You have no idea how to play. I'm this just gonna tell game. him. Listen, I, I I'm gonna ask him to to play. I don't want him to win, obviously. So what I'll tell him is just pick all the fucking San Francisco 49ers. He'll be the fucking worst oh, team in God. the league. It'll be the best. <laughs> I chance. Beamer and what we're going to talk about, or what him and Trevitt are going to talk about. Oh, they're going to talk San about San Francisco that. wins the fucking Super oh, Bowl. Yeah, it'd be the best, but yeah, <laughs> he wins the fantasy. T- everyone is a, a 49er. And then I say to him, listen, you can't have everybody on the same team, though. There are bye weeks. And he'd be like, what? Is, is that when they go bye byes? I yeah, got to yeah, go buy something? I got to buy to something. My, my brother in law says that How I got to buy the that? vapes. He says that's 20 monies. A freaking wrong turn. He isn't vaping now. Now he's oh. just smoking cigars. Right in my face again. He shit. blew him right in my goddamn face again. It's funny, too, because those cigars and the vape, the same thing downwind. They're just oh, sickening yeah, just sweet. Sickening sweet. Yeah. yeah. And he says to me, it's funny because the one he had was wine, like a wine-flavored Squisher Sweet or whatever the brand it was. And he's like, yeah, I like this berry drink. I'm like, what? 
Berry drink, because I look and it has on the thing, it has like a wine glass and berries next to it, you know, grapes. <laughs> and he's like, it's the you berry the drink. Jesus juice. Yeah, the berry drink it is, Jim. Does this rhyme? Actually, he never really says Jim to me. He just kind of talks to me, but I'm he does not sure say that Aaron. He knows your name. He may not. Now, let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. He's just got a little, I'll tell him, just, just uh, you know, grab a bunch of 49ers and you'll do just fine, wrong turn. Uh, but Trevitt and Brandon now are going to be talking generations, Gene Gray, number one. And in parentheses, Brandon wrote, God help me. <laughs> so that's what won. That was what the pick on Twitter was. So he's going to have to talk with that to Trevitt. We'll see what he thinks about it. They call her the Phoenix. She was the guardian of the fantastically powerful Enron crystal. Tech the crystal, she inhabited the body of Jean Grey. With her energy focused by Jean's empathic abilities, the Phoenix flew with the crystal into the burning heart of the sun. The Phoenix destroyed herself? No, it lived. After depositing the crystal in the sun, this primal force returned to Earth. There, a still-possessed Jean Grey was found by Professor Charles Xavier, her mentor and leader of the X-Men. How is it you know so much about these matters, Frost? What is the source of your information? Xavier's own computer. All right, welcome to the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. Trevitt, how we doing, man? Pretty good. And we're unfortunately talking about Generations. Gene Gray, number one today. Uh, so another one of these books, two weeks in a row. Um, I think, what are they coming out? Do they end in August? Because they start coming out multiple per week now after this one, right? Uh, um, no, because uh, there's... Uh, th- I've seen an ad in every Marvel September. book this week. Yeah, because Iron Man's coming out in September. Wolverine's next week. I know that. But... All right. Uh, yeah. Week. So this this is probably then leading all the way up to Legacy when that eventually comes out towards the end of September. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is like, I don't know really what to call it, kind of like placeholder series. Uh, just kind of like, you know, supposed to be filling in gaps and, and – we're gonna get into it here. Gene Gray Generations ended up beating out uh, Venom, verse number four. That was an old man Logan Venom verse story. I was mildly interested in, interested in, but uh, looks like it's getting shitty reviews. So I don't know if I'm going to end up checking that out or not. Um, and what was the other one? We threw up Captain America twenty five. Was that the other one we put up? Uh, for the Marvel Minute, I yeah. think it was something else. Hold on, let me. Uh, Inhumans, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, Once in Future Kings. Inhumans. So uh, that was the new Christopher Priest title. Um, and if you're interested in hearing a little bit about some of those books, uh, you can catch us on Marvel Madness. We'll be talking those later. Uh, but we're going to get into things here and, and let you know our, our deep thoughts on this book and, and if you should buy, borrow, or forget it altogether. Uh, not a bad creative team on the book. we got writer Colin Bunn. Uh, our team, R.B. Silva, uh, Andriano Benedetto, and Rain Barreto. Um, so, yeah, I guess I nailed all those. Uh, it's a Marvel <laughs> Comics book. 
Uh, we're going to get into our blurb here before we, we summarize this. Uh, in case you weren't fully informed about Generations, by the end of this issue, it's pretty clear in concept the direction this lineup is headed in. To me, it's a shameless cash grab to help supplement Marvel's comic book sales. Yep. However, the quality of the stories provided for $5 per issue is severely lacking an interesting through line between the books, and I've completely lost interest in anything titled Generations two issues in. So let's discuss Generations Jean Grey, or maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, this issue really uh, starts off. McKenna, I can't do this right now. You're just set it off to the side, and I'll be over in a little bit. She starts off with Jean Grey basically getting just zapped into this place like Hulk did last issue, Amadeus Chow, uh, w without much filling in on what's going on other than, yeah, they're in the vanishing point from the intro page again. Um, and instead of being Whatever in... That in, is. Yeah, I know. And instead of being in <laughs> just the middle of the desert fighting the army, she's transported to a... Uh, I don't know, like a, a rocky, cliffy beach looks pretty cool, like a vacation spot you'd want to be at. Uh, so she gets the better of the draw from the first two books anyway. Um, and because she's in her X-Men uniform, she quickly, you know, mentally at least it makes it appear to everyone that she's wearing some beach attire and starts wandering through. I don't know what she's looking for, really. There's just a whole bunch of narration that, by page five of this issue completely loses me. I'm like, enough of the goddamn narration and have the two characters like talk to each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so yeah, she does end up strolling along this beach and picking up some with somebody that, that is of course revealed to be the old school Jean Grey, really kind of like, you know, the animated cartoon Jean Grey that we all know and love the Phoenix. Uh, She's hanging out in some sexy black bikini, just reading a book on the beach. Gene uh, stumbles upon her and doesn't really want to say anything at first. Like, it's kind of just hanging out in the background, right? Uh, just thinking about the phoenix yeah, or what? what's going on with this phoenix splash page. That's she's, not really um, happening. That's just, like, in her mind, right? Or like Yeah, that's flashes of memories that she's taken from other people when she got to this time to learn about her future. And yeah. all the narration is just her explaining everything that's been happening in the Jean Grey title, like, you know, the Phoenix coming after her and whatnot. Yeah. So, so yeah, Jean is just, again, kind of hiding on the other Jean. So young Jean is hiding in the background of older Jean. Uh, when all of a sudden, dude with a chiseled body and a Speedo comes up to old Jean and, and like, is trying to hit on her. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm not really interested. In just trying to hang out alone. Uh, says adios to that dude. Basically turns around and reveals uh, to young Gene, like, hey, I know you're there. Like, stop hiding, you know? Um, I could feel your presence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get, like, a nice glimpse of side boob there from old Gene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see the page I'm on? Uh, yeah, nothing like a little Jean Grey side boob. <laughs> yeah, and and then they just start kind of having a chat. Like, so what happens here is young Jean is essentially overwhelmed. She's like, what do I say to her? What should I say? And she's like, all I want to know about is the Phoenix. And like verbally vomits just like 
questions that old Gene, like, what's it like? What do I do? What, what do you do? Uh, how do you control it? Uh, you know, just all this shit. Her rapid fire questioning. Yeah. Um, what are the capabilities? I don't know. What are the limitations? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I like the, the, the Superman reference. Is there like a radioactive rock that makes it weak? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I picked up on that. Uh, so yeah, then old Gene is just like refuses, not really refuses to answer any of the questions, but it's just like, this isn't the place to talk about this. And she's like, are you hungry? Let's go to lunch. <laughs> set on the, <laughs> like, I'm not making this. Up. So they go to lunch, lunch kind of chatting. And then young Gene basically starts saying like, Hey, are you going to answer my questions? And then old Gene basically says, while they're at lunch, this also isn't the place to talk about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's lonely because she thinks all the X-Men are dead. So, she, you know, her past self comes in and she's like, I have a friend. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, like, let's just go do things. I don't want to talk about serious stuff you're interested in. Uh, so then they go from lunch to a nightclub and, the, and they start dancing. Um, and then the creepy dude from the beach is, is kind of stalking the jeans at this point. Uh, we, we find out full panels that it's a master mastermind in disguise, not a mastermind, but mastermind is his name in disguise. And he, he was somebody from old school X-Men that fucked with Gene. Yeah. Uh, kind of really unleashed the dark Phoenix. Um, Surely on accident. Uh, so they kind of allude to that stuff here. Uh, I don't even really know if they notice him. Like, it's weird that they bring this dude up and mention it. And then she the does. next page, they, yeah, they blast off into space. And, like, it's a dropped point for the rest of the story. Like, this is the point of the story you think happened. But, no, it's, it's just, like, a pointless call out. It's a, I think it's a call out to give you a time and place of like when this is taking place in older Jean's life because yeah. he's the one who's responsible for her going all crazy and shit. Looney Tunes, yeah. But at the, at the same time, though, why can young Jean notice him and not older Jean? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, she can see through his disguise. You know, well, he, here's here's my big problem with this book, and we'll just get to it now because we're we're about to get to like you know the conflict in the issue here. Uh, like the, all they mentioned throughout the entire book is how badass old Gene is and the Phoenix is just unstoppable and the most powerful force in the galaxy. But at every point in the story, young Gene is the more powerful one. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. old Gene doesn't notice this dude who's about to ruin her life, but young Gene does. Um, they go flying into outer space, really for no reason at all, I guess, or maybe because the Phoenix feels she's being summoned the somewhere. Of yeah, I think she feels the present, and she wants to show her the full might of the Phoenix. But the one cool thing that she did was rearrange uh, Young Jean's molecule, uh, her the molecules of her uniform to turn it into a dress. <laughs> yeah, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, when they were going dancing. Yeah, yeah, because her telekinesis is that strong that she could, like, you know, rearrange molecules. Yeah, she did that like a couple that. times. When they went from the beach to lunch, she, like, changed into this white pullover thing. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, when they went to the nightclub, she changed both of them then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
kind of displaying her powers. Then she goes blasting into outer space with young Jean. And because she's the Phoenix, she's like got her in her power. So she doesn't need to breathe or anything in space. You know, they cover all that. They land on this strange planet with these little creepy alien dudes who are all running away from this incoming thunder and these loud sounds, which we've already said is revealed to be Terrorax, uh, who is the um, Herald of Galactus for this story and Galactus himself coming to, you know, destroy and eat the planet. Do what Galactus does, really. Silly. I love these little aliens. Yeah, they look like uh, they reminded me of rabbits without ears. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. I love that you can see the brains right through their heads. Yeah, yeah, that that's the one difference too. They're they're see through, and you just see their brain, like in a, kind of like all the same expression of terror on their faces. They're running away. Uh, so old Jean decides to, you know her power she whoops Terax ass and like just annihilates him and then uh because she does that to Terax Galactus takes notice to her she's too busy talking shit to Terax to notice Galactus is um kind of sneaking up on her which is weird to say because he's fucking like 9,000 feet tall uh <laughs> and then just kind of like they have a quick one-two, like Jean gets a blow in, and then Galactus absorbs it and punches her and really knocks her kind of out of the fight. And then young Jean just basically sucks everybody's energy and channels it into a blow that knocks Galactus out. I wasn't aware she could do that. that. <laughs> I didn't no, know. Not, a, uh, not one thing. Yeah, she's she like, summon. All the telekinetic energy, or, or, or like all the kinetic energy around her, to make herself more powerful. Like, yeah. What do you need the phoenix? Like, for old Jean can't <laughs> do this, or couldn't do this as the phoenix. You know what I'm? That's my biggest problem with it. Like, you are you are the most powerful person in the world. You get beat by Galactus, and then who has one tenth of the control and power that you supposedly have is able to to whoop his ass in one page, and because ass <laughs> whooped. He's like, oh, I respect you. We're going to leave, but don't get in our way again. <laughs> well, uh, that's plausible because that's pretty much, uh, you know, he has that relationship with Reed Richards. You know, he respects him, so yeah. he leaves the Earth alone. So it makes sense in that way. Yeah, but um, again, this is, if you are following Marvel continuity and, you know, been following the story since all new, all different, like all these generations issues, unquote vanishing point, just take place at a random place, random time in that character's history. So like Hulk was pre-General Ross being Red Hulk, like early, early days of Hulk. And this is, I don't know, not early days of Jean, like middle of Jean Grey's career uh, when she died essentially the first time from the Phoenix Force, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what is this, like the 80s of X-Men? Is it the early 80s or late 70s of X-Men history we're in? Like yeah. Scene right here. Yeah. So just when you think the story has ended and Galactus has left, we get another kind of like when the Watcher appears, freezes time, so he's just dealing with young Gene at this point. Now, there were some vague mentions to like young Gene throughout the narration of this issue, like conflict of if she should tell old Jean that she's about to like 
essentially. Okay. Um, so at this point, the watcher is like, you have a decision to make. Do you tell Jean was her shit and fuck, sh fuck up the world basically? <laughs> or <laughs> do you not tell her and just let things be and play out? And she's like, what should I pick? And he's like, I can't, I can't tell you what to pick. So she decides <laughs> not to tell Gene and then vanishes. And he's like, good choice, oh, basically. Right? <laughs> yeah. Somehow that and gave then him more control. And old Gene is all fine with this. Yeah. Old Gene is all fine with this. She's like, I will see you again someday, young Gene. And flies off in the end. <laughs> Anything I missed there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not really. Somehow it gives her more control over her destiny that she didn't tell Jean and change the future. I, whatever. I don't know. Colin yeah. Bunn did the best so he maybe, could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like the uh, cliff notes for the writers in these generations issues was have two characters meet from the most time in that character's history and say nothing, have a fight, end the story. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what the fuck okay. these, these books are. Uh, I don't want to be like a dick and and just like say we're not giving people the choice to uh, vote for these issues anymore. And maybe we will put one vote down the line. But I I think we've decided we're not going to put these in the vote anymore because they're no. hot trash and we don't want to read them <laughs> or be forced to read them any longer. This is like convergence level nonsense, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as far as buy, borrow, or forget goes, forget. Like, the art was definitely good. It had its moments, and some cool things happened artistically. But the story, really, through no fault of Colin Bunn's, uh, was just not very good. I wouldn't recommend at any point spending $5 on any of the Generations issues from the two that I've read so far. Unless you absolutely love everything about like these characters, and I'm a Spider-Man fan, and and I don't want to buy the Spider-Man one. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's yeah, it's yeah. come to that point. Uh, As I mentioned, Marco Rudy's doing the art. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a shame because like there's good creative teams on these, but even teams aren't putting out good issues. So you're you're just like I don't know what this is, and I'm not interested. So. It's a forget altogether for me. Um, I don't really have anything positive to say about it except art. <laughs> like uh, yeah. I like the art. It's really like just a I could do without wasting the twenty minutes of my life to read it. The cool Terry Dodson variant cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the the covers are cool, and I don't know if you flip through the pages, you can stare at some cool art, but don't read the story because it's it's just. Not worth it. What do you think? You got anything else to add? I mean, I don't know what to say about this uh, book. Well, I, I, I like the art. R.B. Silva does X-Men Gold, and I think his art here is, is better than it was in any of the issues he did for Gold. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that, and it seems to be a theme. Like, there's one thing that it does seem to be a theme of is that, like, Totally Awesome Hulk in his book He's dealing with the fact that he's becoming more of a rage beast, and he gets shifted back in time to, you know, face that fact, you know, that he's becoming that, and he gets the opportunity to talk to Bruce about it, basically. And then we have the Jean Grey story, 
where Jean, in her regular book, she's being hunted by the Phoenix. That's, you know, it's going to take her over, and she keeps, you know, every issue she's meeting up with somebody to train, like Thor teaches her how to battle, Psylocke is teaching her how to make kinetic weapons. Um, and I, I like that they touched on that story in this, you know, just like they did with Hulk, and, and I think it's going to be a running theme throughout. Maybe they'll do that with Wolverine, like whatever the characters are facing in their books right now. They're going to get some insight by meeting uh, a version of themselves or somebody else who held the mantle before them so they could like come to grips with whatever they're dealing with in their regular life. But at the same time, uh, it's not good. Like, <laughs> I appreciate what they're trying. I really appreciate what they're trying to do. It's just... It's not like it just seems so damn pointless because there's nothing here that couldn't be happening in their regular title. Uh, I I don't know. I, I gave it a shot this week. I bought this. Uh, I thought, you know, I love the Jean Grey book. I like Colin Bunn's X Men Blue. Let me give it a shot. I saw the RB Silvar. I flipped through at the comic book store and I was like, oh man, the fighting Galactus. This could be cool, but it wasn't. And I'd like to give the Wolverine one a shot because it's got Ramon Rosanis. It's Tom Taylor, but. From these two issues, I like Greg Pak, I like Colin Bunn, I found that even if it's a good creative team, it doesn't matter. It's just going to feel pointless, and it's, I like know. you said, it's a cash grab. It's a cash grab. It's a forget. Yeah, yeah it really is. Total um, forget. Yeah, yeah, the generate, I don't know. Like, I, I wanted, before this whole little mini event, I guess you could call it, kicked off, like, I was all on board for the Wolverine and the Spider-Man one. And the other ones, I was like, eh, you know, I'm just two different Captain Marvel ones. I'm good, you know, like like shit like that. So they had me for 10 bucks, you know, just reviewing these first two together. Uh, and, you know, there is a mild interest out there, it feels like, but substantially. But, like, it's just nothing I feel like continuing to entertain even for characters i enjoy so you no, know, no. And you know if you put it up they're all gonna everyone's gonna vote for it for some strange I reason know. even though they know these two issues were bad they're still yeah. voting for it like, yeah so so we're taking the right away from you um but next week <laughs> next week is a good week for marvel i have some hope uh we're, we're gonna throw up and we don't usually reveal what we're putting up there but there's ultimates to number 100 Sweet. uh the final issue of that series. Um, so some cool stuff should happen there. We're going to put that one up, I think. Spider-Man 2, number two, first book. So, you know, even though it was Bendis, uh, we all know I have a thing for not liking those books, but I'm interested in that. And maybe uh, maybe we'll put X-Men Blue number nine up there and please the, the people because they love... Uh, hearing about that one because that's one in the vote every time we put it up, so... Um, yeah, I love that book. Yeah, and it's been entertaining. We at least have fun. Uh, and me and Trevor want to have a good Marvel Minute next week, so <laughs> not have a book <laughs> where we want to blow our brains talking about. Um, Jesus we'll Christ, i got to talk about this. I know. I, know. I, I dreaded it all week. I almost wanted to just get it out of the way early and, and so we didn't have to waste our Sunday. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys are looking for us. We can be found on Twitter. Um, I'm at bmer three six six zero. Where are you at, Trevor? I'm at Afronetics. Uh, and again, you guys can find us on the Marvel Madness Comics podcast uh, that comes out Monday afternoon. Um, we'll we'll put that together tonight for you guys. Um, and until next week, party is over on our end. Uh, we'll holler at you then later. Peace. Peace.
My man, how you What's doing? What's wrong with Eric? you? I'm okay. What's going on? <laughs> you hear my voice? My voice is is tattered. Yeah, as they say. Uh, we're here in this section. I'd like to call this section the Flash Titans JLA section, Eric. It's good. It's uh, a good name. Uh, it, it's the Flash Titans JLA. How about that? Would that the be a good Jala. section? The Flash Titans JLA. You know what? Actually, if we got wrong turn to say, hey, say Flash Titans and JLA, he would do an amalgam of that as yeah, one word, and we would, would get what it would oh, be. I, I could, you could only imagine what would come from that. I, oh, I can only imagine, but yeah. We are here to talk about, actually in the order that we will talk about, it would be Flash JLA Titans. Flash JLA Titans. I can't tell you that I like any of these, Eric. <laughs> I kind of could. I, I kind of did like Titans. We'll get to that. That was uh, good enough, but still. It was okay. It was okay. Well, that's the thing. Well, Mike just sang, and are the books good, bad, or just okay? They're just I okay, Mike. Overall, this week, just okay. And, uh, you know, we've already had a couple books that we talked about, Eric. You know, those great old books that we talked about already, yeah. right? Wink, wink. Uh, but yeah, I, I've continued to be a little bit downtrodden with these books. I'm downtrodden Danny, Eric, as a character. Like I, I'm not ready like... to unveil that character. Good, you're, thank gonna, God. you're gonna have to wait for that one. Uh, in the meantime, we are gonna get right to these books, Eric. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Let's get it on, baby. Let's me and you get it on. Get it on, bang a gun. Flash man. number 28, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmen D.G. and DeMonico, Hi-Fi, and Steve Wands. The negative storyline kicks off with some recap, more recap, and a little recap. In between, oh, we recap. don't get much information about Barry's new negative Speed Force powers, leave Iris and Wally West behind, but find out that Barry's late for everything. This book is quickly heading to the bottom of my pile. Quickly, Eric. Quickly. I am so but upset. But not quick enough. No, but no. I, I'm telling. You, I am actually. This probably is the issue that infuriated me the most out of every issue that we'll talk about. And yeah, I'll have issues that I, you know, yell more about. But this one was one I actually thought, okay, now this flash, we're, we're past the button. We got rid of Reverse Flash, you know, that kind of kept going, and we're going to find out something new. It, it Actually, to me, this would be one of the first issues that I would say, boy, I hope that this is fresh because you have a new power. You have the negative yeah. speed force power. And I know uh, where you go from this, and I even talked about Repairman Jack, who, you know, on, on the side, he liked this issue a lot. Uh, but I wanted to see some stuff. This is one of those where at the end, I kind of were like, you know, where when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Because 
because everything that I wanted to see, they just kind of ran right by. They never really talked about or did anything with. And it really does start but right Jim, away. But Jim, you had to find out what happened during the last story arc. Yeah, well, yeah, this is definitely, if, if you are out there and you're like, I haven't read The Flash, yeah, I don't know that you have to bother. Just get and this. The thing, because the thing is, too, I don't even know about that because I had a shit ton of recap yeah, because we're trying to explain the negative speed force without explaining it. Yes. But well, that's the problem. That, is you're you're going freak- through this whole thing about, hey, we better let everybody know that he has the negative speed force, negative speed force, and then oh, they don't that? deal with it. And then they no. don't deal with it. And it's so infuriating. And me. on top of that, we have the Road Reavers and Shrapnel show up. And if you don't know the Flash or anything like that, these characters show up. Even if you do know the Flash, no, these characters you... show up fucking out of nowhere. Yeah, they do show just, up, up out of nowhere. The whole book they, over. they really do show up out of nowhere. Uh, you had the Road Reapers going, Eric. And you even have it right away where you, you get the idea they are Speed Force powered? I, I don't think so. That the problem is they have a lot of speed force around them. They have a lot of speed force, and I'm blaming if it isn't. I'm blaming Carmine's art because that's I, exactly you, you were telling me what like you know about this whole thing earlier in the week, and I, I got the idea. Okay, Jim's like oh, they got speed force bikes, like hot pursuit from the road to the flashpoint, yeah. and stuff like that, which I thought was a cool thing back in the day. I'm like, I get in this, I'm like, yeah, they got these bikes. I I can't say that they're speed yeah, force. Yeah, but what powered. would you say it is? Because I, I no it idea. definitely I, I has the lightning that usually goes with the flash in this book. There is a lightning that is surrounding them at all times. They are riding, they're going, and also they seem to be doing something very fast. They are, you know, robbing an armored car while it's driving. You know, there's some crazy shit going on well, there. I saw, I saw that in Fast and Furious. Yeah, but, uh, but this is something where you have these bikes and there's no explanation whatsoever. And Barry doesn't say anything about no. it being speed force, so you can't. You know, you can't think that it is, but yet it seems to point that way kind of because of what they're doing. But it just doesn't make sense. It, it, to me, then, it's a very big faux pas for Carmine I G.G. DeMonico. I because I'm you, I was going through this. I was trying to find this connection because, you know, you believed it. I'm like, all right, if, if Jim thought this, I'm like, I'm like, I can't come to any definitive conclusion except for what the art is doing. And even with the art, you know, it's it's this freaking, you know, the white lightning almost like we had with the future flashback in the New no. 52 when he came back. Like, he had this that whole aura no. around him like that. Besides for that, though, like, it doesn't seem like they're going all that fast. Well, they seem to be going. He's running, and he can only keep up with them, it seems. He goes past them, and then they're shooting. But all this is going on. Like I said, nothing's explained. So you have no idea what their power would be or what so these no, road nothing about the road are. reavers. No, nothing no. About and the so you speed have force. you have Barry there, which we want to know about the negative speed force, and instead he's giving you a background, you know, a recap of what happened with Thawne. You know, it, you do have to set this up a little for yeah. new readers. But then basically gets to the part where he's talking about his powers. He's like, you know, I don't really know how to control these. I'm like, well, what what do you mean control them? Because we've seen you actually just dissipate it off, so you can control it. But yeah. what does it do? Because it even seems to feed Hell, off you his were, anger. You were, you were even able to take Thawne's speed force power. You knew how to do that, but everything yeah. else is a goddamn mystery to you. And I'm telling you, at this one point when he's with the Road Reavers, like, you know, and he, he pulls the freaking, the, uh, the guards of the armored car, and he's like, you know, but this new negative speed force aura is unpredictable. Yeah. I had no idea what he meant because then, like, you, if you follow the panel progression, I didn't realize it was the freaking, you know, the uh, negative speed force that was flipping the goddamn armored truck over yeah, and then yeah, blowing yeah. it up. I'm like, 
I thought that was the Road Reavers. I'm like, what did you do for us? I'm like, yeah, what did he do? Yeah, I'm not what did he do? And also, the thing to me is, uh, it, he actually says that he got the negative speed force in the recap. He got the negative speed force, and that allowed him to suck the powers from Thawne. Yeah. Uh, not in a sexy way, Eric, but it, no. he did do that. Why then did nothing explode then? Like, these powers that are going on here, all of a sudden they're just so different from what little we saw going into this. Before he got Thon's powers, and then basically, like I said, he just it dissipated to a point where you didn't even think he had negative speed no. force powers anymore. You thought that they had gone away. And I so you it. have this, which he does again. At one point, he's just, you know, getting ready to go to work and says, I better walk. I don't want to, you know, destroy things. And it just, he, he can disappear. He can get it off. So why, what is he doing? Because we've seen that Barry really has an in with Star Labs. That's where Wally West is now. He is being healed at Star Labs. There is no, now you do have mean on the side with Black Hole and things like that. But from what we've led to believe that Star Labs is pretty on the up and up with Barry, yeah. uh, you know, with, with Flash. And and speedsters, why isn't he going right there? Why isn't he testing? They have a whole, you know, they have a research facility that they can test. Instead, he's just running around blowing up things and then saying, "Woo, these are unpredictable. Well, I'll have to you, get to that later. When I read this, I'm telling you, it really reminded me of another issue we'll talk about at the end of the podcast with the Supergirl issue this week because she has a problem with her powers as well where yeah. she can't control them like Barry doesn't know what he's doing as well. And there is a possibility that with these powers, since you can't control them, you are going to kill people. You're going to destroy shit. Yeah, yeah. Anything could happen. Yeah, so this should Why be priority. Why would you priority. go about your day-to-day -day life and put yeah. everybody in goddamn jeopardy? Yeah, this should be the be priority. I know what he said. You know, Joshua Williamson has avoided Barry being at work now for so long that it almost seems laughable that he says Barry has to get back to work because he doesn't want to know that, you know, he doesn't Again, want Singh to know same, he's... Same thing with Supergirl. When yeah. was the last time you saw her in class? Yeah, this is the problem, where in this... Why do this? We have not seen him. He didn't worry about it when he was in the button. He wasn't worrying about it. Now, all of a sudden, you have to get back to that, which, unfortunately, I have to say, you have negative speed force powers. You have Iris West pissed off. You have Wally West hurt. You have work. Yeah, work's about the stupidest thing in that whole, you know, menagerie. Yeah, I want to see the negative speed force. I don't want to see Barry get yelled at for being late to work no. again. no. And this is what, and also I don't want to see other people throwing shame at him about basically being late, being late all, all the, the time. time yeah. But yeah, he's doing this, and when then the Reavers go, he it's ends like Joshua up. Williamson, I get enough of this in my real life. I don't need yeah, to read really. the comic so book. So when about he it. does, he ends up going to get the bad guys and trying to save these guys in the armored car. Things are blowing up, and then he just turns around, and the whole city looks destroyed. I mean, it looks yeah. freaking destroyed. Though when we saw him going through, it didn't seem that much destruction. But he does say That's at a one hell point. Of a wake. Yeah, and at one point he says, like, hey, uh, I used to be able to phase, let bullets phase through me. Now they turn to ash before they make contact. And again, Barry, get yourself checked. You got to do a, this. Again, we had the negative speed force. Like I'm telling you, we had the concept thrown at us. Barry now has the negative speed force. You need to tell me about it. You need to show me at least something yeah. because when we have the speed force power, like we have other people who are affected by the speed force except for Barry. And when that happens, sometimes they're giving different powers besides for speed. We have seen this yeah. in the flash run so far. Now is, I don't know if I'm led to believe this is a different power set than Thawne, but why doesn't Thawne do this? If well, and know, that's, that's where Thawne? I even talked to repairman Jack and we were talking, I think that he's onto something that this is a combination of regular speed force and negative speed force. And it, okay, it was kind of, the, because it was blackness, like, aura yeah, that he and it was kind aura. of spelled out a little, the last issue when he did get that negative speed force that we just 
centered on the negative. When he went to touch Iris and it, it shocked her, it had yeah. that little shock. That might have been kind of the two forces working together against him because they never did say, and he doesn't say it here, that he has lost his regular speed no. force. It just seems that he has this negative speed force on top of him. It's also funny because he looks like a goddamn mummy or a zombie, a zombie. but nobody's even like, flash. hey, what's going on, Barry or Flash? You look bad. They're just like, hey, flash, man, Flash. Some sun, buddy. Yeah, man, Flash, you're destroying everything. You know, we're used to the villains destroying the, the place, but not you. And I'm like, these guys were driving an armored car and, and all this destruction. Wouldn't you think they'd think it was the motorcycles that did it? They go right on Flash. I did like the panel where he disappears and you just see Dude, that. I, I- that the negative last five speed minutes, force there. I'm just looking at that panel because yeah, it's, it's the cool. greatest panel in the book. No, it book, is. And that's I think the it's best in the book. He, I said in my zoomed, review. He fucking zooms off to go and back it just to leaves work, that negative speed. And it just speed. leaves that negative speed yeah. force flash symbol. Cool. And as he's zooming, I'm like, that's so cool. Does that mean something, Eric? No. I don't know. But yeah, he says, oh, I'm going to have to walk to work so I don't hurt anybody. Uh, also, just like I said earlier, I, I tried to, I was going to start saying that it does seem that his anger does fuel the negative speed force as well. So when he gets angry shit starts going wrong a bit as well but then he goes back to work and now you have recap again and it now it's about iris now she doesn't talk and then he goes to forest now like, you have to reintroduce forest because we haven't seen him and god knows how i long. forgot all about forest yeah and he's and I, there and he's like oh I, hey Barry. Is, like the whole thing is this whole thing with forest is a little bit too overblown for me because if i'm late for work and somebody wants to stop and talk i mean dude dude fuck off i gotta give yeah, back yeah. to my god but he even says he's like, like oh my god and it's all about him trying to sneak undercover so that Singh doesn't yell at him and like i said i don't think he's been at work for three months it really I, I seems just, that way i just want to know who keeps turning that goddamn coffee cup on the counter so it's right where the I panel know. needs to be it's so good world's best everybody boyfriend. every everywhere you go it's it's that fucking you know angle somebody's yeah. doing it it's the invisible shame it's somebody <laughs> shaming somebody. Yeah, you just keep seeing that world's best boy. The thing is, too, I don't know how Barry's seeing it because every angle we have, yeah. it's like away from him. And he just knows that that was his favorite cup. He can't drink coffee in that, that cup anymore. That was his anymore. cup. He it's shame. It's just sitting anymore. there. It's doing nothing. Just sitting there. Nobody has a best boyfriend now. I guess uh, it's paper cups for me. Yeah, really. He's there. He gets some coffee. And also, he wants to make sure he's not going to be late. And he stops for coffee. <laughs> What are you doing? He goes Dude, in and then Forrest is like. every day. I stop for coffee. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Forrest is like, hey, you know what? How you doing, Barry? I haven't seen you in a while. And he just wants to tell him his shoelaces are untied. I'm like, even the art there was so bad. Like, the shoelaces don't even seem like they are, like, 3D on that panel. They just look like lines. I, I just – I did not like the art in this issue. I have liked his art in the past, and we haven't had him on a book for – you know, he's been off and on with this book. Right. And now – this issue, I did not like his art at all. And it's one of those where all of a sudden it seemed like I put on glasses. I'm like, boy, it does not. Just starting with those motorcycles and not knowing what the hell's going on. If you have a book where you have Speed Force powers going willy-nilly and things like that, you can't have something that looks like a Speed Force power going on a motorcycle. And right. it just Even from then, I just didn't like it. Some of the, the character models are okay, uh, but in general, I didn't like it that much. But they go and then Singh does catch up to Barry. He takes a minute it's not that he's mad he didn't even notice that he was freaking late i don't know what he's doing he's a horrible boss because he's not very observant eric because like i I, when do you think i'm not even joking when do you think the last time like how long has it been since barry has been in work at at this book i I really don't know what it feel like months 
It like, feels like he must months. have a lot of vacation time. Maybe oh, I don't yeah. know. He keeps calling. It's the me. thing is, He's I like, like the you. idea that Barry Allen is a CSI like investigator, shit yeah. like that, like scientist. Him being at work does nothing for this book that you want to see. No, because even then, you have a guy and he comes up. Hey, here's the autopsy report on that ghastly Murray case, Alan. Hey, thanks, Ramsey. I'll take a look at that. And then you have Kristen come, who was the intern at the beginning of this, but became, you know, was hired as a regular CSI. Uh, to me, her workload is freaking out the wazoo because now, Barry I'm hasn't been there. This whole thing, though, with Kristen here, and when we get, like, Kristen and Barry Allen are brought in the Sings office yeah. with the other detectives and shit like that to be talked about, this evidence that's gone missing. This is a big deal. They have to be on the lowdown about it. Like, not lowdown, like, freaking down low about yeah, it. They yeah. try to keep, the, like, you know, internal affairs off of this whole thing so they yep. can try to keep things quiet and find out who's doing yeah, this evidence fast. is missing. And I, and I get the idea because Sing doesn't want this to get out because if it gets yeah. out, for some reason – he thinks that that would go back and allow all the cases that they solved already to be null and void. Doesn't make much sense. That doesn't make sense that after the case it's stolen, that does not really mean that. But that's what he says. He's afraid yes. of that. He's afraid that it's not tampered with before. I mean, these cases were already done it just because – evidence is stolen after the fact does not right. mean that the cases are going to be thrown out but that's what they're going to play with well but, I'm yeah, saying they, if anybody goes to do have another try on the evidence well no yeah if they oh the problem is if they go and appeal or something like that then they're fucked because they yeah. don't have the evidence but anymore I, I want to know from you we have this whole thing you know we're reintroduced to Kristen here which we haven't been to work in a while so no. we haven't seen Kristen so we have to no. be reintroduced to her here and when Singh brings her in and they talk about this friggin what, what the hell is that uh What's that case that freaking us Singh was working on? The Belladonna murder the case. The Belladonna murder and case. The freaking the blood samples have gone missing. He's like, and then Kristen's in the background. I never forget it. It was bloody. It was the, one of the first cases I helped on when I was an intern. Yeah. And this whole thing where Singh has brought these people in because he thinks he can trust them. It yep. really seems to me that since we're reintroduced to Kristen, this is her first case. And yeah. so like, you know, somebody's like messing with the evidence that CSI does. Kristen's gotta be the person. She's right? the one who's the perp. Yeah, yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, because she even, but dude, that was a slam dunk. What the hell's going on? But yeah, that was her first case as an intern. Now, in the meantime, like, she's working on a mind, lot of I'm cases. Say, all this stuff in my mind means that she has to be the freaking person yeah. uh, stealing evidence, right? Yeah, that, and, and even then, you? here's the thing. There's the ghastly Murray case that he gives, he's given the yep. evidence to, and she swoops in and grabs it, and she goes, I'll take that. She goes, mine. And then he's like, and she says exactly why I should be the one to go over them. And he's like, what the hell? And I do think you're right. I think that she's up to no good. Also, you know, I, I would trust Burns and Morrow with my life, Eric. I, I don't know that you don't know that, but Burns and Morrow, they're two of my favorites. I, I just like it, too. It's like this interplay between them, this back and forth. It's like, lab rats, gum shoes. I'm telling you, oh, I, I started freaking Tom King and the shit out of this book here, where the whole thing with Chris and him, I started having ideas. She's the one behind it. And then fucking that one guy, like, uh, detective comes up. I don't know if it's Burns or Morrow, because I don't know the yeah. names off the top of my head. Burns but, Morrow. I trust him with my life. Eh? But he comes in. So why is the turtle here? And like knocks Barry in the back. I'm like, yeah. you saying the turtle makes me think that you're going to become Barry's villain, the turtle, for some Ooh, reason now that you said that. That'd be cool. Yeah, and that's what it seems. And also the uh, the detectives in the uh, the Central City Police, they got to get better freaking nicknames. Like you're talking trash and you call Barry hey Allen there, the turtle. turtle. It's the turtle. How about the no-show? There he is. There's joke. fucking no-show. The turtle. <laughs> and then he's like, Barry's just like, huh? I didn't wear green today. No, it's because you never on time, Alan. <laughs> what the, what the hell poke. is going hey there, on here? Hey there, Rodriguez. Yeah, hey there. And I like it, too. 
It's say, yeah, really. You see that if you're one of the guys out in the main, you know, there's a bunch of people out in the, uh, you know, the detectives and all the yeah. other CSIs, and they're doing this. And I Sin, would say the bullpen, but I don't think. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say it, but I didn't know what to say. Now there is one weird looking dude that's looking in with those glasses. He's looking weird, but the the thing that I love yeah, you is can't like trust that guy. He was like, parents, Mara, Alan, Kristen, you get in here. And they go in. If there is somebody out there who knows that they're guilty of what they fucking sing, he closes the blinds. Then he peeks out. I mean, it's the worst. He's peeking out at them. That guy who's looking at them might as well be me. Because if I see this closed room kind of thing going down, you're going to look. Shouldn't be hanging out. And then I see them like, like, uh, you know, putting the blinds down so they can peek out into the bullpen. Like, there's something bad going down. So funny when he's peeking. But if you, I'm telling you, if you are not on the up and up, you get the fuck out of there now. They're peeking. (laughs) (laughs) The the blinds closing now. They're peeking. And uh, that guy does have glasses that look like yours. But yeah, they want to figure out how they're going to do this. Uh, And then that's when I'm going to say Burns. He starts popping pills there. I don't know which is Burns and Alan, actually. Oh, wait. Don't take a pill. Oh, that's Barry. Oh, jeez. I don't know which is Morrow, but yeah. I'm gonna say, you just, don't know which one's Burns or Alan. I'm like, I, I, know yeah, Burns no, and, I, I, don't, I don't know Burns, Burns and Morrow. You don't the, know the Alan? The best thing is I trust them so implicitly, Eric, that I don't need to know which is which. That uh, They have my back either way. And that's just how it is. But yeah, you have all this, and then Sing basically, we're going to get the whole thing. And it's it's going back to Mopey Barry Allen now. Like, oh man, I haven't talked to Iris. And that's when Sing's like, hey, you know, uh, Hartley had brunch with Iris. Oh man, what'd she say? And then he just says, listen, you're you're the greatest CSI guy we've ever dealt with. You know, you are a genius in the lab, my a friend. Gem. And, and a, a hot piece of ass in that suit, yeah. I might add. But the problem is, you don't show up. We don't know when you're going to go. What is your commitment to this job? But this is, again, this is like the same stuff. And it's like that my, we it's always like my get. job is talking to me. I don't need that in a comic. Well, this is – and this is where I thought where you have Barry then. He's starting to be a little more angry than normal Barry because he goes out and sits on the steps of the police department. He's like, if Sing only knew what I've done for the city, what I've done, what what I've sacrificed, yeah, it makes my like blood flash. No, that is not the flash. And that w- is where the negative speed force is fucking with him. And if there is a reverse flash plan throughout all of this, and it, it even led to him wanting to die, it was to get the negative speed force to change him into a shitty guy maybe and I'm telling you, i really wish as this was progressing they would have done something cool with the lettering or something like that because when you have the narration you do have the flash symbol there when it starts out you would think it would start getting a little negative i, I would start i would start coloring a bit of it black the further it went mm. along the, the angrier you, you got, would make a negative image with red lettering and white border eric like a a, a negative That's image terrible. No, I, I don't I, want that at all. I'm you, saying, don't like, you, you don't want that? You don't want that? It's blood. It's like red and white. No. You want black? You want a little... How about if the border got a little wonky? Because it does when he says it just makes my blood boil, Eric. You see that? It gets no, a little no, wavy. Really it does get a little it wavy a little, when he okay. says that. I, and maybe that's where now. they're getting at there, Eric Shea. Maybe. But yeah, there he is. There's Barry. He's like, all I I'm want to do you. is talk to Iris. And there they are. The Road Reapers show up again, Eric. I'm telling you, before we even get on to the Road Reapers, I just have this problem because this is the perfect opportunity. Singh says to Barry, look, if you can't be on this case, if your head's yeah. on the game, I'll get yeah, somebody say else. No. I, say I okay. understand. And you know you are fucked up, Barry. I know that you can tell me the negative speed force is making you think you can do whatever you can. You know, like you yeah. you can do everything. But please, 
Don't put anybody's lives in danger. Go and find out what's up with your goddamn powers. No, instead the Road Reapers come by. Uh, they're cocky, Eric. They're, they're cocky, he says. I like the one guy who has a very big mustache. It's like a cartoony, like a Yosemite Sam mustache. Makes me giggle. But yeah, he's going, and then he, there he is. He's like, listen, you know, earlier I was worried my powers put Central City in danger. Now I'm going to kick the ass out of these guys. And they're just going. And this is the finish line, Reapers. is going on. And that's where all of a sudden they see that he, they're actually running from someone who happens to be shrapnel and it is mark sheffer shrapnel he is actually chasing down the reapers and then in the meantime he's like hey thanks flash you know i was gonna chase them around you kind of stopped them now i'm gonna kill them and that's pretty much how and we get ends. this little you know really quick explanation which you didn't like i don't mind apparently because like when thon escaped prison to get us yeah, into the whole yeah, button just, i don't like he it. took the like during the pandemonium of that shrapnel escaped iron heights i'm like you know what i'll deal with it it's no not that i bad. won't I won't deal with it because when he escaped, we never had anything in this book about Barry going. The Flash would have been fully involved in going to get these guys. He's and, been in the 25th century, dude. And it ha- I'm telling you, it happened. He seemed to just kind of disappear and show up at the Batcave uh, in the button, and that's where it would have been. Why not deal with that instead of that stupid hockey game where you had Barry delayed? If that was a one-on-one thing, if it was he, you know, all of a sudden uh, Thawne came to be, he's like, oh my god, I remember everything, and went right off to the Batcave if he knew right. where it was. Uh, I would have liked the delay that Barry had not be to stop to try to save the guy at the fucking hockey game, have it be at this you know, prison break, which we've never heard Heard. We've now had a bunch of arcs since Thawne has escaped. Never once heard this. Never once no, heard never about was. anything. Why wouldn't the Flash be the one who was involved in trying to, you know, get these guys? Well, why he, he, didn't he Singh found out about it? But he never went to work. He never found out. No, that's the problem. Why didn't Why didn't you have an, a little thing before where Singh even mentions, you know, hey detectives, you're here, and they're like, yeah, you know, we've been pretty busy with the, you know, the cops have been busy around town trying to gather up those people. We've never had this. It's just thrown at us, right? At, I hear it that which makes me angry because it's only a reason to try to explain why shrapnel's out and it's very forced but i'll deal with it it's not like it ruined the book because i didn't like this whole issue no and, not. you know i i didn't like it at all and that's where shrapnel goes and it basically you have barry behind him like no and shrapnel goes and you know his pieces go flying off and kill the reapers yeah, but uh, the reapers in half. yeah yeah and in the meantime you know there you have it flash accomplice to murder no not no. really but we'll see what goes on we'll see what happens uh but yeah i i was disappointed with this for how much i was looking forward to seeing something new and seeing something with this book kind of going forward with something fresh uh since we have dealt a what lot what you with got Reverse was a Flash. lot of recap and you got yeah. some more mopey barry and i hate yeah that and shit. and uh, at the start of something that is not that interesting you still have mina out there which could be who you know, at the beginning, you do see Shrapnel talking on the phone and, you know, to go get the Reapers, it seems, at that point, and the Flash. But uh, maybe that is Mina, but I want I want to see that. That's a big storyline just hanging out there that Mina is in charge of Black Hole. So that's there. You have Iris that you can deal they, with. You have all of the this. shit out of us. We got the person who stole evidence. We got the fucking negative yeah. speed force. We have well, Shrapnel this out. Evidence we have the fucking thing. person behind Shrapnel. Yeah. We have the Reavers, Reapers. This evidence thing just is like adding more to uh, the stew that you don't need to add to. We have a lot of things, it's, especially the negative like speed force. This is almost like a Harley force. issue. 
Yeah, it does. I was thinking that too, but I gave it a 4.8. That's how much I was mad. I actually was going to give it a 5.1. I, I think it's a little better than a fuck you 5. You may disagree. Yeah. I think it is no, a little no, better no. than I, that. I, I would give it a 5.5 5 out of Well, 10. here's the thing. If we didn't have the fuck you 5, I probably would have given it a 5, and yeah. then I didn't even give it a 4.9. I went to a 4.8. <laughs> I, was so, I was just so angry that I sat there, and I after I did the review or, or started, I went back and I'm counting just the amount of pages that had recap in them and it's more than half the issue and i again i was talking to repairman jack repairman jack was talking about how basically he didn't think it was a lot of recap i'm like really it starts off full recap then when he goes to work recap then afterwards recap it just everywhere you go back to is recap but you say 5.5 Aaron. 5.5, 5.5, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm still not a huge fan of G, D. Germanico's art. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. There, there, that's there what are, kind of pulled me down. There are aspects of this that I really do like. They're like that one. Well, I'm telling you. I oh, yeah, I love that panel, panel for a long time. Sure there's different aspects. Even when he's thinking back at like where uh, Flash is fighting Thawne, and it's just that freaking yeah. like that that perverted-looking image of them doing yeah. it. That's a cool stylistic choice. It's that just, really I don't. I, I didn't like his art choice with the Reapers. Uh, mm-hmm. Shrapnel kind of looked a little shit. I, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't like it. It didn't do anything for me. The whole issue but just again, seemed very you, generic. The stories that are set up, like you know, all right, we're gonna have Barry go after Shrapnel. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. We're gonna have Barry, you know, take on who's ever stealing evidence. I'm okay with that. We had the negative speed force, which I really want to say. I'm okay. Yeah, with that. That's what we have I a lot want. of elements. I want to see that they aren't showing me. And I got really no. angry about that. But yeah. That, that was the I, there's problem. There's still enough here to keep me a bit interested. That's why I want to go five. Oh, yeah. I'm saying it's getting to a point though, that I've had, I'm starting to get to the oh, yeah. end of the line that I just, it just never this, I want to love the flesh. And even in this, now you're going to give him negative speed force powers that may turn him to be an asshole. That's fine with me. I want to see that. I don't want to see him working a case. I don't need that. I, this isn't Barry Allen's CSI, Eric, and it, it hasn't been. So nobody can be out there and say, well, Jim, you know, that's what you've been given. So how can, no, 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 you haven't. So to go back, it made me laugh out loud when he's like, I got to sneak back so that Singh doesn't say I'm, I'm late. Like, really? <laughs> Fucking three weeks late? <laughs> what are you, Eric Shea? What, did you just get like, the and, stick? And how many paddles did we take of, I mean, as pages even, of Barry sneaking into work? Yeah, for no reason. Just <laughs> to get coffee. And for, like, the whole thing with... Oh, Forrest, the, I'm so sorry. Something must happen to Forrest coming up, because there's no other reason you have to introduce him like that again, reason where you have just, that whole thing. This whole thing where Barry says, I don't have time to have water cooler talk with you today, and then feel bad. Man, I shouldn't have given Man, Forrest the business I, like I that. Shouldn't feel, I feel bad. Let's have some water cooler talk. Nah, I just wanted to tell you, you know. You, and they had that little setup of, like, their interaction because he's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you your laces are done. You know, I don't need you to entertain me. This is, you know, falling on your ass, Dick Van Dyke. But, yeah, we're going to move on now to another book, Eric, <laughs> that we were not so pleased with. Uh, here we are, Eric. Some big books this week, and we're going to pick Justice League of America. It begins ours. a new arc, and the one a big arc in my it mind. It is a it's, huge it, arc. It should be a big arc because we're go, finally getting our goddamn answers early yes. at the beginning of answers from uh, everything yeah. we had back in the beginning of Rebirth with the Rebirth special number one. Yeah, and seriously, the Justice League of America book, when it started, you have a lot of things going. You have Caitlin, you know, Killer Frost, Caitlin Snow, trying to figure out how she can stop her powers. You have, I don't know, what Lobo, what mis- mystery, mystery, goddamn what mystery job he's doing. And 
what yeah. he's going to get. You have the, uh, the Ray trying to figure out his way in the world, Eric, and, and you know, even the, all the other things. And Black Canary Black Canary. And just doing stuff that but they're really more of about. the social justice warriors, Eric. They're there. I think that their main thing, especially Black Canary, is to keep Batman under thumb, not under thumb, in check. To try keep to teach honest, Batman. That? That, or teach him a new way of doing things. But... Well, I'm leading in this convoluted way. Uh, Ryan Choi, his quest for Ray Palmer, this is why I wanted this book. This is yeah. why – really the only reason if I had been actually reading this and not just reviewing it you know, for our site and the podcast that I would have maybe maintained buying it because this is the story that I've been looking forward to. This is one of the things in the Rebirth special, the DC Universe Rebirth special that's kicked off all this Rebirth nonsense, Eric, that I thought was the most intriguing. I wanted to see what was going on, and I thought it was the neatest of, you know, you have the uh, Blue Beetle in there with Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes, where they're together working. I thought that this and was Dr. the... Fate. Yeah, and Dr. Faye. I just, just because the, the pairings, like this was the pairing of the, the uh, what's it called? The Adam. Ray Palmer uh, the and Adam. Ryan Choi. But uh, I liked it. So they didn't just have Ray Palmer and Ryan Choi, almost like the Blue Beetle book where they're helping each other. Uh, Ray disappeared. And the, the problem I have as we go forward and we get to points is when you had the Adam number one rebirth for this, the JLA rebirth before the series started, you got another version of that scene in the rebirth special. And then in this book, it even twists it a you little get a more. Third version. And, and it's it's starting to irritate me a little because I actually really, really like the first version where you had superior version yeah and when you had ray palmer going into the microverse discovering the microverse because he thought chronos was there fucking with the timeline trying to steal treasures and things and then he discovered the microverse but then when he got in there he got lost and needed ryan to come in and get him well it's been twisted around a little but still even so it's something that i've been looking forward to and something that we've talked on the side kind of saying like boy ryan is involved in all these other things you know he's going and fighting the king butcher eric <laughs> But in the meantime, his mentor is lost in the microverse, and it seemed like it was kind of a stretch for him I to be doing know anything. What Ryan but. finds the time to be doing the JLA hearing stuff, finding a cure for Caitlin's goddamn, you know, yeah. like frost vampirism, and also looking for Ray Palmer. Yeah, and that's what we kind of, in the background of all of this, we kind of thought of any of these that was kind of silly. It was silly for him to get involved. Now you say. I say that, but I understand, like, he must have thought, I'm going to need Batman, I'm going to need a team. But then you get to this issue, and they really spell out that he hasn't really talked to anybody about it. And then it really, really throws me off. And I just wanted to put that as a background for it all. So when we go into it, I don't blindside people by not really liking the story, Eric. I know that most people listening probably know I am such a huge fan of the JLA. Yeah, Jim Murner, he's a JLAer <laughs> all the way. Hey, he's a JLAer right off the bat. But you want to get. Get right into it, Eric. You want to strap it, it on and get right into that microverse. Well, this is Justice League of America number 12, written by Steve Orlando, art by Ivan Rice, Marcelo Maiano, and Clayton Cowles. The search for Ray Palmer is finally underway, and while I'm excited to get to the bottom of one of the biggest mysteries of Rebirth, why does it have to be in this book? Steve Orlando's dialogue and poor characterizations continue being the stumbling blocks to enjoying this title, and while Ivan Rice's art is usually great, it doesn't even fish this book up from the bottom for me. I think he was a little off. But I know we are dealing with the microverse, Eric. But why does this story feel so small? Ooh, I so see what you did there. So small, Eric. Going off right away on that Ivan Rice bit, I'm telling you, he used to be one of my favorite artists, especially when the New 52 began. And 
I want to say it was ever since the first Cyborg series of the at the end of the New Fifty Two started, mm-hmm. where he was on it. It has not been up to snuff it's in my mind. It's been a little off since. for you. Yeah, I, it shocks me because he was one of my favorites. He was on the Aquaman book in New Fifty Two with Jeff Johns. That run, yeah, it was awesome. Did a lot and of then, stuff with Jeff Johns. Yeah, and then I really didn't see. You know, he was here or there going on, and I haven't seen him much in Rebirth. I don't think we really have. And now he pops up, and I thought, okay, this is big. So this is, you know, Ivan Rice coming out of the the shadows to do this really makes this seem like okay, they're really counting on this being a big story. Not only that, but you said it was annoying you because they ha- they've been pushing this with ads in the actual comics this story and yet it, it just it just came up small to me but it starts off and you have to kind of i don't know if this is one of those where steve orlando is reintroducing the group so you know the team if people had just joined in but it starts in mammoth city new jersey at the heaven's undercarriage which is the bar that lobo has been in now and again he throughout keeps this going series. back to yeah he keeps going back so it's Fucking easy Black batman Canary's drug him out of this bar now batman's drug yeah him yeah out of this batman bar. shows up and, and the problem i have right away is you have first off batman just walks in it's kind of funny uh but in the meantime steve orlando and lobo he just thinks that he can just string words together as slang you know cesarean slang and that's gonna make the character yeah and it just it doesn't do it for me it just seems like nonsense that doesn't make the character just stringing words together but batman shows up he's like i knew i'd find you here or so this is where you go fragging right owner's my type of bastard. I'm like, you don't have to say bastard every fucking time he opens his mouth, Steve Orlando. But then it's weird, because I don't know what sexy time Lobo's been doing, because he says, <laughs> and I'm glad you came. Ain't got time to rub one out, so I thought I'd rub one in. I'm like, is, is he got his pants down under that table? Because I just want to know, like, why doesn't he have time to rub one out? Because I'm telling I you, I, I go to town, I'm, I'm in and out in fucking five minutes. I got this yeah, shit really? down to a teak because... Really? My girlfriend leaves the house to go down to the fucking corner store to pick up a pack of smokes and come back. I am fucking finishing cleaning up by the time she comes home. So, and that he says that, and I really don't know that Steve Orlando realizes what that means. I, I think that he's heard that, like, hey, I gotta rub one out, and he thinks it means drinking. I, I don't or... know what rub one in means. That's, I don't know if that's, he's Cesarean Eric, they have some crazy shit that they get down with, but then, yeah, Batman's like, the point, Lobo? And then he's like, basically, you promised me payment. I want it. I want it now. And that's when Batman's like, no, you know, pray I don't alter the deal any further when he says, no, no, no. A war's coming. And it's funny because he's like, I need you to win it. And it's funny because I think that Lobo would take that as just me. But, you know, he means as a team, as part yeah, of it. Yeah, but I just want to know how the payment has to do with not having time to rub one out. I don't know. And it, it doesn't. That's the thing is, I've always said with Steve Orlando's dialogue, when you say it out loud, it's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. It seems like people just say words and not listen to each other. Uh, but yeah, then Lobo out of nowhere is like, okay, so when we have this fight and this war, you're going to need me. And then just says, and finally find, after years of searching, the one place the main man can be happy. I'm like, at, what is at the going on of here? The beer? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it's because it's so weird to me that this whole thing is like fights coming, Lobo. I'm gonna need you. You know, I need you to help me win it and shit like that. And then just pushes the beer closer to Lobo. So like, I'm like, yeah, okay, Drink I, up, I see that. He's, pu- he's pushing at the Batman in the other scene. I'm like, for some reason, I didn't see that at first. I'm yeah, but it's still well, just like Batman weird. telling him to drink up. But because no, I, whole, I see what's yeah, going on now. But the whole scene is. 
Hey, what are you doing, Lobo? Well, I was going to jerk off a little, but then I decided to jerk in. Uh, instead of that, I want my payment. No, no, I need you in a fight. Okay, and then f- from years of searching, I'll, I'll be a happy man. Uh, what what just went on? Lobo. Like, what went on? Nothing happened. Like, Lobo is the worst negotiator. He didn't even say, like, whoa, 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 you know, you promised me this. Now you're adding this. You're going to have to add that. And it's just okay. So you go uh, off then. You go I off like the, beer. Yeah, yeah, basically that's it. He's drunk. Uh, you go off the Pacific Ocean. That's where you see Vixen. They're attacking a submarine that has Vixen's X in it with also Sharkman. Eric, like, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with this goddamn scene. <laughs> why know. it has to be like, I'm telling you, this whole thing is like, it looks like Vixen's ex has been freaking kidnapped by yeah, that's what it a, looks gr- like. a group of sharks, sharks. like people just like to Guys protect their sharks. sharks. Yeah. And Vixen and Black Canary have to say, but Black Canary's already on board. And that's then what Vixen I don't understand. Like, why is, why is Vixen turning into a whale to hit the sub when it looks like Vi- uh, Black Canary's already inside the sub trying to take over and things like that? And really what Vixen does doesn't seem to alter anything. It's no. just that Black Canary beats up everybody and then says, hey, your ex is here. Uh, should I feed him to the sharks? No, no, no. And there's even a weird deal where you have Vixen. She's like, uh, Black Canary says, I've got Williams, Mari, but there's a small shark army in here. And Vixen says, right, hold on to something and no biting. Okay. Good times. Okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> because then you go off to Pittsburgh and you have uh, Caitlin. You have Killer Frost there. And she's fighting Afterthought, Eric. And it's it's kind of funny. And if you were reading Midnighter, Steve Orlando's Midnighter, in the, the end of the New 52 in the DCYOU, Afterthought was a guy who showed up. And he was one of these guys. On the guys Suicide from, Squad. Yeah. And when he showed up, he would – yeah, yeah, he was. And he would – he was like pretty much the guy – built to go after Midnighter because the fight computer that was mentioned ad nauseum in that series, but really in that issue, it was terrible because Afterthought kept saying, oh, I think ahead of you, I think ahead of you, and it it all went, all of a sudden he shows up here, and I do think that it's one of those, Steve Orlando wanted a couple extra cents for his, because he's there. I'm saying, though, the whole thing, though, I don't understand because this guy, he, in my mind, he was had, like, the power of long shot from X-Men back in the day where he could see, like, six seconds into the future and shit like that, so he can anticipate anything you're doing because he's already seen it. Killer Frost seems like she's taking him out, no problem. Yeah, she does. And it's funny, though. It's like, stop. What do you want? And he says, forethought. And I actually think that maybe he's pointing out that something that happened in that Midnighter got rid of his power, possibly, because it's almost like he wants his power back. And that's why it doesn't happen. But then he disappears. Yeah. He's there because I've she says, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want? Forethought. And then there you have Ryan in Command Central talking. Frost, he's finally sweating. Do it. And then she just hits him with a blast, but then he disappears. But again, you get this weird dialogue with Caitlin. Sorry, distracted. Did it work? You're multitasking. Okay, I'm freezing that whiteboard. I never forgive you. God damn it. Just stop it. But he disappears. And that actually leads to what Caitlin seems to be in charge of doing going forward is to find out where Afterthought went. Uh, And it's such a weird idea because we have all this going on. And when things boil down to it, it's like, all right, we have this case still open. Like the Afterthought case. I'm like – yeah. What was yeah. he doing that really I don't know. The case? And that's what that's the problem is. Panels. Now all you get is he's in Pittsburgh and Caitlin's asking him what he wants. Like she just showed up. But like, if that's the case, why are you attacking him? If you I, say I'm, stop, what do you want? 
you know, what What happened if the guy was just going to get milk? Uh, you get nothing from this. Like you said, for nice him to blast. disappear and to be an open case, you, you got to give us something, Steve Orlando. Give us something of what's is, going it really on. It really worries me because while this whole hunt for Ray Palmer into the microverse should be a gigantic deal that we focus all our time on. Yeah, well, no, it's going to go back the and group forth. And says, yeah. Black Canary Vixen. I need you here because you were like, you know, you could take care of yourselves. We still have this friggin', you know, Caitlin's case in Pittsburgh yeah. still open. So if I'm just so afraid we're just going to jump I back. Know. To I'm with you. And it also just points out as well gonna that screw up the momentum of the entire story. And Steve Orlando has had a problem since the beginning of this book with dealing with the entire team. And that seems to be like the cop out of how he could get rid. Cause if you don't see, you know, Caitlin Vixen and, uh, what's uh black canary for two issues in a row we're not going to complain you know like we normally would but it's just like you said when they separated i was like really why would you do this this is the big thing and you you could even have batman say listen we're all going in the microverse oh what do you mean who's gonna watch yeah the justice league can take care of it i i called them they're gonna watch things while we're gone you know they'll they'll be at cyborg will be up there at the monitor he'll see what's going on but no it gets separated but before that you do have a little of the ray and he's hanging out with xenos watching old movies and it goes back and forth with almost like xenos like god you watch this old shit these old movies are crap and then ray's like no 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 these are classics uh you know this is all i had when i was trapped like a prisoner in my house and i'm like no please don't keep doing this whether his mom yes she has a new family but ray you were the one who fucking left left. her like five six years ago yeah he is the most unlikable character in all of dc comics right now if you ask me he is a whiny crybaby who is mad he's it's okay for him to leave but then when his mom just moves on from that you know, well, he it, oh, what was to me? Play the victim. Yeah, he is. He he is the victim, and he's doing this. But you have Xenos, who's there, which you even asked before. Uh, you would assume that they're becoming intimate, and I'm that's saying, fine. The but way it's they're he, like like uh, like snuggled yeah, up together yeah. on the couch watching this movie. You kind of think that they're in a relationship now, but it's never discussed. No, no. no, The whole thing with Xenos, I do like because he wants, he's like, listen, you got to get a hold of your mom. I'm not going to let you watch, you know, we can watch movies, uh, but I'm not going to forget what happened in Philadelphia. You got to get a hold of your mom. And he's like, no, no, I told you, I don't want to talk about that. And then that's when Xenos says, there'll be a price to pay for that stubbornness, Terrell. You'll see. I'm like, oh, she's going to die. There you go. And he's going to be wishing that he went back to say something now. Uh, that's when they get word from Ryan. Ryan wants to talk to everyone. He's uh, talked to every – everybody's got to get to the sanctuary. We're going to talk about this. And this is where he starts telling them about Ray Palmer. And he's like, hey, you know, I work with my physics professor, Ray Palmer. I work support in the field. He was the atom, and he's missing. And I just – to me, I know that you have to – rehash this i know that you have to have this for new readers and things like that but i don't like the way it's played out as if nobody in the group knows and I, they Bat- should all know in my opinion they you should all know. start out you know batman knows from the get-go that you know he went there to, he went to freaking ivy university looked for ray palmer found ryan Choi instead and was not about to take ryan Choi on until lobo said something so the whole idea of what happened to ray palmer had to have been a discussion yeah. at some point yeah. that i'm sure that batman discussed with black canary and vixen if nobody else and then yeah. ryan I'm sure he's told Caitlin. I'm sure he's told Ray. Yeah, it just like, seems, yeah, really. It seems so odd to me. Yeah, it seems very odd to me that this is like the first discussion. I, I said to you before we started recording, it's almost as if all of a sudden you're going to have Vixen like, wait a second, you're the Adam? 
Like the way he says it, I'm like, it, it just, do it all this time. again, I understand that you have to talk about it. You have to reintroduce the story as you go forward. But Steve Orlando just has the most heavy handed thing. And, and really to me, Ryan seems like such a sad sack here. He's like, I, I can't do this myself. I can't do I need my friends. Are you going to help me? Please. I can't do this alone. He keeps saying it. It's just annoying to me because I would say, wait a second. We've been here for a while. Why haven't you started doing this before? Now you can say he has has been in the background he's been trying to get the signal he finally did get it he's like last night i triangulated yeah. the signal ringing like up from deep the in the issue. microverse so he is going to help but he has to go and he's i can't go alone and this is where you also get weird dialogue because he says listen he went down into the microverse and he was betrayed that never was spelled out in either the rebirth special no. number one or the adam justice league of america adam number one rebirth where basically you get the idea that ray went in he got lost and does say the only thing he said was in the rebirth special is that when he got into the microverse he got lost you have to come find me the the you know the the what's it called the belt is tethered to mine and go in there but when you go to the first world somebody's gonna come and don't let them and then he gets cut off so you don't know but all of a sudden it's like this quick and easy someone betrayed him and that's where you get more hokey dialogue where you have this he's telling you we gotta go Vic, uh, Caitlin who basically Ray has done everything for her like he has put aside or Ryan I mean he has put aside all of this search for Ray Palmer to pretty much help Caitlin you said someone betrayed him we'd be going and blind Blind? Like they're already like upset about That's it. Weird. <laughs> and then it's like he said not to trust people there, Caitlin, but I trust you. What? All right. And and then then Canary says, "Do we know the microverse is real, Ryan? Did you see Ray's findings?" And I, where I emphasize is I in saw bold. a video fucking the right in the microverse and, when he said it to I, me. I would be like, oh, "What the fuck are you talking about? What what are you talking?" <laughs> so ridiculous that she says this and then batman just says ryan may not have proof not yet but ray palmer did we can we can't ignore that and then okay off we go and then they're like talking about it but it's just it's ridiculous it really seems like i don't understand i really don't and that's is that part of the powder keg that we've been getting that they still don't trust they everyone because each other's really judgment everything in this book I can tell you, I, I think you might agree, the person who's really gone out on a limb to really help everyone has been Ryan. Yeah. He has been helping Caitlin. He actually, at the point where they were going and fighting, you know, with Zeno's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Aegis. Who, Aegis, yeah. Uh, he went against the, the rules that they laid down to go and save the day. I mean, he's really done a lot, and they just seem to be like, ah, fuck it. But yeah, that's where Batman says, listen, we got to split up. Frost's attack in Pittsburgh, the might be on the mirror. They're all open cases. Canary Vixen, you have experience. You don't need me. Ray, you have the power. So they, they let them stay back, and everybody else is going to go into the microverse. And to get there, so since they I only have one belt. I imagine it's going to be this thing. We have the microverse where friggin' Vixen and Black Canary take care of friggin', you know, the Pittsburgh thing with the yeah. afterthought, and the Ray takes care of the mite behind the mirror. Yeah, I would think so. And it'll all just lead to that mom again. And we're going to find out. To me, we never, I'm telling you, you never really got a full-out explanation that that new family was a wish, even though I think they are going with it. But I would like that at the end. It wasn't a wish. He just got a new family because he went yeah, away. But it's been a while. Why couldn't yeah. she? So they go it's back and now, yeah. 
Yeah, really. She, she's out and about. But you go back and they're in, there's uh, Ryan and Caitlin are in the workshop, Eric. And they have the shrink ship is what they're going to go. And it's one of those where the belt that uh, Ryan has, the shrinking belt, uh, bio belt, there's only one. So obviously he can't just have him, though he seems to be able to make a shrink ship. I don't know why he can't make other belts. I, I really don't. It's if he a, can make a, a shrink ship. It's a white dwarf star energy. I, I don't think he can replicate. Well, he's going to do that. Well, even if you add tethered belts belts to him because basically that ship is just that anyway but it's yeah. fine because you have like the fantastic journey thing going with a, a shrinking ship which is cool but this dialogue is I awful like there's inner space yeah well inner space i really liked as well meg ryan was <laughs> actually hot in that eric uh you had caitlin Says she's you. like she's hey, really uh caitlin sees this ship and she goes you design this and then Ryan says, Professor Palmer drafted the pan- plans, Caitlin. It should get everyone to the microverse without bio belts. And then Caitlin says back, well, these schematics are impossible. The dimensions are way off. And then he says, trust me on that one. <laughs> you just said that the thing's a piece of shit. You just <laughs> said the dimensions are way off. Trust me on that one. I like the as you read this. Shrinking science, Jim. Yeah, that's a sentence. Shrinking science. Trust me on that one. Shrinking science. There aren't any more bio belts, but the whole ship runs on the white dwarf star material. And mine, if we can get it working. So then Lobo comes in and basically says, hey, wondered when you were going to call the main man. And they're like, Lobo. And that's where it, this is way off. He says, we need your help. Frost and I have been working on the shrink ship's universal drive for days. I, I see one panel above with Lobo in the doorway where it seems like Caitlin is just looking at the shrink ship it doesn't have anything hey, hey, like Ray, they've been I know working, been working on, on this for days but you designed this yeah yeah you just they're way off the dimensions no it, it seems like she has just arrived in this plus you just had him explain all this if he's been working on it for days with them just so stupid it just doesn't make sense no and lobo's like yeah bastages would be fragged on a daily basis without me oh that lobo there he is. And then you have <laughs> you have days later. It's just so ridiculous. And that, then you have the whole team, and they're basically going to stand I can around. See, I'm telling you, this seems like it could be out of sync, where, you know, we have this thing where, you know, say Lobo's not in the doorway. It's fucking yeah. Ryan and Caitlin talking. And then and days then later. Go, days later, yeah. hey, it t- it's about time you called me in, because, yeah. oh, me and Caitlin have been working on this for that days. That makes sense. That makes sense. He's in the doorway. She looks like she just walked in here after Ryan had just told them what they were going to do in there. Huh, trust me on that. And then Lobo shows up, oh, we've been working for days. And maybe he was he was upset and didn't want to let Lobo know that he's been working on days. What what it actually it is. He's trying to make Caitlyn sound more important yeah. than she actually No, is. he's making Caitlyn look stupid. She's the one holding him back. He's like, oh, me and Caitlyn, we've been working on days. Wink, wink. You know ladies in the workshop. Uh, but yeah, Lobo's like, I've been working on verse Trip. drives since shop class. And well, well, why didn't he get him right away? But you have the shrink ship. Batman shows up and it's more of a back and forth of, is this going to work? Yeah, I hope it works. You don't sound very confident. I hope it works. You don't sound confident. It'll work. And, and you just and then Batman basically just says, enough. Risk is part of the job. Do it, Ryan. I like he just like listen, guys. We may die here, but fuck it. Let's go. Hey, Batman. Maybe you, you, know, you being the world's greatest detective, and you want like maybe I like you to should think look one of the at smartest it. people in the DCU. No. 
Maybe you better make sure this fucking yeah, works yeah, before maybe you, you leave the goddamn hold of... city and the world yeah. unprotected because you kill like fucking three or four goddamn superheroes with this one goddamn yeah, trip. Yeah, just maybe take this by Lex. Maybe go to Ted Court. Maybe stuff like that. Check it out. Just, but, yeah. just anything. Just don't yeah. say, you know, no risk, no reward. Get yeah, the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah, no risk, no reward. And uh, if we die, what the fuck? Batman's suicidal still. But yeah, okay. they're going to go in and it does shrink down. And this is where I really don't like the art because you have a really cool thing and yeah you are with me i think in this where the fantastic journey and all that stuff is really it's such a a fantastic voyage it's such a cool concept so even the concept of them shrinking down to the ship but basically ryan touches his belt and then they're in the ship and that's it. And then they're going to go. And you don't get any wow factor at all from these panel. Tr- you know, from one panel to the next, you don't get a, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. It's just I, basically. I, I think it's awfully weird that, you know, he only has one bio belt and he can't shrink them all down until he can until get them he into does. the ship. Yeah, until he shrinks them into the ship. Also, that they pretty much phase through fucking material because they're not in the, you know, you would have thought that they would have had a full size ship that then gets fully shrunken down. Yes. But it starts as a small ship that somehow they get transported into it. Like you said, why use the ship now? Because you obviously just showed that the bio belt could shrink everyone down. It it doesn't make sense. It's stupid. Uh, I like the idea of the shrink ship, but it's way off. And you don't have a wow factor. It's a fun concept to tell you. Like Fantastic Voyage, Interspace, we both like those movies because it's a fun concept. It's half the reason that Ray Palmer as the Atom, you know, it's such he doesn't a cool have deal. the greatest power set there is because no. he shrinks down. He has some pretty cool adventures, though, because of this. Yes, yeah, uh, and you don't get that here. You just – they shrink down when they shouldn't, and then they – from three panels, they blast off, right? They start shrinking, blast off. You don't even get a concept of really what that means. He just hits the panel. You get the idea they're not really flying. They would be no, shrinking, it is, it is but, it looks like that, but it looks like it's supposed to be them flying. Uh, and then when they shrink down, they get blasted by a laser blast at one point. Well, but not, even not then, that, you, I just want to know, like, hold on, we're crossing the first yeah. quantum barrier. No, and we're there, the microverse. Yeah, like, why did that's you say it. the first if we're already there yeah. after the first? And even with that, you don't really get any sort of fun. You don't ever get like a a wow factor of fun. You even see at the one point he's kind of going in a gyroscope type of thing that seems to be going. That seems really cool. You you barely see that. And then like you said, it's just announced. Welcome to the microverse. Boom. And it's a cool panel. What about about the other barriers? Because if you're going to tell me we're crossing about to cross the first barrier, that leads me to believe we're going to have many barriers until we get to the microverse. Is the first barrier the one where Ray told Ryan, hey, you're going to get to this first planet, but they don't spell this it out because world, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Why would that be a barrier that gets to a world? Then you go to another barrier and get to another saying, world. I don't like, understand. You know, how many? Like, do we get beyond the microverse? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thing, saying. It we doesn't make sense. Barriers to a certain point in the whole shrinking idea yeah. to get to the microverse itself. You have to like in my just this is me alone. I don't know if I'm I'm right or I wrong about this, but to get to this other. Verse this microverse, you'd have to cross these goddamn these giant like you know, gulfs of yeah. size because the atom he's only he's only ever done this once it seems like to cross into the microverse yeah. in this continuity and actually I think all continuities I think we've never really crossed the microverse yeah, the in the comics before yes. but um it just happens oh well you know like all of a sudden 
and we shrunk down and we're here. Like, yeah, oh, you that, get nothing. And also, I, I just want to, uh, you know, remind everybody, if you're not reading the book or whatnot, the microverse, the reason Ray went in again was because he thought somebody was messing with the timeline. So this is yeah, more course. about the timeline than an actual, like, place. Like, you know and what I one, mean? This the one is, bit of The one bit of, uh, like, you know, well, that's the thing. No, it's, the, it's, it's a place. It's where, a place. You know, but what I'm saying, they're going in because reality are yes, freaking created here. it can alter the timeline. But I think yeah. it gets confused in this because once you get there, you're basically on a planet, it looks. And I think people are going to lose track of why they're even there. They are there to find Ray. But in the meantime, Ray was there because he felt, you know, he discovered Somebody an anomaly. The timeline. Yeah. yeah. So they were going in. And even, like I said earlier, while they go and they cross the first barrier, Eric, they get shot by a blast, a laser blast. And even then, I'd be like, the fuck is going on? Because I really, my first question would be like, why, what is going on? I didn't think there was that many more people here or what's going on. But they're just like, oh my God, we're going to crash. They crash and then they kick themselves out. And it's like, Batman's like, welcome to the multi, uh, the microverse. I'm like, what is going on? Because they're there. How do they know? Because basically Lobo says, how do we know we're here? How do we know this is the fragging microverse? And Batman says, or actually Ryan says, look around, Lobo. Look at, at the sky. This is it. And you look at the sky. I, I couldn't tell that that's the microverse, You know, red right? sky means microverse. Yeah, Jim. red sky and a, and a couple planets in the distance. I don't know that that would be the microverse, but he says that's it. And then, God help us, it's your lead, kid. And then they just are going and basically get attacked. They're, they're talking about it. All Ryan keeps saying is, oh, I'm getting a signal. I'm getting a signal. I'm going. They get attacked by these guys who talk about the decay and things. And you, you get the idea. They are there ripping apart the timeline. The timeline, the microverse is being torn about almost like the, you know, I don't know. But I, what, I just want to know what unusual shrinking means. Yeah, because, because when they, he, yeah, as we're going yeah. through, he has the, the belt and it's tethered to freaking Ray Palmer's belt. So he's he's like you know listening for the pings yes. for the goddamn tracking yep. or whatnot. He's like, we're way beyond my bio belt's design specs. Any more unusual shrinking could rupture its white dwarf yeah. core. I'm like. How much more unusual yep. shrinking would you have to do? Because yeah. you're already in the microverse. And, and that's now, the if, weird, you're tell, yeah. if we're gonna say the first barrier, we're, like and that makes me think that maybe down the line we yeah. may go to other barriers but within the microverse. But what's unusual shrinking? Like I, is no, that? I'm saying what and, they and, just did right now is unusual shrinking. No, here's the the what you get. Number one, like why wouldn't that mean something's gonna blow up if you do unusual, you know, growing? When you go yeah. back, because it, so that would be a problem. But all that seems to me is that is a very forced, you know, foreshadowing of some time that they're going to have to do unusual shrinking, which I, I don't know what that is. But yeah, they, they all seem to be having a grand old time. And, and they're you fucking have, marooned here, too, because yeah. the goddamn shrink yeah, ship that, is now destroyed. And, and they don't even really push that much. No. It's just like they're like, okay, let's go find Ryan uh, or Ray, and they're going. And I, I, this book with the Ray, Ray, and Ryan just drives me insane. But they're going, and he gets the, the signal, and he's got, and they get attacked. Like I said, they get attacked by these guys. They have armor on. They're going at it. You have Lobo Which fighting Which Batman them. recognizes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just out of <laughs> passing, he has this yep. gigantic fight. He wants the Ray. Uh, the I'm going to do it now. The Ray. Uh, he wants Ryan yeah. to figure out who these guys are before they hit the ground. Before they hit I the ground. How, yeah. I don't know how Ryan's supposed to figure this shit out. And once all the fighting is over, Batman just looks at the armor. 
I recognize that armor. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. We don't get yeah. any more discussion. I'm like, why wouldn't you tell us? Why don't you and tell it, anybody about this? And it's crazy. And I get the idea what Steve Orlando's doing. It's kind of a little funny. While everybody's getting blasted by these guys, Ryan is just running past. It's moving faster by the second. He's going with the you know the, the pinging of that. Uh, while they go and all these guys are kind of setting up their last stand against Batman and the team. And all of a sudden they get shot from behind. And you're like, and, and the art to me was way off of that because I didn't understand what was going on because of the way this battle was going yeah. all of a sudden they kind of get hit from behind and Ryan says with this you know the bio belt signal it stopped moving don't you see it stopped right here and that's when Caitlin's like bio belt you said there were only two Ryan I'm like you stupid <laughs> you idiot and they're like there's a big guy you know and he's coming and they're like are you saying you know this person and Ryan says I think maybe we all do now it's right now, now look- It's so weird to me because these people are getting shot. Nobody seems to really notice this guy at first who's standing. I realize now that's like who Batman recognizes. Yeah, Batman recognizes that suit or that symbol. That's one of the things I actually fucked this up because when I first read this. I thought he was talking about the soldiers But it's because the, the art and the progression of the panels is terrible. Because it looks like Batman's talking about the guys who are laying at his feet. And that's the thing is I realized that, like, again, when I read through it again, I'm like, oh, no, he's talking about that. So for some reason, though, when I decided to talk to you about it, all of a sudden I'm back to my original idea, which is yeah, completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but even so, that's what happens. They, they're they getting attacked by these guys. Doesn't ever seem like they're about to get killed by them, though, right? Like, you would think, because it does seem to be that the cliffhanger is that Ray Palmer has shown up and saved them, but he's, yeah. he's a little different. You don't see his face, so I don't know that it is Ray Palmer. And you did have well, that whole thing from Rebirth is the, the first, first person who shows me, up yeah. is going to tell you, and I think it's going to be tell you that he's me. He's not. That's He's not, not me. You got to keep going deeper. Uh, obviously, it can't be that they found Ray Palmer in the first goddamn issue. But in the meantime, it's just the progression and what's going on. Just it's it's just not good. It really I do isn't. Like one, and, I do like one thing. Actually, it's two things. It's two lines of dialogue, and this one when Ryan's talking about you know to the rest of the group about how you know the microverse he went down into this because there was something wrong fundamentally with the fucking yeah, yeah. building box reality. I like that. And then when we yeah. have these soldiers here, when like you know the soldier looks they up and sees who might be and- Ray Palmer, he's like you. You think that you and these intruders can stop the decay? Yeah. This universe is broken beyond repair. We're all dead already. The null hastens the end, so we may be born again, like again from nothing. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I like I, that. I want to see I where like that. that goes. Yeah, I want to see what's going on. I want to see what this guy claims he is, if he's what, whatever. Because when you don't see his face, you're like, okay. And it's a cool outfit. Uh, but in the meantime we're done and it really seemed very small to me like the the coolness of it was taken away there was no fun factor at all there was no wow factor where you're having you know batman and ryan and the rest of the team going into a place that they've never been and people have never been and you don't even get like this whole thing like boy this is something that people are going to look back at you know years from now and go remember that story when they finally went in the microverse and things like that i barely knew what was going on and really Really didn't care because everything was too quick. Like you said, the first barriers just thrown out there. Then yeah. they get shot. Then they crash land. They get out and there's a planet. And even have somebody like 
boy, I wasn't thinking the microverse would be a planet, and then have Ryan explain something. Well, Ray postulated that this, this, and this. It just seems like where we had in the New 52 when the, the savage lands of the Speed Force. That's what it right. seems like to me. And even then was something that could have been cool and never was. It just I, I don't get what he thinks people would get from this. It's almost like he's just rushing to the end in a story that they're pushing as something as as big as everything else we've gotten in Rebirth, and I don't think it is as big, and it kind of suffers because of that. Uh, I'm looking any at the, other? the design. Yeah, I'm just looking at the design here of the Ray Palmer look. It's it's very similar to. It's almost like a cross between like the sword, like the savage. What the hell was it? The sword, the savage sword of the Adam. I think it was of yeah, old okay. stuff. But it also looks like the Indigo Tribe Adam a little bit. You know, even yeah, though he's does. not bare chested, but just that big belt he has on him, like that looks very familiar. I just had to go and look that up real fast because. Nah, and it, it looks like I, a I WWE playing, belt. Yeah, it looks like going. an amalgam of a bunch of different atoms. Yeah, but we've that's had the past. thing. You say that, but so why does Batman recognize that uniform? I don't like, know. Where, where are they pointing that, at? That little bit of red that's underneath the freaking like, I don't what, know. That, yeah, that, it's that, just, just that. I recognize that uniform. No, no, it looks a little different, but we'll see and we'll see how it goes. But I, I was disappointed with this, uh, though I'll tell you. Not as disappointed as other issues of JLA. This actually, no. to me, was a better issue of JLA, just not a great issue overall uh, compared to other things. It, it, and just, it really got bogged down by the recap that if you've been yeah. reading the series and even the freaking, you know, the the prelude issue, the, like rebirth issues that led up to the series, you knew all of this already. So it's just, like bogged down, like, you know, yeah. longtime readers with all the stuff that you already know. And like, you just want to get to the microverse. You want to find the atom because that's what this arc is promising. And when yep. we have to spend half the issue talking about it and this being yeah. reintroduced to the team that we already know, it's very frustrating. Yeah, and I gave it a 6 out of 10. I, like I said, I liked it a little more. We're getting, uh, you know, Ray, the search for Ray, which I really wanted. Uh, like you said, I'm a little intrigued by those guys yelling about the decay and how they're not going to be able and to the stop null it. And the, shit like yeah, that. And I'm like, yeah, that. you know what? And I want to see about that because, like, you know, Ray went down because he realized something was wrong with the timeline. From everything that we've seen, you know, through the New 52 into Rebirth here – we know that the timeline and the universe itself, the reality is fucked up from what it was yeah. before. So like this, this whole universe is broken. This guy's talking about this. Like if they're going to know about this whole thing being fucked up the, from the timeline down, this is the first place you would realize it because this is where you could go and yeah. fuck with things. Yeah. So this is big. I mean, this should be really big. And it just, to me, it felt a bit small. Uh, and it might have been the fact that you kind of went from them talking about the impossible schematics of the shrink ship to three pages later landing in the microverse. You never really got that whole, like, how cool this should be or how hard it should be or how tough. Basically, uh, Ryan just does it. He does it yeah. because he has the shrink ship, and it just seemed too quick. It really did. Uh, what would you give it? I think I'd give it a six out of ten as well, okay. begrudgingly, because like I'm saying, there are cool concepts in this that I yeah. really want to explore. I just think it's not it's gonna be lost down the line because Steve Orlando is writing too. it. Um but this whole idea, you know, like we I can understand the whole idea about having to rehash the things that I'm I'm complaining about for new readers because DC has been pushing in their goddamn audio before the book starts. You know, yeah. the hunt for Ray Palmer begins here. It's a big deal that they're really trying to push in all the comics. So you're going to have new readers jump on. You and need why to have didn't, why didn't they call it the hunt for Ray Palmer? Why do they call it panic in the microverse? Because why? I, I don't know. I saw that till I'm like, why didn't you stick with what's on the goddamn, yeah. you know, the previews? Yeah. But I don't know. The art's okay. I, there's a lot of concepts here that I do like, but it gets yeah, bogged down with the stuff I said. It. It's like I, it's a double-edged story for me. Well, you know he's you not going to do getting, it. No, I'm saying under, I understand that you need to get new readers on, but being a long-time yeah. reader, it's very frustrating. So that's the double-edged sword. 
I don't know. Going forward, there are aspects I'm into, yeah. and it's just not Maybe a great issue together. for how it was presented. No, I agree. I agree fully. Hooey! JLA, Eric. Look at that, JLA. I'd like to call it JLA. JLA, JLA, I'd like to call it canceled, but that's not going to happen. I'd like to call it new creative team, Eric. No, I'm just going with canceled. Fuck that. Canceled. You'll go with canceled. Hey, I don't need that team. It's the search for Ray, the hunt for Ray Palmer, but it's not. No. It's not. It's Panic in the Microverse, which I believe might be an emo band from the fucking 90s, Eric. I think. And if it's not, I think we should start it. We're going to say we've been around from the late 90s. Yep. There it is. It's pan- I think Panic at the Disco might have a little bit of a problem with I us, but I say fuck. fuck them. I don't care yeah, about them. <laughs> what have you done for me lately, Panic at the Disco? That disco's closed, Eric. We opened our new one, Panic at the Microverse. Ay, ay, ay. What are we doing, Eric? What is this book? Tell me what we're going to talk about next. Titans number 14, written by Dan Abner with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratman, Andrew Dollhouse, and Josh Reed. The Titans fight to save Manhattan's pizza supply from the Trident 3 while they also wait for the test results to find out which one of them is the Hive traitor. With that, we have more forced drama that really takes the friendship and family feel away from this book, even though that's what originally made the book decent in the first place. And in the end, we find out that Nightwing has been the traitor all along and deletes their test results to continue his ruse. Very good, Eric. Uh, and better, I, I think. Am I the only? Maybe. Yeah, it only takes a little, right? It only takes a little. You finally get around to it. Three years almost. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know about you, but you're more in tune with this book anyway. So you'll probably think I'm ridiculous. But when it opened up, I didn't know what the hell. I thought I missed a half an issue of some sort because it starts off and you have Garth fighting this trio. And I thought, boy, like, what's going on? Like, why don't I know who they are or what they're doing? Not only that, but they're fighting at the Pizza Fish Wholesale Cold Storage. And, like, you know, Brett Booth has really been peppering the issues with this whole Pizza Fish thing. If he can marry an even when he did an issue or two. He yeah. even made sure to put well, the Well, now you realize it's a Dan Abnett thing mostly. You know, we, we like to say it was a Brett Booth thing, but well, obviously. Well, I'm saying Norm Ratman was talking about how that was Brett Booth's evil plan he yeah, had going on. Yeah, it's weird, though, because it is even mentioned in the, you know, it's not even just in the background now. It's actually mentioned in the actual story. So I yeah. don't know what they were playing at. Uh, like, really, I, I know what they're playing at because the, the pizza fish pizza was poison. But uh, other than that, I, I don't think we're going to see this well, And that's more. the worst part. There better be more about the pizza fish. Yeah, I don't all think the, there will all be. All the now. stuff we talked about on Twitter about it with you know Norm Ratman and Brett Booth and all the like you know, there has to be more to this. Like I, I don't think Andrew Dollhouse was in on the goddamn joke at the time. I think it yeah. was, but uh, the whole thing, just having them fight at the cold storage place because they found out that the pizza was you know freaking you know poison as poison with an Atlantean poison. Yeah, so that's where fish poison. Now we have to wait a long time more. Though. There yeah, there be should be, but the problem is, Eric, I don't know about you, but if all of a sudden you had, say, a Pizza Hut, one of your former jobs, one of your favorite jobs yep. of all time, Eric, uh, you were what I like to call an artiste of the pizzeria, and you were there, yes, you were there at the Pizza Hut, if all of a sudden Pizza Hut's, it was poison, like, I've seen companies go under for a lot less than actually having their main product poison and actually being out and about as a poison pizza where people are probably going to die they they try yeah, yeah. to shove it off at the end but no yeah. there, there's some people who are going to die pizza fish is done there there is no way it can survive this even if it's not their fault it doesn't matter eric it's not and, your and fault, the thing eric. is too it wouldn't matter to me either because when i worked at pizza hut i ate a lot of pizza hut, yes, so i would have been did. dead too 
but yeah, but if, if it was poison and your mom died, you may not like Pizza Hut anymore. Or just like, fuck that Pizza Hut. I think that yeah, in general, I'll even give it to you something. They got to bring back the big New Yorker to win my truck no, I'll tell you something. Recently, we had where you had that bad tragedy in uh, Ohio with the, the fair. You know, the rides at the carnival. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And I went by the carnival in Quakertown. Ain't nobody riding no rides there, Eric. So no, I have a feeling. Look kids. Hey, can we go ride this? No. Fuck you. I'm not letting you get paid. And that's the problem. I think that all takeout pizza would be done for a while. And I, I'm very upset about this. <laughs> so I, I, that, but basically is what I'm saying. I don't think we're going to see pizza fish anymore. No, I don't fine. think it can survive it's, this. It's so but yeah, all the setup. That, I know like, what you're saying. This was set up all that time for this to just have a fight and a goddamn wholesale cold storage and really a fight that is not it's just basically i hate to say it it's filler it's it filler to wait for them to the find results. out who the, the test results who is the bad guy you know, now they do why don't this go on mari you know it's like it turns out nightwing you are the traitor yeah it is it should be on mari and then really when we get to that Seems like everybody was in the room. Like they would have seen him delete that, but that was I just. You, me. I, I had to look back. I'm pretty sure he had. To, he walked into this room with the computer that's by itself. It like, was why so would weird. It follow? just seemed like they were all sitting there looking at the computer, waiting for the results, and it came in, and he like hit it, and they weren't looking. I, uh, but yeah, you have this back and forth, and really, it's just you know, hey, you know, Roy's mad at. at it just goes back and forth. Roy's Garth mad likes, at Wally because he's mad Wally. at Wally. Garth loves, uh, you know, Bowman Lilith, Lilith yeah. and you know, and at one point. When she even sneaks off to talk to Simon, and you just have back and forth. There's really not a lot going on in no, this. No, and the thing is, I'm telling you, that was one of my biggest problems because when this book started, even when we had that one, I don't, I can't remember if it was an annual now, if it was a one shot, but it was where yeah. the like, you know, most of the Justice League and most of the Titans, they, you know, were trapped in a goddamn place together, and they had to figure the yeah. way out. And that that issue really solidified the whole idea of we're not only like we're friends, like yeah, Batman, we're best with the Justice League. You yeah. aren't friends. You guys work together. We are best friends. We are basically yeah. our family. And now what we're taking this whole path on this whole drama issue, it takes away from the book. Yeah, it does. And it seems like it, uh, especially Garth. It seems like yeah. Garth has just completely forgotten everything. Now I know that it's pushed because he's in, he's love, in love with Lilith. With Lilith. He, he says, he tells her. Say, yeah. uh, don't you say any dirty words about the woman I love. Yeah, basically wave. it's like, why are you, you think she's the, the dirty scoundrel? It's not. And why, you were the one that was dealing with Deathstroke with that Lazarus contract, you son of a bitch. But yeah, it just, it I was a little too much. Nightwing. Lazarus it, and contract. Yeah, yeah he did that. it's funny. You say that as a joke because <laughs> it does sound funny. I, that was in there. That's I what know. he said. It's so ridiculous. I'm just telling is, people who may not mate, have. I'm telling you, I was mad at the whole thing because now we have to have this whole issue because Gar nobody can trust Nightwing because of this whole deceit he did years ago, which they can't. In my mind, they shouldn't even be able to remember for their fucking no. minds being wiped at the end of tight at the beginning of Titans Hunt. But we have this whole thing set up and like. It's it's angers me because we have all this freaking you know deceit and drama in the group that yeah. takes away from it. But that line when he said it got two words because he's already pushed this whole like you know oh, yeah. a Lazarus got yeah. two words for you Nightwing Lazarus, <laughs> Lazarus and Catcher. It made me giggle. And yeah, I, and I, it I did make got me mad giggle. It made me giggle. And I was mad only because again. It's almost getting away from if people weren't reading that Lazarus contract, uh, you know, crossover, which I, I don't blame them. It was not very good. Uh, really, the Lazarus contract mainly was that what what uh, Nightwing did was to save their asses. I mean, yeah, yeah he did hey, make a contract. deal. Hey, Deathstroke, um, oh, what, what's, the, what's the terms of this uh, agreement? All right, look, Nightwing. 
I'm not going to kill the rest of the Titans if you take Ravager in and make sure that she's a good person. Yeah, it's okay. not even like take Ravager and train her. For, it was make sure she's a good person. I see, you know, Destro can see. He he only has one eye. He ain't blind. No. He can see that you had uh, Nightwing, who's a good guy. Dick Grayson's a good guy. So he just wanted to have a good influence on his daughter. That's all it was. So Garth yelling about this. Yeah, he kept it secret. That was a problem. you know. And that's where it leads. Like, hey, you kept information from us about Lilith. And then she's like, oh, you know, I wanted to identify the traitor, whatever. And that's where Garth says, two words, Lazarus and contract. And then they just almost come to blows. And I just thought again, like, you, he did that for the good of all of the team they barely should remember even the original judas and, and contract a, and, and stuff like that too, so. like the judas contract didn't happen in my mind in this yeah. whole continuity but it the was Lazarus just another contract, contract that I'm was averted you, yes i'm telling you this whole thing though because of you know the titans hunt leading into this and how fucked up they had to force the titans together with this whole oh like lilith wiped their mind of five years or some shit while they were the titans yeah. because of mr twister and all this other stuff when you get in we have never gotten the idea that they've gotten their memories back. They just yeah. know that they have a connection, and then they like when they touched Wally when he came out of the freaking speed force. They remembered, they remembered their time him with him, and started and remembering some of friends. the good times, but not everything. I don't know what they know and don't know. I so know. When they, these flashbacks, it means nothing to me. Well, the biggest problem I have, and I've had since the beginning of this. Now I can't say the first issue, but I'm saying the first arc. Even is I keep saying to you, and you know it, and you read this, and you said you're going to hate it, and I didn't hate it, but. It, nothing goes on. No. You are not. This book has a pacing that is the slowest of any book in Rebirth. It you go through an issue and basically get what you're going to move forward is the last couple pages. Everything else is bickering. Everything else is fights with you know these Atlantean you know triplets that love Garth. Now you do have a big thing in this where you do find out that Garth still has magical powers. Uh, oh yeah, that, you know. see, that was one of the most interesting parts of this issue because yes. while you do want to find out who the traitors because we've been leading up to yeah. that for the past couple of issues we have this whole background it's not really like you know it's basically just a uh, hinted at where like you know when garth was in atlantis he was part of the yes. silent school of magic and so were these you know the the trident trio and uh, the trident three i mean yeah and you know they, they they went too far they got freaking expelled out garth he left the school because as it seems here he lost somebody and whether that's he used his power yes. of magic yeah. and actually ended up killing somebody who was close to him or yeah. because of this you know this whole thing somebody they ended left up dying. Him, somebody was upset whatever. or died or whatever like, he did what? lose he somebody not had shit for garth to do no i'm so all I about like this that. i want to find out more and plus you I, add this I whole like magic well. element to garth as well he's got some great powers now you're gonna add yeah. magic to him. he's gonna be a goddamn powerhouse now before you started that you said listen we have the traitor we want to find out who that is I really don't care. And the reason why is very similar to what we say about Batman in the War of Jokes and Riddles. You see a bunch of guys who villains, villainesses, you know, things that we know aren't going to die because yeah. it's in the past. With this, the traitor, I know damn well that if it ends up being Lilith, they're going to explain it away. If it ends up being Dick Grayson, like they're trying to make you believe at the end of this, he ain't leaving the book. They're, they're not going to end up. His it's, time is number Jim. It's going to be. It's going to be the hypnos because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they have to give you the wink, wink. Remember Spiral? We got to introduce Spiral to yeah. these readers. And anything that happens, that's why I don't care if it ends up being anybody that are in the room. Uh, you know, except possibly Bumblebee, but she had her memories taken away. And even so, anything that happens, they're just going to write off as somebody else controlling them. Uh, you know, if if you yeah. ask me, it may turn out completely different. 
and it's Wally West, and they behead him, Eric. Oh, my God. It's not going to happen. That's why I To me, there's just no stakes here because if it ends up being any of these titans, they're just going to end up being like, you know what? Friendship trumps it in the end. That's what it's going to end up being. And I'm telling you, the thing, the background of this whole, like, traitor that we have right now, the whole thing that, like, you know, it seems to be hinged on is the idea that we have to find Karen's memory from yes. that high this has. And like, if you go back even further, it's because her power is so unique. It could be the key to unlocking yeah, everything. It's Assignment the key to support. unlocking everything. This is, is why all they we took have it. though. This is all we have. This just basic concepts leading up. Yeah. And now there's a traitor amongst them that is tipping off hive whenever they get close. That's why you have freaking Duncan and Gnark going off on their own. Nobody knows yeah. what the hell they're yeah, up nobody to. Nobody knows. They're that, that, the goddamn that heroes. Pretty much it spells out to me just what you said is why they are literally going to be the ones who find out, you yeah. know, or find her, you know, her Remember. powers because nobody is on to them. They're going rogue and doing that. And I do like seeing them. You only get them a little bit, but I really did like and the I dig Harold in that costume. Oh, I love the art there. And I even like Narc where he's there. He looks badass. But yeah, I love it. It looks cool. Now, the other thing that you get that's a little deal is they they bash into this area where they think it's you know her memories are and there's intruders intruders which are the same guys that are at the end when you see nightwing calling so if anything they are controlling them they're going to explain that somehow his memories were swapped because there's this memory you know bouncing around and stuff when wally west and dick grayson were taken by the fearsome five and they're putting those goddamn machines i'm sure right there was when he got his goddamn like implants yeah and i'm sure it's one of those things that all of a sudden they can suggest things and again yeah. it's not going to be when you end up seeing this and it's dick grayson is the bad guy he's not the bad guy eric and it's just going to be them saving him and their friendship now, that's and the you're thing gonna... is though that it did you know you like you are right there are no stakes to this whole traitor thing at all because everything's going to be wrapped up because you have these yeah. characters that you can't be have fucking these evil. guys you know but, uh, go against each other it, it did actually make me a little bit happy because dick grayson it's something i never figured would be the traitor yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a cool oh, twist. But I'm telling you, just because for some reason, just because they mentioned spiral, because what he does when they're going to test him, it's a spiral apparatus that gets put yes. on your head to see if you've been compromised. I don't know why he has it with him still. I don't know why. It's one one of those like a Jerry Maguire, Eric. When Tom Cruise got fired, they allowed him too much time, Eric. You, you escort the guys out. It seems like Dick Grayson left spiral, but he was allowed to collect his things he grabbed a couple gadgets eric on the way out because he has this thing why would he which have is an this? odd thing for like you know where we are in the nightwing book right now because in my mind he you know he called in a favor and got this goddamn shit right yeah uh, but for where we are in the nightwing book where tiger is the head of spiral but also seems that he's working or is the second yeah, hand himself yeah. you know the timeline gets a little wonky with it something does. where you can't go back and forth with the i just want to know this goddamn machine is like this all right I got this helmet. It's attached to this little device over here. I'm going to yeah. put the helmet on. Okay, it's read you. I do this all in a line, and now it's going to take eight hours to figure out. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's it, a it's weird so, ass it, and fight. it's so weird because it basically, huh? We got to we got to wrap the you know we got to pad this out so it's got to take time. Well, and in the I, meantime, I thought it was even going to be worse than that because when they yeah. originally spelled it out, he's like, it takes almost a day for the test results yeah, to come in. Yeah. I thought it was going to be individual. Like I put this helmet on Donna Troy. Okay, it's going to take a day for this to come back, and then yep. I move my way to Roy. Well, 
thought yeah. it was going to be like that. Thank God they all got the test results at the same time. None of them had AIDS, Jim. Yeah, no, they did not have AIDS. That they are pretty clear there. But Dick Grayson is is the traitor. It seems at this point he's been compromised. At least I even thought that it it would end up being. But when you see those people when he's talking and those same people that you know, yeah, uh, Mal and and, and uh, Gnark were were busting in. If it wasn't for that, I was just going to think that they were going to explain that was his hypnos. That that is a quote unquote compromised brain but no it looks like he is and at that point it seems like he is being contacted and then does talk to him but they are dressed the same uh yes. but yeah in the meantime they're all sitting waiting uh dick does but i'm telling you the way it goes he's just standing there like hey we're waiting here and then he's like hang tight while well, he's just waiting for the final analysis and it looks like he's you know maybe he's yelling from another room but you don't maybe. really get the idea because he's just there and he erases i'm like they just saw you erase that but then yeah he's like this is Nightwing. I know everything now, and it won't be long before the Titans find out what my role is this. So tell me, how do you want me to deal with them? But it changes a little, and, and you right. know what I mean. And then you see those people. So, yeah, it, it seems like – I don't know. You can't twist that around of that as him directly saying, like, I'm coming to get you. It does start that way. Uh, but he actually says, how do you want me to deal with them? So we'll see what goes on. But, it, again, not much piece, happens. I, one thing I want to talk about that I did find interesting that I started having ideas on was that – Lilith's like, you know, oh, and Lilith goes to talk to Lilith goes to talk to Simon again. She wants to know, like, you know, are you manipulating me? Whatever. She wants to get to the bottom of some answers and shit like that. And Simon's goes on. We have this whole recap a bit, but we have a little bit more added about this whole darkness that's coming and how Omen, she chose this name subconsciously because she is the omen of things to come. She brings this terrible darkness. He's like, a darkness is upon us and you are the omen of it. That's all you yeah. really are. Yeah. That's why you chose the code name. You're a warning for uh, in human form, but no one listens uh, to you because no one is ever comfortable trusting psychers like uh, you and me. And then it goes to the girl clay will unleash destruction on the world and only hive can save it. Yeah. Thing is, now you got the girl Clay. We, yeah. we fucking had Donna all pissed off at Roy and Wally fucking fighting over like a bunch yeah. of goddamn Which children. That because should be Donna, is what they're saying. It's well, that's the thing me. because you have Lilith Clay, yeah, but you yeah. have the girl Clay, and Donna is all upset now because she just found out that she was made of Clay and she's not yeah. who she actually thought she was. So you have two things here where the girl Clay could be Lilith Clay or Donna, but since it's Donna is. It's weird has though to say, as you saw the vision, Lilith, just as I did, the girl Clay, I mean, I would think he would say, like, You'll unleash destruction on the world, and only Hive can save it. But we'll, we'll see. But no, well, it's it's definitely got to be Donna because, like you know, like yeah. we have this whole thing with Garth going on. We're working on some backstory with him, you know, working on his character. But we've really done nothing with Donna. So this is, in my mind, a way to get Donna featured in the story more. Yeah, and it's weird too because even before that, when uh, when Lilith is trying to explain why she can't be the the uh, the one who's the betraying them, she says, "Well, Simon said to me that somebody is betraying us." Like she made it; it was a very big like semantics thing. Right. And then he says that, and not meant. To, so I thought that that was like a weird foreshadowing before to say. But yeah, I do think it's it's Donna. But again. You have these things. You, you can't keep going with this book being about them against each other because when you're basing the whole book on their friendship and Agreed. getting back it, it together. Takes, it ruins the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, it does. It, it really throws off everything. And Where's we're my at, side of fun, Jim? Uh, yeah, there's no side of fun. They did, they're did. they out of fun, Eric. You're just going to get your main course of misery is what you're going to get and bickering. A little bit of an appetizer of bickering uh, and jealousy possibly, Eric. Would you like that? You want 
on a little side of jealousy. Uh, we're at issue 14. We, I need more. I need this book to go. I see people on on Twitter saying all the time, this is their favorite book. And I just, I, I don't know how. You're getting characters is, that are cool, but you're not getting anything. Book. I wish it was mine too. I'd even say I'd go as far as just saying, "Fuck it, I'm going to count this as my Justice League book, Eric." Yeah. It'll make sense, but I will because it's a big team. It's kind of like that. Nah, I can't because it's just it, this book is actually it's nothing that gets me angry after I read it. It's just I get done reading it and I'm like, okay, and I move right. on. We, and that we've sucks. Moved a little it bit here, not much. What did you give it? I gave this book. I give this book something a little bit higher than I think it actually deserves. I give it's it a got six really point, good art. I say it's got great art. I give it a yeah. 6.8 out of 10. While people might say that's not a great score, there's not a lot to this no. issue. And I'm telling you, the reason that I thought to myself I gave it a high, like too high of a score is because, you know, Tuesday night we do the reviews, and then they go up on, at midnight on Wednesday. And I remember Wednesday yeah. morning I got up, I'm in the shower, and I'm thinking about my books like I do on Wednesdays. And I'm like, all sexy. what did I like? And I, Yeah, all sexy, like fucking Lathering rubbing my gentles off. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. you're And I'm thinking to myself. What did you like about Titans? And I yeah. did not have an answer for myself at that point in the morning. It, it yeah, has to be just things. the art. I love the art. I love And I, I like Garth with the magic. That was That's intriguing cool. to me. And I, it I, looked I was, cool. I was shocked that Nightwing was the traitor because I never saw that coming yeah, for what we got but so still, far. This there is were aspects. But yeah, I gave it a 6.8 out of 10. It might have been a little bit high. Yeah, I'm I'm actually – I give it a 6. And that's not – I mean I'm not going to go – you know, that's three for a story and three for – this is just one of those gut feelings where yeah. the book is just kind of stuck in this rut for me that it – you know, we used to call it the Dan Abnett 7. Uh, this is the Titan 6 for me because I need something more. I need some – I need them to get past this. And maybe it just needs a – get done with this trader business. Please don't go right to Donna or whoever destroying the world, go and have a three-issue arc of them having some fun. Uh, You know, this book should be fun. You had Wally West come back into the Rebirth universe and and for the excitement, the legacy, the fun, the hope, the love, and you get a lot of bickering in the in his book that he's in. You know what he has done since he's been back? He came back. He fucking remembered, reminded everybody who he was by touching, which was never fully explained to me. But then got a pacemaker. He got no hold on. He got sucked back in the Speed Force. Yeah, had to find his way out. Fucked up things with Linda somehow, which we never saw was just off fucking panel. And now he has a goddamn pacemaker. And it's his, that's the thing, too. They kind of went this whole thing because last issue I thought it was cool. We had this whole idea where now Wally has a new power. He has a new power. Heart, and he could actually stop time, Now they're acting like that power is an inconvenience to exactly. them. Exactly. Like, that's point, a problem. It's so weird. Like, that was such a weird thing to add to this issue because yeah, now I have, have no idea what it means. Yeah. They're even saying, I think it's Roy who says, like, boy, you know, I can't be busy trying to protect you. And then all Wally is there is for a quick and forced joke. Man, you guys are giving me a heart attack. Oh, too soon? Yeah, way too soon, dude. I'm like, you know. and we and we have this force thing with Wally and Donna, which was yeah. very odd because we just yeah, and it's Linda weird out. too. And, and that's where and it's funny too. You say that because Roy in this basically says what you know, Linda doesn't remember you, doesn't love you, so you're gonna fucking hone in on my bitch. <laughs> he didn't girl, say that. I like. Yeah, it, you know, but that it it really seemed like you know what, Roy, you you're right. You know, yeah, what is he doing? Wally, what an asshole. Wally, the only reason it seemed like you wanted to come back was for Linda. Yeah, now I'll tell you. had a whole you. life that you remembered, and all of a sudden, she like, you know, you came on too strong, and now you're just yeah, going to give up? Like, listen, what the man, fuck is this? I'm a you just want to go play that goat again? Do you know I'm a hot-blooded fella? You know what uh-huh. I mean? I, I, I could even be con- you know confused with being Latino. 
I'm so hot-blooded, Aaron. All right. Uh, if I was stuck in that Titans Tower for more than five minutes with Donna Troy, I don't know that, Tanya, these kids here, I'd be, Zach who? I don't know what the, uh, she put me under a spell, Eric. There's where the know. traitor I, I'm is. Dunny, you're talking Holy about Donna Troy. All of a sudden, I'm stuck in this Titan ta- uh, Titans Tower, and there's Karen there, and she doesn't remember that she's married or has a kid. Oh, Jesus the way she you, looks. you are Holy the Bill shit. Cosby of superheroes now. You are Bill Cosbying. No, her. she has no attachment, so in her no, mind. No, I think you're going beyond that. I heard the glee. All of a sudden, the, it's rape? What's going on? Yeah, oh, I heard what you were saying. You, in the, the between the lines, you were saying something about giving her something, slipping her a Mickey and all this, and then you fair. said, I, I, what you told me before is like, listen, she doesn't remember having a kid or a husband. She ain't going to remember anything, especially oh the, Eric, the Eric Shea party that's going to go on. I'm like, Most you can't people try say to that. forget that. I said, you can't say that on the podcast. And there you go. You tried to, you know, <laughs> you know, get it a little more clean, but that ain't working. Also, I'll tell you, if I'm in that Titans Tower, I, I didn't know if you know, Eric, I, I'm a hot-blooded man. Uh, Dick Grayson's pretty hot as himself. He <laughs> He's in, he really, that, that suit of his... I think it's painted on her. How do you get that thing off? Eric? Have a couple of drinks? Exactly. Jeez, what were you drinking? You messed up the wine. No, no. <laughs> I, I figured I was actually trying to come up with a reason why I'd go for Garth then because oh, Garth. he's just a big, he's, strong, he's a muscular bad dummy. He's kind of a bad boy. He's you know, a big, strong, actually, Roy's dummy. the bad boy. I think that if you're with Roy. I'm not going with Roy. No, if you're with Roy, you, you're going to have to put that. You're going to have to put that helmet on and get tested again because he exactly. is. There's something with him there. But yes, yeah, there, there's some hot people in that tight. You know that tower. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll move on now. Okay. Like, uh, say, I'm all just, right, now now I'm a member of the Titans. We have Nightwing. We have freaking Flash. We have Bumblebee, Omen, Arsenal. Of the guys, name? who's I'm the bad. hottest? Dick Grayson's the hottest, right? Of the guys. Yes, definitely. He's definitely. You think Wally second? Or I don't Garth. know. I would I would say Wally second, but I'm looking at this one panel where that hair is just going wild. I'm like, I don't. Ginger men are just weird. Yeah, actually, in some of the panels, he looks like Conan O'Brien a bit. If he had the thing, and that, that's not really my thing. I think that. Uh, how about would you go? Well, Roy I'd, or I'd go, Wally? I'd, what you go? I'd what? Go, Roy or Wally? I'd go Wally because okay, fucking boy, Wally. you know he's got something. Roy no, or Simon. The two hottest guys, Simon, what? Yeah. What? Look at him. Roy. I'm telling you, look at Simon. Just don't look at his exposed brain. That guy's built. Look at him. He is stacked, that fucking guy. I don't know how he is that in shape, but he is. Oh, God. Here's the top of the hottest guys in Titans Tower. Dick Grayson, Tempest, yeah. Wally West, and friggin' uh, Arsenal. Yeah, that I, I agree. Though some people do like the bad boy. Like and, a, and, if, and a, thing an is, if we're throwing Gennark and fucking uh, Harold in there I as well. I think Garth goes pissed, yeah. I'm saying Harold is fucking beating out friggin' uh, Wally West. I mean, uh, Tempest even in this because he, that's who's painted on too. Would I? Would you be surprised if I'd put Nark as probably third, maybe second? No, he's just a big, I like a big, too. strong man. I need him. I could see him carrying me up to bed, Eric. We'll be downstairs. I need a big, strong man to hold me uh, right exactly. yeah, Night, okay. Nightwing is just Nightwing. He's <laughs> all. He's going to be like, I'm telling you, if we do this in the whole DCU, I, I think I still have the same number one. It would be Nightwing. Yeah. Why would I? He's my favorite character, Eric, and now you really realize why. But no, Nark is a big drink of water, that guy. And he's a hunter. I want him to hunt me, Eric. The most dangerous <laughs> game, Jim. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want him to hunt me, baby. But yeah, Garth, though, is pretty hot. I'm looking at him. I'm not a big tattoo guy, and he does have those Atlantean tattoos, but boy, he, he's pretty sexy as well. Brett Booth can draw a sexy man, is sure all we're can. saying. That is sexy uh, woman. Really? I mean, Donna Troy is. If you say that now, don't even go man and woman. Who is the hottest one in the tower? I'm saying Karen Duncan. Really? I think that the hottest just anybody I think is Donna. Then probably Nightwing. Then Karen is what I would go. I'm telling you, I'm surprised you don't go with Lilith. You're a redhead fan. I I do love redheads, but for some reason she is one of the least attractive people in this book to me. Really? Really? Uh, that disappoints me, Eric. That me disappoints too. me greatly. But we're going to move on now uh, to get away from this nonsense of yours, Eric. And we're going to go off to. So, you Karen, know. you don't remember your family? Or your yeah, I know. That's why. Again, now ago? we're back to that. That's why you think she's sexy. She <laughs> don't remember things. No, yeah, no the problem is, Eric, she can form. She can form <laughs> new memories. That's the problem. You're thinking that <laughs> she's not going to remember last night. She will. And when she wakes up and Mal finds out, you are dead. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be killed. That, that's future Eric's problem. Yeah, well, that's uh, Eric. No, at the end, you'll do this. You'll be there. Oh, my God, I was controlled by Simon. Simon's like, I didn't oh touch that God, motherfucker. Oh, my God, I was under Hive's control. Yeah, that's all you'll say. It's like, oh, no, Hive control again, right, guys? Huh, that Hive. <laughs> They're like, no, yeah, you're arrested. Yeah, I was arrested. controlled by Hive when I was in Carolina. <laughs> that's you're saying that to yourself in <laughs> jail. It's it's a big joke in Titans. They're all begging Karen and blaming it on Hive. <laughs> It's all Hive. That's the traitor. Harold doesn't hang out with any of them. No, that's why they kicked Harold out. That's why he's uh, out and about with Narc. He's doing that while they're all bagging her. Oh, my God. We're we're down to the nitty-gritty of this book. Now this book, I'm going back. Seven, five. (laughs) This is the excitement I need. But, yeah, we're going to go off to some mail right about now. This might be the sexiest book ever. Those books, Eric. How about them? How about them, indeed. How about them books? We're here with mail section number three, Eric. Three down and two to go, but we were actually two down because we haven't started this yet. The fuck are you talking about? I don't know, Eric. What would you call this? That's called the goo-goo-doo-doo. Coming right really? at you. Really? Coming right at you. We're gonna have, we have the fart sound of the day. That's what we call Air Biscuit. Now, next up is a rock block of America. Starting with Sister Golden Hair. We're only on Weird Science Radio, Eric. How's that? Would you like that? I don't know what you want from me out of this. You didn't want a rock block of America. That's no. <laughs> not what you were looking for. Oh, jeez. Like, Maybe I'm turning the station. All right. That was Sister Golden Hair. And now we're going to keep it going with Ventura Highway. How's that? You like that stuff. This, this right? is the worst block ever. Oh, you didn't like that? Okay. And we're back. And you know it is three for Thursday. And now we're up with three hits from bread. How about that? Starting with know. If. 
There you go. There you go, Eric. There it is on Fart Sound Thursday, also called Triple Shot Thursday, whatever whatever the hell I said. I'm getting tired, Eric. I'm getting tired. Mail it's section the worst number radio three. station ever. You don't like Weird Science Radio? You're not enjoying that? You don't like it? No. <sighs> really? You, you, you don't like that? Okay. Next up is a, oh. a triple shot of Jim Croce. This one is Time in a Bottle. How about that? Right? Actually, I, I kind of want to hear that song you now. You want to hear that? And then after that, we can, hey, that was Time in a Bottle. And next up, we're going to continue the triple shot with Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. I want to hear that, too. <laughs> there you go, Eric. Uh, we're going to have mail section number three. You've noticed I never get to the third song. Uh, mail section number three starts with Repairman Jack. And he says, what's up, guys? Been a while since I've emailed in because I got tired of talking about the Batmans. Uh-huh. And that seemed to be the only book I ever considered worth sending in thoughts on. I have a horrible attention span when it comes to my hobbies. Same here. And yeah. I'm starting to get worried my interest in DC is getting dangerously close to being forgotten. Ooh. I pretty much have a cycle where I end up start I end up starting to read a book and at some point during a random issue I get halfway through it and realize I don't care and then never read that book again. <laughs> Now I'm getting to the point where I have so few books that I slowly push reading them back farther and farther, and then I just forget them entirely. It's kind of what I do with my kids. I'm in desperate need of some new books and shake-ups, Eric. Shake it up like the cars. We're coming back with a triple shot of the cars featuring Candio, Shake It Up, and my best friend's girl, Eric. Shake it up. How's that? So I decided to make a list of the top five things I need from DC. You like that? That was, yeah. I had a triple shot. You didn't even hear the third one. You were too busy singing double shot is an easier one i should go with the double shot top five i love the song candio so much so i decided to make a list of the top five things i need from dc to keep me going forward number five expansion of the focus that's like me getting another seat in my focus do i have a focus i don't do i no you don't I think I did at one point. I know so little about cars. I think I did. Did I have a focus when I first started working there? I don't think you did. Maybe I never had one. This is starting to come about in Hal and the Green Lantern Corps, but it could go farther. Uh... Either the Green Lantern Corps. You had one 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, I, I, my first car was a Volkswagen Rabbit diesel. That Wh- which one great. got hit by the car? I think that was I the think focus. That was, I think that was the focus. Yeah. I, I think that it was funny because I got a focus and then I found out that a lot of people were modding focus. They became like kind of popular in this modding deal, but I, I wasn't into that nonsense. Of course not. I wasn't making my car bounce around in the hood eric either the glc needs to start dropping some earthlings head out and stop dealing with core politics or we need some books that aren't so focused on the current main focus i, I do think there's going to be a death or two coming up how about i'm that? telling you once uh, like september october november i think these three months shit's going to get shaken up and people are going to fucking gain their interest again because things are coming down the pipeline I, I, I seem cool to me at least did you just say shake it up Shake it up. Give me an Earth 2 style book. Give me a Justice League Dark. Give me some new God stuff. Ooh, sure. We have King's Mr. Miracle, but that's, of course, going to be its own thing. It won't really have any kind of continuity. Even if what we get is not very good, like with Earth 2, these books, oh, they're shade. These no, books no, are easier right. to keep a hold of because it started out good because it we're did. getting a side of the DCU. Earth 2? Yeah, you loved it at first. 
I'm saying it started out good. I agree. Oh, I thought you said did it. So no, I, no, I said it I, did. Oh, I thought you freaking went nuts. DC or whatever we Look normally wouldn't too. get. I never liked it. I never liked that. That's revisionist history. I need more of this. Number four, team shakeups. Shaking it up again, Eric. Shake it up. <laughs> uh, I actually think that this is something that me and you have talked about a lot lately. Suicide Squad and Justice yeah. League more. And like, yep. and, you know, those are the ones that even JLA, even though we're only um, just like that's starting the series. That, that, that book needs something, right? I want to bring Simon Baz in. Yeah, I don't think that's what we need. I don't think that's what it is, but we'll see. I was originally somewhat excited for JLA when it was first announced because of the team build. It was made up of people we hadn't seen much of and wouldn't normally get much exposure. And the team had me more immersed in that book than I ever should have been. With ever every team in the DCU right now, they're focused so much on a status quo that it's expected or more known due to the movies and TV shows that they become completely stale. Suicide Squad is the most des- desperate for this. The movie is well past this point. And I say that in the review that we have later i'm like this movie is so old the hype is done get rid of enchantress you don't need her have you know nonsense start changing up the team it makes me the most disappointed uh, because i feel like rebirth number one really hinted at there being a rotating team based on the missions Uh, yeah yeah number three crossovers okay this one will probably be hated and don't get me wrong they can be horrible and, and handled poorly but at this point in rebirth i just want some more crossovers i think my feeling on this would be a lot different uh, if we were getting a good Justice League or Trinity book, but because both those books are horrible and we don't get any kind of quality cross storytelling. Think of this most recent issue of Nightwing. At this point in either book's stories, I feel like an actual crossover between the books would have gone a lot better, but this it also relies heavily on the next point I have. These crossovers could come Man. together and be straight shit. But with good editors, they could actually develop both books while having a good story involving both. It doesn't seem like they have good editors. I hate to say that. I, I mentioned Alex Antone earlier. His books seem to be okay. He, he's on point there. There's some others that I don't know what they're doing. I just don't want to. I don't even know the job of an editor anymore. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I think they sit around, they eat bonbons, and smoke a lot of cigars. That's what they do. They're like uh, sounds like a good time. Turn. I want to be an editor. Wrong turn. The other day, he's, he's there in the, the fucking lunchroom, and he's supposed to be on this diet. You and him are kind of going back and forth with this diet. I see him. He's eating this fucking sandwich. It's like a big ass. I'm telling you, this looks like Dagwood. It's like a Dagwood sandwich. Da- no, yeah. Dagwood would have been jealous of this one. He would have been like, he would have went home and beat Blondie over the head, saying, <laughs> "Why don't you make me fucking sandwiches?" Like wrong turn. In the meantime, the these sandwiches are no longer like referred to as dag no, they're the they're wrong, wrong turns turn yeah, they're yeah. the wrong turns this thing was so big and i go over there and he's there and then i see that the sandwich also includes a huge handful of goddamn fucking doritos shoved in the sandwich and he's just eating With a pile shit. next to him and, and yeah a pile of doritos next to him and shit's just falling out of his mouth and then i go over i'm like the hell are you doing? Because I'm making my stupid oatmeal. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and the sandwich look good. And I'm like, what are you doing with this sandwich? And he's like, what? what, what? Shit's flying everywhere. I'm like, oh, God. And I just walked away. And then I felt like a, a jerk because everybody else was in the, the lunchroom. And me and you never go in there. So most Ever. of these people 
probably have never heard my voice before, and I'm just yelling at at wrong turn. And they were probably just like, why is this guy being an ass? Because they would have no idea that we interact with them as much as we do, because they're even in a different section of the factory and stuff, so we never see these people. They were just looking at me like I was the worst person ever. Uh, i got to find my place now. <laughs> these crossovers could come together and be straight ship, but with good editors, they can actually develop with while having a good story. Well, if they just came together for a random pointless story, there's no point to it. Uh, yeah. We don't need another Just League versus Suicide Squad or Night of the Monster Men, which we don't, no, we do where not. they're just serving to lead to a new book. We don't need both books coming together to tell a nothing story just to promote each other. Say what you will about Lazarus' contract, but once Priest was writing most of the issue, the crossover is pretty good. No. <laughs> Says you. And had consequences with Didn't stories make any developing in all the books involved. No ticket. Number two. Get some better editors. That that might be number there you one, go. really. Uh, actually, his number one coming up. I see it ahead of time, and it's pretty good, too. As much as Rebirth was said to be about getting back to the continuity of the DCU, it seems like the editors have all just abandoned ship. I, I really think that they'd be served to get the continuity kid involved. Though, it's funny because if you were there, and they come to you and they're like, hey, uh, you know, is Lex Luthor, you know, in Smallville? Did he grow up in Smallville in this continuity? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's what you would do. You would lie. It would all be based on what you like. Lex Luthor was never in Smallville. The yeah. New Gods universe completely destroyed, so they're dead. Fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, everything would be that. Not on my watch. Not I at could all. just see it. They come in and they're like, "Hey, I have this story. It's going to start out with Lex Luthor. He's you know in a in a uh, flashback growing up in Smallville. Then nope. the New Gods come. Right yeah, the New Gods come. And he's like, listen, right away. This Lex Luthor, he don't belong in no Smallville. And the New Gods, they've been written out of continuity. And the guy's like, oh, man. They say it's, uh, I don't know, it's Dan Jurgens. And he's sure, like, all oh, right. Th- thanks a lot, Mr. Shea. And he walks out. I could just imagine you lighting that cigarette. <sighs> job well done. <laughs> My job <laughs> here is done. <laughs> And now, and now I'm just cleaning out my desk because I know I'm about to be oh, fired. Oh, yeah, you clean out your desk and it's like, here I come, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Uh, we have cases where Hitch just does whatever he feels like in Justice League and then tells Jim to get past the editor. Or tells Jim it got past the editors. We get the last, and that's what he did. He he threw those editors under Completely. the bus. We get the last issue where Huntress is all opposite of her character progression in Birds of Prey. That's true. And I like her character progression a lot in Birds of Prey. The, which, you know what's funny? is because that character progression actually started out ridiculous yeah. when, Re, when Rebirth started. Because the whole... Helena as Spiral Head uh, did not seem like the, you know, I'm going to get revenge now on these people, whatever. It seems like everything that is the job of the editors just being ignored. Get the DCO in order and ends with the editors. And number one, get Eric hired. That's right. <sighs> what else do I, <laughs> I can just see you walking out of the office so happy with yourself. Uh, I wish I could remember anything else that you you hate. Uh, it, I just be, Hey, uh, I heard it's Jack Kirby. It'd be his 100th birthday this year. You heard wrong. No, he's only 97. <laughs> yeah. He is three years. Keep, keep that on the down low. Uh, number one, cancel some uh, guy. Hey, Mr. Blocks. Shea, Mr. Shea, I got, I got these magic on. No magic doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Hey, I have the story. Scott Liddell comes in. Hey, uh, Mr. Shea, I have the story. I'm going to have Jason have the all-cast swords. Never happened. 
All cast was destroyed <laughs> along with the swords. Those. <laughs> oh, I just imagine you. Why do I talk like this? <laughs> it's so good. I smoke too I, you much. Would, you would bring down the entire TCU around you just for the three things that you don't like. No, no, no. Uh, I would make it better, Jim. Uh, I could just see them like, hey, we have this story where Wonder Woman uses the lasso of truth, and in your head it's going, somehow that leads to new gods. Not on my watch. <laughs> Seriously. You say Orion canceled. <laughs> this book is canceled, and I have that power. <laughs> you're, you're canceled. Seriously, at this point, I want cancellations to almost be handed in the same vein as announcements. Give me news announcements on cancellations, because at this point, it could be the best thing for DC. I'm telling you, that will get me so excited if we hear cancellations, because you know new books are coming Yeah, then. that when you had the new 52, and yeah, at points... They started, and some of those after like the first six, seven issues. And when we started jumping on after like the first uh, year or so, and uh, even the two years when we started reviewing, but when we did just read before we even had any idea of this crazy little roller coaster we call a blog and a, and a uh, podcast, Eric, uh, we would get so excited when they would announce the cancellations because then we'd start thinking about what books there'd be. Exactly. And I remember some of the funnest times that we had at work uh, when we first started reading even before, like I said, before the podcast or the site was when they announced new books and we'd get all giddy. I'd come running to you when I'd see the news and we'd get all excited. We'd dance together. We'd hold hands and dance. Get Mr. some Shea, of this. Mr. T- Shea, check this out. <laughs> I, I, I got this whole thing with the magic scarab. No, you didn't hear it. It came down the pipeline. Yeah. Scarab's now the reach technology again. <laughs> Just like you blowing the smoke. Hey, Mr. Shea, I uh, got this idea. We're going to add Ted Corden, and, and the Scarab's not going to talk. Scarab doesn't talk. You're looking for a new job. Uh, yes, get some of this dead weight and shit bogging down the label out of the way to create some excitement for the prospect of new books. One of the worst things Marvel did with Legacy was come out with their announcement of 52 books, and 95% of them were all the same goddamn book they have currently running. Killed the momentum of Legacy instantly. Do something Marvel isn't doing, DC. Learn from your competitor. Cancel yeah. some books and kick it in a different gear on Rebirth. Sure. Pretty there sure is- Firestorm's not doing anything right now. <laughs> sure, there is the <laughs> You get a Shazam book going in this instant or I'll fucking slice your throat. <sighs> sure, there is a Dark Matter books coming, but that, the way they were introduced and they the way they're coming into them. I was just felt- thinking because I've already <laughs> abolished magic, so I'm fucking Shazam. Uh, yeah, you're, you're the done. Only, the only magic left is the wizard Shazam, and he gives the power to Billy <laughs> yeah, Bass. Yeah, really. Batman and Meta? I actually like that. W- no. <laughs> Oh, they're just the same way they felt a little weird, almost like they're not entirely part of the rebirth thing. I, I really, they're not, actually. They kind of made it as a, they say it's not an imprint, but it kind of seems to be. Am I crazy? It's, it's such a weird thing that Mr. Freeze <laughs> is going around saying he wasn't married to Nora when they actually are. Don't get me wrong, some titles have me excited, but it seemed like more a side project than anything else. Sorry, this is kind of long, but it's Monday. I'm bored at work, and I haven't written an email in a while and racked my brain for something to send in. Live fast, die young, take chances, drive faster, just stay home watching TV. I like that last one. What you have to feed. Repairman Jack Off. The next one is from Swanee. And Swanee says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, this might be the last That's email right. I send in for a bit. Teachers go back to school Monday. Ooh, and kids come back next week. Oh, 
I have a shit down on my walk. <laughs> School's have... been canceled. School's <laughs> yeah. out forever. School's... <laughs> I have a shit ton of work to do, and I'm also coaching football, which has already started. So I wanted to start with my top five sitcoms. Tailback, not on my watch. <laughs> uh, number five makes me sad to talk about because of music rights. Uh, it, WB won't stream it or put it on DVD. It's a Drew Carey show. Okay. He is enjoying that. Number no four. Cleveland Rocks? Nope, I guess not. Number four, Two and a Half Men. Only the Boo. seasons with Charlie Sheen. We'll never watch the episodes with Kutcher. Uh, number three, The League. I actually saw a little bit of League. Never I, watched I liked League. what I saw. It was okay. Uh, this show is on Netflix and is hilarious. Since this is the least known show on the list, I thought I'd give a quick synopsis. A group of friends are obsessed with fantasy football and fucking with each other. Number what? two is Seinfeld. And number one, How I Met Your Mother. I've watched the show all the way through countless times. Zach has watched it through a bunch of times. He really liked it. I also Never wanted to watched say, an episode. I know, yeah. I also wanted to say, I know it's just preseason, it means nothing, but my uh, Jags did something Brandon's Bills won't do this year, which is beat the Pats. Eric, you should check out the movie The Devil's Candy. Not really scary, but a good thriller with a cool story. On to comics. I I like movies. Yeah, I like The Wizard of Oz. I (laughs) bought six books last week and a half were garbage. Superman sucked. We never even got to find out what they had for breakfast. Batman sucked. Green Lantern sucked. Nightwing was all right. Green Arrow was all right. Deathstroke was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to this Superman parallax story and also really looking forward for this god-awful shits and giggles Batman crap to end. I will leave Me you guys too. I will leave you guys with this top five list. <laughs> what is your top five DC animated movie? They, they, I did see Tom King is saying that he's trying to say, well, it was actually before it came out. Uh, Brad had told me that Tom King was been going around and saying that the shits and giggles was supposed to be 12 issues. And that's why yeah. some of it seems crammed. That's why it's 12 issues. How about six? Whew, there you go. For me, five. His <laughs> uh, DC animated movies. Number five, Justice League War. Number four, Justice League Doom. Number three, Justice League New Frontier. He says uh, NPH was a near perfect Flash. Number two, Under the Red Hood. NPH was a perfect Nightwing. And number one, Flashpoint Paradox. The guy who did the voice of Reverse Flash was great. And is the sound I hear in my head when I read him now. As always, guys, have a great week. And thank you for everything you do. Uh, I did really enjoy almost all the ones that he put out. Just League War. Uh, it was Once okay. we got to the New 52 stuff, I thought it all took a yeah, downhill I, I turn. Thought, well, it was more even the animation. It ended up seeming less like an animated feature and more like an extended TV show. It, it really did to me. Uh, New Frontier I liked. I actually saw that a lot later uh, than people would probably expect. Doom I liked. I watched that a couple weeks ago. Uh, but Under the Red Hood's my favorite. That is my Under the Red Hood one. is my favorite as well. I'm saying I don't have an exact list. I know that Under the Red Hood is my number one. Yeah, but, that's my number uh, one. Ma- Batman Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. um, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights. I really like that as well. Um, oh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. I thought yeah, was one I like of my that favorites too. That was actually time. one of the first things you told me to watch. And yeah, I, 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 I really dig that one. And I also dig like um, Just Like New Frontier. I don't know how many I've named now, but um, and uh, Just Like Crisis you on could, Two Earths. Yeah, I like that too. You can keep going because I really don't have a list, but I, my favorite is Under the Red Hood, and that's actually the one and the only one that I've seen multiple times. I really do yeah, like that. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite that I can watch over and over again, yeah. no problem. Yep. 
I like it as well. Jensen but that, Ackles was a great Red Hood. Yes, he was, Eric. I don't know what you just said, but I agree. Because Jensen of the, Ackles. The way yeah. you said it has won me over, my friend. Uh, but that is the end my of mail section voice. number three. And, <laughs> and we're going to go off to more books. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice and not hear Eric Shea reviews. I want to hear Jim's reviews. Hear Jim's reviews of DC. All right, and that's about the closest that I have to anything that would be a beach-type song. It's kind of a calypso feel. It was. It, it was right? sort of a mellow, little, bro. It was definitely making me feel right at home over yes, here. Yes, because we are here with Reggie, and Reggie is in Rehoboth Beach, uh, where that's that right. is for lovers, I hear. Uh, my it dad, is for lovers. My and dad used to go. My dad, yeah, my dad used to go to Rehoboth Beach to fish every year, and we were not allowed to go. And I wonder what he was up to. I actually thought this later because hookers and blow. Yeah, I, I don't know what he was some, doing. Hookers, I saw whatever. some uh, gentlemen on the beach today wearing speedo trunks that uh, really would make you reflect on you know really? swimwear in general. Nice. I mean, there there was a guy who straight up had a wiener pouch. Just oh, dead yeah. up. Just it was a special area. Just. The cock so hammock. Maybe, he has a dick hammock, is what yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, me. you know what I mean? But I mean, it's shaped, too. A cockerchief. Yeah, it's a cockerchief, as you say. Uh, uh, I saw a guy in the Bahamas that was wearing a Speedo made of chain mail. So I, I may that, trump you a little. Wow. A chain mail Speedo. Uh, wow, was dedicated. the guy that you saw, beach. did he appear to be European, Reggie? Because those uh, Europeans, they, they like to show their wares, is what I've I heard. Think, I think he was European in the bathroom. I have no yes. idea if they were European around He was around fancy there, but... because European. There you go. Exactly. He, uh, you know, Rehoboth is, there are three beaches along this peninsula, as you undoubtedly know, Jim, since you are a master of geography. There's I am. O- Ocean City, Maryland, which would be the most popular yes. party exactly. beach. Yes. Then there's, there's Bethany beach or something of like course. this of course yes and that's the family one yes that's where i, I would go bethany, is like bethany all the way family. yeah uh, bethany's for me it's, yeah <laughs> Beth, bethany is the really is the one for like every ride is for little kids there's no like cursing on the boardwalk do they have whatever. anybody walking around with a shirt mustache rides five cents is, no. is that possible in bethany Not that yet. would that's you know more of an ocean city shirt you're telling me you know you might find at bethany beach a guy going you want to go skydiving? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know that he's going to want to do that. Is there a possibility that... Uh, early, you want to go skydiving? <laughs> I would like to go skydiving. Now, is this skydiving including where they go off the end of the motorboat? <laughs> because I like that. I'm not... Oh, a, I, I, that's what it's called. Right. Parasail. Does anybody guy. call it a motorboat? <laughs> I don't think so. No, not this. Not in 2017. They don't call no. it a motorboat. They don't call it a motorboat. I was in no, line I know you like today. To hop in your motor car and go to. Oh the yeah, I get in my motor money. car and I drive to work. <laughs> uh, you know, I was in. Uh, I was in. A line at the grocery store today, and this lady was very talkative, this cashier, which I know, Eric knows, I hate. 
I don't want to talk, but it's this discount grocer that we go to. We actually got uh, buy one, get two extra hot dogs, 79 cents they were. They (laughs) seemed to be expired yesterday, but I will roll the dice, Reggie. I'm rolling those dice. But when we were in there, this lady was talking and talking. And when we got to to her checking in our stuff and ringing it up because they don't have self-checkout there, I would have done it. Uh, Pat Benatar's Hit Me With Your Best Shot was on over the speakers. And she's like, I used to have this on A-Track and then just berate, like not even berated, but almost assaulted my kids about this. You don't know what A-Track is and started shaking Logan. Reach out. Oh, you God. don't know God. what it is. And I was so like, actually touching him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Saying? She was oh, grabbing him by the shoulder. It was more one hand on one shoulder, but shaking him. You don't know what that is, do you? You don't know. Oh my and God, then we were like, I hate this town. Yeah, we were like, what's going on? And he was, he freaked out. He doesn't of like course. anybody touching him. So he kind of went, and then she just kept saying, yeah, yeah, this younger generation, they don't know what the A-track is. They don't know the A-track. They don't know what they're missing. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, bitch, A-track sucked. Terrible. They were <laughs> terrible. Don't uh, give me this A-track nonsense. Huh, hit me with fucking Pat Benatar on A-track, and she's like they there. They were in the and, car because you could kind of just leave them on the floor. And then that this was, the, was, yeah. yeah. Oh, they were terrible, though. You couldn't fast forward. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it ended up where I don't know what this lady was on, but we end up get, going out. And then Rafe goes, I think that lady was hitting on you uh, to me. And then Logan goes, no, I think she was hitting on me. And then we got oh. the hell out of there. We freaking went. And then we ate. Day old, expired, day expired, past, whatever you'd call it, hot dogs. And we had a grand old time. And I'll probably end up up chucking at some point tonight. But we ate a lot of hot dogs. Buy one, get two more free. It was the best. That's incredible. Were they loose? I like to think they were loose in a big jar. I would love like, to say like that they were loose. at the bar or something No, like no, they weren't. They were in packages, but, yeah, we looked. It was hard to find the expiration. What this place does, it has a lot of signs up, so they'll have the sign like, last chance. <laughs> like, wow. Last chance means they expired last month. And then, exactly. like, the next one's like, at your own risk. You know, like, I gotta Holy get out cow. But, yeah, we got a bunch yeah. of things. No backsies. No, no bad, and you don't want to buy like actual like like hamburger meat there because it it is not red. It is it's not even brown anymore. I don't even. It's gray. I can't, it's always yeah, gray. It's gray. Isn't it? it really is. It's really gray. And you would talk to people, and my dad would tell you that's just because the food coloring that the company puts in it. I'm like, no, it's rotten. It's oh, my yeah. dad spent oh, the food probably, coloring of blood. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, blood. that's yeah. Right. my my dad spent probably three years of his life surviving on only end cuts of salami and cheese that they would sell for like a nickel at the grocery store. Wow. Those fucking ends. Oh, he loved those. But we're so here to donate talk books. to the Patreon folks at patreon.com slash weird science. Yeah, really go, go there. Help me not live Jim, the life of my dad. Jim needs to go get, you know, a pack of uh, ballpark franks. I do like need that. regular he ballpark not, franks. He just needs to eat food that's not expired. And, <laughs> and nice. here's the thing is, Reggie, I don't know if you listen to the pop culture. We were talking about shoes, and I said that you were a big shoe fan. So you said you haven't really listened to much this week. So hmm. when I sent you the picture of my shoes, that wasn't just a cry for help, Reggie. Oh, when I sent that to you, I actually thought that at that point you may have already listened because we did mention we gave you a shout out. You're a guy who loves shoes. I obviously am not. Sneakers. Sneakers. Sneakers yes. I don't really know sh- anything about 
But nice in the podcast, I did mention that uh, my sneakers were being held together by a thread, oh, and I just like a, to, it was it was horrifying. It yes, like I just wanted to let you know I was not joking. Brandon yeah. actually is sending me shoes. He said that he's sending me shoes. I look like a homeless man, yeah, and I said that's fine. Everybody, please send it. Won't you please show that? It's funny too because most Patreon accounts, but the price uh, of a cup of coffee. Pa- <laughs> Patreon accounts usually send out shirts. I'm actually accepting shoes my way, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a shirt because today I wake up and I started screaming because I couldn't find a shirt. Then I, I sit there. I come home after searching for hour to find a one goddamn shirt. I come home. Everybody in my house is wearing one of my shirts, just fucking traipsing around. <laughs> Rafe gets out of bed at the crack of three today. Just wear he fucking rolls out. Weird science DC comic shirt. That's no, all. No, all that's what they wear. That, I see them all the time, and that that's Rafe. He has them on. He's like, listen, I'm just um, I'm strutting the merch. That's what he says. Like, you son of a bitch. So everybody who complains that we didn't send their shirts, which eventually they will get shirts, I promise. That is my de- on my deathbed. Free I'll make Lord. sure they do get those yeah. shirts. Uh, I got to rip it <laughs> off of Rafe's back. I- I'm telling you, we will get shirts. We have something in the works. Bobby has gotten a hold of me. We might have something in the works. Uh-oh. How about that? that? How about that? But we're here to actually talk books with you, Reggie. Yeah, because you not only had last week pr- pretty much nothing. This One week, book. we had so many books that we actually threw a couple as bonus Patreon spotlights that are already <laughs> yep. up at this point, uh, which would be the Newsboy Boy Commandos, the Newsboy Legion Boy Commandos number one, and the Gotham Academy uh, last issue. Me and you did already. We did that Eric, on Monday. We you did missed, it early. You missed the end of that. I would, just so you can conclude that for your continuity? Yes. All, all of the kids died in a fire. Yes, they all died in the fire. It's weird because I heard they they were in their second year of school, even though it's only the second semester. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, there was a time warp that we missed. I don't, there you was know. a time warp, and the kids. However, just would... I don't think we'll ever find out what happened because they all died in a fire. Well, so they did, all... but also we found out it was Gotham Gotham Academy for the underdeveloped. Uh, they are actually they were all retarded. So they yeah. they just at one point they it thought it was second semester. All of that was all. Everybody yeah. died except for Map's brother, who is now a terrible burn victim. Kyle. You mean backhand? You mean backhand? Oh, he got a nickname. Yeah, he got a nickname this week. Backhand. But yeah, we're going to talk about the actual big books that you had, and you had a lot. You had five other books. So this is a big week for you. And we're going to start off with what we always start off with your book uh, or your section, usually the best of the bunch. And what is it, Reggie? It's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 26, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tamu Mori. Now, I'm on my holiday, guys. I did <laughs> yeah, not, Eric, I did you're, you're going to be surprised at this. No wow. songs. However, I can come up with something up off the cuff. I just thought of something that's going to be very good. All right, so hold on. It's going to go. All right. The Green Lanterns are a real good squad. Hal Jordan has a real nice bod. Uh, sometimes it gets kind of odd. And there's the new gods, the DDD, da da da, whatever the hell. There you go. See, there you there. go, your song. I, uh, we were going to, uh, before Eric got on uh, with us, we were uh, contemplating doing a little Beach Boys medley since Reggie <laughs> is on vacation, but we yeah. did not do that. But <laughs> Reggie said he can't do it. He can't do his falsetto right now. So no, no, I, I, I was, I was yelling too up. much. Me, 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 me. How about that? Back. 
I, I said the other day, my son Zach, because he's, you know, he fashions himself a singer, and he's like doing these things, and he sits there, and, he, and then I do it, and he, oh, a little flat at the end. I'm like, I'm going to fucking nice. kill you, you son of a bitch. And I said, you ever, the see, the, that, you ever see that movie, Great Gardens? You ever see that? No. I have not. Oh, it's so good. You guys, first of all, you guys got to see this movie. It's about uh, two of the, uh, who the hell, Jackie Kennedy's original family, the. Uh, Dubois. The Onassis, no, not the Onassis. Uh, our original one, Jack. Yeah, it was yeah, uh, yeah. whatever the hell it was. So her cousins, you know, lived in some Montauk mansion and went broke, but they still had the mansion. And okay. they stayed there until it was so disheveled. There were raccoons, filth, oh, stray nice. cats. It was unbelievable. But Ooh, the whole thing was they were they had both been aspiring it, it does sound like my house. You're, you're right. But the mother <laughs> was hectoring the younger daughter in the same way. You got to sing it right. You make oh, me yeah. sing it. Anyway, you got to see it. Very, he, very highly recommended. He ends up, he's saying that to me, so then I, I flip down. I'm like, the, the minute that you pay for college with your fucking singing voice, then you can come talk to me, you son of a bitch. I was Girl. so mad. I was Ooh. so mad, but yeah. It yeah. is, uh, I'm, I'm even trying to look up uh, what Jack, Jacqueline Lee, Kennedy, Onet, it was Bouvier. I actually was going to say yeah, Bouvier, but I was, uh, I, the Simpsons threw me off. I thought I was right. kidding. That's why right. I actually, the same exact thing happened. I was like, yeah. is that a Marge Bouvier? That's her. Yeah, that's movie. why I didn't say it, because I thought it's I was going to sound great like gardens. a fucking moron. It's also a movie starring Drew Barrymore and I think maybe Susan Sarandon, but oh, I would really? see the documentary. Oh my uh, goodness! I'm checking it. Anyway, is it funny? A lot of yelling and screaming at each other. A lot of a lot of yelling, I a lot of that. crazy biddies, a lot of disgusting surroundings, and a very sad but funny story. If you don't nice. care about human life, as we don't. But anyway, I, I don't know. Uh, onto onto the great comic. That's the, the only system. time I care is in movies. Yeah. The only Sorry. thing that can raise a fucking emotion. I'm angry about that. That's what I like to scream. Uh, but yeah, Eric only shows his emotions through movies. That's all he does. That's but all he, cries, he does. I understand. Yes, he oh does. Oh my god, I like ball a like a little baby. Little pussy. <laughs> Go on. What? What? Tell me about this Green Lanterns, uh, Reggie. So, number one, just off the top, and this is something that Jim, um, Jim and I talked about earlier this week. I think Rafa Sandoval has taken the yeah, crown like, right. Yeah, in Green I, I like the art a lot. I mean. I, and and a lot of it is the coloring, so you got to give it up to Tumu Mori also oh, yeah. for a lot yeah. of the heavy lifting. But I had trouble with the last couple of issues with Ethan Van Skyver in a way that I didn't expect, and, and that definitely has to do with my expectations. But yeah, this I, I, yeah. looks gorgeous. Well, it's it, funny I, because you say that, and we have a lot of people who talk to us and things. And you, you know, I'm on Twitter and looking at other things, and you have a lot of push of like, oh man, I can't, you know, freaking uh, Sajak, uh, Steppen Sajak, and step, I, step yes, <laughs> stepson Sajak, and even you have all these and people going, God, I Pat, never Pat hear son. yeah, Pat Sajak. I never hear anybody talking about Ethan Ben Skyver anymore, and it's a shame because I do really like him. But this book, we always say that the colors are a little off and they are better in this issue, but I think yeah. the art's better as well. I really do like this Definitely. art a lot. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah. It just seems more, I don't know, polished and, and uniform and John Stewart doesn't look kind of crazy to me. No, he looks, looks good. Nice. Yeah. But looks you know, good. essentially what it is, what, what we get is we get a story where the green lanterns, now that the renegade, you know, Sinestro Corps have taken off with the uh, Sinaric, Sinaric Natu, AKA Sinaric Sinestro. Sinestro. Yeah. I don't know why my uh, vowels are not working tonight, but uh, but it, it's okay. it's pretty awesome in the beginning. This this bunch of aliens, bunch of funny looking people working together. Things are humming along nicely, 
you know, Guy Gardner is being held back because he's John Stewart's best friend now. Okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. That's, I, I it it kind of goes though, from what they were doing in the Green Lantern. It goes to back to the, the Green Lantern Corps in the New Fifty Two. Yeah. They they were I mean, best friends, and but it, the best thing about this is, thank God, somebody finally admits that they like the guy because besides Arkillo, everybody he was he's the, yeah. the brunt of every joke. He's the punchline of every Lantern joke in, true, in this yeah. and the Green Lanterns, and it does irritate me because especially what happened in Lost Army and Edge of uh, Oblivion or whatever that fucking book was called. But uh, he, you know, he seemed to have gotten past that. And then they, they just went full out with Rebirth. And now at least somebody's admitted that they like him. Uh, I think that there also had to be with Guy kind of saying that back to John because John, even though the story is focused on him, he uh-huh. still seems like the guy who's the guy left out, that they have nothing really for him to do. Well, the damn it's, comic is called Hal Jordan yeah, and the Green Lantern. Corps, but even so, fuck. they want to push John, but John oh, really yeah. was only the guy behind the, hey, I want to make this work. I want to make this he work. Might well, as now, well, he might as well be cyborg or monitor duty in this yeah. goddamn book because it's all yeah. he ever does. It's really. That's all yeah. he does. And so with the whole thing with the Yellow Lanterns going off, now you're even like, boy, what is he really going to, you know, what is he going to do now? Because that was his only thing he was a you know a one-trick pony throughout rebirth and i don't know i could get the if you tell me that he leaves the book with guy and then they go and do something else or i wouldn't be shocked but because he becomes one of guy gardner's warriors new title coming out next year dc yeah are you saying they're gonna kiss or something why not maybe let's make it why not? You know, Magic. And the, the thing is, I'm cool uh, <laughs> I'm, I was expecting them with the how that Yellow Lanterns deal was going with them. If that would have continued, I really was expecting it to lead to somebody killing John and actually him dying because they tried well. to do that in the New 52. Yeah. You have so many Lanterns in this book that I actually thought that that, that was going to be the case. Up the, you know, we, we were talking about how the, their whole anger, how Saranic Nazi's yeah, yeah, anger, yeah. and then. I got it just didn't ring true. They were sort of no. like over angry at things. And I think that Sinestro's, you know, power had something to do with that. But that yeah. definitely would have made it much clearer. Like, yeah, I think that that would have been John something Stewart. big. Yeah, you not know? just, you know, Romat Rue killing Tomar 2 and, you know, right. or Tomar vice versa. Vice Roo. versa. Uh, but even so, like, that was very minor. And it just. They they obviously just wanted to get the yellow and the green, uh, right. you know, away from each other to get them going. And now we have new guts, and that that's the other thing that threw me off a little in this book. This issue is pretty much they barely mention the yellow lanterns, and it's like, okay, that's done. Let's go on to the next thing that happens. And it, it just I mean, felt I'm, off I'm, to I'm me. they're tabling that for now, you know. I did, I well, yeah, show up in the next issue of Superman. Yeah, this should have been, oh, though. Yeah, this should have been the big thing, should have been. Superman's going to that antimatter universe. Yeah, yeah, he's going oh, and he'll find with cool. Sinestro. Whatever. But I'm not even saying going to grab Sinestro. I'm saying just the yellow lanterns themselves. Right. Because if you have this, if they mention in this where they're like, boy, we don't have a lot of, you know, lanterns going, they have to have more than the yellow lanterns. Like, if this is going to be a war, which they kind of spell it out at the end of last issue, they're back warring, this is the time to go after the yellow lanterns. They don't have that many of them and just go and get them there they don't even have a home at this point uh i think that that was what you would think they do but instead you have new gods nonsense show there's up there's fill-ins there's fill-ins yeah, yeah. between kyle and and Saranis. yeah there is so, i don't yeah. know but I, I mean to be honest i do agree though it would have been kind of nice to see more like a little bit of action how the yellow lanterns that uh, did you know become yeah. green lanterns how 
basically, I wanted to see Space Ape. I wanted yeah, to see I do too. doing something. I didn't. That's too bad. But, uh, yeah, so the real, the crux of this book is that, well, I mean, I didn't even tell you the beginning thing, but I was going to reveal it later anyway. Yeah, yeah is Kyle and Hal are kind of like flying around. They're being told to go basically collect data, which they think is kind yeah. of a but mission. But I think that was supposed to also show how copacetic things are at the moment that yeah. you can send Hal Jordan and Kyle to such a paltry mission. But when they get there, the whole area is destroyed. Yeah, and, destroyed. Uh, and just before they got there, it was a big red thing. Obviously, there's like an Orion hanging yeah. out in front of this big red metal monster destroys this universe. Orion shows up with his mother box, and he's like, "We need the White Lantern." Unfortunately, hey, the hey you remember back in Godhead when that was funny? He could yeah, he that's basically stuff like with the that. source wall. Hey, yeah, I need that's him basically again. that. It was oh, a, shit. I like that tie-in. I did. Yeah. And when Orion shows up, and when he gets boomed at the and one point, it right away too. Yeah. they don't try to gloss over it at all. No, no, and I'm telling you, when they're with Orion, and the, when they finally, they come out, and they're like, oh my dear God, the whole system, it's dead, and like scanning for survivors, and then they start hearing the pinging, and that's when Orion shows up. That art, my, that page is incredible. And that, I even love the whole idea where like, you know, and Hal hears the ping, and he knows yeah. exactly what it is, and yeah. Hal's like, what's, yeah. what's wrong with you? You don't remember the that's, sound? Yeah. You don't remember that? Every time you hear it, it brings something terrible? Yeah, he's like, it's never a good thing when this <laughs> happens. And then you turn the page, and it's the boom tube with the boom there with Orion coming out, which isn't, he's not coming out, you know, it looks like he's hurt. Like, you know yeah, that he's having troubles it. coming out. Isn't that a just, great couple of pages? It's so good. Loved it, man. That this is an awesome page. The action, it was yeah, awesome. yeah. And you have you even have the Kirby crackle for you. The you know the dots going and yeah. stuff like that. It is so goddamn good. Uh, it's it's a weird thing to have Orion show up in this while we have him in Mister Miracle and that weird deal. But again, yeah, that, that's yeah. its own thing. I think it's self contained. Uh, even the way it's being told, what me and Eric talked about in the Patreon spotlight. Uh, I like this Orion. I I know that Eric hates New Gods. Uh, so I like them. I like him coming out like I this. I hate that they're invading well, everything in DC right yeah, now. They are. Just right my time. Yeah, I wanted are. to. I mean, I, so so what it comes down to is, you know, they have no White Lantern, and yeah. uh, Orion says, "Oh shit!" Then he gets hit with Omega beams from they yeah. don't know where. They rush him back to Mogo. He they kind of get him back to shape with some special Green Lantern, you know, magic trickery or whatever. Yeah, no, he goes off. They they take him to a planet that Salak told him about, where like you know, uh, one of Salak's like, people. Oh, that's uh, right. It's nearby. You're right. You're yeah, right. yeah, it was right. nearby because they they say that they have no, they don't have enough time to go take him other ways. Now, right. I love the fact that at the beginning, yeah, still be- I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, before right. they even spell it out, when those Omega Beams come out, it it's such a cool panel and just such a big deal that you see that it avoids Kyle and, and, yeah. and Hal. So when it did that and hit the, the whole thing Orion, ends up being yeah. that when Orion comes back, they pretty much bring him back from the dead. When he wakes up, he's like, you fucking idiots. The, uh, wherever I am, they're going to hit me with these Omega Beams. I actually was saying that before. I thought that was such a good progression because when they took him to this planet, I'm like, there's kids just sitting around and they're not even in a hospital. They're on the street, you know, with this, alley, yeah. with this, yeah, with this deal. And I'm like, you got to get him the fuck out of here. And then he says it when he comes up. And I thought, boy, that, that was really well said. That up because I even thought that before, and I'm a dummy. And I was just like, "Holy crap, you got to get out!" You are a dad, though. You know, I am a dad, but yeah. And then all of a sudden, and it's so good the way they set it up because as they're there, and he says this, like, "Oh my god, I got you got to get me out of these beams are only targeting me. You're going to get everyone here killed." 
ping all of a sudden you get those pings and you're like oh shit you know and it was so well set up before like eric said about hal going you don't recognize that when that happens shit goes wrong and when it happens with this and you actually see the innocent people just standing around you see it like holy crap and yeah even orion's like you know no time because the doctor says you know as your doctor i strongly uh, you know i can't allow you to go and move around and leave and he's like i i strongly disagree we gotta go do this but yeah then a boom tube comes out and these things which we did we even glossed over at the beginning when they first had these guys you had this whole deal where they did mention the metal the metal was a big thing so it is tying into more than just this book i I don't know why, but for some reason, I felt that this metal was something different than what we're dealing with. Yeah, in the I, I'm telling metal. you, it's so weird. I know that we had this whole thing with the Suicide Squad book saying meta and stuff like this, but to say metal at this I know, point and, when and even this when when because this whole like this green line and the light monk graph, he is having this vision of things to come, and we see this whole like this universe, like the galaxy and shit like that. He's like yep. somewhere in the vast unknown reaches of existence, metal rings against metal. When I first read this, too, I'm like, metal rings against metal so i'm thinking all right swords against yeah like, swords are fighting it's just a yeah. war no, no, no. Or ring I, like his metal rings against metal i i read it as metal rings which okay. would in my mind would be the green lantern rings Love or some rings. kind of rings yeah. against metal so i'm like i, I re- eventually get on the trolley but it's like shaping forging reverberating echoes throughout the multiverse the yeah. deep uh inside oh, i'm sorry and deep inside a world called old genesis metal awakes and you see the like the outlines of like these, the lights that are emitting off of these giants that are coming, like as we see going after Orion. But we have like the different colors of the spectrum with this. Yeah, and as I was well. going to say you have to say that you know you do see the different colors of the spectrum there as well mm. without a green actually where they're showing yeah. that, which makes it seem like maybe that's what they're coming for. Or an uh, orange. Yeah, or orange. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, just where we said about the metahumans, to me, that seemed more like a you know an over a, a mistake. But right. you know that it, of anything, like we said, there's Rob Williams. I don't know that Scott Snyder has told him, like personally said, listen, all this is going to happen down the line. And in January of next year, Batman's going to be a meta and all that. That is a little stretching it. But yeah. the, freaking Robert Van Diddy knows that the big event for the summer is called metal. We have known this for a year now. And you can't think that he would be that crazy to say metal that many times. Now, it doesn't need to tie in anything. It doesn't need to. I agree just because the amount of times they say metal and even the the boldness of forging you know because yes. you had the forge and shit yeah. like that and, like, and it does this it, doesn't have to mean that this ties into anything we may not even hear that much anymore it's just you know it was thrown out there it gets you kind of excited because metal comes out next week so buzzword. it is a timing it's a buzzword and yeah i maybe tie in a little more i don't think that this is there's no tie-ins with this so we'll see what goes on this is more of Who a knows? new god story Who but knows? i i thought it was intriguing but boy i'm going through it again as we're saying this, this is art is so good it it's really good. is but yeah at this point orion gets hit you know they're they're gonna go after him and whatnot uh but go on reggie you can you can finish it up well then then we're basically at the last at the last page it yeah. booms the giant red so this would be the rage colored right. uh metal thing it's like a giant kaiju i mean it's a giant humanoid uh monster big as a thing it says commence culling because it's it senses a new god which is orion and that's yeah. Really, what obviously then I guess what it is after is to kill the new gods, and, and again, uh, yeah. 
I thought it was good. And, and, you know, then they're like, all right, get to work, kids. We got to fix this up. I think that I'm thinking that this must be the origins of the lanterns. The actual metal lanterns. I actually thought that it could even be because they do mention multiverses and stuff. Could this be like a weird multiverse entity? The thing is, the way they described it, like the, when the New 52 started, like Apocalypse was no longer just a planet in the universe. It was its own universe. Yes. So when they say like in, throughout the multiverse, because this is old Genesis is going on. So we're, what, like these things are being made, the metal rings against metal and all that stuff. So this is its own universe. So it has to freaking you know breach the gap to get to this universe like Orion does through the boom tubes. So that's the only thing I can see with the whole multiverse, because you do have to span the multiverse to get to this yeah, point. Yeah, I just, I, it just, I don't know if this, like I said, it almost seemed to me like they might be these weird versions of the entities from a different multi. I, I don't know. Like uh, I started getting the idea that since hmm. this was old Genesis, this was the old gods being reborn through like the it emotional spectrum somehow, and then coming out to take off the new gods. Well, and again, to, like, this is where you had place. like Orion seems to know what's going on. He's not surprised. He's running from them, and he does come out and say, "Listen, we need." that white lantern again who understands he knows he the, the white lantern. yeah and that's what they so need. you know you could go from that and kind of postulate what's happening or whatnot because you know he seems to know but maybe we'll probably just find out but it does say next heavy metal so again there's the metal yeah. again and even going with that theme of what scott snyder and greg capullo were saying what you know metal was uh so i would think that it ties in a little though it's not a tie-in so we'll have to see but the art to me is incredible oh, the art's I, great yeah, I thought it was great. That's the thing that really that really stood out to me. It looks absolutely gorgeous throughout, yeah. and like I say, it, it's the penciling is un- unbelievable by Rafa yep. Sandoval and, and yeah, George Tarragona doing. But the coloring coloring does an awesome backup to really give a lot of depth to everything, and uh, it's just a beautiful looking book. Just a, as yeah. far as the value for your three bucks, you get it right here just looking at it for sure. Yeah. But I also. Really enjoyed the hell out of this story, and I, I, did I too. really. It was very fast I was moment, most too. curious to know about Eric, Eric's feelings. I know he just is sick of the new guy; doesn't want to see him anymore. But this, to me, was something new, possibly. Well, uh, and I, I yeah, before he says, universe, but this even, is this is yeah. like, you know, this isn't a Kirby thing at all. All these metal, no. And I, before he answers, I even thought it was funny because if you did have Kyle as the White Lantern, it really would be, okay, this is Godhead Part 2. And when, when yeah. Orion comes out, it's like, hey, who's that new kid? We need that White Lantern. And then Kyle just goes, my bad. <laughs> yep. not what, yeah, was- I thought that was funny. And now they're going to have to figure out another way. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh and I liked it, but Eric, what do you think about the new gods before we? I, I hate, the, I, I hate the new gods. I, I hate that they're in all my goddamn comics now. And this whole idea that these freaking, you know, these light metal men, whatever you want to call them, um, there's not enough here for to get me excited about it because we have this prophecy of real you know, metal rings against metal, and yeah. then Orion is being chased, but we're never really, you know. He doesn't talk about it at all, and then we have to spend time bringing him back to life because just to have the whole thing, you idiots, and then they come out and like the calling begins. I'm like there was yeah. not enough here because it's you know Hal and freaking Kyle just traveling through space. Hey, go over here. Hey, we traveled here. Hey, there's Orion. Orion's dead. We have to go over here. We save Orion, and then the book's over. How dare you? How but dare I thought, you? I thought it looked great the entire time we we're doing great. all this filler nonsense. What did you give it, Reggie? I ended up giving an 8.5 out of 10, although I could easily say that uh, that was a bump up for the art for sure. Yeah. But I, don't, I did enjoy the whole thing. Don't even say it, Reggie. Go with that 8.5. Just I stay am, with well, it. Well, you know, I, I what, what Eric is saying has truth to it, but I thought it helped him move the book at a good clip. I, I enjoyed it. the beginning part. I liked seeing the Green Lantern Corps just working a little bit. Like, this yeah. is how it works now. Things seem to be humming along nicely. And then I liked the second 
kind of half or more than half of it. Like yeah. my only of my it. only issue is my only issue is they gloss over the whole Yellow Lantern thing that they just got done. That was the biggest thing that they've ever done. The Yellow Lanterns go off vowing to destroy the Green Lantern Corps, and they don't even chase them. I, I just think that they would have. I know that they spell out in this, which I think is supposed to be the reason of hey, we don't have a lot of lanterns. Now, if you're going to say that, and they do kind of hint at the deal of something me and Eric have wanted to have this whole time, was let's get back to finding out why these rings aren't going out. Let's get some new recruits. So if you're going to hint at that, you know, at least kind of go with that, which I do think that might be involved as well. But, you know, if you're going to say it, you know, get it resolved. This is way into the series to still be talking about that. But besides that, I had a great time. I thought this was fun. I did not have to really deal with the the Godhead, so I actually like this. And it's funny, while we were doing – I don't think we were doing the podcast yet, right, Eric, when Godhead was out? I don't uh, recall anymore. I think we were. I don't think it was because – uh, really, because I don't remember talking about the Infinity Man and the Forever People on the podcast either, or, and that went on we at the same not time. To talk about that, well, that though. went on the same time, and that was my only thing I had to deal with. Godhead was that weird crossover. That's right. That there was, was so that weird, weird crossover, and then <laughs> I was like, "This Gardner is just showed yeah. up." I'm like, "This is fucking <laughs> ridiculous here." Uh, so it, I don't have any baggage with that. So I really liked this. I thought it was a really good setup. I'm intrigued to see what these guys are. I'm intrigued to see why they're trying. Yeah. To kill Orion and whatnot. And uh, besides, you know, any New Gods, I'm not a huge New Gods fan. Orion's the one that I like. I actually do like him. And in this capacity, in this story, he actually comes across like in this, almost like an Adam Strange. And I yeah. like that Orion. I like when Orion's just right. this guy on his fucking speeder, the fucking harness going around. Astro and, harness. Yeah, his astro harness having some fun. I like the way it looked. I thought it was great. So I'm going 8-5. That's why I told you, Reggie, don't, don't back down. All right, and I'll tell you that right now, this was the most fun I had in the whole week. This book right here is definitely my book of the week, and uh, I just had a lot of fun with it. But, Eric, what is your score? I'm going to say 6-8. I'm giving this a 7.5 because the oh, art is just so yeah, goddamn so good. My good. biggest problems, though, because I, I have a bias against the new gods, and whenever they show up, I immediately get disappointed. But they're like – not only do we have the new gods and all this fucking Jack Kirby nonsense, but now we're adding elements with the old Genesis and what these things yeah. are and the possibility. But it just like there was not Intriguing. enough here. The, any, any enough. It wasn't intri- intrigued to me. We had this goddamn prophecy that was cryptic as hell. And then we had this goddamn light giant come out at the end. I'm like, there's not enough here. And the Omega beams are just so, such an odd thing to throw out there because that, that, that should be the Omega effect that Darkseid had before. He, it shouldn't just be a willy-nilly thing that anybody can fucking do, well, but all of a sudden... That's Omega how be- powerful these these old gods can be. Yeah, Let me throw I out, guess throw that that's, out a yeah. crazy theory. Let me throw out a real crazy theory for you. Now, Eric, you know that the original Lantern, uh, Alan Scott, he found a railroad lantern, right? Yeah. Made of, that was made of a curious metal that came from a uh, meteorite that had been found in China. What if that was the original old gods. That's what these old gods are, are the original metallic elements that made up or that, could that potentially deal. make up those original like Earth 2 lanterns. And only the green one got made for any reason. But now we could end up having a spectrum of Earth well, 2 Well, well Reggie, I would say to that that it doesn't make sense in current continuity. <laughs> 
I mean, because the Earth Rebo Two Alan, the Earth, Earth Two Alan Scott Green Lantern, he is an avatar of the Green, which yeah, is represented yeah, through the, true, the Green but Fire. But we don't see a Green in this, so maybe that's why. Maybe like that and Green. A, every was... every universe has its own emotional spectrum, so it, it, it tends. You would think there would be one on the uh, uh, Apocalypse universe as well. I don't know about that. I don't know. All I know is, how does it go with the multiverse with Apocalypse? Because I've seen a bunch of times, there's only one dark side. There's no other dark side throughout the multiverse. Oh, no, that's the thing is, they they had this whole thing, they tried to spell it out, because they did come out and say that at the beginning of New 52, then I think Grant Morrison's multiverse, came out and said, they do it, like, there there is only one, but in other universes, there are avatars. I'm like, you fucking asshole. Maybe that's what these are. They, sure. These are the avatars. They have the Omega Beams, Eric. See, there's my theory. I find it bullshit is what I we'll find We'll see it. what's going on. But no, on, I'm but... telling you, I, this is not a bad issue, though. It's enjoyable. I do want to see where it goes for I just didn't think there was enough meat to grab a hold of and really, you know, push me over the top to make me think, man, I can't wait till the next issue of Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. But, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I hate the new guy <laughs> so fucking much. I know you do. That's, that's fine. I, I had a lot of fun. I don't have the prejudice in, in regular life or in comics that you have that you bear oh, as a, a crux in, in regular now, life. Where Eric, so how do you I, feel about <laughs> Moses and Abraham, the Jew gods? The, he <laughs> doesn't like them. He told me oh, today. The Jew gods. Huh? He thinks that you they're like, You don't like them. <laughs> He's not getting into that. But yeah, yeah. I, I really liked it. So I, I hope that it continues, uh, you know, to even get better, so that Eric Shea can drop his prejudice and and join us, Reggie, <laughs> in so a much. podcast <laughs> of love and acceptance. I, this is why we have you on, Reggie. Finally, there's somebody that has the acceptance that I have in my heart for all mankind. That's, uh, that's not what Eric true. has. But, he does not Jim, have that. But Jim, What's what about the Jew gods? The, uh, hey, that's Reggie saying. It. I didn't say that. I'm saying that I'm I'm in the middle here, and <laughs> I'm the good guy i'm the good guy i don't say such words i'm telling you as a little kid i thought saying that someone's a jew i thought that was a curse word i thought that you were you know disparaging them so i didn't say it it was just the way your father used it well yeah yeah my father was a piece of shit but let's get on speaking of pieces of shit let's get on to the next book uh Uh, suicide squad number 23 art by rob williams written written by gus vasquez and adriana lucas and this one also, I did not write a song, but I can come up with something real quick. We'll be like, uh, <laughs> Amanda Walla is a real good boss when she tells you you better grab Killer Frost, poison him too, El Diablo Zed, DDD, da da da, whatever the hell Bobby else you want. Hey, hey, does that rhyme? <laughs> that, hey, bitch, how you doing? Have to rhyme. Does it rhyme? There you go. You have it. It's weird you say that, Eric. This is Reggie's song uh, for that. If I can find this now, here is a song. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? There it is. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? That us. says it all, doesn't it? But, but. Ah, uh, yes. Here we go. Uh, here we, we have this issue. And. I know that a lot of people, it's funny because that whole thing last issue that caused the big ruckus about Batman being a metahuman, I can only think that it was going to lead to a bunch of people buying this issue. And they're going to read this issue and just, they, they get some recap because it's pretty much pages lifted from hey, the. In, ca- in just, case you didn't read Just Leagues versus, uh, versus Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. It's nonsense. What, what really killed me, though, I mean, just on the face of it. So we ended last issue on the last page. She she was telling Suicide Squad, go get metahumans, you know, Killer Frost and Batman. Yeah. No one's, yeah. No one's getting Batman. 
No, no one's nobody is. Batman. That was no. that was totally dropped. No one got Batman at all. No, and in it fact, seems like it was trying to. Yeah. They put him in a position where they could have gotten him if they really were dying to. You know what I mean? But they let yep. him. They left. They let him be. He wasn't there to be kidnapped. So and th- this whole issue just oh, seemed just well, it was nonsense. But it just seemed like something that was written like right after the Just League versus Suicide Squad, and it, it just it just felt off. The whole thing to me just completely off. You see El Diablo there. I'm like, what the where the fuck did he come from? They dug him up again, and just the whole thing with Killer Frost felt off. And I I don't know. Oh, the Diablo bit made sense to me just because you know you needed that Heat character. I know, to, but like, they did. They get, she should have uh, spelled it out. It sh- they should have spelled it out. Once and again, they, though, we have uh, you know several members of the team doing. Nothing, nothing at all and there's no reason for it either cut the team down no one said the team you has to get be rid of X members or either yeah, cut Enchantress down is ridiculous. certain missions or pick people that are going to do something you know what well, I mean Enchantress like they, we said right away she's she's overpowered if she actually uses yeah, her power it's game over yeah. I mean she could do yeah. whatever she wants she can't be on this team she and just gets knocked out instantly yeah, every just all issue. the time and if if you're gonna not be able to use her like this listen the, the movie hype has died you don't need the team from the movie anymore just yeah, get rid a, of her you don't need her that I have a feeling I don't mean I don't know for sure obviously but I have a feeling that Rob Williams has to use these characters and it's oh, too yeah. bad because you know it just becomes a waste a waste of space even though I I kind of like the some of the quips it's not worth it it's just no. it's just a waste of our time and you could put other supervillains in there you know people forget that yep. suicide squad could be Anybody Amanda Waller well, decides to pop a brain bomb in is in the suicide the thing. squad. Me and Eric and were, were talking about this week. week. Yeah. yeah, this week we were talking about it a bunch of times at work. Just they were talking there. about it in the Get Fresh Crew Slack, as a matter of fact, in whoop, the Slack whoop. chat. Yeah. It's uh, funny because we were talking yeah, we about it as well. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? There you go. Oh, but yeah, yeah we were it. saying, me and Eric were just talking at work at, like earlier in the week, and just we were talking about the Justice League and just teams in general. And we said, y- you number one, like Eric said, at the beginning of the New 52, you had Yo-Yo on the team. And, Yo-Yo, and yeah. I think it's like Voltiac was one of them. You, like, yeah. you had these characters that you didn't care Yo-Yo about. Yo-Yo the Rapper? Die. Yeah, no, and not that's, Yo-Yo the Rapper. Oh. No, not Yo-Yo the Rapper. Hey, and the, wait the, for my Yo-Yo. Yeah, yo, well, the issue yo. is, is not just, hey, it'd be cool to have this villain or cool to have that villain. It's also cool to have people who may die. Like, you can right. have, Amanda Waller can fucking say all she wants about these brain bobs. She ain't hitting no brain bomb on Harley Quinn. She's nope. not going to kill Deadshot. <laughs> you know, she's not going to kill Killer Killer Croc. Croc. He's going like, to survive, yeah. Yeah, these guys are never going to be killed. So her saying it and then never doing it, it it's the woman who Cried brain bomb. This, and this now book has turned yeah, into brain bombs. Now they can emit sonic frequencies. They yeah, can yeah. paralyze. They can do everything but blow up. You know they're quite incredible. yeah. And that I had an issue with that as well because we had the thing where now we said it before. We've had this where there's degrees of the brain bomb going. Like all of a sudden it vibrates to give you a headache and you fall over and it doesn't Whatever blow happened, you up. Just push a switch and their heads fucking yeah, yeah, blow their up. Their heads blow up. I, you need that. I mean, you really, really need that in this book to have somebody and don't don't give me a slipknot that guy shows up and you go you need a couple guys to be there and so you don't know which is gonna you know die and then it it, a couple of guys that you build up over an arc or two even you know and then 
one of them. Yeah, you know, one yeah. Of them you can't just have a guy. Do it. They they had it at the one point. And I think maybe it was me. And actually, it was when they had that special that Ostrander wrote again. And uh, yeah. they had a guy just show up, and we're like, "Who's this guy?" And he was just <laughs> in the meeting dead. with him. And that was the one that uh, Boomerang ended up like kicking off the back of the the truck, and then right. reporting to Waller. He's going AWOL, and they blow blow him up. You know that guy. You need something where the team and get attached to the guys. This is what we had in the New Fifty Two at the one point when you had the new Suicide Squad that I liked where you had Reverse Flash and you had uh, Harley and they all seem to be kind of reforming a little and want to change their ways and when you get real close to them then you blow them up then it it means something but this book doesn't have that so basically I can even see a scenario where we always have say Harley, Deadshot and Katana but then rotate the rest of them I know that they're going to they're gonna they're gonna want to preserve some IP in Deadshot and Katana. Yeah. I mean, Deadshot. I'm telling you, you can even take Katana off the team, and uh, you, you have Harley and Deadshot are in. She would be the one that is is without the brain bomb. Would well, be the only back, purpose back, for her. Back in the New Fifty Two, it seemed like the the trio that always stuck around was Deadshot, Harley, and King Shark, and I really liked that yeah. trio. Yeah. Freaking, you know, always continue like the team revolves around them. You have this interchanging team, but those three always stayed and in then, tech. And I then later, that. it became pretty much Deadshot. Uh, Harley and Boomerang and yes. they were the ones that seemed but even then at one point Boomerang almost got killed a couple times and you actually not thought even in this issue. Yeah, you actually thought holy shit he might get killed and it was really good and you even had like uh, that uh, it was just good I just this is this has become because of that fact that you know these guys aren't going to die it pretty much is the villain Justice League and it's not that fun anymore. I, I don't like it. I'm really getting sick and tired of this book. And then you throw this nonsense in where every bit, every page you turn, all of a sudden you're going back to recap of Just League versus Suicide Squad. Now, and, I do you know, I do have one thing about this. So uh, let's just let's just say what happened. So Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, we, we get we get a little bit of backstory again from the Justice League Suicide Squad thing. Batman wants to get Killer Frost and Justice League of America. Amanda Waller's like Go ahead and take her, but she's eventually going to go revert gonna, back yeah, to she's form. She's going to go she's back, a, and she's going to fuck She's a killer. You. She's going to murder, and he's yeah. like, no, I think she's better than that. And then later on, Amanda Waller even kind of proves it in a, a discussion that she can snap out. But they want to they want to grab Killer Frost ostensibly because this director, Carla, told yeah, her to. from the people. Yep. I'm still not a hundred percent that that's what's going on, but that they no, definitely I, want I us to believe that, you know. Yes. That yeah, it's from the people that this is their thing. So sends the whole squad after Killer Frost, and really what they've done is they've made El Diablo sick, so yeah. that when she sucks his heat out of him, almost killing him theoretically, although he doesn't die because, like you say, he can't die. It right. makes her. Sick. I, I don't know why a character like El Diablo. Yeah, he, yeah, he could he's die. Not, he could die. Yeah, yeah but they won't. Would have they won't because he was in the movie. Before the movie, they would have let him die. Yeah. yeah. Who the hell was he anyway? Now, uh, even before you go, what gets me though is they're there to get Killer Frost and Batman. Number one, where's the rest of the JLA? Because no, no, they they no, are you know you have Batman. them. That's the yeah. thing. They're not getting Batman. They're no, just getting and, and to me they're not even getting like they could go in and scoop her up and go. They're attacking her. So I think that you're supposed to believe that Amanda Waller Amanda Waller hates Killer Frost and hates that Killer Frost is with Batman in the JLA and proving her wrong. She does not want to be wrong. So I could go with the whole deal behind the scenes that she's like, yeah, go get Killer Frost. In the meantime, she actually hopes that Killer Frost will either go 
go ballistic to make her right, which she kind of does, or she dies. And I don't think Amanda Waller cares. Uh, I think that she just needs to get a hold of Batman. But it's just such a weird thing where Caitlin just seems to be walking down the street, you know, in Gotham of all places. In Gotham, just going. Yeah, why isn't she? Because if it was in Happy Harbor, all of a sudden you'd have everybody involved. Now, if the books were in conjunction with each other, you could have even have this happen when Batman is in the microverse with the rest of the JLA. But she's, except, she's in the microverse as well. Yeah, that's true. I forgot she was. It's just it's so off not having the JLA with her. You could at least have the Atom with her or something going on. But it's just them attacking her when all they have to do is cry. You don't get a grip of what they're really trying to do. And I just it, it now just, you see, there's a big problem here is that you guys are reading JLA. Yeah, I that and that's you a problem. You shouldn't be doing yeah, that. Yeah, that is know, a most, big problem. Most, but even so, like you said, let's go back to the main problem: is they're not going after Batman. They aren't, and they're just—it's just that's what odd. that's the, was. Well, that's what I kept saying. That was the first thing for all that bullshit last week. Is Batman? Like, I think the error might have been having his face on that screen. Like he, yeah, they're not going after him at all. They may have expected him to show him up. To show maybe up. That's why. You, Maybe that's why you can they can justify having. I don't like, think they did because there was no fucking plan to think out no. for Batman. They, there's no plan at all. Yeah, there's no I, plan for Batman. They even say. say it's very trite. It's the same shit that we get a lot of times, but. I really like Batman doing his thing in this. I like, don't mind that. I don't mind. I was a little confused at first you know, when he was getting the calibration the and it was annoying like, yeah. me. That I was like, annoying me. I really liked it. You know, uh, it's it's not so many pages that it makes for you know an amazing time, but I you know Batman's just you know he can yeah. be really fucking cool. And he gives some headaches. Batman. And you know we don't see this Batman in Tom King's Batman. I guess maybe no. that's why I was like, yeah, maybe it's okay. Bit, I did like the whole thing visually. We saw Amanda Waller sweat, and that, yeah. that was like supposed right. to be like a big thing. She's sweating. I, I'll tell you, I, I don't mind Batman here. I hate the thing with Katana because then Katana goes and slashes Batman, and Waller basically says, you know, there, the thing about the brain bomb, there should be no brain bomb in Katana because she's not a villain. No, and, she and, was there to no, be no, with that's Rick That's why Ray. she wasn't affected. That's why she. Yeah, but I know that. But then she says, "You know, uh, you want to know why I never put a brain bomb in you, Katana?" I'm like, "I, I know." She's not oh, a yeah, villain. Yeah. Not you can't villain. do that. Yeah. There's no way that you would be allowed to do that. She is there, you know, if you she just showed up only because of the movie and in there she is just a soldier that's there to make sure that the team doesn't go nuts. And all of a sudden Amanda Waller's acting like, you know, she's a piece of shit and almost like a villain and things like that. And it's odd because then when she says, you know, the reason I didn't because I know I can control you. I knew I could count on you and that's where you have the the sword saying to katana shame shame and yeah, she's I'm just, crying i mean this this is a plot line it's Remember, like, she what was is also going salty on that she was salty that she didn't get to lead to be the field uh, yeah, leader yeah. of the team uh, a couple issues ago or last yep. issue i forget yeah, because she was the only one who was she said pretty much you know i'm gonna have to lead i'm the only one here that's not a villain uh, yeah, and exactly. then they make her seem just villainous here and almost like she was being controlled because she does that and like you said she's crying the sword is telling her shame, shame. she's gonna flip she's gonna flip i mean and, and again you have to go back and like me and you the reggie that we like the batman and the outside 
Outsiders. I mean, she should have a bit of a history with Batman. She should so, still be on the Outsiders yes, right now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And if she isn't, she was. And we've seen her in the is casting, that in, especially. Is that in canon? Yeah, that's they in, showed uh, the it in the, in the Forge. Yeah, they showed it in oh, casting oh, in the Forge, oh, where right. they showed her on the team. So if that's the case, they do have a history of her doing that, and I just wonder why she would do that. It just I'm telling you, that, even in the casting, you know, Batman says, like, you know, I don't remember if he's talking to Alfred or whoever. He's like, contact the outsiders. I need them to look in on something. Yeah. So yeah, they were supposed the to be out and about. still a team in it the just background throws, with It Batman throws right it now. all off. It, it killed me, that. And I, I will say another thing, and I think I may have mentioned it when I did the Batman and the Outsiders Patreon. Uh, and, Reggie, you were going to do it with me, but you did yeah, the outline. And you, you have read that series. I like the sword actually talking to her. I, yeah. I hate it how they do this now where it's like catchphrases and just what shame, shame. I actually like the sword. Like, why did you do that to Batman? Like you would have mm. had a conversation. I really like that. Well, it, was, and, it was often that she was like talking straight up just to her husband, even though yeah, right. yeah, basically it was her husband at that husband, point. Yeah. I like that. I really like the conversation they had because especially like right here would have been great because really she has slashed Batman threw him in, a, a hole in the ice which Frost went crazy and really made an ice age as they say in Gotham so they throw Batman down this hole in the ice and she is walking away with Killer Frost who is knocked out at that point and I would have liked a little conversation going on there that would have showed you a little more of what was going on but instead you get the shame shame business and then Amanda Waller sends the, the guys in to go and clean up the Suicide Squad they get it they, they pick them up they put it in the thing they're heading back to Bell Rev you would get and then yeah. Batman comes out of this hole that looks like it was like into the sewer where he comes up, or they're in the bay yeah, at that I point, wherever they may be. Yeah, wherever they That's one of my big problems with the book because as they're fighting, they are in the middle of a yeah, street. They're in the there city. are buildings on either side of them, yeah. so there's no reason for a hole. So into that's a why I'm looking at it, and I. I agree because I actually – I'm telling you, I actually really gave them the benefit of the doubt. And when I was reading it, thinking that it might have been like open into a sewer, like he just got – no, no. It's like they're in the bay uh, then, yeah. and it yeah, was no, not I mean, where Ga they Gotham were. Gotham City really does build perilously close to the docks. It's been a, lo it's been yes. a problem for a long but time. It's, it's, a, lot of the, a lot of the warehouses are sinking into yes, the uh, water. Now, so. uh, now you're talking. that That's that sinking. You can donate. You're, you're part of that sinking group, Reggie. That, that's <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> I don't agree with it. I want to see the stats. I don't agree. I don't think anything. Gotham City's infrastructure is in big trouble. Gotham guys. City I, at the ducks—they're not sinking. The rest of the city is rising up. You know, they're better. They're rising. Eric. You got to be you know, part of the rises. I, I mean, for Christ's sake, what uh, you're telling me is how if the buildings are sinking, how is one of the buildings 84th floors? How could that be, Reggie? But it's a slum. You see the problem now at 84th floor. Guys, guys, <laughs> where did that hole come from? I thought that it was something that happened. I, I thought there was an explosion, actually. I'm but looking. all of a sudden, did you go through hole. a look? You, you yeah. what I'm saying? You, there's, I don't know where the hole came from. The ice is not that thick, and then a god right next to it, a goddamn plane lands on top of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. There is no time that that hole was made. You can maybe assume. I don't know. The only thing that really happens is when the brain bombs go. It was the sonic... A te I, I don't know. Made a perfectly it's, round hole right just in the ice that's in the I'm middle telling of the street you, a few panels just, before that. It just adds to I'm the nonsense sure of this. I'm not sure why you guys this. have something against ice fishing. 
I do because it's terrible. They, like. they want to ice fish. Let them ice fish. I think it's boring as hell too. It's but like Double A Ron. He's probably up there in Minnesota country. doing oh, that I'm goddamn sure. ice fishing. You oh, know yeah. where you ice fish? A place that you don't have anything that better to do. The only thing I care about ice fishing is my opening scene to my Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, Cold Blood I was going to say that's Eric's freaking. You know his <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. Do everything. They're yeah, in a oh, shack yeah. on top of Crystal Lake ice fishing, and then wow. the, the, the old man doing it. He gets a hook. He gets somebody on his line. He's like, ooh, and then like his fishing pole gets pulled in. He goes to re- look into the hole, and all of a sudden, this hand comes out and starts smashing his face against the ice, and then pulls him through the ice, and the whole shack comes down. Does Crystal yeah, Lake get that cold that you can ice fish on it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it all does right. now. You, you I... never know. Jason's never been in the cold. Do before. you think it would be better? Do you think it would be better if the guy's head gets smashed into the ice and then the ice breaks and then the shack comes down, which is to me, when people go ice fishing, they'd probably tell you that's near impossible. Or would you like it if a guy actually got pulled through that little hole, like such force that they pulled I've it? Seen, I've that be, seen that before. I've seen that'd be that more before. scary. So, I'm telling you, that ice when they're scary. ice fishing, that's I like three feet if, deep. If Eric can get Shaq for his movie, he should oh, definitely pursue if that If Shaq falls into the ice, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. He falls through the ice on top of the He shack falls through. Guy. And then later on, somebody's like, all I need to have is a penny, and Penny Hardaway's there? Uh, I'm in. Uh, you just keep going with me, then. Uh, I'm fully in. It is now basically the uh, the spiritual successor to Space Jam. Out of nowhere, Friday the 13th, Space Jam. I'm in. Yeah, how about that, Eric? You like that? No, no, I'm just no, going through this book. I, I really don't like this book. I had a no, lot I of problems. I'm telling you, that, that freaking ice thing was just the end of the thing, like the ice, the hole in the ice, because it didn't make sense because they were fighting in the middle of a street before this. But yeah. the whole thing leading up, they they were supposed to go after Batman and Killer Frost. Yes. Now it's just Killer Frost, and when Batman shows up, they don't have a plan for it, and they're fucked. But no. this whole pathogen that Amanda Waller injects in El Diablo beforehand, so when uh, – Killer Frost sucks the heat off. She, she gets, gets infected sick. with it as yeah. well. doesn't make a goddamn look of sense because nope. all she's doing is sucking the heat off of him. How yeah. is she infected by this goddamn thing? Yeah, it she doesn't make crazy. sense. It doesn't Honest. make sense. And uh, and really, it, the, the other thing, just to add on to that, and, and uh, no I want to know about what, the people. I want to know what they're supposed to be doing. She's just doing of, this, uh, you know, for nothing. None of the Suicide Squad could do anything in this issue. No, they were no. There, they were useless the entire goddamn time. Yeah, I hated this issue. I, I really did. I, I couldn't stand I it. I really uh, enjoyed the art, though. Yeah, and in the meantime, yeah, I don't, nice. we did spell it out, but basically Batman wins the day at the one point by matching the frequency of the brain bombs brain and then, bombs, you know, yeah. setting them off to the point of headache, dial it to headache, and then they pass out. And that's when Katana comes and slashes them. But really, like you said, they had no plan for Batman. When if you're going to go in, you have Caitlin Frost and uh, and uh, Caitlin Snow and if, if you're gonna Batman, enter, you're going to have a plan for Batman first. Batman. Yeah, you got You got to have a plan for Batman. That that the should be something that that's come from. Yeah, uh, and uh, then that hole. I looked. There is no reason for it unless it was earlier, but uh I thought it was nonsense. Reggie, what did you give it? Uh, I ended up giving a high score probably because I came off of enjoying some other book, but I still wouldn't probably wouldn't go as low as you guys are gonna go. Yeah, I'm I'm going low. It. I, I, I enjoyed the art a lot and I really enjoyed the Batman and most of the action scene, although I do admit that the Suicide Squad could have pretty much been left out of the whole book. They didn't yeah. really do anything of much importance. I guess it could have just cut it down to just Katana. You have El Diablo, you have El Diablo there being sick. Caitlin Frost right. can't help herself because he's so warm. She sucks it off. She gets insane. And then Batman shows up. Katana slashes him, and they're in the same boat. Yeah, and even, oh, even the thing, if you keep on going with that, you have Killer Croc. Off El Diablo yeah. in your book? 
Killer Crocus. Let's. <laughs> you sucked off El Diablo yeah. in your book. I, if I would me. suck him I'd off. I get that. I'm not a big tattoo that. guy, but he's in pretty good shape. I'd suck <laughs> I'll, do it. I'll take that. I'll take that hit. Uh, the the thing that gets me too is you have Killer Croc. He's in his hometown. Like he's there and also fighting the guy who he fights a lot and really he just stands there. He does nothing. Yeah, oh, the just... two of them. And Trenches and Killer Croc are knocked out stupidly. Yeah. Uh, Batman even comments on it, you know, take out the magician first or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just stupid. But anyway, on the side, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Ooh, wait. <laughs> I'd, prob- I'd probably now, you know, going through it again, give it a 6.5. Yeah, but yeah. I uh, enjoyed it. I- I'm going four. Uh, that's how much I hated it. I didn't even like the art that much, and you had so much recap uh, of actually lifted panels from from a previous issue uh, that I just I hated it. I hated every bit of it. I'm not in, in, into it at all. I don't care about the people because basically that was pretty much shoved aside. This was supposed to be basically, hey, look, we're gonna have Batman in the book and and Killer Frost as well. So let's have some fun and whatever. I need a story, and this had nothing, and it even just had stupid shit come up and like you said if you're gonna have the the suicide squad mix up the team a little would be nice but if you don't you gotta have something for these guys to do and it just continues where you always have a story that has two or three of the characters involved and the rest getting knocked out usually enchantress because again she's too overpowered she could just do crazy shit she could just teleport people somewhere and then it's over i mean she if she stayed you know conscious in this all she would have to do boom batman's in bell ring he he's in a cell batman's exploded yeah i mean well here's the you want a plan here's the plan guard enchantress while she teleports him to bell rev and then it's over (laughs) that's all the plan has to be oh caitlin caitlin snow okay boom you're there too that's it. I blink my eye like Samantha and Bewitch. You're gone. You are now in a cell in Bell Rev that has been set up to contain you. Over. Game over. It's done. And they don't do that. She gets knocked out. It's just nonsense. It is complete and utter nonsense. So, yeah, four. What about you, Aaron? 5.1. Ooh-wee. Yeah. I almost gave it a fuck you five. I didn't even like the art. I I, I, I don't enjoyed know. The art. And I, I, yeah, think I, I enjoyed like the it. art and I enjoyed the action scenes for what they were. But like that was because it was the only like real draw of the book. But because we had recap and all this other nonsense. So, so when we actually had like a battle going on and Batman was actually being Batman and being able to take out these people. I had a little bit of fun. That was OK. It just to get to that just was nonsense. Like oh, you agree. said, they go to Gotham to get Batman, but have no plan, and then seem surprised when he shows up. Like, oh no, it's Batman. What did you yeah. think? Oh yeah, yeah. But we're gonna move on to the last book of the section. It's another one. I, I, you know, I guess I had enough fun with this. This is but... an anniversary issue. Yeah, what are you it's an anniversary, about? all right. An anniversary of my misery. Which is every goddamn day on this planet. I'm telling you, well, that's every day is my anniversary of being born in the misery. How about that? I'm going to start writing dark good. poetry, darkness, I, my friend. You, uh, you have a song for this one, though, don't you? I do. This is the only one I do have a song for because I was very divinely inspired after reading this. It's Harley Quinn number twenty-five, written by Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Paul Dini. Art by. Chad Harden, Brett Blevins, J-Bone, and Alex Sinclair. Oh, J-Bone. <laughs> J-Bone. Yeah. <laughs> there she goes, and she knows I'm reading. When she says, who is 
Reggie, I'm the last guy reviewing your comics. All she says is, who is Reggie? I try to understand because I know it's me. And reviewing Harley Quinn is my agreement. But when your reviews are all alone, they're not really well known. Who's Reggie, she said, and smiled in her special way. Reggie, she said, you know I'm reading, bitch. Who's Reggie, she said, and tried to look the other way. I'm holding you to quality. Yes. Yes. You guys big yeah. short circuit fans? I, I, I know movie? that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can't say I'm a big fan, but I know it. <laughs> well, that's, that's the song. That I is the song from the second movie, I believe. Actually, Jesus or, Christ! You want to go to the second movie? What, what, say, what is this? Well, goes the second movie. How no, that's why he had to leave. No, no, with short I've circuit. Seen, you already I've agreed to it. Movie. No backsies. You said you liked it. You were a fan, Eric. You said it. He tricked you. And you just got to lay down Alvin and take Marge, it. Yeah, Fisher yeah. Stevens' character, and that is probably the most racist depiction of a character ever. <laughs> uh, who was it? I, I forget who it was who claims that I sound like him. <laughs> You sound like Fisher Stevens? That's what they claim. That was a claim. But yeah, uh, it's an anniversary issue. Oh, hello. I'm Fisher Stevens. How are you today? (laughs) Oh, you're tiny robots. Oh, oh, look at you. Johnny Five. Did you like like this uh, issue, Reggie, just to to start? Uh, No, I did not really like this issue. I didn't either. Eric actually had some fun. One thing I'd like to see back was Chad Harden. you know, they have, he hasn't been doing for like the last, I don't remember, seven yeah, issues and he's back and it's nice. I like his art. I like, I like pretty much that's something you can almost always say about Harley is the art's pretty dang yeah, good. They is. have a great stable. They know a lot of good people, but uh, the art this, all issue, this issue pretty much, uh, is bullshit. It really was just total nonsense. It's, it's an extended thing that we always get. And actually, I appreciate it for one reason, one reason alone. We told one goddamn story. That's right. Yeah. That it, you told one story, but what the fuck was it? 90 other stories. <laughs> the oh, thing man. is, it told one story and it tried to get back to the fun that Harley used to be where mm. we had all these crazy situations. It's a party. And the thing is, Harley's getting drunk and she's making like make it out with poison ivy. And she's like, hey, want to turn out the lights and play like 20 seconds of groping in the dark? I'm like, I don't know what party you're, you know, throwing right here, but nah, can I, I be invited? Yeah, I want to be in. I'm in. Uh, you know, me and Cy sitting there, we're loving Gross. life. But yeah, even then, but in the meantime, they're about to be killed by snipers. They turn off the lights and then everybody sees in- the laser. The Unconquerable 25, Jim. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so just much, that was like nonsense. Power Girl comes by at one time. Fred that was nonsense. No <laughs> fucking reason. You know, yeah. it was a lot of call out, a lot of fan service. And yes, if you're reading this series for a long time, then you're going to recognize a lot of it. Yeah, if the you gang of Harleys, they're yeah, there. The, they, they, they make a cameo. You even the roller freaking, derby, the roller derby like, girls. Oh, yeah, is she yeah. even in the roller derby anymore? Like, what the sure. fuck? They, they just no, show she up said she long. wanted to get back to it. At one point, she actually said that she wanted to get back to it, but we haven't gotten back to it. Maybe this is a reintroduction. Up, like, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was cool to see some of these yeah, characters. Yeah. I even like Cy Borgman. I always do like him, and he's, he's pretty funny, but it just – there's nothing to this. There really isn't. Not that there ever is, uh, but really it's an anniversary issue of just a bunch of nonsense, and I just – I wish that this book would actually go away. I, I don't think that it's but, doing but Jim, anything. 
Poison Ivy kisses Harley and says, mm, you'll get your present later. Yeah, she says that, and then she that pulls out. That better be in the next issue. No, nah, <laughs> it's just freaking oven mitts or something. She's, that's all it was, Eric. But think, What do you think they do? I mean, scissor. Do you think, uh, so scissor, but then again, Poison Ivy, she can make a plant dildo. Yeah, she yeah, could. That right? She could make an all natural stuff, and that shit goes dead. that goes bad. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, would, I shit. would think that that would be going. Bad. A nice that celery dildo. Sound... You don't think that'd be good? What about? That's... Do you think? Do you think? Uh, <laughs> Why doesn't she just use a hammer? cucumber? Why does she have to make something? You have plants that are already there. I'll tell you. Know you have, I know. know. They also have sex toys. Yeah, they do. But she could use yeah. a cucumber. I don't know why she used a cucumber though. That's pretty. You know. I don't know. But yeah, Gross. they're making out. They're making out. There you go. And the, the, I like it too. While they're making out, there's freaking Red Tools going humina humina, and then Sai is just staring <laughs> with the creepiest <laughs> look on his face. But I and also, if you look, he's also recording it with his uh, his cybernetic, cybernetic eye. eye. Oh, Johnny, freaking Cyborgman and Red Tool in the scene are both depicting me looking at this yeah, scene. Yeah, it's so funny though that Sai is actually recording all of this. It makes me laugh. But. uh yeah, it's just, I don't know. You, you just, you don't get much here. <laughs> Except, like you said, fan service. Uh, you have them almost die. Harley falls out the window. They, she's grabbed by Power Girl, who says, you know, you're lucky I'm always around to help you. And then she's gone. Like, we, yeah. I actually thought we were going to go back to the whole Harley Power Girl because we saw her, you know, showering. Uh, the last issue, I'm like, oh, here we go again. And it, it just seems that this is just, you know, in and out and they're gone. Just to show that she's still in the same world. And then she mentions, you know, at me and the underground world and stuff just to make sure that they get a nod and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get yeah. mad whenever I see Power Girl just because I know that makes this book out of continuity. No matter what anybody tells me, Power Girl being this book automatically makes it out of continuity in my yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this takes place 10 years from now. I don't know. But uh, the art is really good. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're about to get shot. And they, and and egg is is funny. Eggy's funny throughout. They're actually pin the tail on the egg at one point. It looks like, yeah. and, you know, which just I can't believe they used an actual pin. That's a fucking dick move. It's a yeah, funny years you might is. crack his goddamn shell. Yeah, might crack him. But yeah, in the meantime, the, you know, everybody's getting shot. Uh, and, you know, nobody really dies, but uh, Tony gets his favorite I, I'm jacket saying, though, fucked up. A lot of the unconquerable 25 get fucking killed. Well, I'm yeah. saying of the group here because, yeah, Harley pulls out a goddamn missile launcher and they just, and fucking now they're going to have a fight. Six shooters. It's, just a, it's just an RPG. Sheesh, not a missile launcher. I'm God. sorry. But yeah, and she, you know, you exaggerating. Have, uh, you have the goddamn, you know, say hello to my badass, big ass friend or whatever. And then uh, even the Unconquerable 25, all it is is a bunch of, you know, military guys with their numbers on them. They're not really that interesting to me. And that actually no. upset me a bit. I actually Nor are they wouldn't. Unconquerable, let me tell no, you. No, no. Yeah, and what's funny is Harley goes out there with Poison Ivy and Catwoman, but she just tells them, hang back. I got yeah, this. I can Harley take this. Be yeah, crazy. I can she pulls some stuff, she kills a bunch of guys, but eventually she gets subdued, and it looks like Harley and Poison Ivy are going to, you know, they're being, they're facing down a helicopter. Yeah, it looks you know, like I an do Apache like that helicopter. When, she, when she's lowered down, upside down by freaking, you know, uh, Catwoman's whip, and she and like she's going after Young Cowboy 25 and sneaking up on him, she's upside down, hanging like Spider-Man off this whip, and she also has the Catwoman goggles on. I really like the look of her with the cat. Yeah, I do goggles. too. I like the uh, I like the goggles on her. It looks really cool. But yeah, and even when she's you know, looks spinning like a tank around, girl. the art's really good. That panel, the art's so good in that. I, I like the art throughout. I, I think it's the really art good. is great. I really like Chad Harden a lot. 
Yeah, so I missed uh, it. but you know, at the end, they're really this is an anniversary issue. This costs more money, and really, you're not getting anything more. All you're doing you is getting paid a party, Jim. Well, and that's the problem is if you really go down to <laughs> is the that why you don't party, of it, Eric? Yeah, that's right. He's too <laughs> cheap. Likes me. Yeah, no, but what you're really getting of as an anniversary are the, you know, you're getting an actual full first story to the, you know, the regular old page count, and then with the added bonus of the backup to make it that you, extra. Okay, you thing. get an extended backup if you didn't like. I'm sorry, the backup has been the least interesting part that we have. And then we extend, like, you get a regular-sized issue of Harley, and because of the backup... Well, and, we and that's the thing. You actually get a back to what we haven't had. We've been only having, like, 16 pages of Harley, the regular story, and we actually get, like, a 21 page of that then. So that's extended yeah. a little. And then you get the caveat of an extended backup that me and Eric could care less. Uh, we I don't barely, care Did about you it. read and it, Eric? I actually did. I've, I always, the last couple of issues I've only been skimming through because of how little I care about it. This yeah. one I actually read all the way through. And I wish I hadn't. Yeah, and and the it, best it thing is it doesn't do anything. The best thing is me and Reggie are here to announce that it is going to be continued in Harley Loves Joker, a series coming up. And Eric, we have agreed that you're going to review it. So there you go. I'm I glad that you read this because we have agreed that you're going to review it. No, actually, I don't, Reggie. I don't, I don't like Reggie's you guys talking when I'm not around. Reggie's <laughs> Reggie's actually going to review it going forward. And he said he's going to review it for a couple issues. Six, yeah. yeah, he's going to do a, like an arc or whatever it would be, just to see how it is, and maybe it'll benefit. But it just, being it its just own means thing. that all these backups that we've been getting, and I've been saying all along, we're getting pieces of a story. Maybe this is better. This is this has been in the works for a while now. We basically they've yeah. been stringing us along, and I can tell you, you haven't been reading the backups. This backup essentially encapsulates the, what happened in the last two. Yeah. yeah, that she owes she owes the carpenter a shitload of money. Three million no dollars. That's a yeah. shitload of money, all right. Uh, the only thing new that we get here is we saw at the end of the last one that looked like Joker had found out about something. Found, he found out a about tool belt. She was up to him, but he's he's happy about it. He found the new hideout. He thinks it's great, but he doesn't know that all this money is owed on it. And that's all this money it. is owed. And the carpenter has set bombs to go off in six days. If Harley does not pay up and he's already moved the gang and the hyenas. And she was all happy about this idea that he didn't know, because at least if it blows up, she doesn't have to pay the money and nobody has out of a hideout. Cause she's the only one yeah. And the Joker found out he's already moved it. He loves it. That's so now she has thing. to deal with yeah. him. Finding it's not out a great about- idea for the carpenter to collect his money because you know, before that she could just let it blow up. Like you're blowing up the thing that is going to get you your money back. And it's not a good plan. Yeah, that's I think a lot. I think most other supervillains, though, they need their hideouts for you know laboratories or whatever. My favorite part of this backup is actually seeing the walrus. I think he looks badass. Like he's kind of scary too. looking. Yeah, besides that, though, cool. it's all nonsense. Yeah, I like the carpenter and the walrus. I mean, I'm, I was glad to see those characters, and I'm glad to see the carpenter being used as a carpenter because that is in her at least from the cartoon that was where she came from. She was like yeah. a contractor. And she, I forget, I think she got mind controlled by the man. I gotta go back first. and check the shit out because I don't remember anything about the fucking carpenter and shit like that. And uh, Batman. Oh, and, I mean, if they were, they were in two episodes. If that, I know they were in one, and I think it was the Mad Hatter had controlled basically like an Alice in Wonderland people, right. and that was one of them. And I think they came back again. But but you know, I think the characters may have been more in the comic in the nineties, which I okay, didn't I didn't read that. But uh, anyway, you know, I don't think we're already talking too much about this backup. It's yeah. stupid. I think I think it's a total bait and switch to have it running as a backup and be like, oh, now it's going to be its own comic. Yeah, and, and you can't say that. You, so you've been cutting you've been cutting X pages out of my 
Harley comic. Yeah, yeah, for to just now, set you, know? you up. And I, I have not after the first one or two backups, maybe even the first. It seemed like the hype of anything had died down. Uh, I, I could look at the sales, and I'll tell you, the book didn't go up because of this backup. So it's really, yeah. it's like almost like they wanted to go with like, and you demanded it. The, you know, no, yeah, nobody yeah. demanded Goddamn this. Goddamn liar. The only thing that would have been demanded was somebody like you, Reggie, who said, you know what? You know, this would work better as just give me all these backups as one trade or a couple issues. Uh, but that's not saying that you're looking forward to a series. Yeah. So we'll have to see how it's going. But again, now we're going to have – you have a Harley book that really from you know me listening to other podcasts and looking at things – People don't really care about. People are really. It's like there's too much Harley now with just one book. And you know, I'm not even including her in Suicide Squad. That is a totally different Harley. But this, yeah. there's no hype for this book anymore. And it it does sell decent, but it's not like it was. And now you're gonna add this, you know, Harley Loves Joker book, and it just seems like it's something that nobody wanted. Like nobody's demanding this book. Where you have yeah. all these other characters out there that people are out there saying, I want a Shazam book. I want this book. I want that book. And this is what they end up giving us all the time. But Paul Dini ain't writing those, brother. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Yeah. No, but we'll see. But what did you give this, Reggie? Uh, I pretty much thought it was a lot of baloney, uh, a waste of the extra buck that they charge you for it. Yeah. It was not to say that every moment of it was horrific, but it was pretty much a waste of time. The best thing being the first thing Eric said, which is that they did stay on one story. It wasn't yeah. just like a vignette of the fucking six or eight dangling plot threads that are still dangling. You know, Harley Sin yeah. and all that other shit is still happening. But at least we got one complete story. The art I liked, the backup was bullshit. I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'd go 5-1. Uh, almost like what uh, Eric did with the... Uh, was that yeah. the Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad, five? yeah. Yeah, because I actually, I think the art was really good. And, and when Eric even said that, that when she got those Catwoman goggles and was going right there, it was, uh, it was so cool looking. But you have to give them credit. There's a lot of, lot of characters in this book, and they all look yeah. great. I mean, they all yeah. looked, if you were reading The Gang of Harleys, yeah, there they were. And it, they look great. They look exactly like they should. And you have Psy, and you have Egg, and you have all the guys who we've been in this book, and even the, the role derby and stuff and they all look fantastic so i power girl seemed a little odd when she showed up her art was a little odd but it was more of a uh, angle type thing to me yeah. uh but, the but even that were correct yeah the yeah yeah well i i thought that pretty much that but the whole thing with the unconquerable 25 was nonsense and it wasn't that fun to me uh, that was something that i thought was going to be some a lot of fun like they'd be just these crazy looking guys and each one would be taken down in a weird no they were just like military guys with numbers on them so it, that threw me off a bit uh so i'll give a five one what about you i'm gonna give this issue a six out of ten because whoa i love the art in this issue i'm i'm really glad that chad harden's back and you know the whole thing of getting one story really i really appreciate it because not only that we have a party scenario where we got to go in and we just have to all these characters like you know who you like you can do coming back you can have some fun you can have the dialogue that's fun again that we have not had in a while you don't really have a lot of holy crime and and shit like that you have it's just a fun time yeah, I just that didn't, I didn't even thing. have fun in the party. I just it was I, like nothing. I just I, I never have fun in a party. And, uh, I, really I, don't don't I don't like parties. But no, I, I'd give it a six. I'm telling you, it's the first time in a long time that I've actually read a Harley, and I didn't mind the fact that I read it besides for the backup. So I'm like, yeah, six out of ten. It's still not a great story. I'm saying there's not a lot going on, but for what I got, I appreciate it more than I've gotten recently. Yeah, right. yeah. Let's. Enough. I'm gonna take it to the live audience. Uh, live audience is Eric wrong? 
Oh my God! They're wow. not with live you. Audience. They're not with you tonight, Eric. That's a live audience. In fact, they're just a bunch of bells that ding. It's a very <laughs> weird. Li- oh. It's a very weird live audience, yeah. but they are sort of there. abstract in a way. It really. is very abstract. That's how we like to roll here on the Weird Science Podcast. Uh, but we're going to go off now to some more mail. It is the best podcast a week, even though Jim is such a freak. I want to hear all the reviews, don't you smell what they're in? And I've got such a long way to go, to make it to the end of the episode. Or so here, Mel with Eric, here Mel with Eric. And I've got a long way to go. So, or so here, Mel with Eric, now Mel with Eric. Gonna hear Mel with Eric. Mail with Eric. Mail with right. Eric. Here we go. Mail with Eric. And it's going to start with G. And G says, what's up, most electrifying man in podcast history, Jim Warnell and America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And the man what's that croons the most, Reggie. Reggie on a vacation. He put those songs aside, Eric, and he is he's dipping. He ain't his got time t- for that on he vacation. He doesn't. He's, he's d- freaking on the beach. He's you know sun tanning and doing all that stuff. He's Taking got white stuff on his bro. nose. I hear. When Dancing Mike started talking about his room in his mom's house, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about what were the top five things in your bedroom when you were seven years old. Minor list below. What are yours? And he has number five: a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 1988 Playmates, uh, Playmates Turtle Blimp that the turtles used to ride in the cartoon show. And he did attach the uh, the image, and it made me laugh. I remember and getting this. The thing this. is, it's a it's a really cool like vehicle to look at, like you know, because yeah. it's a big old fucking balloon, but because it's a blimp, but not that really great to play with. Yeah, he said, I remember getting this and being excited, and I couldn't blow it up my, by myself because it was so big and I was out of breath. I also had all four of the Turtles and Master Splinter to go with it. Number yes. four was his copy of Amazing Spider-Man 375, the one with Venom and Spidey wrestling in a gold web foil. It was the anniversary issue to Amazing Spider-Man number one. Attached the image to this as well, and I thought that was cool. Number four, yeah. my uh, Number three, my VHS copy of Top Gun. My wife, that's her favorite movie. Number two, my old Michelangelo Ninja Turtle costume. And number one, NES. And he says, thanks for another fantastic podcast episode. I would rather hang out with your seven-year-old selves than my friends that I know today. And that's sincerely G. And I... I, uh, I didn't have a lot of stuff. I really didn't. Most of my stuff at that point, seven, I'm trying to think of where I would have been. It would have been just in quick time. Most of my things would be uh, more or less sports stuff. I would have had baseball gloves, hockey sticks, shit like that. My hockey stick would have been a big deal. Yeah, and uh, I also had a couple baseball batting helmets that I used to hang on the wall, and I had all these – my door, I had these weird uh, football helmet stickers that I had all over that, but I really didn't have much. I ended up getting an Atari 2600, but because I ended up having to share that with my brother, that was not allowed in my room, and I didn't have a TV in my room, so I was screwed there anyway, Uh, but for the most part, it was – 
would have been pure out everything, either two things. It would have been Beatles stuff, records, pictures, stuff that I would have hung up, or sports stuff, especially baseball or hockey, would have been my big thing. How about you, Eric? I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of stuff in my room. Like, I had my TV, which was my biggest deal in the goddamn world. Yeah, and like stuffed animals in there and shit. But most of my things, like the Nintendo that was downstairs in the family no room. Stuffed and like, animals. I was taking a drink. <laughs> you have your cabbage patch kid in there, there, buddy boy? I did probably. Yes, now, you I, did. At seven years old, I think I, I, I would have been beyond that at that point, though. Yeah. Um, so, Marvin yeah, Hector. I didn't really have a lot Marvin of stuff Hector that was in my room. Marvin Hector wasn't with you then? Yeah, Marvin no, Hector. Marvin Hector was not in there. Oh, um, Marvin Hector. A little bit earlier, but no, at that point, like, even my action figures and all my toys that I love, they were downstairs as well in my toy box. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of the time frame then. I'm actually, I w- I'm a little, now, I'd have all the sporting things, but actually, that would have been right before I came to Quakertown. I'm wrong. Actually, what I would have had, everything would have been Star Wars, because that's pretty much that summer would have been when I was seven uh, when that came out. So, seven or eight, but I'll go around that that time frame. Everything would have been Star Wars for me. That changed all that. But I still would have had my sports stuff. But, yeah, I would have had freaking Star Wars action figures and things like that all over the place. But not tons. My, my dad would not spend the money. So what I, uh, you know, I'd have, I'd have a couple things, but that would have been, you know, I used to cut out. I got, I remember before my one year, I think it was third grade, uh, was the summer that Star Wars was going to come out. And there was a lot of push before it came out. And uh, it's like school was near the end. It was getting near that spring and whatever. And I had a lot of pictures and shit like that from books. I'm saying, my room was like, like, at that point in time, was like the least interesting place to be because I only went in there to watch TV and sleep and shit like yeah. that. So there was really nothing going on there. I never went in it. Oh, there you go. And you had no friends, so they weren't coming over either. No, so by there. seven, I did have friends. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, they like those glasses yours when no, you were younger at seven. Did you take your glasses off when people would come over? Nope. Or did you just keep them on? Yeah, I big, kept them on all the time. Big pumpkin head Eric Shea with those glasses. I love that baby picture. Bobby sent it to me the other day. Oh, I love it. It makes me smile so much. I said, you look so happy. So happy. Big ass head. You don't see that behind they have fucking things propping you up because you could not maintain that head in that position there. But, uh, it made me laugh so much. It makes me smile, actually. The next one's J-Man. And J-Man says, hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? Since I still get my poll mailed to me every other week and I'm a week and a half behind on my reading, I'll give some thoughts on what I have been reading in DC Comics. I just finished Red Hood and the Outlaws number 12. While I'm still loving the art and the snarkiness of the characters, I get the feeling that Liddell has no endgame in mind. I thought the whole reason of bringing this dark trinity together was to one day confront the real trinity team. Based on the last page of Red Hood and the Outlaws 12, I'm guessing that Lex steps in and repairs Bizarro. Yep. Yep. Although I am presently not reading Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, uh, or any Green Lantern title since DC kept uh, decided to keep Van Diddy, who always treads water, all the Hal-centric series. Hired a pot-smoking, no-talent hack writer for the Green Lantern Earth series, and yep. ostracized Cullen Bunn from Sinestro and all things DC. I read through the latest issue at my local comic book shop. I am kind of a sucker for New God stories. Not on my watch. Not Although I decided here. not to purchase the New God special issue because I figured it would either be a retread story of 
poorly written series of short stories to pander to blind Kirby followers. Kind of. Or a yep. little bit of both. Yeah, actually. I have to admit that this issue of Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, has me impressed. I'm looking forward to the next issue. He just, he's a, a filthy casual there, Eric. He was reading it in the comic book store. Uh, it makes me laugh. With one caveat, Venditti is still writing the story. And if past Green Lantern story arcs written by Venditti are any indicator, he will start off great, tread water through the middle of the arc, and eat shit for the finale. It does kind of seem what he does. Uh, what happened? It's weird, too, because we, we were always talking like it's we do review that book on the podcast, but never do we mention Van Diddy anymore. No. One, once Van Jensen Used to be left. Back, and, like I say, it was Van Jensen Van Diddy and Van Diddy. And Van Jensen was just, it flowed. You could say that. But yeah, it's just, it's not even like it was better then. It's just, we never, we're never standing around like, you know who I like that Van Diddy? No, it's, because yeah, after even the Green Lantern Renegade arc, I don't like talking yeah, about that and what's arc weird went, is, that whole story like went nowhere. Even when we like an issue of Green, we'll never say like, man, Venditti's doing good. We'll never mention his name, no. really. It's nothing we really mention. It's very odd. Venditti's still writing. Venditti's still writing the story. And Pascal, oh, wait, I'm sorry. What happened in the New 52 threads that were dropped the last time Hal met up with the new gods at the end of the arc? Are they going to give not only Hal, but the rest of the Green Lantern Corps a 90s era Renegade-esque makeover? I'll read through the arc of my local LCS as it comes out, but I'll pass on collection. You just see, he's there reading the, hey, you, st- this ain't no hey, library. Hey, hey, man, this ain't no library. Get <laughs> like, the hell out of my I can just office. see him. He's like, uh, yeah, do you have a bathroom? And you see him, he's got it rolled up to run into the bathroom. I'll read through the arc of my local comics. The only thing I see in my crystal ball saving the arc and maintaining the same quality of this arc's first issue throughout it is if DC has Jeff Johns take over friend Diddy on the remaining issues of the New Gods arc. I'll admit that I dropped Batman and started picking up Detective Comics again, but I may drop Tech after the Satana arc. He said Tech, Eric. He's in the no. And wait for a new writer to do Batman before I pick up another Batman title. According to Tom King, you're going to be waiting a long time. He was talking about what he has planned for, like, issue 100. It's nonsense talk. I'm still picking up All-Star Batman. I like the concept of the young MI6 Alfred arc, but not really feeling how Snyder is playing out the story. In general, I'm really looking forward to Metal and all the tie-ins. Both Tech and Green Lantern Corps mentioned Metal. I really appreciate that. Here's hoping the next main Metal issue is better than the last. Come on, Scott. Make it happen. Well, I guess I'm signing off for now because my wife is monopolizing my computer, even though she has her own laptop, personal computer, and iPad. How dare she? Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. And that is the end of mail section number four. And we're going to come back with a couple super section uh, with Reginald, I believe, Eric. Uh, We do the so disjointed, but I do think that that's where we're going to go. And a little special uh, thing that Reggie and Chris did for their young animals this week. So we'll be back in a minute. I'm Spoon James, and I came to say... Fuck Spoon James, we all about that. Hey, coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass. Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot. He could give a fuck less if you like him or not. With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees. Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these. If it wasn't for dancing, Mikey wouldn't have no fame. We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame. And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit, the only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuck stick. And speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now? 
did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions at your ass like a colonoscopy. Make way for MC Clifton with his brother Robin Nasadi from the hottest next parts for the Get Fresh crew. Word to Eric, Jim, and Reggie for all you guys do. On behalf of all the fans who hear the pod every day, we love you motherfuckers, but mostly Eric Shane. Just a man, and a man knows a man. Uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man? He is the and man. And you know he never fails. No one but the pure at heart may smell just stinky fart. Sing it, Dustin. Oh, Eric Shay. What? What? All right, we're back wow. with Reggie. A little and Toby my fuck there. stick. A little shout out to, uh, yeah, you like to suck on my fuck stick or whatever the hell he uh, says. I, there. No, 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 I no, believe no. it was the other way around. No, no, no. I didn't hear it yeah. that way. No, I, I, you, I'm going to play it back. <laughs> and then Reggie sucks on his, Jim's fucks it. There you go. Wow. That, that's, that was that, actually. Really sound <laughs> you couldn't like tell. Song. You couldn't tell that was the song. That was Toby. He, <laughs> sent, me, he sent me another little bit. Oh, uh, yes. We're back with Reggie and Guys, both. stop blowing each other. We got hey, Yeah, really. Out. I don't care if I'm blowing, getting blown, whatever. It's a party. That's a party to me, and, I, you know, everybody's coming. Ba-doom, boom. Hey, uh, Eric but we're back. We got comics. Yeah, there you go. We're going to go with Eric Shea here and see what he has to say because we have two more books of Reggie's, uh, yeah. and they are super. This is the super section. Uh, I'd like to say it would be nice oh, if we put Reggie. Supergirl in here, but, Reggie, that's not one of your books. Thank God Supergirl. for you. Have you read any of the Supergirl in this rebirth? Uh, the first, I only read the first one. Actually. God bless you, Reggie. And I've been reading, <laughs> I've been reading Being Super, which is also not that great. Yeah, that's over though. So there, yeah. Yeah, that is over. But yeah, the Supergirl book is just—it's horrendous. But we'll get to that in a little uh, later because these two books are not horrendous. Uh, the first one is New Superman that you'll tell us about is one of our favorite books. The three of us—we uh, really do enjoy it. And I enjoyed this though. I have seen some people on the Slack chat talking, and they are coming around to what we have said for a bunch of issues now: is that it looks like a race to the finish line. It really does. Although you we. Know, We've been saying this for like I know. know three or four issues. So no, I'm, I know. Like, and now everybody's well, like, it, it was end. funny. It really yeah, I, I see people in Slack though, like, man, I read New Superman. It really seems like they're starting to, you know, get yeah. towards where they're wrapping it up. I'm like, we've Fairman seen Jack the writing on the wall. On the review, yeah. to say the same thing. I, I, I 100% agree. But we've been saying this since at least May, so it, it's a pretty. Pretty slow, yeah. fast build to it the is. end. I don't now, know I, I will you know. say that a big thing to me that uh, spells doom for this is there is rumor, there is talk that the, the second book we're going to talk about with you is Superwoman, and that pretty much is unofficially canceled, that that's going to end in January. They have these yeah. things where a lot of times the cancellations where people do find out is when they start releasing solicits and things for the trades. And the second trade of that that will be coming out in January, or whatever, third trade even, it says Kay Perkins ends the series that started the rebirth and all this stuff. So it does seem like that's going to be canceled. And then in the meantime, Blue Beetle looks like that might be ending in February. Now, this isn't set in stone. This is just people. Uh, (laughs) But really, I think that a lot of books like this new Superman, that it's not selling well. They don't want to. And I saw, and it even said in the headline of this little article that I read that they're trying to, you know, it's conjecture still. But it's like, is this going to be the first, you know, failure of, of Rebirth? And I think that's why a lot of books like this new Superman have held on more.
more than they usually would, and Superwoman, because it does seem like DC doesn't want to have anything canceled because that does kind of seem like, oh, look, that failed. Not everything's great. Not everything's, you know, fucking roses in Rebirth. But once one goes down... I think a lot of dominoes are going to fall. It starts to poke some, some yeah, holes because in the then thing. it's not also, that G- big a deal. Also, Wen Yang is a big YA author, you know, so that if yeah. they want to publish his book as long as possible. They probably does get more legs in trade. Yeah, yeah. Than it does I would think, and comics. I did Fuck see a YA author, young author, a young, young adult. adult there. Yeah, uh-huh. young adult. But I did see one with this book with Gene Luan Yang because I do think that he is some like I don't know the official title, but it's like almost like the you know ambassador of young adult novels. He's a big deal with not just a publisher. He has some sort of position, yeah. uh, you know, some sort of thing that he does. Uh, and I do think that I read before that he said when they had the new Superman that it's one of the comics and the trades that is pretty much going to schools as well. So it's a shame that that doesn't seem to have picked up the readership at all uh because really if that's the case it's actually padding the numbers a little and the numbers aren't that great so it, yeah, it's a shame it's institutional sales to these schools and libraries yeah. they make big bucks my yeah friend. Oh, that, yeah that, well that, uh, yeah really so, save a book i can tell you right so now. i think that that's what's it is what's keeping it going but it can't keep it going that long so if you are like us then enjoy this all i can say is you know, enjoy it while you're getting it because it's not going to be that much longer. And I hope that it's one of those where, you know, make a stand for once, people. Get, you know, I'm going to get on my soapbox now. Uh-oh, if you okay. hear tomorrow, if tomorrow, Saturday, out of nowhere, DC has an announcement, listen, new Superman's going to end in, in February. Don't bail on it. Just go until then and show that that will show. If you really like the book, stick with it, and that will show DC. You know what? They may not have had a lot of numbers, but the people were pretty. You know, they were into this, and they, they were loyal. The because yeah. usually, when the books announced as as being done, Eric always see you know, and it, it actually with Eric it confuses them as it does me that people are like oh three more issues, fuck that, I'm out, yep. and they they just bail. So hopefully, people will stick with it. Now this is series. What's wrong? With you with a deck. Yeah, you just complete it. But this is me saying this. This is no announcements. I don't know anything behind the scenes. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you these, know, I, I want to say no one. For all we know, this could be going it on. It could go for, on forever. I, it could. You know, Listen. Yeah. I don't know. Brett may have convinced people that we're fucking friends with everybody at DC. That's not the case. It really isn't. Uh, so I have not gotten word of anything well, of the sort. Well, Gene Luen Yang, Yang probably heard the podcast, so there's no way. No chance. No, if Gene Luen Yang heard two yeah. seconds heard of this anti, podcast, yeah, that's the problem. Eric Shea, so <laughs> he'll never get on board with anyone like an Eric Shea. Why would he? I wouldn't. It's just oh, bad. It's just bad either. business is what Eric is doing for us. <laughs> there you go, Eric. But no. Eric loves this book as well, but go with it, Reggie. Tell us about it. I don't have a song, but we'll do New Superman, number 14, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Billy Tan, Caro, and Hi-Fi. And, you know, things are going crazy in Shanghai. <laughs> Everybody is going to die. Here comes the 10 again. DDD, da 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 I thought I was in Shanghai. I ended up in Shanglo. Beedy bop, beedy bop, boop. But yeah, uh, this is, again, I, I don't know. Do you think this is as dense as the issues have been? Because I actually didn't think it was. Uh, do you, what, it, what is your It's still dense. It's still dense, but we're, we're, I don't feel like we're juggling as many disparate stories at the moment. You know, there, there's a yeah. few, though. There's a lot going on in this issue, including bringing back. I, I have a feeling this whole 
back together, the Justice League of China was meant yeah. to be teased out maybe over an entire arc instead of two issues. Yeah. Because yeah. it really they really played it up to be something more monumental. Like, you know, I think we may have been supposed to have seen Dylon be half snake, half Wonder Woman longer. Than a little bit, yeah. Well, out of nowhere, she's just know. saving people to me, and then they, you know, that only goes for, exactly. like, you know, one yeah, panel, and then they're like... Wasn't she, like, under lock and key, like they were trying to cure yeah, yeah, her in the, just in the crazy, laboratory basically. before? I do like that. I like the idea that, you know, it's one of those you, that uh, you go back to the Flash book with Avery, and that is what Barry Allen, when she was, she kept vibrating. She couldn't stop vibrating when the, uh, yeah. the Speed Force storm hit her, and he did go to her and say, listen, this is how you can control this. This is how you can control your powers. Think of the, yeah, basically think of your good place, and think of the things you like, and concentrate on that, and not concentrate on having, you know, the Speed Force power, and it did work. So I thought that was right. a really nice so uh, call. Back. Gates and Fast Times yeah, Richmond High. Exactly. I got it. I got it. You yeah. got okay, it. Okay, I'm not turning. I think I'm turning more into a snake. No, yeah, my, my snake is now rising. Is what it's doing. <laughs> and uh, yes, oh, Phoebe Cates. But uh, yeah, you have them where they're trying to save everybody. You have a, a lot of shit going down. But like I said, it didn't seem as dense. It, it, to me, it was just basically like everything that they went to do, I, I had a full grip on. Now, before it just seemed so out of the ordinary and things, but you do get a lot here. Like you said, you're getting the Justice League back together, though we you still want to see. You get one woman back together. You yeah, have the freaking history of what's together. going on with Master I Ching. That's the, the best part, I showing up. Yeah, you have the yeah. whole team the trying great to save yeah, the, yeah. the great tenor just thrown in there, and basically, and I love the great you know, on the upper floors of this building, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's all hands on deck, and I, I do. Me and Eric love the great ten. We have, oh, absolutely. and I'll tell you, I really, really like the art, except Keenan. Keenan seems off to me occasionally in this book. And, yeah, I see that right there. Like when, yeah. when uh, freaking uh, Avery's talking to freaking uh, Dylon, turning her back from a snake, and he's behind her, he looks so weird to me. Yeah, he looks yeah, weird. At that. one it point, changes at points too. It's yeah, so that's the face changes a lot. At one point, there's a big version of him, and I'm looking at it while they're going, and he looks like Tom Cruise out of nowhere. I'm like, oh god. But when the Suicide Squad shows up, which is it's kind of forced in, but it's okay again. I think that was probably originally going to be longer. That seems like something right. that would have worked itself out a little more of just them. Hey, Suicide Squad, you're going in. You got the kryptonite. Okay, boom. And then they find out. But the well, art there, of the Suicide is, Squad there, there I love. There is more, apparently. You know, she says, he's not the last Superman. Yeah, yeah he's but I'm the saying the setup, kill, the setup is so yeah, quick. Is. And, now, and, spe- speaking about the art, which I, like, you know, for the most part, I really enjoy, but this one does seem off a little bit with the things. Do you know that scene where they're like it's early on where they're still in the streets and they're trying to save people and Avery has a, a boy in her hand he's, she's handing it off to a fireman yeah, yeah. and the thing is I just expect there to be like a missing piece of dialogue where the guy's like I'm a man because he has a fucking <laughs> adult like face a grown man. <laughs> he does. it looks like he has gray hair he's, cry, he's crying he's like, crying I'm a man I'm not a baby I'm a man Jesus Christ, let me down. He's smoking a cigar. Hey, what you doing there, you bitch? <laughs> it is funny. But even in the background, you, you continue that whole thing where you have another version of Ke- 
Keenan and, and the Action Comics cover too. He's, he's picking up yeah. the car. They keep doing yeah. that, but I'm, now I can't stop looking at that baby. <laughs> it's a man. Oh my God. But yeah, at one point, uh, yeah, when Avery actually goes to the aside and like, and he's saying, hey, you know what? Uh, he said because the girl he's crushing on is actually a giant snake. I'm like, when the hell did fucking Keenan become a woman? He looks, it's the page right after the baby in the middle panel. I'm like, he even looks like he has boobs. I don't know what's going on there. It's so weird. His art, his art changes so much throughout this issue, but yet everything else is great. And I, I'm telling you, the, the, uh, the Suicide Squad, I think, looks incredible. I love they that. They look like a different artist, actually. Oh, my God. They right look there, so good. No and then you credit. have... Keenan also, the way they, they portray Keenan in this issue, and I think it's something that's been going on and we don't usually mention it, uh, he appears to age and de-age throughout the issue and it, through this whole thing. Well, at points, he even looks like he's like 29, then down to like 16, and he's all over the place. But yeah. everybody but him, I think, looks really good. Uh, I change. Well, most we of the other people have masks, which help to yeah, uh, yeah, kind of make the drawing a lot easier. But yeah, and like Eric said, we see where I Ching is kind of going to go back to the uh, middle world or whatever, the place between, between what place. is and what is not, and kind of start the face off against his evil version of him. Uh, well, actually, so we what, do what get we learn is that. apparently is the I Ching, uh, is the according to the evil yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, the real the version is, the, evil is the fake one. Yeah, he yeah, has a yeah. shadow. So we're gonna see. I don't know. It's it's funny too because it's it doesn't really say, but he is the shadow. But it seems like he's the shadow of an evil guy, so that he's good. You know what I mean? But I I do like that. I I thought that that was. Then why doesn't the evil one have a goatee? I don't know because it's not the mirror universe of Star Trek. Yes, that is why. That is why now. Why isn't it? Agreed. I, <laughs> I, I want to know, know. That too. But yeah, and in the meantime, they're fighting. They have to go save some, uh, you know, people, hostages, and things like that. And they go up, and you get this more. Superman has taken over the friggin' the, the yeah. tallest building in China, yep. which is one of the like the second tallest building in the world, or something like that. Yep. The thing is, they're talking about the 84th floor and yep. shit like that. And it goes up. All I thought about was this fucking the tallest building in China is nothing like you know. It's just yeah. barely freaking you know. It's only a little bit bigger a than a building slum building in Gotham. That son of a bitch. Uh, this it? is yeah. This is and this is one of the tallest buildings in the world, but yet it's only a little bit taller than a tenement building. In uh, and also it made Gotham, me laugh yeah. because as they get up to those, just a little personal aside for Jim Warner here. As they go up, they even mention like these windows don't open this high up. Uh, they, nope. they do in Gotham there. Uh, I'm telling you, it seemed like Gene Leon Yang was like, actually just referring to that goddamn book because he thought Damn it was right. nonsense too. Damn right, he thought it was nonsense because he knows it was but yeah through this whole thing you have where Baxi is not looking at Wonder Woman he doesn't want to look at Daylen at all and she thinks it's because of what she did where she went past a cast kind of a you know tried to up her social level but it's because she's a snake woman he don't want to look at no snake woman. Uh, but eventually, and this is at the point where she has gone to her good place to get down to just being her with a, a snake tail. Uh, but then uh, Baxi's almost going to get killed. And by admitting that she loves all the members of the... Yeah, loves all of them, but when you mention that She reverts more back to a human, but she can't admit it for Baixi. No, Baixi. I always call him Baxi. Uh, I'm, I'm an awful person. But yeah, in the meantime, she, she does... She turns boy human, though, when she starts making out with the Batman. Yeah, but then she does save him. 
And then that's when that's they kind that's of the, show That's their the equivalent of a snake woman boner is when your legs when your when your snake half turns to legs. To legs. Huh? You gotta have that little like that leg kick up in the back, you know, yeah. like you used to have in the fifties or shit like that. You can't do that right. when you're a snake, so you need legs. Yeah, again. you can't do that. So they, they start kissing. Uh Keenan it's like he's gonna throw up because it, it's just disgusting to him, but a- Avery loves it, you know, she thinks it's so cute. So they do Aww. show their feelings. Again, probably something that wouldn't be as rushed here i think that this would have like you said reggie it would have been a couple pages but that's when keenan hears the heartbeats he hears heartbeats above him and knows you know somehow he recognizes them as his dad and his mom you don't hear your up. parents heartbeats no, Jim? i don't Wrong know no my dad's dead he don't have you, no know, you, get, you know your dad's heartbeat that's yeah, an easy nothing, one right now nothing <laughs> My dad's heartbeat, all right. But when it goes, and when he goes in and he sees his dad there, and then the next panel, and that's where I think he looks like Tom Cruise. It looks so weird. He he sees his dad, and then he doesn't know. He doesn't. It seems like he doesn't want to admit that that's his mom as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, Doctor Oman. But it's funny because as he's there, he gathers up some strength to bust open the tube that his dad's in, and it's it's full of liquid. And I actually thought to myself, like. You're going to kill him. What are you doing? And he does say that. He's like, oh, my God, maybe I shouldn't have done that. The liquid might have been keeping him alive. But no, his dad wakes up and then, you know, basically says, look, I'm positive. Dr. Almond's your mother. So we all we knew this. Was because because be anyway. she saved him when he was being boiled yeah. alive. Yeah. In his, uh, and also said, hey, you, I'm your mother. Yeah. Hey, you. So. There, there you have it. And then Robin Bot comes in, freaking out of nowhere with the rocket arms and starts yeah, blowing shit up. So yeah. And I thought it was great. And through this whole thing, there is the running gag of them kind of trying to keep it on the down low as they sneak in. But everybody's blowing up shit all yeah. around them and stuff There's like no that. There's no down so, low. But, uh, yeah, there is no down low. Uh and Eric would probably, he's such a racist, he thinks that's one of God. the members of the Chinese Justice League. And that's not true, Eric. There is no character in this book called Down Low. No, so yeah, you I'm just sorry. stop that. But yeah, then they go up, and basically it's just a full-out fight. Play with you guys anymore. There might it's be a full-out fight going low. on. Thank Listen, Eric, Reggie. Yes, uh, they go up, and that's where Emperor Superman is there, and he tries to kill Keenan, and Keenan just like fuck that. He, you know, all of a sudden he has the the heat vision. And the funny thing is, is that you have this, and it's a big moment. I didn't really even know that he didn't have heat vision at this point. No, it, he, he he's been trying to turn this on for. Yeah, issues, you it's know, just weird. For some it. reason, when it happened, it just didn't strike me right away as, holy shit, he did it. It just seemed like, okay, he did it. But everybody's there. You have a group shot even with them all there about, you know, I'm human. These are the people who I, I work, you know, love, and this is what makes me stronger, that whole thing. And that's where he gets into his chi and ends up using the heat vision, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, it looks it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome, and that's when like all of a sudden a uh, sword goes through Emperor Superman. And uh, to me, this is something that had to happen. You can't have Emperor Superman going around all this time. He needs to get out of this book at some point, and it looks like this is how. He gets uh, a kryptonite sword through him uh, that it seems that Deadshot did. And it you was have the Deadshot. Suicide Squad again. Yeah, and I think the art again. I'm like, I really like these art with the Suicide Squad. I don't squad. like the Killer Croc. He Don't looks like you, a snake I, instead of a crocodile. I actually yeah, just like it because I think funny. it fits. Right. I think it fits this book, though. I think it does, and yeah, it, it's, I can see what it you're saying. Looks a little Godzilla. It's more of an animated like series type Harley deal. Harley says something. Harley at the end is like, "I hate to tell you, Putin, but the Emperor and the only Superman we came to here came here to kill." But Keenan doesn't understand what she just said. No, pretty yeah. much, you know what I mean. Yeah. He doesn't really know English very well, so that's 
That's yeah. just another wrinkle that they're going to be taunting him with shit. And yet Deadshot can say we are the Suicide Squad in Chinese. Yeah. I don't know about that. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. It's not in blue. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's weird. It isn't. Yeah, who knows what's going on? They, I think they've gotten away from that a little. <laughs> or maybe it's that. because there's characters there that speak English. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's one of those because there isn't a. I I can't. I can't make it work. But yeah, don't it don't, is a don't hurt odd. yourself. I'm not about gonna. It, but, you know, I'm just looking for my character right. down low. Uh, what do you guys think about this whole idea about this kryptonite sword and where you know it's not that the the Keenan Kong or the Emperor Superman are you know they're not Kryptonians so they're not susceptible to yeah, the weird. kryptonite like Superman is, but it is able to disable their powers to the point where they can pierce them through with it. Like it won't make them sick, but it will shut their powers down because yeah, they are kryptonian based powers. Your powers and then lets you. Pre- Pretty much get killed, I guess, is what they're saying. I mean, right? I, I, it was such a weird thing because I read this and then I read Superwoman, and there are two parallel concepts going on because here we have the green K and uh, Super uh, Superwoman, we have the red K, and they should, in my mind, they should not act against these characters at all because they are not Krypton. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is weird. I hear you. I, I listen, Eric. I actually, especially with Superwoman, I had yeah. the same feeling. Well, here but in this, I, I don't I, have I as much of a problem. That green Kryptonite didn't affect. Superman Zero at all. That's that. That was my impression. Uh, I mean, really, you could also look at it like, as long as you, if if we assume that Green K, the the Kryptonite can pierce Superman Zero and Keenan Kong, right. Then the rest of the job is just a matter of putting a sword through his heart. Well, that's what right. it is. I think that oh, the Kryptonite so. stops the power, so then you can pierce it because it is. You know, they still have that solar flare I, I power so. from Superman. In, so in, in essence, you know, yeah. it's like they got they got to have some foil that can take. Them oh, back. I agree. Yeah, that's I don't the mind. Thing, is that- like the whole thing, like Keenan Kong, he has to activate individual power. So right. if he doesn't have invulnerability on, he is susceptible to shit. Maybe he has it always on, but I don't know how it actually works at this point. Know, it but was off two like you ago. know, yeah, he almost got fucked up. Yeah, but like the thing is, I don't mind this because we. I'm saying it's so weird that we have in these two super books two different interpretations yeah. of how K works on solar sentient energy, freaking you know, super beings. Here, I don't mind because the kryptonite, you're going to tell me it disables the powers, makes them wonky, whatever. That's because what I like. I can kind of go with it the way it affects Superwoman later on. I'm like, that is way off no, in my that's mind. It weird. not that, work at all. And, and we're going to talk about that next. I would have thought that that would have just, you know, done something weird to her powers, not taken her over. And in this, I like it. I like the idea that it just shuts down their powers because of the solar sending energy deal and then – the sword, like Reggie said, the sword just does a work of a sword then and kills them because now they can be killed. So Since I don't the mind. powers do come from Superman, I, I, yeah. I, I like that it, it shuts it's those okay. off. It, I don't it mind. has to be something. And yeah, I'm you okay have to figure it, it out. And it, it seems that. like he has worked out a plan that I can go with. I can say, yeah. okay, it's not just the sword goes through him and he dies. And then we're like, oh, shit. You know, why would, you know, then we have the discussion. What the fuck is it, you know, affecting him? And why would he be able to do that? So I, I do like the way they explain. It, but yeah, at the end, it looks like the Suicide Squad is going to try to kill Keenan next. Now, in the meantime, what me and Eric have said earlier in the podcast, even now you're getting you know more guest stars in this, and yeah. the Suicide yeah. Squad is a very odd guest star. It it seems like desperation. But DC definitely seem... considers that to be one of their biggest. Properties. Yeah, and it, so it just it's, 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 a, doesn't it's an seem... important crossover, and yeah. it's forced. There's no reason yeah, for them is. to show up here. It's very forced, and it's just there to have the Suicide Squad. In there, Thank but God it was I just three of them at least. Yeah, right? it was yeah, it, it, yeah it's just them. Teeth in the background. Well, we're yeah, just the, talking the, about who we thought the three core members of the Suicide Squad members like the, are now. Yeah, you wouldn't I'm kill. I'm guessing it's Killer Croc, Deadshot, yeah. and Harley. 
Yeah, yeah. and it, it's weird too because I don't know. We we talk to a lot of people, uh, you know, in the Slack and and whatnot, and I've never seen somebody say like, "Man, I got to get this issue of New Superman out of nowhere because the Suicide Squad's in it." You know yeah. what I mean? I don't see that a lot with any of these. Yeah, you might well, get you know, some interest. This oh, you know, hyped up at all? Again. No. Again, I gotta say, I just think this was going to be more issues. You know, yeah, this was this yeah. was gonna be a thing. Don't miss the Suicide Squad. Yeah, attack yeah, I think you're right. I, I do. And it, it's, I still liked it though. I still liked yeah, this issue. I, liked it. I had uh, a great time with this. What issue. did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I, I ended up giving an eight out of ten. I really had no huge problems except that it just really does feel like it's it's rushing it's it to rush. an end. Things that should would have played out a little longer uh, don't get to play out. However. What's playing out? I like a lot. I like the da- the Dylan and Baishi thing. They even kind of give a nod to his sister. He talks about her. Mentions yeah, her well, they bring her back. They they talk about uh, his sister again like that, that we thought Eden was going to be the Joker. Yeah, 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 exactly. She was supposed to be the alpaca or something, the Joker. But they, yeah. they at least mention her, and that, that yeah. that's not forgotten. I like Keaton's growth as a character. Still growing. Still yeah. new things happening. Uh, how many issues? 14 issues in. And he still is, you know, continuing to surprise me with, you know, how much he can do. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really love this book. I'm, you know, yeah, I do too. It's, it's so strange. We've been saying for so long, it's ending, it's ending, and I couldn't feel that more strongly with each issue. However, we haven't, I haven't seen this. No, we haven't stop, seen. You know what I mean? Stop. I don't know what's and going it, on. it always is. It's like one of those where I'll say, "Oh no, the solicit's coming." It's one yeah. of the first ones I'll go to look, and then you'll see, like out of nowhere. You know, something arc part one. I'm like, part one? Okay. It's going to last yeah. a couple more. I mean, I don't know how long this arc will be, but it, it's starting a new arc. So that's good. Uh, I'd give it an eight as well. I, I really like the art. I, I love Keenan as a character. I'm afraid that when this book is done, there's really no real room for him and anything else you know they could try to throw him on a teen titans or things i don't think it'll work yeah. he's good in this book and i just don't see him coming around it's a shame because i really and don't i like i like the whole justice league i think the justice too. league themselves are great uh even to the point where we never mention here and there, but yeah, overall, we never mention it it's almost like a justice league but it's also like a teen titans as well because they're all pretty young uh, i do like that i really love the art so yeah eight out of ten i'll give it i just hope that it lasts a, a long enough to get the full story but what do you think eric 7.5 out of 10 i enjoyed the story enough the art i thought was a bit wonky especially when we're talking about a keenan kong and shit like keenan. that that man that man child avery was hold, holding on to I don't, I don't know what's going on <laughs> but like the whole idea i felt that too much was crammed into this because while we have the emperor superman thing and the the, um, the just league of china getting back together to take him on we also have all these villains escape the crab show yeah, we have the great the crab show, and they're, yeah. we're glanced over completely we have nothing to do with them and it, it just kind of upset me because i wanted to see these things it seemed really cool yeah. just to get us you know we had to get so many places in this issue to end up to fucking have the death of emperor superman it just seemed a little rushed to me Yep. Well, there you go. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the last Reggie book, and the last Reggie book is what we talked about a little bit during the new Superman. It is Superwoman, and yeah, it's a it's a story of going back to Smallville and a lot about the Red K. And not only that, it feels like we missed a fucking issue. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, stuff, and uh, yeah, out of nowhere. Well, it throws us into the action. I think purposely that's the way the story is being told, although yeah. I did have to look back to see. I was like, is Red Sun a character? And I didn't see anything of him ever existing. I like Superman the name of him before. for a Superman deal. I, I think that's I like a pretty a cool I, name, especially, I, you know, as, you know, hinting even at the uh, Elseworld story with Red Sun. I thought alert, that was pretty I was, cool. I was pleasantly 
a surprise. I was too. I, I actually was uh, too. This is the first. This is the second arc by Kay Perkins. The and, and we even said after the end of the last one when she found out that the power was inside her all along. Yeah, we were like, this is sort of this is Kay Perkins now setting this to where Something, he wants yeah. it to be, or she yeah. actually. I'm she, not even sure. She. It's a she. Oh, I'm, very, yep. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Uh, so a very lovely setting, lady. She, she wants it to be, and now and and I and I said. The next issue was really what I consider to be her number her one start, issue. Because you know, she was this, tying up start. shit. And yeah, she was, was kind pretty, of It was doing a good start. Things. I liked it. Yeah, I, I didn't really mind it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yep. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. But I really didn't have... I liked the way the story was told. And we were thrown into the action right away. The, it's book yeah, ended with action. and then we, But there was one other thing about this book that really tickled me. And we'll talk about it right after I tell I know you about it. I know what it's going to be. It's... Uh, it's going to be about hair, isn't it? Oh, it's a few It's a few things, but that okay. is one of them. A little yes, bit about I the figured. long, beautiful hair. Superwoman number 13, written by Kay Perkins, art by Stephen Segovia, Art Thibair, and Hi-Fi. And uh, let's do a song for this one. Lana Lang <laughs> goes back to Smallville. Everyone gets burned and killed. Their powers are crazy because of the red K. D-D-D. Da-da-da. Whatever the hell you want to put in there. Doopity. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I actually, I like this. I, I It starts out, and you are thrown into craziness, because it right. starts out, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Because there's Lana, she's taken over, she seems possessed. You see, at this point, you're not even really sure about the Red K or anything, but you, then you have her with this villain that was never introduced before, and it did throw me off a bit. Amos Ames. Uh, yeah, Amos Ames, and they are fighting Lex Luthor, which I always love, and it's kind of a yep. cool thing where Lex... Lex now is still in this book, even if it's just this bit, uh, maybe this arc it's or whatever. It's a chance for him to just be heroic without having to like be yeah, in well, the Justice when this, League. When Superwoman started out, it was him and his goddamn sister, and yeah. I wanted to kill somebody. It was so fucking uh, terrible. Suck, yeah. And so now at least this is the best Lex you ever got in this Superwoman series, uh, yeah. and he's there, and I like it that he's there, and they're going with that whole thing where you know I don't know I I don't know if Eric's come around to like it a little more and that might hinge on his score here as well or that you know the score may hinge on it uh of lex being from smallville again with them and this oh, is basically lex showing up kind of the hey this is my hometown you're fucking ruining it and what's going on lana you know we've known each other I all this hate time lex being from Smallville. i know so i know i knew you much. did uh, I actually, after this issue, I'm all in. I actually liked it. I know he acts like a dick, but that's the Lex that all I like. Of the, I like all it. of the Silver Age, I or don't not all of them, Silver a lot Age of the Super Silver Boy Age shit. trappings that I love, that Lex was part of Smallville, the Red K, yeah, you yeah. know, affecting people temporarily. There were so many little things in here that I just loved so much because I'm that kind of guy. I'm, a, You know what I mean? I like my comics to be and silly. And his shock and of thin. red hair, Reggie. I, and I, the fact I, that I love. he was very, so that totally implies that he had hair, and the reason he hates Superman is, is because Superboy because Super caused him to lose yeah. his hair in an experiment. Yep, and I'm telling he you, blew that is, fucking shit on him. I, I originally, when I'm reading this book, we go to back to the flashback. I thought they had fucked up so bad because I thought they were saying that Lex was the, the blonde-haired guy on the motorcycle who's Amos yeah, Ames in this yeah. flashback because he's talking about how much of a dick Lex is, and you know you got this fucking biker guy revving his goddamn freaking uh, bike at nerd, fucked but, up. Well, I thought they fucked up bad, but it turns out Lana just likes bad boys and she hates fucking nerds. Yeah, yeah, and and here's the thing. If you're going to go and if they're going to keep with Lex being a good guy, right? Say that's their plan. They're not going to go back against it. If they're going to do that, 
why not make it the reason that he hates Superman is because when he was a kid, he got ready, you know, he blew the shit on his I, head I and got the hair. So but much. it makes it such a goofy thing that now he's not as villainous. I mean, it was you, you all about the hair. You see him getting over that. It's true. Yes, you know and that's I mean? what yeah. I really like. I like going out of this thinking, you know what? Now I can get behind Lex, you know, that they want him to be a good guy because really the worst thing that happened to him that caused him down that path at one point was just his goddamn hair, and he got over it, and it's not that bad a thing. Now he's now, not— Eric, if somebody were to cause you to lose your hair, like, I don't know, let me just pick a name. Father, Father Time, time yeah. maybe? Would you? <laughs> do you think you could get over that? Do you no, think you, he couldn't. No, Who's he going to blow kisses at? I, Me? I have a big-ass fucking head. I need my yeah. hair to cover it to make it the look guy, normal size. Ha- he has a six head he's got there. I'd, it's a big fucking Eric, pumpkin head. A war against time. He'd be like Krona from uh, the oh, Green yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd go after that <laughs> motherfucker. He'd be fucking, you know, till the end of time, he'd be fighting that guy. But yeah, I, I actually, that's why I like it. I like that it's the goofy reason, because then I can go fully like, okay, I you know what, Lex is a good guy then. And I'm he telling w- you, the whole thing where he's in Metropolis, he's the king of his fucking world, which is Metropolis, the hub of the fucking world yeah. pretty much in his mind. And all of a sudden, this alien god comes down and takes it all away from him, and the fucking, the egomaniac inside of him can't deal with this. That is a great origin story. To be it is, but it's not somebody who's going to be good. It, he, I don't think he'd ever become good after that because yeah. now when, when Superman – during Forever Evil when Superman disappeared, then he had his way. Then he was like, oh, this is the best. You know what? That alien son of a bitch is gone. Now I can prove myself. But then once Clark came back, it's basically like they've even said in parts it's of stories that we've seen. Him, yeah. It's like, why are you wearing that suit? Who do you think you are? This would drive a evil le- – like right back to evil. So if that's what they're going to go with, Lex is going to be – become evil because he'll never be able to get over that because that was what i like that it's the goofy silver age because he can get over that and kind of go from there and yeah he's we don't still, even know if that's going to be the fucking i know i'm saying but it's still like he Super still has the on. thing but i also like him being the i like the connection I, again i'm not a guy who's read comics most of my life eric but i i do like the connection i like having lex being this guy from smallville who had to lift himself up uh, out of that and you could even go with that where when he gets to metropolis and later he is still trying to make up for being a guy just from smallville so that's why he's so over the top because he yep. didn't get you, the benefit of bring him up people. in suicide slums good and proper yeah, yeah, yeah also there was you know there is an opening for superman having been a superboy because when he goes to visit so you know we see the opening action scene lana's tearing up the town with this with big red sun, superhero yeah. red sun Luther yep. is like, what the hell? We used to be friends. And really then pretty much the whole middle of the issue is one long flashback, flashback yeah. of all of yeah. them. And we see Clark going to Lana's window in the morning and he's floating outside yeah, the window now under certain continuities, including actually technically the one that Superman Lois, Superman and Lois should be from. He, he didn't do that. You know, his, his powers manifested as an adult. He what didn't, or they came out slowly over time, but he never, was a hero as a teenager, but this implies that he could have been. Yeah, you see, the door is open. Have been. For those I'm stories. saying no. But yeah. um, but the 
those stories are possible, is what and I'm saying. And all of a sudden, he's getting transported to the 31st century, right? Yes. No. Well, even that. I mean, they, they show I'm him, and, and Lana even has to uh, remind him, listen, you can't do this. You know, the people are going to see your secret and stuff like that. So it does kind of point to maybe something happening along the lines, so and maybe we'll see it. But uh, I actually like it. And, and I like the whole Smallville thing, and you do get Lex. He's a piece of shit. You know, he basically thinks he's better than everyone. He's a know-it-all, like yeah. That. Yeah, he's a know-it-all, and you have this, uh, you have Amos, who is a guy, he's kind of a bad seat, he's riding around in his back, uh, his, his motorbike, uh, his motorbike, as they say, and it's it's backfiring, <laughs> a dirty motorbike, and Lana's like, hey, you know what, I can he's help you with that. He's got that switchblade comb, he's combing his hair. Yeah, he is, he, he, he and, and really, I thought Eric would really appreciate him, because as an early guy, he definitely looks like Keith for Sutherland from Lost Boys in this. He really does. He even has kind of a coat like that. But yeah, he's there and Lana is attracted to the bad boys, it seems. And it's Clark's fault because she does say, hey Clark, I told you that I wanted to be more than friends and you didn't want to do it. And you know, and then he realizes, you like, fucking you know, idiot. Yeah, he fucked up. He really did fuck up. Basically, when this dude is about, you know, pretty much taking his girl. Although, well, I thought that was cool too because then we're skipping ahead a little bit, but Amos Ames says, "Hey, you want to you want to skip the yeah. tension to Lana and go ride on my bike?" And you see them riding by a cornfield, but then you see her driving. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's just like, "Nah, no, dude, I don't want to ride. I want to drive." The oh thing. yeah, she wants to and drive. They get in an, an accident. They almost died. Clark saves her, and then that's when he admits. Maybe I do like you better. Yeah, maybe you know, I like you more than friends. Friend and they smooch and everything is great. He yeah, gets and even before that, you have a cool high school. And, you know, it's kind of like a high school I like deal. I stuff. I like the uh, high I school too. stuff. I did, too. I liked Clark, it. And the high school Clark stuff is... detention. Yeah, so Lana can, like, gets detention, Clark. and Clark wants to be in detention with her because she's in detention for fighting with Lex. So they both yeah. get detention. And then now Clark has to get detention to be with Lana. And when he does, everybody thinks he's... such a good he's, student. Yeah, everybody thinks he's such a good guy that they won't give him detention until he badmouths Shakespeare. And then he does get sent to detention. I love the interaction where he gets to detention. Lana's not there because, like you said, Amos came and said, hey, you're already in trouble. Why don't we go ride on my motorbike? Is he a cool rider? He is a cool rider. Uh, Now we're Greece too. Uh, But as it goes, I love the idea of how smart Lex is, but he loves having one up on Clark where Clark's like, hey, what's going on? Where's Lana? He's like, you stupid bitch. You fucking, you got it. He knows exactly why he's there. He's like, you are only here because Lana was here and she didn't even show up. She's off with Amos. And I really like that. I love the interaction between him and Clark and how, you know, he's just throwing it in the face about it. And he even mentions like, man, what you told, uh, who was it? Miss Good, Mrs. Goodrich. Man, it's the talk at the teacher's lounge. He's like, <laughs> boy, I only did one sentence or whatever. And then he's like, hey, you got to put on your big bag, big boy pants and go talk to Lana. If you like her, go tell her that you like her. And I liked that. I really did like that. And that's where you see that he's like, you know, that when he says, uh, Lex calls him a nerd, he's like, who's wearing the sweater vest? But then he's kind of right. like, where's Lana? And that's where he goes. And luckily, he asks and finds out because he does save them because they're about to crash. Now, in the meantime, Amos well, is not saved Lana. at all. You know, the other yeah, guy Lana is, is saved. Is Amos right. is not saved. He's still underneath. They're talking about their feelings. He's trapped underneath the motorcycle, but they do kiss. And that's where uh 
Clark comes in contact with the red K. She has it. Her grandfather's recently passed and had it as a necklace from something that he had gathered, you know, one of the, the meteorites that fell. Right. And she has it as a necklace, and it, it hits Clark, and he's like, he doesn't like it. And you see, there's the red, veiny shit coming up from under his shirt, even. And he's like, oh, and then that's where you see it's the red K, and all that, you, and it I, goes. I don't like the fact that we also have this idea that she started wearing this necklace lately, and that's why she's acting all uninhibited now, because I, I don't don't like the red K affecting humans. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it even says that what she did was she kind of thought Red K might have something to do with with her power, so she went to Smallville to kind of investigate. And Amos was the guy who she found out knew the most about it, and, and it just I'm happened to you, tie it, into that. It just seems so out of nowhere, though, because we have this whole flashback. You know, we find out Amos Ames is this red sun, this red kryptonite man, and you know, when we go to this flashback, he's just a cool writer. I, I want to know what led to this whole thing. Yeah, I think I that we'll see because even at the point where yeah, I think we will. It's just so, it seems so weird to have this big character fighting Lex Luthor, who everybody and the whole thing too during this fight, like Lana pretty much spells out to Lex who the fuck she is. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But uh, even so, you have the thing where Lex is there and he does say to Amos, he's like, Amos, you know, I've been watching you, but the humans can't control Red K, and he's like, who, who's saying I'm human? And you know, I think that we're going to get more. Cool writer, become a goddamn red. Well, we're going to find out. He just basically said, you know, he's something more than just human. Now he's done something, but yeah, he's out of control. And Lana, maybe he was never human. Maybe he was living among the humans as an alien. That's true. But yeah, it's basically that's when Lana says, you know, I had that necklace from my grandfather. I started to feel powerful again, and I realized that Red K had something to do. My exposure of Red K had something to do with why I've maintained these abilities and why I have. It doesn't, but it makes more sense than her saying, you know what, I think I have powers because I, I have them. So at least Kay Perkins is well, trying to explain I don't think, something. I don't think the red kryptonite is giving, I think it's it's making her believe that it's giving her powers. It might be. Controllable now, but uh, I, even if it was, even if it was her, I, I think that just might be a thing now. Yeah, you know, but I'm just saying, even if it was her exposure to red kryptonite as a kid allowed her to maintain that sentient thing. Uh, there's worse things that we've seen in this book, especially when she got that suit and then realized that it was actually her powers were dormant and the suit brought it out. That, that was nonsense. So if it has some tie-in, though, I don't think it's going to be that you know crazy. Uh, I don't mind, but yeah, it's probably that it's controlling her and doing some things as well. It kind of makes you fucking bipolar, is what it. But it reminds me of because uh, I live with my wife, and that's what it reminds. She Lana right now is is part like my wife with people arguing we, in her head. Maybe your wife's exposed. They to all red hate me. Tonight, she might have red K. Uh, I'd have yeah. to say, but yeah, Lex there is fighting, and then you have the guest star who shows up, and it's Supergirl, and she looks great. I, I really like who the art for the next issue. You know, because yeah. she only. Does it's nothing in this one, but that's no, fine. No, it's just a cliffhanger. It's like, you yeah. know, how can I help? Because, yeah, Lex is yelling about how, you know, she's corrupted Lana and all this, and she was about to go solar when, and almost could have killed them, and then Supergirl shows up and, like, you know, assists them, and she just says, how can I help? So we'll see what's going on. Uh, you know, now we have a Kryptonian there with the Red K, so we'll see what goes on with that. We may even find out this isn't legitimate Red K. Maybe it's something else that's crazy. I don't Maybe. No, because Supergirl just shows up. She doesn't seem to have much problems with it. So we'll see what goes on uh, going forward. But I don't know. I, I have the sense. Some, something tells me a mumbo jimbo says, Eric didn't like this issue. I liked no, it enough. I, I, I thought that I, it was pretty good. 
I enjoyed it the most out of all of you, but obviously yeah. a lot of that had to do with the Silver Age trappings coming yeah, back. I don't mind even, that. even Red Kryptonite, which as we know in the Silver Age was the kind of thing that would you know, it, it would affect Superman for twenty four hours. It could make him evil. It Better could make him transform him into a, him into a goddamn monster. Yeah, it could turn yeah. him into a monster, it could turn him into a plant. I mean, insane shit would happen. It was so good. Uh here it sort of makes him it's making Lana just into a rage head, which really simplifies things. But just the existence of it makes me think we could get gold kryptonite and diamond kryptonite. And yes, even the rare white kryptonite that turned Streaky the Cat into Streaky the Super Cat. Fuck. So yes. if, we get, if, we, if this comic gets Streaky the Super Cat, I'm going to fucking You're in. go berserk. <laughs> gold K makes so your happy. powers go away forever, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. Oh. And then Diamond K, I can't remember what it did. I think that was a temporary loss of powers, but they would come back. I thought that was Black K for some reason. I don't know. There were a lot of Ks. There man. was so much. There you was a lot K, of Ks. I have, I have a, I have a uh, DC Blue Ribbon Digest of Superman, all about like his best battles with Kryptonite, and it's got a little map of all the Kryptonites that were available at <laughs> <Really>? that time. <laughs> I used to pour over it. I loved it. Nice. What did you give it? Did you say a score? I did not say a score. Huh. I enjoyed this. I think this. I, I think too. this is a good, a good, you know, portent for the for future issues. If this is how these are going to be, the art is very nice, and I don't have any oh, complaints. I, I, I dig the art a lot. In this yeah, world. the art some really scenes good. were great. Some scenes were none of them were bad, but you know, some scenes were really good, especially in the action scenes. And uh, I gave it a a very optimistic 7.5 out of 10. I'd give it a 7 out of 10, and it's optimistic for me as well. I I like the stuff, and again, this book is not going to last long. We already know, like I said, not already know, no, but it's been, you know, it's been hinted at that it's going to end in January. So if it ends with just this, it's not going to affect anything going forward. You you know what I mean? So if if you're going to do anything, I'd like to have fun. And this is the start to me of having some fun. Uh, and I just like seeing that that flashback to me was what I wanted in this book, where you see more of Lana and you see what's going on. I, I really liked it. So, yeah, 7 out of 10. I could even go as high as a 7.5 because I did love the art, but I'll stick it to 7. What would you give it, Aaron? I'm telling you, I like the idea of the flashback, going back to Smallville, seeing Lana and Clark, as long as you don't fucking incorporate a goddamn Lex because <laughs> yeah, it's fucking nonsense. That's in this continuity now, though, so you, you have to do I, it I hate if you're going to do it. I hate it, it, it so it goddamn much. Continuity but, um... <laughs> kid, you got to go with it. Now, I'm sorry. <laughs> The red K <laughs> affecting humans bothers me, and then the whole thing. I'm telling you, my biggest problem is I spent this entire issue reading it thinking I had missed an issue, and like it feels like this is the second part of an arc. Like There was something that should have yeah. led up to this to get us to that goddamn se- a cliffhanger, second cliffhanger, where Supergirl shows up for the finale or whatever you want to say. It just felt off to me the entire time because I didn't feel like I was like you know kn- knowing what was going on in the story. They really want to present this Red K shit, but when we go into the middle of an action scene where you don't even know that Lana's possessed by Red K. Yeah. It just feels weird. And you're introduced to a character, Red Sun. You don't even know this character and this connection that they have. That Lex is there too, and it just feels so weird from the get go because I feel like I don't know so much. And then when we spend the entire issue on a flashback that has no like. Nothing about what we saw in the flashback leads to fucking Amos Ames being goddamn supervillain with Red K later on. It just feels so weird. Doesn't it, Eric? uh, Doesn't it? No, I would would guess that that motorcycle accident caused him a lot of, you know, problems and that somehow he got the Red K and it made him, I don't don't know, know, he seems fine. Clark says he's okay. He said no broken bones. He said no broken bones. He didn't say you aren't hemorrhaging. 
Yeah, I don't you know. Out of we'll every, out of every I just organ. think that that's what goes. Or he thinks, you know what? I've had enough of this nonsense. Everybody bullying me. We'll see. We'll but see I, what's I, going I lo- on. I love the freaking, you know, the art in this book. It's just, you know, we just had that. We talked about with the new Superman with the whole idea of green kryptonite being able to, to fucking uh, screw up new Superman's powers and shit like that so they can be hurt. But the idea here, you know. You have the solar sentient energy, and I still don't understand how it works because now you have the red kryptonite affecting Lana Lang adversely. Yeah. But the thing, but you already had that one before she ever had the power. So I don't know what they're trying to get out with this. I think I'd give it a five point eight, maybe a six out of ten. No way. I liked it, but and I'm telling you, most of that's biased just because I fucking hate Lex and Smallville yeah, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that they name, might as well that nation, a Sarah, new we know <laughs> we know your hate speech it's, they, you know, they, they should have put out. they should have put uh glorious godfrey you want to go on this oh thing. that'd be the best out, if it started out with lana lang fighting lex with fucking orion i would have lost my shit oh that would be so good <laughs> glorious godfrey shows up oh you have them all Oberon's there. He's yelling hey, and screaming, smoking a cigar. Oh, fuck God, if Oberon uh, showed up. so good. Uh, he's so good. Uh, but right now, speaking of that, we're oh, actually going to go off. We're, yes, we're actually going off to a very special Young Animal segment uh, where That's Reggie and Chris are going to tell us all about Mr. Miracle. And uh, I'm going to term it, who is Mr. Miracle? I'm going to I'm going to call it, who is Mr. Miracle? Is that allowed, Reggie? Am I allowed I to call it that? Fair. I just don't want to put just Mr. You can also call it Mr. Miracle is. Okay, I could. I just don't want to confuse people who are going to think that it's the review of the book, and then they go and they're pissed. Sort of about Mr. Miracle. Yes. You could even say, you know, whatever, the two old, two farts talking about. Two farts. Old, you say. You guys are younger than me. But, uh, yeah, I just want to remind everybody, while you're listening to this, if you did want to go and listen to our review of Mr. Miracle, that was the badass pick for the Patreon spotlight. So that is on Patreon. Uh, You can go and check that out if you so want to, if you uh, would. But did you read Mr. Miracle yet, Reggie? I did. Did you like it? When I I recorded that bit with Chris, which I did before I left for Rehoboth, I hadn't read it. Okay. And he had, so it was funny. But uh, I have read it. I did like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked I, it as well. I think I think it's a it's a good sign. I think this is going to be another thing that will read real well on the trade, just like oh, the, the uh, Omega Men and uh, Vision. Says you. Well, ah <laughs> oh, yes, I I know that Brandon was like, yeah, if you want to get some Mister Miracle, just read Vision one and two, like the number, the first and second issue. He's like, it's just like the shit. He was giving me the, I eh, told him not to tell me how to live my life, is what I told him. Uh, me enough. and Eric were laughing at that. But yeah, we're going to go off and hear you and Chris tell us who Mr. Miracle is. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have no Young Animal book. 
to flashback. Read. That's right. This is just like the olden days, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and in the olden days, you know, we always like to throw something out there. You know, maybe uh, talk about a year in comics, or I talk about my toe jam, as I've uh, read in the Slack chat one time. I don't think we ever actually did that, but this time. In celebration of a uh, maxi series, right? This is going to be twelve issues. I'm pretty sure. Twelve issues, yeah. For Mister Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Gerard, Gerard, Gerards, Gerards. Thank you. Uh, we decided to talk a little bit about Mister Miracle. Maybe give some background on the character and on the conditions that created the character and why it is so important to uh, DC brass and some DC fans out there uh, of a certain age. Primarily, wouldn't you say? Probably, uh, yes. So yeah, let's uh, let's just kick it off. Talk about a little bit about the man who made the miracle. Yes, we'll start with uh, Jack Kirby, he, who a lot of people associate with Marvel Comics. Uh, he began working in comics in uh, wow, way, 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 way back in 1936, mm-hmm. very, very beginning of the uh, of the craft. Yeah, here. I mean, like he, he probably worked on one of the first ten comics. Probably. Came out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, he worked for nearly every comics publisher, but by the late 1950s, like we said, he's primarily linked with Timely, also known as Marvel Comics. Uh, this was after two falling outs with the fallings out with the publisher. In uh, 1942, he disputed that he and Jack, uh, Joe Simon's payouts for Captain America, uh, Joe and Jack had negotiated 25%. But this is, which, apparently was still, they felt they were getting a short <laughs> shrift of it. I was like, wow, that's... That's a big percentage. I don't I mean, I think any creator could get that percentage today of whatever, they'd be thrilled, you know, but anyway. Exactly. Uh, then in the early 50s, he was annoyed that Timely, who was, they were then known as Atlas, uh, they, were, they started printing new Captain America. Stories, and they did so without asking him and, and Joe Simon to, uh, you know, write and draw them. Uh, we would guess, right? I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> in response to this, they created a uh, a character who's not unlike Captain America. He's known <laughs> as the Fighting American, and that came out through Harvey Comics and debuted in Fighting American number one, cover dated May 1954. And I saw there was, isn't there a revival of that? There's a revival every now and again. There were several. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's one coming soon through Dynamite. I'm pretty sure, but uh... and one came out through DC uh, in the 90s. Oh, really? So I, I yeah. wonder. I wonder if they actually, I don't know, rented the property. Who knows how it works? They might have licensed it, yeah. Behind the scenes. But uh, anyway, so in 1961, you might know that Marvel publisher Martin Goodman directed Stan Lee to create a superhero team. This was in the wake of the popularity of DC's Justice League of America. Stan and Jack would produce the Fantastic Four number one, cover date November 1961, and the Marvel Age began. Jack would co-create dozens of characters for Marvel during this time, and this is truly just a brief look at uh, some of the biggest names. Very brief. Uh, yeah, I, I really just picked names I thought would be instantly recognizable. Doctor Doom, the Hulk, the X-Men, Magneto, and company, all, all those things. Uh, Doctor Xavier, the whole school. Thor and all his Asgardian trappings, uh, Loki and, and uh, Odin and all that. Silver Surfer, Galactus, and pretty much everything that goes with that, and like the list just goes on and on. It's, you know, pretty much if it wasn't Ditko, it was Kirby. It throughout much of the '60s in a lot of ways, you know. Through, later on, you get Buscema in the mix and a little Romita, you know. But uh, it, all those biggest names, pretty much that we we think of as the core Marvel Age properties, really come from those two guys plus Stan. 
Absolutely. Uh, but then uh, Jack would leave for DC Comics. Uh, despite the acclaim and considerable earnings, Kirby was dissatisfied with his treatment at Marvel. Uh, he felt that, they did, that he deserved more credit for plotting, because uh, they did, you know, the Marvel method, which was mm-hmm. Stan gives him an idea, he, he draws the whole thing out and then gives it back to Stan, and he uh, would do the scripting. Right. Uh, so he felt that he should have more of a stake in the characters. In 1970, Marvel offered to renew his contract with the provision that he would never litigate against the company. So, sign with us and also sign your rights away. Right. Now, this was the last straw for Jack, who had been plotting a move to D.C. for a couple years by this point. And uh, wouldn't you know it, they were more than happy to have him. Oh, yeah. They were they were really thrilled about it. They uh, In D.C. titles from May to June, ads appeared announcing The Great One is Coming and mentioned the enigmatic boom tube, which wasn't even like a thing yet, you know? Yep. <laughs> but Kirby was not even not mentioned by name. By that summer, ads reading Kirby is Coming would appear in DC Comics titles, and by that October, house ads showed some of the titles Jack Kirby would be working on, and I think by then he'd done his first issues to Jimmy Olsen. Uh, these were Forever People, New Gods, and Mr. Miracle, with the heading The Magic of Kirby. In August 1970, with an October cover date, Jack Kirby's first comic book, here it is, and for DC in years, hit the stands. That was Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number 133. I always like this little tidbit that Kirby wanted to work on Jimmy Olsen because he didn't want to take another pencil's job. Uh, you know, this and Lois Lane, they kind of had a rotating staff of pencilers, so there was nobody sitting on the title counting on it for his uh, paycheck, you know. So shows the kind of where the guy's head is at, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the fourth world. Uh, Now, what we call Jack Kirby's fourth world is really a continuous story running throughout several titles, many that we've already mentioned, that comprised a new world of stories. At the time, there was no comic book titled The Fourth World. That's right. Though, for completion's sake, (laughs) in the late 1990s, John Byrne would produce a series called Jack Kirby's Fourth World. (laughs) That, That ran 20 issues from March 1997 to October 1998 from which sprang the be-all and end-all of comic book events, Genesis. Uh, Also worth mentioning, because I doubt we'll ever discuss it again, (laughs) Jack Kirby's Fourth World, number 20, October 1998, has a cover homage to Byrne's Man of Steel miniseries from 1986. You remember the, uh, like, the the right-hand side of the cover had, like, a person standing there? Oh, right, Like, in whiteness? Yep. In this one, it's Darkseid standing in that white space. So it's a a pretty neat little tie-in. It... Although Burns' art had kind of degraded by that point, it it fits right in. That's cool, though. Now, the fourth world was obviously preceded by the third world, which was Kirby's Asgardian world of Thor, Loki, Odin, and all them that he'd created for Marvel Comics. Uh, The story, insofar as Mr. Miracle is concerned, because a full synopsis would take quite some time. Oh, yeah. It's it's a, uh, you know, a battle between good and evil. You might have heard of that one before. Good was represented by the idyllic planet of New Genesis and its Moses-like leader, Isaiah. Well, he's better known as the High Father. Evil was represented by the hellish planet Apocalypse, with a K, and its overlord, who I used to call Darkseed as a kid, but it's Darkseid. Uh, and Apocalypse uh, is spelled, there's a lot a lot crazier aspects of the yeah. spelling than there just being a K, but you know, if you, if, you know, it, you know, you know it if you see it. It's funny, these are the things that work themselves mainly most into DC continuity, but there's so much minutia and like arcane oh, things yeah. that are, that you could really just crack this whole thing open and be talking Sink forever. Sink your teeth in. Yeah. 
Now, they, these uh, these two worlds reach a truce by trading sons. Now, Darkseid's son is Orion, who's sent to New Genesis, and he experiences, you know, idyllic freedom and, and you know, a nice, happy childhood. Yeah, probably nice food, a bed, soap. Sure. <laughs> nice views out the window. Right. Uh, on the other hand, Highfather's son, he was scot-free, and he was raised on Apocalypse in captivity and torture in the pits. Yeah, and uh, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Miracle himself then, Scott Free. So we first get to know Scott in Mr. Miracle number one, April 1971. The character is actually based on Jim Starenko, who mm-hmm. he, he he's best known, I guess, for penciling uh, Nick Agents Fury. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the late 60s, and he's done other work, done a lot of cover work, actually. Um, and then just be kind of a hepcat, kind of a smooth character, and uh, apparently did magic tricks too, right? That was part of his trade. He, he was an thing. escape. Um, he was an escape. Oh, he actually artist. was yeah. an escape artist. I, I just, I just knew him to kind of do tricks, but uh, he has a heck of a life. That's Tarenko. So absolutely, yeah. So Scott Free is based somewhat on him, although I don't, don't know if we could say he looks like him, but that's you know up to your judgment. Uh, Scott grew up in one of Granny Goodness's terror orphanages with no knowledge of his own heritage. Uh, Granny Goodness is an evil nanny who runs a training facility that turns people into slaves and or warriors, depending on what what she thinks is good. And she's based on Phyllis Diller. Again, doesn't really look like Phyllis Diller, but okay. Uh, I heard Ric Flair is based on Phyllis Diller too lately. I can uh, that I can see more than Granny Goodness, quite <laughs> frankly, physically looking. But uh, you know, whatever. We get the idea. She has wild hair. That's that's she does. Thing. Uh, as he matured, Scott rebelled against the totalitarian ideology of Apocalypse, and hating himself for being unable to fit in, he was influenced by Metron to see a future beyond Darkseid. Now, a lot of us know Metron. He is a new god that floats around in a magic Mobius chair, observing as much as possible, but never intervening. Except for all those times that he intervened. That's right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's based on the Star, Te- Star Trek character played by Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock. Uh, Scott became part of a small band of pupils who were, to- who were tutored in secret by the rebel Hymon. Hymon is a new god from New Genesis, living on Apocalypse in secret as one of their lowest classes. That class is known as the Hunger Dogs. Uh, based on Shell Dorf, uh, founder of the San Diego Comic-Con. Wow. Interesting. It was at these meetings that he met fellow pupil, Big Barda, who would later become his wife. Now, her story is she was born about 250 years ago on Apocalypse, was taken away from her mother at an early age to be trained as one of Darkseid's elite warriors, the Female Fury Battalion, usually just called the Furies for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, condensing sake. She was a product of Granny Goodness's home for the orphaned youth over in the Terror Orphanage, and she's loosely based on Jack's wife, Roz. Again, not in looks, but okay. No. Uh, eventually, Scott Free escaped and fled to Earth, and once on Earth, he became the protege of a circus escape artist, Thaddeus Brown, whose stage name was Mr. Miracle. Scott befriended Brown's assistant, a dwarf named Oberon. When Thaddeus Brown was murdered, Scott Free assumed the identity of Mr. Miracle, and that's pretty much his story, his basic story. Yeah. That you know, uh, things then went from there. And uh, I don't think we're positive how much of post Jack stuff will be canon in this uh, Tom King story. But we have a little more information about him. Uh, although it is worth mentioning that by fleeing Apocalypse, Scott nullified New Genesis's contract with Apocalypse, and therefore Darkseid became an ever-present threat to try to take over. Like that war began again Resumed, so yeah. it was a big deal by running away from home he kind of made thing made a lot of political problems up there but that's just how it was going to be anyway 
Yeah, and that Thaddeus Brown getting murdered and Scott taking over is like the first five or six pages of Mr. Miracle number one from 1970, whatever. All right. It's, uh, that's, yeah. the, that's his whole origin told right there. Just bring, it, bring you right in, sure. And, uh, you know, we had a thing called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And following Crisis, Scott, along with Oberon, joined up with the Justice League International. This happened in Justice League number one, May 1987, where he remained, though in semi-retirement, during the majority of those Bwahaha years. Uh, in that's, 19- where I would, that's where I would know, got to know him. By Me too. I didn't, Me I, too. I didn't read the original Mr. Miracle for a long time, but, uh, yeah, that's where I first saw him. Same here, yeah. I didn't get to the originals until just a few years ago. Really, yeah, pretty recently for me, yeah. Yeah. Now, in 1989, DC launched Mr. Miracle Volume 2, in which Scott and Barta, again in semi-retirement, moved to the suburb of Bailey, New Hampshire. Uh, Buying a local fix-it shop, Scott took to repairing electronics, which is one of his specialties as an occupation. Uh, So we hope all those (laughs) New Hampshireites like their toasters to come back as mother boxes. Why why is my drill pinging all the time, (laughs) Mr. All the time. <laughs> and there's this giant tube in my living room. <laughs> now, the series was played fairly light, as you might imagine, uh, very much with a sitcom tone. Uh, it was J.M.D. Mateus is the one who started it, and okay. he's one half or one third of the Bwahahas. Yeah. Uh, now, the cast even featured things like nosy neighbors, like something out of Bewitched, and uh, annoying you know, neighborhood kids and who That's get on cool. Oberon's nerves. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. At one point, Scott would go off-planet, this is towards the end of that series, with a a man by the name of the Funky Flashman, who is a satirical take on Stan Lee, uh, to perform for Manga Khan and Elrond the Robot. Uh, During this time, he was replaced on Earth by a robot because Barda didn't didn't want him to go, and it was just another sitcom situation (laughs) where, uh, okay, we'll have a robot replacement so she'll never know I left. But that robot dies. And had a funeral. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it, wasn't just, it, it wasn't just whisked onto a dustpan and dumped in the garden. <laughs> nope, they actually buried him. All right. <laughs> and uh, if you thought Barter was mad that he was dead, well, she was even more ticked to find out he was still alive. Uh, this volume would go 28 issues. Uh, Scott had a third volume, and this was much shorter lived. It only ran seven issues from April 1996 to October 1996. Uh, the fourth volume of Mr. America was part of Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers of Mystery, uh, Victory, sorry, and uh, did not star Scott Free. This was Shiloh Norman, which is another version of Scott Free. Scott would die during the death of the New Gods miniseries, which was supposed to be a lead-up to the final crisis, but that was pretty much ignored. He'd be res- resurrected on the Fifth World, and contradicted and and contradicted was contradicted by the weekly countdown to Final Crisis miniseries. I'm oh, sorry, maxi series, which actually contradicted everything anyway. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> that whole maxi series. You know, I only I only read that once, and it it only confused me. You so only need. I, I never looked at it again. I was like, what am I? What is happening in this thing? So yeah, that's just we could excise that from the record. Uh, in the new Fifty Two, Scott Free, but with one T, made his debut in Earth Two Number Eleven, June two thousand thirteen. Had a similar origin story as. The original Scott Free. He'd play a role in that weekly Earth 2 World's End maxi series that I only read like a third of, uh, yeah. which ran alongside New, New 52 Future's End. He and Barda would cross over to join up with the Justice League during the Dark Side War. And in fact, Barda fi- figured it a lot more into that Earth 2 series in general, as I remember yeah. it. But yeah. definitely that World's End. Kicked me right off the freaking thing, Chris. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was pretty bad. Oh, that was that was a tough one. So that is pretty much what we have for Mister Miracle. 
Uh, there are other appearances, obviously, of and course, probably yeah. other work-ins, but that's where he's at. Um, I, we can't actually say what, what we know about these series now, but by the time you hear this, you'll have heard it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess we could say whatever the hell we want, Chris. So <laughs> this, this is Scott two T's, right? Isn't that two T's? Yeah. yeah, I thought it. I thought it had to be because I, I have a feeling that they're walking back a lot of that new Fifty Two stuff. If you notice, they're not really. Yeah, they're not really embracing that, on. and that's probably yeah. probably for the best, folks. In the long run, think of ten years from now, you'll you'll think it was all a bad dream. Uh, <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> but you know. It's a, we're in a funny place because we're recording this very early. You've read the comic, and I haven't. I have. <laughs> uh, but you said it's good, right? You enjoyed it's, it. It's a very solid book. I'd, I, 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 you know, if I were to do a, a number score, I'd probably go nine-ish. It's wow. a really good book, but uh, I have a feeling it's going to be received a lot better than I'm receiving it. <laughs> just It's just that kind of book. You know, I hear you. I mean, this, this sounds like it's a book that's going to get, like, New York Times-style recognition. Is that what you're saying? Like, it's going to get mainstream. Or, or, I, I, I think it's just going to be a lot of uh, a lot of folks who don't know a lot about Mr. Miracle are going to latch onto this f- yeah. due to the creative team oh, and yeah. are well, going to laud it I mean, a I mean, lot if, higher. If, if you're saying that Tom King is going to get a 10 out of 10, that's undeserved. That's not <laughs> that's not a Mr. Miracle thing. That's, uh, that's not exclusive. That's, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. That's all throughout comics, quote-unquote, journalism. <laughs> but you're actually saying it is good. That, that tells it's me. It's quite good. And, and quite good. you know, I'm thinking like a Mega Man, like Vision, and all these other series that ended up being 12 issues. And when read as a whole, they are a really good story that almost can be separated from canon although i don't know if that's the case this supposedly is in canon but whatever they are but it's you know gentle you know it's yeah. not like it's he's and, not affecting big events exactly yeah I don't, I don't expect him to go hang out with the flash in this series though who knows no. we'll find out but, uh, yeah it, it seems to be like this is going to be one of these mainstream uh you know it's going to do well on the Sell graphic novels, bestsellers, or whatever, and uh, that's fine. I have no problems with sure. that. But you know, as far as uh, you know, Joe Blow's comic site doling out a ten out of ten to these comics, so that's that's bound to happen. <laughs> that, that's gonna happen. Exactly. Absolutely. It could be about uh, Reggie's toe jam, and people here they'd still give it out. But, I gave that an eight out of ten. <laughs> right? Yeah. You thought maybe the coloring could have been a little better. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but you know. Definitely, I'm looking forward to it. I just have not had the time yet. I'll probably read it today, so this makes this You're going to enjoy it. This recording enjoy it. very out of time, but that's how we got to <laughs> do it. Uh, next week, though, we do actually have two Young Animal books. Uh, I'm looking forward to both of them, quite frankly. we got Bug, The Adventures of Forager, number four, and Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye, number 11, which should be the penultimate issue before penultimate. the... Penultimate! Well, there it is. Uh, before the you know, quote-unquote hiatus. So, uh, you know, zipping, can't wait to read those jammies, but I think that's all we got for him this week. Chris, you got anything else for him? I just want to say that it's, I I appreciate that DC is actually doing something for Jack Kirby's birthday. Yeah. Besides re-releasing a bunch of stuff that's available on Marvel Unlimited for a dollar a pop. Yeah. Uh, You'd figure that Marvel would be the ones, you know, really dishing out the Kirby stuff now, but... It's an afterthought. It's a it let's re-release stuff that's already available on Marvel Unlimited, and make you pay for it. Uh, frankly, uh, frankly, I'm surprised considering about all the outrage we see in the comics community that there's not more outrage about this. And I I don't feel I don't feel a personal outrage over it, but I definitely notice it. Like Marvel should be the ones rolling out the uh, gold sure. carpet for the guy. This is the guy who probably built their whole. This is why all these people have jobs is based on that. You know. Yeah. 
But then you got to remember have a play, they have a playground to play in because of him. You got to remember though, this is a company no longer even publishing Fantastic Four, so they're not. Yeah. They're not known for looking backwards as much maybe as they should. But I mean, yeah. you know, DC's got all these one shots. They got this Mister Miracle thing. Uh, you know, they are really making a making a play for the, his birthday. So. And these one shots, they're not going to sell well. No. These are they're they're overpriced and people people aren't as attached to the fourth world as they are to the Marvel Definitely. originals. You know, that, so these that, are not going to make huge. They money. have a lot going against them. They're one shots. They're you know they're out kind of out of continuity. They're sure. you know people that I you know I find that as generations go on and on, and I think it's understandable that the attachment to Kirby is less and less. And like I said, of course. That's like our attachment to Lou Fine isn't that strong either, you know, and he's, he's a uh, guy from the 30s and 40s in case sure. uh, for people to know. But, uh, and that's fine, but, D- you know, DC is obviously doing it because they feel they should or they want to. I mean, it's no big secret Dan DiDio is probably the biggest, you know, Bronze Age DC Jack Kirby fan. Oh, God, yeah. Anywhere, you know what I mean? He, he would, if he could cut every other comic and just have an OMAC series, he'd probably do that. Because he 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 launched the new Fifty Two with his OMAX series. Exactly. He did the Infinity Men that he did. I mean, it's he, you can oh, tell yeah. he's and the Forever People big that was into this. Too, yeah. Yep, uh, absolutely. He love he loves this Kirby stuff for sure. This is one of his favorite things. So he, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to think that he had a strong hand in making these one shots happen. And I, sure. I I only read the one from last week, and it was all right. But it's just it's exactly like Chris said. It's just too much money. Yeah. Uh, for two bucks cheaper, I'd say go out, have a good time with it. But for that extra two bucks, you really don't get anything. You just get uh, your wallet stripped of cash. <laughs> is really all you get. So anyway, but 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 all it's, I'm glad to see DC doing something, and I'm surprised that Marvel isn't doing more something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, who knows? there's a million things they could do. They could have a you know Jack Kirby celebration. They could get Fred Hembeck in, right, to do. Sure. A treatment of all the Kirby characters hanging out in a diner Get or whatever. Mark you know. of any A to write something. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Bring Stan back to write a, to write a short script. That I could mean, be nice, you know. Because uh, thinking about it contextually here, back in the '80s when John Byrne drew him on that cover of Fantastic Four and Jim Shooter pulled it off. Right. We still hear about that, even though that was pulled off because there were threats of litigation. Yeah, they were like in the and, middle of, of, of yeah. lawsuits, basically. Yeah. And Shooter didn't want to give the court anything that showed that Kirby had a claim to the characters. Right. So it was all done out of cover in Marvel. Now there's nothing like that, and they're still ignoring him. I mean, it's just so weird. I mean, now I'm now where we'd both be speaking out of school because the particulars of their arrangement with the Kirby family we know nothing at all about. Sure, sure. But maybe if they were if they do were to do say what DC is doing, they'd have to do a payout to the family that they don't want to do. No, that's that'd be terrible. But that's it? that's a stupid that's a <laughs> stupid reason. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, listen, you know. We're, we're a couple of people that we'd probably love to see a retrospective on, you know, Sal Buscema, and, you sure. know, I'd love to see all these guys, John Romita, everybody get their, you know, special series, but we don't expect it for all, all of these people that we like, but Kirby is no. a bedrock guy. Uh, He's in Rarified, yeah. Yeah, we're talking like, you know, the, the people, the name, names like Will Eisner and... Uh, mm-hmm. The real greats of comics that really shaped the language of comics. That's this is who we're talking about. So, 
It's too bad. But anyway, we don't worry about that because we don't do a Marvel podcast. We we frankly, don't. I barely even read any Marvel books anymore. So <laughs> It's sad, but I can't either. There you go. You know, so <laughs> here we are over on the DC side. So we are looking forward to reading more of this series. And I don't think we'll be following it because I believe Jim is going to do all 12 issues. But yeah, uh, yeah maybe if you want to. If you want to say a couple of words about Mr. Miracle here on the Young Animal segment, we can feel free to. You know, we do get pretty much do whatever the hell we want here. So That's true, and it uh, doesn't feel terribly out of place in the Young Animal segment. So, yeah. It doesn't. I, like I say, I do. But I, my understanding from what Tom King said in an interview is that this Mr. Miracle is in continuity. But I mm-hmm. think that only matters if anyone plans to include him in their stories in the near future. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, you can't have him die in an issue with a flash in too much. I mean, I mean, the squirrel girl's technically in continuity, but she never interacts with anybody doing anything, so it doesn't matter. Thankfully. <laughs> oh, I just threw that out for you, Chris. That was odd. I wanted to get a squirrel girl comment out of you. Uh, anyway, I think that's all we got for him now This uh, at this point. So yes. until next week when we will have two books to read for you. we got Bug and Cave Carson. I want everyone to keep it young and animalistic. I need a miracle. I want to be your girl. Give me a chance to see that you are made. with Jim. That's me at the strip club. They're all dancing around me. They're doing the dance. All yeah. right. Yeah. First mail of mail section number five is Mad Marty. He's mad, Eric, and he's Marty. And he says, good he ain't day, gonna take Jim. it no more. Good day, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Good day, Marty. Poop, poop. 
I was pretty lucky last week and really enjoyed the two books I picked up, which were, if you remember, you did tell us this, were Shade of the Changing Girl, number 11, and The Power of the Dark Crystal, number 1, which I think oh, yeah. was a reprint. Uh, this week I'll be picking up the following two books. Suicide Squad, number 23. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Mindboggler hasn't made her post-Flashpoint debut yet. I don't believe so. Feel it is time to get her back. See Suicide Squad Volume 1, Number 1. He's also going to get Heavy Metal Magazine 287. I'm looking forward to this one as they're taking songs from a number of metal bands and artists and creating stories inspired by those songs. And he actually sent me a picture of this. And I do think, yeah, I do have it. Here are some of the things. I think Dancing Mike would be really into this. The bands that they're going to feature in are Iron Maiden, Nine Inch Nails, Rob Zombie, uh, some band I don't even want to try to pronounce Hollywood Undead, Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue, Marilyn Manson, In Flames, and The Vamps. And I said, I have a real hard. Uh, I I'm against Hollywood Undead, Eric. I don't. Like I know them. you are. Yeah, I just I just don't like them. But uh, all the rest, that sounds pretty cool. I said there's also a, a series, and I think it's on BET that actually does the same thing with this as a television anthology deal oh, that cool. actually takes a rap. A rapper's songs, like a rapper or a rap group songs, and makes an anthology TV show based on that song. And I think the first one was NWA's Fuck the Police. And I, I thought that that was a pretty cool idea. Kind of the same thing in a comic form with heavy metal. That, that was pretty neat. I always like like some of those things, like something – a neat way to do certain things yeah. like that. Uh, I would say that the Ozzy Osbourne will be Bark at the Moon, Eric. How about that? Would you like that? I'd say Crazy Train. And, uh, yeah, Crazy Train might be pretty good. I'd like Bark at the Moon. Motley Crue, it looks a kill, possibly. Freaking, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Dr. Feelgood, even. Dr. Well, Feelgood would, would be good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I'm trying to think. Uh, Marilyn Manson, just beautiful people, maybe, or something like that. I might what do the dope show. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. An Iron Maiden, Eric, a little Flight of Icarus for me. Is that what you'd go with? Uh, no. Thanks for all the blood, sweat, and bat feces you put into the show, guys. Cheers, Mad Marty. And the last mail thanks, of man. the night is Travis. Travis says, oh, my God. The whole time I read this issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws, I just knew this is the book of the week, month, year, maybe. It was so good. Every page, even the stupid Lego art for some of the memories, it worked. That was good. Uh, did you guys note how he had a funny name for each member of the Justice League, except Batman? Yep. Wonder Woman is Rope Lady, Flash is Go-Go, etc. Batman, Batman's always Batman. Of course, sure I loved it. And the way they brought out how Bizarro has affected both Jason and Artemis, making Artemis even more sympathetic. This is exactly how to do it, man. Perfect in every fucking way. Until the end, what the fuck? To take the best thing this comic has going for it and throw it all away, what the fuck, he says. I've actually been trying to it's not curse as much tonight, but I'm going yeah, yeah. Can you just hear the meetings at DC? This is with Eric. So, what do people like about this surprise hit, Red Hood and the Outlaws? Well, Bob, they like Bizarro. The humor we get from the way he speaks and his childlike thought process seems to really be drawing people in. And the plan is formed. Turn him into Reed Richards. And he can't. Uh, fuck, 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 DC. But yeah, we, we both think that it's going to be that same old deal. That you're actually going to be, you're kind of going to get attached to the smart Bizarro. Yeah. If Scott Liddell does it good. And then he'll revert back because I think that this is where when Scott Liddell is showing you that whole thing of me, I'm trapped in my mind. Me, I can't do the thoughts. Now he's going to be able to express himself fully. He's going to become more of a deal. And it's really going to make him happy to be 
on the same line as Red and Red Two. You know what I mean? Red Even him and Red probably, her. Yeah. Uh, they're, he's going to be able to talk with them, whatever. So when it does revert back, it's not only going to kill us and be make us upset. Then Bizarro is going to be the, so upset. You're going to feel so a, bad for him. The one thing I'm afraid of, like say Jason now, like. He has this friendship with Bizarro. Hey, buddy, you want to go play some video games? I'm sorry, Jason, but those things are well be, like, below me at this so, point in my you life. you know, I do read at a fifth grade level, my friend. <laughs> that's what he's going <laughs> to uh, But, yeah, I, I do think that that's what's going to happen. You're going to get a Bizarro that is actually happy with himself finally because he's able to express himself. He's able going to be – he's going to be able to not just be the guy who punches through a mountain. He's going to come up with it and hopefully it does go long enough where you get this attachment where you're like, oh my god, you know what? This is a neat kind of bizarro and then he's going to say one of those bizarro talks. And, you know, in this it, it'll just be me, I'm hungry or something like that and then I'm telling you, Jason will be like, what would you say, buddy? What? What do you mean? I just said I was hungry, and then you'll be like, "Oh no, he's reverting back. He's going to be so upset." Uh, but that's it, Eric. That's the end of the mail for the All night. Right. We did it. We made it through it. Thank God, Eric. Not a another watch. one, Jim. Another one bites the dust. But yeah, that is it for the mail. We're going to go off to two more books and end this there podcast. Weather on the What's happening, everybody? want to thank you guys for tuning in to this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. Vermillionaire here. Uh, and this week, I'm going to be bringing you guys uh, my second Brian K. Vaughn book in a row and third overall. Um, it's This week, it's going to be Why the Last Man, uh, the first volume, which is the first five issues from Vertigo Comics, like I said, written by Brian K. Vaughn. It's got art by Pia Guerra. Um, and like I said, this is the third Brian K. Vaughn book that I'm doing. Uh, I really enjoyed both of the first two. I know I just did Saga last week, uh, but I kind of wanted to keep that train rolling and go into another one of his books this week. Um, so I decided to go with Why the Last Man. Heard a lot of good things about this book um, in general throughout its entire run. Uh, so just wanted to check it out for myself. And just jumping right in. Brian K. Vaughn really likes to throw some killer first pages at you in his books. With Saga, it was the, am I shitting? And now with Why the Last Man, you get the basis for this entire story right there on the first page. All of the men in the world are dead, or at least so it seems. A woman runs up to a lady cop begging for her to help save the woman's son and, and husband, but the cop tells her that all the men are dead before she puts her gun up to her own head. Now, this first issue is very cinematic in the way that it plays out with the time jumps and the way it introduces the characters. Um, it's kind of a character dump of an issue, but it does set up the rest of the book pretty nicely, actually, in just this first issue. Uh, so the first of the main characters that you're introduced to is Yorick, an escape artist ma magician uh, who's talking on the phone with his girlfriend Beth, who's traveling in Australia. Yorick is pretty broke, but he loves Beth a lot, 
He also has a monkey named Ampersand that he's taking care of. Um, and in the middle of his conversation with Beck, Yorick's mom, a state representative, calls him just to remind him to call his dad and wish him a happy birthday. Yorick also has a sister whose name is Hero, uh, but we'll meet, meet her later on in this issue. So back to talking to Beth after talking to his mom, Yorick basically just tells her about Ampersand. Um, she can tell that he's nervous about something and thinks it's about the monkey, but... Uh, we'll find out a little bit later on what the real reason he's nervous is. Um, and I'm just going to spoil the end of the first issue right now. Yorick, or why, is that last man. Um, you know, I, I actually kind of really like that. You know, every being with a Y chromosome dies except for Yorick. And it kind of just plays into the title of the title of the book and everything. So Yorick is the last human man alive. And Ampersand also survives. So the two of them are the last, uh, last people, well, they're not, Ampersand's obviously not a people, uh, the last beings with Y chromosomes still alive in the world. So, before we move on to the rest of York's story, uh, we're going to go through some more of the characters. First, a reporter named Christopher is reporting from Nablus in West Bank when some kids throw rocks at him. And Colonel Celion, or Alter, uh, as her friends call her, Alter, uh, shoots at the kids with some rubber bullets to make them run off. Um, and then she agrees to an interview with the TV crew, um, as long as the TV crew agrees to get out of there as quickly as they can. And the interview is kind of basically just about uh, female soldiers in the army in West Bank. Um, so next, we're going to move on to Dr. Frozan Hamad. Uh, who is hiding in the country of Jordan. Agent 355 from a secret group known as the Culper Ring uh, shows up to get her out, but Dr. Hamad refuses. Agent 355 tells Dr. Hamad that the people attempting to kill her, they don't care about her politics one bit, honestly, and they only want the amulet that she wears around her neck. Uh, but... Dr. Hamad still won't listen and ends up getting shot and killed. Now, this isn't this part isn't really introducing Dr. Hamad. It's more introducing Agent 355. Uh, she doesn't want to hurt any of these attackers, uh, but they force her hand and she ends up killing them all pretty much like a badass. So moving on, a woman from Boston named Dr. Mann goes into a hospital to have her baby delivered. Um, she tells the doctor there, who was actually a former student of hers, uh, that he needs to take to, to keep this quiet, take her into a private room, uh, because there isn't technically a father, and this is actually probably illegal. Um, she's figured out how to clone humans and is actually going to be giving birth to a clone. Uh, so staying in Boston, the next character introduced is Yorick's sister, Hero. Hero is an EMT. Uh, that's about to get it on in the back of an ambulance with this sexy firefighter uh, when her mom calls and totally cock blocks her and she doesn't actually get it on with him because then there's a fire and he has to go. Uh, but apparently Hero, she tends to get around with these firefighters, but this is the guy she swears is the one for her. Uh, so finally, uh, we've gotten back to Yorick and Beth. Yorick tells Beth that he misses her, and he's being very romantic and telling her how much he needs her in his life. 
Um, and then we find out why he was nervous. Uh, he does something that I've never actually seen or heard of or seen in a book or in a movie or anything like that. He proposes to Beth over the phone while he's in Brooklyn and she's in Australia. Unfortunately, he doesn't actually get an answer because right after he asks, it happens. Men all around the world start dying. Christopher and the TV crew, the man flying, Agent 355's plane, Hero's boy toy, everyone. It shows the Tokyo Stock Exchange, the Vatican, uh, male cows dying in Idaho, men dying outside of brothels in Amsterdam. There's just mass chaos everywhere as all of the men die at once. And in Boston, Dr. Mann is curled up on the hospital bed saying, it's all her fault, it's all her fault. Um, her baby clone that she was about to deliver is dead. The doctors that were helping deliver the baby are dead. Um, and then we see the cop from the first page. Uh, she's seen again with the gun to her head. And the very last page of the first issue shows Yorick with the phone up to his ear when the cop pulls the trigger outside of his apartment. And that is the end of the first issue. That might be the most jam-packed first issue I've talked about yet, and that's saying something because I've talked about some pretty full first issues on this segment. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a few problems with this first issue. Uh, like, why does all the men dying cause the phones to instantly stop working? But I fucking love this first issue. I thought the way Brian K. Vaughn told the story was fantastic with the the different st time stamps for all the different characters, all leading up to the now, which is when all the men actually died. Um, and the way one of the pages, uh, the end, did those last five seconds with each panel moving down the page, showing different characters, and was the next second in those last five. It was just so cinematic, and you you know you could really picture picture this happening in a movie or a TV show, you know, changing the shots. Um, see, and seeing each group of characters as the clock counts down. But to be honest, it all kind of goes downhill a little after the first issue. Uh, the rest of the first trade focuses on Yorick trying to live in this world without any other males in it other than Ampersand. Uh, he has to hide the fact that he's a guy because there's a group of females calling themselves the Amazons that will definitely kill him if they get the chance. Yorick is trying to find a way to get to Australia so that he can find Beth, but his mom and the President of the United States and Agent 355 all want to get him to Boston so that he can meet with this doctor man and she can try to figure out how to clone him to keep, keep the population going. Now, I love the entire concept of this story and thinking about, you know, what would happen if something like this or even something the other way around where it was all females actually did happen. Uh, what would I do if I was the last man on earth? It's a really cool story and has the potential to be great in my mind. There are just some times in here that it gets really bogged down with the political talk and talk of of how men are all pieces of shit and just just a lot of fucking talking without moving the story forward at all. Brian K. Vaughn he's he's a great writer uh, that can weave together you know a kick-ass story that is really compelling and really interesting and makes me want to find out what happens but 
in this book, his dialogue just takes me out of the story at points. Now, that's not saying it's like that the entire time, or I wouldn't even be giving it as high of a score as I am, uh, but there are certain points in here where I found myself wanting to skip through the parts where it seemed to me like he was just saying, oh, look at me, I'm writing about how men are pieces of shit, so clearly I'm not a piece of shit, and look, I can write strong female characters and all of this shit, and it was just really, really fucking heavy-handed. But then there's something cool that would happen. Something cool would come up, or there would be some great interaction between two characters, and I was right back in on the story. Um, the art is really solid throughout the entire thing. Nothing looks really off to me that I can pick out, and nothing really blows me away and makes me say, you know, holy shit, that art was incredible. It was just there, chugging right along, looking good throughout all five issues, which is perfectly fine with me. Uh, so because of all these things, I'd have to give this book a 7 out of 10. Um, if it was... If it was up to me you know this would have been condensed we would have gotten more story progression throughout throughout these five issues and it would have probably would have been a lot higher in my mind but seven out of ten feels like a right score for me just because like i mentioned those those points where the dialogue is so heavy-handed and it's just it just pulls me out of the story and you know it's not it's really just not interesting to read at points but then like i said something really awesome would happen and uh, we'd get into the actual story progression and it would be really cool so you know it just i just hope that as i continue reading this series it gets a little bit better about that not quite as much social justice warrior just you know kind of kind of cut that out a little bit and focus on the on the main narrative and i think it, it'll get a lot better in my mind but i am really looking forward to continuing this story and f seeing seeing where Brian K. Vaughn takes it from here. Uh, but that pretty much brings us to the end of the segment this week. Uh, not real sure what I'm going to be bringing you guys next week. I'm thinking about uh, diving into Filth, which is a, a lot bigger of a trade. I think it's, it's 13 issues, so I might be doing that. That's also from Vertical Vertigo. Haven't really decided yet, but... Uh, that's more than likely what I'll be bringing you guys next week. But like I said, that brings us to the end. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me talk about this book this week. Um, I, I appreciate you guys, you know, giving me the feedback, telling me what you guys think of the books that I that I talk about on the segment. And as always, book recommendations are welcomed and encouraged. Actually, I can be found on Twitter at Vermillionaire Three. Uh, but that brings us to the end, so I'm going to send it on back to Jim and Derek. In the middle of a crisis, nine is going to knife your eye, get really hype and fight the type to spike the light, then ignite the righteous, get the bright devices and wipe their likeness. Kill them, I will them, I get the feeling and dead a devil. I was a happy go lucky, then I went at a level, because everybody want to be evil people. We believe in them and got to bleed from eagles. And now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He 
will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shay. Eric Shay. Here you are, Eric. I Welcome. am. I am right Welcome here. Welcome back to the end, Eric, because we only have two more books. For the night, Welcome and of to course, the end, we... motherfuckers. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> what was that? The Frog Brothers? Is I don't that... know. What That's it what was. it sounded. You sounded like Corey Feldman. <laughs> Welcome to the end, motherfuckers. Who oh, ordered no. a steak? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> who, who ordered it rare? Uh, give me oh. a little more. Give me a little more of the, the uh, Frog Brothers. stereo. Yeah, yeah. I, I love when we sit. I love the catchphrases, but yeah, who ordered the steak? <laughs> That's classic. Oh, that is so good. Uh, yeah. And luckily, we're laughing now because we have two books coming up oh, to God. end this podcast that are not the greatest. <laughs> They're not the greatest, Eric. Uh, we're going to start with one. Of, well, it is your book. And it's one that I have actually been saying that I've enjoyed more than yeah, you Yeah, you're lately. on the fucking trolley. I have been on the trolley. It's Becker on the Birds of Prey, by the way. And I have been on the trolley. Now, the trolley kind of took a little detour last issue. Uh, I was actually enjoying it mainly I because. Fell off the goddamn track. Well, it one. has. And mainly because uh, it's unfortunate. The book's not selling. So if you ask me. Adding Catwoman and Poison Ivy was a grab to try to get more people yeah, when, to read whenever it. Whenever you have a problem with sales, you've got to throw some this, guest yeah, stars th- in. That's what happens. The problem is I thought that the Bensons were actually finally kind of getting a grip on their story and their characters and, and going somewhere with them. And then you throw you know, Ivy and Catwoman and it completely throws the whole deal off and it even to the point where it just – gets ridiculous and it the thing is like it, this has not been a very serious type book or like we're looking at all of dc no. comics and what the titles they have out right now this one has been a more of a lighter tone to a degree the ending of this, in my mind, just makes everything a cartoon. There are no consequences to any actions anymore. Yeah, no, that's it. Gets it, so everything's ridiculous. all just wrapped up like the end yep. of a cartoon. We oh, don't have to so. worry about the, anything. Yeah, it's a it's a, a version of a Scooby Doo ending yeah. where everything is fine. They're going to move on. Now, the other thing is, you do have these, you know, guest stars. You have Poison Ivy and Catwoman, and then by the end, you really kind of have another guest star as well announced coming up because yeah. basically it's just thrown out there. Hey, by the way. Barbara Gordon's Oracle again. And you're like, what? Now that seems really desperate to me. That seems like, oh my God, they're really trying to grab at anything. And it's a shame because like I said, I thought that they were kind of carving out a niche on the side, that it was kind of a more lighthearted deal. Uh, you finally got Huntress away from this vengeance deal. So you could kind of go on and let's have some adventures. Let's maybe even add some more characters. Not Gus, Eric. I'm no, glad Gus is gone. Gus. Yeah, uh, Gus was ridiculous. But, you know, say they did have Ivy back in, or they did they have Catwoman Condor, stay. huh? Yeah, Condor, Condor shows up. Come Everybody on. loved Condor. You have Strix, Eric. We haven't seen her in a while. Actually, I'd love Strix It would be in. great. Uh, but really, I, want, I needed something of the team going forward, because that's what I thought the strength of the book was finally becoming. And this kind of throws it. This, this arc threw it out again. It just it really crashed and burned to me. Oh, yeah. Especially this, because it is a quick arc you know a two-issue deal and it just seems just so forced to get to an ending here and let's go on with i think it. it's give a three-issue arc isn't it is it a three I, it seemed like two but it might have been a three i thought that catwoman showed up three issues ago
go at the cliffhanger, and then yeah. they had an issue, and then this issue. So, yeah. yeah, so that's like two issues and a cliffhanger to me. But I might be wrong. Maybe Whatever. I'm thinking wrong, but you go on there. I'm not going to check it either because the hell with it. I don't do checking. I'm going to no. check it right now. Check it for squares, huh? Yeah. I'm no square, baby. I'm tough. I, I roll with the Jets. Damn it! Back on the prey number thirteen. <laughs> listen here, listen. Rip. I have I have a, a knife, but it's actually a comb. I comb my hair with it, Eric. I'm tough. I sing and dance. What, what were you saying? Background on the Birds Prey number thirteen, written by <laughs> Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Raj Antonio, Brino Tamura, Alan Pasolacqua, Chris Sotomayor, and Josh Reed. The birds team make their way into Terra Care to try and stop Poison Ivy, which they do after it seems everyone and their mamas tell her that she doesn't have to kill everyone. And while she does decide to let the crooked company owner go, this is after a nonsense-filled issue where Poison Ivy couldn't control bees, then couldn't control bees, and then yeah. created a pheromone so that she could control bees. Yeah, it's that silly, but the silliness doesn't stop there because after the day is saved, Ivy becomes lead scientist at Terra Care after Gordon Clean Energy buys it, and there's no real consequence in this book as long as you know Batgirl. Boom, Eric. Yeah. Issue 10 was... And not to mention Batburger. Yeah, yeah, I know. Issue 10 was the Blackbird finale, Eric. And it, I'm saying that, and I'm like, boy, I, I forgot all about Blackbird. <laughs> it was a couple issues ago. But yeah, it ended with with Selena, and so really we had now, two issues issue and 11, Issue 11, 12, Oh yeah, you're right. 11, 12, 13. What was 11 then? I'm so off now. I'm now you got me mad. Coming in. What was 11? Ooh, 11, Eric, I'm looking. It's loading up. It has a cover with Oracle source code part one. The birds yep. are prey tenderly except working with the new Oracle. Yeah, you're right. It was three issues. The, the thing that threw me off was that that main thing was basically dealing with the calculator more than Selena came at the end. I believe that. I don't know. Yes. I don't know what I'm saying. It is three issues, though. You are correct, though I think the main story was two, so I'm kind of correct, too. Get I'm gonna make it so, I'm going to make it so I was correct, Eric. I'm going to take it to the, to the audience now. You don't know, but I have a live feed that's, that's going, what? audience, am I right? Oh, my goodness. I'm right. I don't you're know why right. they have the bell. You're right, Eric. Kind of. Uh, but yeah, this arc, three issues even, it doesn't yep. matter. It hasn't been good. It threw off the whole thing for me. And in this, there's so many ridiculous things. Uh, you do get the idea. You find out what Ivy's up to, why she's doing what she's doing. And really to me. It's because it, of the bees, Jim. Yeah, it's, it's just, and it's so pushed. And I start thinking like, this is what we've come to? That we have a whole three-issue arc, even Eric, if you're to be, you know, God correct uh, about what basically comes down to that a, a fertilizer was killing bees, and, and that's what well, we're I'm getting. Saying, without bees, Jim, they can't pollinate the flowers. And without yeah, that, well, the, the best thing is that, that's poison ivy has it written oh, yeah, all over. Yeah, it, well, you, you do have that. Well, I would kind of guess that the people would know that as well who are trying to give a fertilizer to go flowers and, and plants. I mean, it's so ridiculous. That's why he's crooked. He knew it was going to happen. <laughs> he, but he is sold crooked, it anyway. He, TerraCare does not exist down the line if all the plants end up dying because of the bees. I, I know that it's, it's, a, now. He it's a quick rich scheme. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But yes. it, it's the, the main thing is the most ridiculous part is, number one, 
I can't even get a, an idea of calculator here. He's, he seems to be on the up and up. At least he's trying to do the right thing for his family. The minute he gets his family, he's bad again. But I don't really care about him, well, so I don't want to see him the, anymore. The thing is, the reason he's bad again is because he figured out something that Batgirl figured out. It was, wasn't really explained real well in this. It is that Gus is the one who set up this whole thing yeah, for Catwoman and all this still, shit to get freaking calculators family. Yeah. They, they tipped he tipped off Terra Care. Well, obviously, he like wanted to get something so that they can make a deal so that he could get out from under his thumb, and yes. and then it happened. At this point, you would think that calculator would just be like, you know what? I gotta stop this shit. You know, at this this way this of life of mine is really not helping me out. So you know, let's just fucking let bygones be gotta, bygones. You no, know, no. What you gotta do is now make an example. Snitches get stitches. Yeah, but he's gone, so you could just lie to people and say that the, the, he got stitches. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that Gus guy, you should see those stitches. It's just it's ridiculous because you go they're trying to get to you know they're trying to get to Ivy Ivy is there she's taking over this terror care she's gonna kill people she's and got basically- the Huntress and the owner Benedict all vined up yeah. and ready to kill him and Huntress all look Ivy you don't have to kill I know I know what the, the yeah, need of killing was the, I've yeah. gotten past this and like you know Black Canary she's here is she. Brings in Black Canary and freaking Benedict's, I mean, uh, Calculator's kids and yeah, wife. Yeah, she just sends out vines and they fucking yeah. bring them in. So they're there and Canary's like, hey, what's going on, Ivy? And like, I can't Canary's believe like, you're doing this. You don't have to kill everybody. Yeah, you don't have to kill and people. It just keeps going. Gets, you don't have, you to, don't kill have to kill people. And then you're, it becomes yeah. the whole thing is, look, they're children here. Do you really want to see that? Like, you know, you kill people? No. No, I don't. Yeah. I shall let everyone go now. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, hey, there's kids here. They're going to see this. You're teaching them the lesson. You want the, the world to end up like that? They're going to learn that lesson and take it from here that you take vengeance and you kill people. And then Ivy's like, oh, my God. And they make it seem for a little that she's overtaken. And they even say, like, oh, my God, she's the, you know, she's gone green. And, yeah. and But it's not enough. And you do get this background of her, like, I was checking out the plants. And then I noticed this, this goddamn, the bees were dying and all this. Well, like you said, at the one point. Point, then she gets so mad she rages out that she ends up seemingly Swimming controlling the, bees the killer bees she sicks the bees on them and they d- legitimately do go and attack and yeah. it, mainly freaking uh what's benedict, his name yeah. yeah benedict i mean it's mainly like that while later then she says I'm going to go and have to get a pheromone to control the bees yeah, because now after, these bees the are just going willy-nilly after, all over the after, place. After Batgirl convinces her that you don't have to kill people and she's like, okay, now she can't control the bees. Now yeah. she has to, you know, Batgirl and the birds probably have to, like, you know, get everybody oh, out. this while, is like, the most know, ridiculous. Hey, she creates a guard me while I do research. It exactly. is the most ridiculous one I've ever seen where she's like, I can make a pheromone. Okay, you go in the lab. We'll hold them off. You see these guys show up that are guards for two seconds. Mainly, they seem to be fighting them and the bees, yep. you know, both. And it's ridiculous. It's, because you know. It's such a weird thing because I understand the whole thing where, you know, Poison Ivy has let everybody out of the vines that she has wrapped yeah. up in the building. And when that happens, yeah, the guards come rushing to get Benedict. She just get the guards and hold them. All she has to do is hold them. She doesn't have to kill them. Well, uh, it's just – it's ridiculous. And uh, it is a big comic book trope. It's the comic book trope, even a movie trope of, hey – I need five minutes. Hold them off. But this is the most ridiculous setup to this trope I've ever seen in my life, where they're they're fighting bees and guards while she's there mixing vials to do this pheromone. And then creates point, it. And I want to know, like, I'm telling you, these bees are the most terrifying things in the world because when she finally does control them, 
they sm- like you know she sends him away where they smash through a window to fly away yeah. holy shit that's yeah, terrifying they, they mean fucking business <laughs> they don't use doors these bees do what these bees want Eric they're not fucking regular honeybees they're not nice they fucking go through the goddamn window they think Killer they're bees fucking are coming Batman. from Texas Jim I heard I'm telling you, in, the in this covered. book really has Batgirl ever used a door she smashes through windows <laughs> they're just doing what they talk they, she's like why are you doing that I learned from you Batgirl these bees they're saying it and everything they say ends with zzz is what happens. But yeah, they go off. They smash through the fucking window. Off they go. And the, you know, then the, the thing that you were talking about, which I would assume you're alluding to, is now you have a problem here where you do have Poison Ivy where you've, you've had the characters tell her you know, ad nauseum, listen, you're not like this. You're not a killer. Don't do this. That'll make you as bad as them. But now you have a problem. At the end... She really should go to jail. It doesn't matter if she was right or wrong. She is an eco-terrorist once again. She is a bad person, you know, to the law. I know she what she did. She meant captive by yeah, vines she, and entire because of bees. Building. I mean, she can go to the stand, and they're like, "Oh, why'd you do this? Why'd you grab these people? Why'd you? Oh, the bees. Well, you still kind of broke into things. You dealt with a woman who stole the formula. You did all this because she did steal yeah. the fertilizer formula as well. And uh, so she has it's really broken a lot of laws. Plus, we I don't even want to mention, or I will mention. I mean, uh, we go back to the whole thing of who is hiring her. Who is hiring Pamela Isley? It seems like everybody knows who she is anyway. Right here, she's pretty much telling everybody in this building that she was Pamela Isley is Poison Ivy once again. But like we said in her book, they you know that miniseries, they're yeah. all hiring her to do things. She she always ends up doing shit like this. And so what they do is you can't have her get arrested. They don't want no. that. They could have had her slip away. Like, listen, we'll I, give you I would have five done. The minutes. Whole, the whole idea that freaking there are no consequences of Pamela yeah. Isley's actions in this infuriated me, especially yeah. to the point where, you know, okay, Benedict, um, we're going to take it. Well, to they the said Benedict's going to go bu- to jail. Yeah. He's going to he get. He faces true yeah. justice. And then in the meantime, Barbara calls, you know, gets Gordon Clean Energy, her company, to buy, to buy. Care and yep. make Pamela Isley the lead scientist. Yep, so not lead only scientist. does violence lead to friggin' not going to jail, it leads to a promotion, Jim. And who is going to work with her? I mean, all these me. people that were working might know what she's done. They're going to stay away. But yeah, it also goes back to this whole thing where you do have. I, I, where, I'm suing freaking the well, yeah. Queen Energy oh, yeah. for putting me in this dangerous situation. Well, and there's also there. the thing where we go back to this kind of back and forth with this Gordon Clean Energy, where y- you have to have her not be able to afford rent in one book, you know, one <laughs> issue, and then the next issue and in another series even, but just snap her fingers and buy a company that seems to be on, you know, on the way up. Like, this yeah. seems like this terror care, whether they were bad or not, uh, it seems like shit has, you know, they, they're making money. And now also you have to go with the thing now. You have Barbara Gordon and uh, Gordon Clean Energy come in. What's going to happen? They have a fertilizer out that pretty much is poisoning the environment. I'm you telling you, that's a bad that buy away. right there. What's that? Yeah, it is. That company's a bad buy. Yeah, that stock is dropping. It. No, this company should be shut down. You don't buy it. You say to, to Pamela Isley, listen. Hey, Ivy, we're friends with you. You know what? I understand you were kind of pissed off or whatever, but please don't do this again and just, and you know, dude, go, go. Even if you have while. to go to this ludicrous amount where you have to give her a goddamn job. No, give her a say, job at Gordon Clean Energy. Exactly. We're opening up a new division secretary. at Gordon Clean. Uh, no, 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 not secretary. Secretary. We're opening up a new division she at Gordon Clean Energy. She could be a lunch lady. 
you're going to lead the freaking yeah. like the environment section. So bam, yeah. there you go. And have her be like almost like the uh, like a, a activist kind of like an eco. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Like almost an eco editor. Like right. everything that Gordon an Clean Energy PR does, person. it goes through you, and you tell me if it's good, and you give it the stamp of approval, and then we can do that. Don't buy the company that is poisoning the world, it seems, and then just try to wipe that clean and say, "Oh, she's in charge," uh, when she just pretty much kept the whole place hostage. It's ridiculous. It really is. And you don't think Benedict? He's there when she's saying it too. He's not going to blow the whistle on this. I mean, it's nonsense. But yeah, then you see Gus go off, and he's basically this is him leaving. He's like, you know what? I'm done. And I like the symbolic turn off the phone and smash it. It doesn't mean you stop shit. You know, my wife gets mad at me and her phone broke the other day. That doesn't mean she's still not mad at me or yelling and screaming at me. He just smashed his phone. Uh, but that's when Calculator comes. And I'm like guessing that's so he doesn't get traced. Yeah, I- I'm seeing. He even says, though, look, I gave it up. I stopped. And that's where he's like, it isn't me anymore, look. And right. that's where you get the, you know, the call from Barbara who says basically, hey, Oracle's back. You think that was Oracle? Here's the real Oracle. I'm Talking back, to baby, and I'm going to delete everything on your phone. No, yeah. like really, it has pictures of his kids and stuff. She's deleting them, and then they go to Bat Burger, and they're gonna have a little Bat Burger. Uh, if anybody liked the Bat Burger before, uh, it this isn't as you know, it, it's just them eating. There, there's not. And really the much. art takes. Okay, this is where we get yeah, the art change of Reno Tamura, yep. and it looks terrible in my mind. Yeah, uh, the one thing is, calculator all of a sudden looks like he's like seventy. I, I expect him to be like with those glasses that he's wearing as he wears, but the way it looks, is like, a. Like he'd have a a fucking horn, the ear horn. I can't hear you, Oracle. <laughs> yeah, but he's there, and that you know they're like you said, they're eating a bat burger. There's that little thing that I think they were playing a little bit towards where Aquaman was eating fish in the Jeff Johns Aquaman series, the right. beginning of the New Fifty Two. When they say to Ivy, I actually thought this was okay. I knew what she was gonna say because like, hey, Ivy, it's weird you eating plants and all like that. Hey, you know, I talk to them, I thank them, and you know they they get back. I shit them out and then they eat their fertilizer and they're yeah. Uh, but yeah I, I figured that's what she was the thing say. is the whole idea like i'm telling you i did not go back and read the background of the birds of prey of the new 52 or anything like that because i'm not interested in it mm. but uh the whole thing where you know poison ivy she's talking to like huntress catwoman black canary and saying instead of Batgirl has done this for me, she says Barbara. The whole idea yeah. that Poison Ivy yeah. and Catwoman both knew that Barbara Gordon is Batgirl really disturbs and, me. Yeah, and it yeah. throws me out. Yeah, it does a bit. It does. Yeah, and that's even uh, even Huntress says, "Where's Barbara? I thought she was joining us." And you're like, "What? Why are you saying that? Why? Yeah. Why would you say that in front of them?" And you know, maybe she slipped there. But then, yeah, at the end, you have that big page there where it is the Birds of Prey with Ivy and Catwoman. It's a shame that it's not the regular art because that it, that art at the end does take a hit. And then that last page there where they're in the the hero pose, it, it's just not that good. It really isn't. Ivy looks terrible. Uh, but yeah, actually, they all kind of look really they all off. Look terrible. And without Batgirl there, it's kind of silly anyway because she's busy being Oracle. Then. And that's but the thing what does she's that doing mean? this whole Oracle thing. And the next issue, Barbara Gordon is Oracle. But that's a weird thing because this book is called Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, and I think it's just Oracle's going to be for a while. She's just going to sit there at the computer and, and tell them where to go and things like that. And it's going to be nothing. It's not going to be Oracle. Uh, it's just to try to sell things, I think. But what did you give it her? 
I give it a 5.5 out of 10. I did yeah. not enjoy this uh, arc at the, like, the finishing point because it was just so ridiculous. I could have gone lower even. This yeah. whole thing where Ivy can control bees and then she can't and then she has to figure out a way to control the bees. Yeah. It real, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Is this yeah, what we're I'm really with doing with this goddamn story? I give it a 5.5 five too. Yeah. I, I'd go with you. It's just. I still ridiculous. like Raj's art, but freaking. Uh, that the ending bit with the like where the art changed, I'm like, God damn, that's a fucking that just takes the whole goddamn book down even more. Like I really think I should have gone lower because this was a goddamn nonsense thing that actually yeah. made me infuriated me at the end when there was no consequences at yeah, all to pull Nothing Schneider's at all. Actions. At the end it was just like, Okay, let's fucking clean our like, hands of this. Here, here's the whole thing. Like this whole thing. We have poison ivy, we have catwoman, and we have Gus. These three characters here. Catwoman has stolen things. She's yep. you know, not, she's not getting uh, arrested or anything like that. No, Poison they don't Ivy's even really her. even say anything to her. No, she, she even can... goes back and steals the jewels. Yeah, she at the goes end back and steals. Thing. And the thing, you know, Poison Ivy held an entire company hostage. Was about to murder yep. people. Now she's promoted the lead scientist. And yep. then Gus, and Gus, he who fucking, was fucking he did around this, all this terrible shit. He fucking betrayed the birds of prey. He got fucking calculators, family kidnapped, almost killed. He's just allowed and to go. And Oracle sure base. And Barbara pretty much gets him out of his debt, you know, life debt like Chewbacca. And yeah. then he goes off. And then when the, you know he was gonna get his comeuppance, which like you said he kind of deserved. Uh, that's when she, as Oracle, stepped in and saved and his piece, ass yeah. again. What's so that? there are no consequences to yeah. anybody's actions if you know Batgirl. Yeah, none at all. But now we're going to move on to the next book. All right, Eric. Ooh-wee, that background Birds of Prey. I cannot oh get enough of that book. Holy God. moly. Where are but, the repercussions? Where are the repercussions, Jim? But where are the repercussions of us doing these last two books this way? Because these are stinkers, Jim. They are stinkers indeed. Why are we Ooh-wee. playing stuff like this? Somebody open up a window. It stinks in here. Light a match, Eric. Jesus Christ. You know what else sounds like it stinks? Do you know, Eric? Do you know this? Oh, my goodness. That's Donald Loves Daisy. (laughs) Of course he does. Uh, Yes, of course. How about this one? See if you remember this one. What was that one? We had it earlier. We had a lot of these earlier. It's the cheese dog, Eric. Uh, How about this one? Worst podcast ever. That one's number two. With a bullet. All right. One last one, Eric. That's dotting the I. <laughs> oh, I love it, Eric. You know what I don't like? Supergirl number 12. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Rob Simrock. I almost came out of that. That I like it. I like the way that sounds. And I'm going to go with that for the rest of the podcast. Daniel Enriquez, Michael Atea, and Steve Wands. What do you think of Ooh, that? Oh, that's Steve Wands. Oh, man. How dare they? There is a lot of stuff going on in this book, but I'm not really sure what is really going on, Eric. Zombie follicle Grundy. Supergirl shot by Not Cat Grant with a new color gun that gives her extra <laughs> sensitive powers and so much more. There is so much crammed in this story that my head was spinning, but I did like Robson Roca's art a lot more than Brian Ching's. So best that's a art plus. on this book so far. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is the best art on this book so far, indeed. It starts off 
in the now, Eric, and we get a recap of what last issue's uh, cliffhanger was. And now this is an art thing, so you can't fully blame Steve Orlando. But Watch to me, me try. Well, to me, it starts with him. He at least has to tell the artist what has gone on and what's got, you know, kind of spell it out. I actually think a lot of times with Steve Orlando, he plays it loosey goosey. And I, I think the time we see shit, though, it doesn't seem like he knows what he did in his last no. issue. Well, so that's I gotta, the problem. I this have to continues come out and blame him. Yeah, this continues where at least, again, it's more of an art deal, but. I'm going to still blame Steve Orlando. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to blame him because every book he has, it seems like he never can remember what happened in the last issue. And it starts off where you do see Cat Grant shooting Supergirl. Now, yeah. in the last issue, this is what happened. They came out of the uh, the Phantom Zone. Batgirl said goodbye. Ben Rubel, he went home, Erica. He, he don't go home to his parents, though, because they were pieces of shit. But he went off. And you had Supergirl in a weird deal where she showed up at Cat Grant's. And it even seemed forced then. It, it really didn't make much sense in a progression of the story then. It was just to get the cliffhanger where Cat Grant said, Hey, listen, you, you have no use for me, so I'm going to shoot you. And did shoot her with what appeared to be where you could Some only kind of think because gun, it's Supergirl. You see a, a green and a goddamn yes. super book, you think a kryptonite. Yes, and you had her get shot. And it, it seemed weird for Cat Grant to basically say, Hey, listen, I, I ran the numbers because that's what it was and this yeah. it's a little different dialogue as well uh but she said listen i ran the numbers i checked out the apps there's no use for you so she shot her well it happens to be that it's not cat grant it is somebody else you can only think it might be say an emerald empress or a selena that's in this book the, the witch the problem is what does she mean then by saying this, I know that she's trying to trick her possibly into thinking it's Cat Grant, but they didn't do their homework because Supergirl realizes right away that it's not right. Number one, you had the whole thing of the balcony, but in the meantime, they decided to do this to Supergirl at the exact same time that Cat Grant across town is having a huge press conference that seems to be something the whole world is watching. Oh yeah, she's unveiling the Capco, the Capco app. Yeah, yeah, the Capco app. But uh, besides, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty much Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, that's I said in my review. I'm like, oh, you mean a a social media app where people can just report their ideas and report it? And what's going on? Yeah, this is basically any social media media app ever it's such a thing like steve orlando has to kind of you have to come up with something a little better than just say hey everybody can be news we've had this for years now where you have everybody taking pictures of everything uh hey hey steve you know that's called the internet yeah that's called the internet buddy so but it just the whole thing of where we're going because we do think behind the scenes what we think is you have uh you know emerald empress and her her gang of five eric and i forget Five. I always want to call them the Furious Five, but it's the Fatal Five. And uh, they are what we think are going to try to dis- discredit Supergirl in right. the way that it happened with The Flash. And, and I'm uh, telling you, The Flash and this book have so many parallels right yeah. now because we've had this whole thing where, you know, Thawne's like, I got to discredit The Flash before I kill him because that way, you know, nobody's going to want to remember him after that. Same yeah. thing's going on with Supergirl. And even though we have the new Flash powers, the negative speed force, doesn't know how to use them. He still goes no. to work. He can kill people. It same doesn't like, matter. He's still like out Supergirl. there. Where, same where, shit's uh, going on with where Supergirl. I want to ask you, Eric, since you are a DC editor now, I just want to ask you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you get out of this making Supergirl think it's Cat Grant? 
You know what I, I mean? I, I, I don't really know anything. It doesn't I, I really, don't, I don't it, edit this book. It you know? doesn't I advance so the story many. at all. It really no. doesn't. It doesn't do anything because immediately she realizes it's not Kat. So what is this whole thing? I, tr- I tried so hard to find a use for you, and I can't find it, so I shoot you. Is this it's, supposed it's, to make her sad? It's especially kind of fucked up because it seems that the Fatal Five, they want to just kill Supergirl because they want to stop a future where Supergirl yes. ends up killing all of them. Yeah, so why, if this is, say this is, and we do think it's one of them being, you know, in disguise uh, because at the same time we said I think it's Kat just Grant a magic spell town. by Selena because after she gets shot off the balcony, she's falling and she looks up, she flies back up. There's yeah. no balcony anymore. Well, that's the Grant. weirdest thing is she gets shot, she's falling until she isn't, where she's yep. just like, huh, you know what, I'm going to fly back up there and, you and know she it's weird because fl- I, I felt that and it should have been real but you know what i feel pretty good now yeah and she says that the balcony now feels odd and also that she feels good so i yeah. know the whole thing of like her powers seem to be more sensitive you know like she yeah. goes to fly she flies too quick all of a sudden her heat vision goes she off down, heat vision goes yeah, straight out it no. just to me, this doesn't really spell out any sort of plan. I know what you're saying, that it's it seems to be the very hokey and, you know, trope-filled deal of before we take down, you know, we don't want to make her a martyr. We have to make her hated by people. But it doesn't even seem like he wants to go that step either. And it's even that, so it could have been this whole fuck, say the balcony's there, you know. Uh, the only thing I could see to make it Cat Grant is a reason for Supergirl to show up and think she, you know, she's wanted is by Cat Grant. It's the only reason because yeah. it could have been Selena right there, freaking just like with a gun, hey, blast, and now she disappears yeah. because it's, we get to the same thing where Supergirl can't control her powers but has to live her yes, life even but, though we haven't here's, seen her in school. You know, and the like way forever. this is, yeah, the way this is going though, it looks like say it is Selena. That's what we think it is, uh, and she can kind of morph or whatever. Say this is exactly that's what it is. Why? Would wouldn't you have done something where you kind of shapeshift into Eliza and have Supergirl go to her and have her do that, which would be crazy. Like she figures out it's cat anyway, but have her go to Eliza, which at one point she's like, I got to go talk to them and never does. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, even go to the route of, you know, trying to bring her down and ruin her world. You, you make yourself look like Eliza and say, you know what? We decided we really don't want you as a daughter. We, turns we, out we, we always thought we wanted a daughter until we took you in. Yeah, turns out or, we were wrong. I'm saying even get really crazy and have her go back and she's, you know, I'm telling Eliza, like, listen, I, I want you to know we just found out I'm pregnant. We didn't think we were going to have kids. Uh, I'm pregnant. You know, you got to leave. Pack up your bags, bitch. Get the hell out of here. Does this rhyme? But, uh, you know, do something. But this whole thing of impersonating Cat Grant, which lasts maybe three seconds. Just it, it doesn't do anything. It was and just it's for that cliffhanger for because issue. yeah, the cliffhanger was her getting shot with this green gun. You think kryptonite? Even in the cover, she is getting shot by a kryptonite bullet. It looks so it even ties that back into that. And here she's getting shot with a purple ray, which ends up again. What what is it that makes her? powers go wonky we don't ever really know and don't even explain nobody even says like huh you know what Pl- phase one is in effect or yeah. you know give me something that i know that it is because then she like I'm you saying, said she do falls they even do this whole thing where like because we we're putting together the fatal five and our last bit is solomon grundy who's gonna be a part of actually a clone of solomon grundy but uh do they ever talk about them doing something to supergirl in this no, no. 
Well, they all they say is basically, "Hey, we thought that Emerald Emerald Empress was bad, and then we talked." Or it said, "Emerald Empress said, I we thought that Saturn Girl was bad, but Saturn Girl really showed us that it was that." But no one time did they I mean, say, like, "Well, there was the never plan's in effect." About, exactly. There was no. never any talk about them being the ones who were actually responsible for this. So that's what I don't understand. What's going on? But it does seem the way it's going, where you have Selena, and when she's around, her magic and Magog, even it's that purple. Yeah, magic, yeah. so you can only think that that's her. It's kind of an indigo color, isn't it? It is. It's a little indigo indeed. But no, yeah, and no. then you get <laughs> one of the worst progressions of anything here that it does spell out. But when you're going to give something that is a little tricky, and what this is, is they go to Gotham uh, and go to Arkham Asylum and basically pluck a hair of Solomon Grundy's and then morph it into, you know, clone it into a zombie freaking Solomon Grundy. But the progression of the art it is I thought it was awful I know you even said no this is what's going on but really right away it's like a, who is plucking it and if it's an invisible but then the, the the hair turns into a green floating thing that looks like a construct and then just kind of becomes Solomon Grundy and through this whole thing there's a couple times where they uh, say oh that's one of the Grundys as if there's like 15 million going around. It just, it was so stupid. But we, we get that where they get the Grundy, and that is the, you know, the Fatal Five. He's the fifth member, the Fatal Five. I They're got all a together Grundy then. once. I didn't like it. Yeah, but I, I actually think that there's, yeah, I think that there's people uh, that probably were, that went right over their head because it isn't a very good progression to explain. And Steve Orlando never explains anything in this book until. One of the most ridiculous panels I've ever seen. I don't think you even would have even bothered with this, Eric. You have the panel where you have the placard kind of there. National City Technical High School, right? It's spelled out right in that panel. Yeah, And then right below, there's the sign, National City Technical (laughs) High School. I did not even bother. Why did they have this panel? They have the panel where they tell you what it is, and then you see, like, Steve Orlando, I don't know. I don't know. It's just crazy to me what they do in this book. But, yeah, then you said Supergirl was flying. She's having problems with her powers. Doesn't decide. She's like, I got to go talk to Eliza and Jeremiah. But she doesn't. She, because I got to go and get rings. my goddamn powers checked out because I'm almost yeah. killing people here. You don't know need to Cameron. do. Well, she doesn't confi- go to Cameron. I need to go to a confined goddamn space with a bunch of people in a school and hope the hope yeah. the things work and, out. And it's so funny because Steve Orlando wants you to see like, oh man, Supergirl, she thinks school's that important. No, this this is a matter of the whole. You, now you're putting the whole school in danger with yeah. kids in danger, if not you know the whole town or whatever. Because she, she tries to put this thing where she has an alarm on her watch or whatever it is where yeah. oh my god school's starting if i miss another day or something like that yeah. i'm going to be expelled or kicked out i'm like well at this point in time school in my mind is a secondary thing you are a superhero first you're just doing this as yeah, a ruse. and shit's gone wrong and, and things can, are really yeah. happening yeah, if you're doing I, uh, this all of a sudden you're putting your student life and more important than saving people's lives I'm like yeah. what's wrong with you supergirl what the and, fuck are you doing and while this Things is going flash. on uh, while this is going on cat grant is having her press conference and i do want to point out it is at the oceanside memorial park eric where you have the wreckage of argo city that almost destroyed the whole entire city but yet this is the memorial that they uh, always seem to go to Never it is forget. goddamn ridiculous it's the most ridiculous thing ever that y- that you could have it really is and uh so 
you have Supergirl. She wants to go back to school because she might be kicked out, God forbid. Yeah. And uh, and all it would take is, oh, you're going to get kicked out? Cameron Chase calls somebody and says, no, 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 she's not getting kicked out. The government swoops in, and now she isn't getting kicked out. But Boom. she's there, and it's one of those. It's pretty much a Superman trope even where all of a sudden his hearing, you, you oh, hear yeah. everything, and it's driving him. And this is Supergirl. We, we I mean, just the same had that deal. too, and Superman went blind. Yeah. His hearing went fucking overloaded because he couldn't see. His other yeah. senses took and, over. And you even had what I felt was the best scene in the Man of Steel book is when, you know, young Clark, or Man of Steel movie, I mean, when he goes to school and he has to have his mom come and tell him to relax and just concentrate on things when he was hiding in that closet from yeah. the, the people. And they said, listen, Superman, come out of the closet. You just have to come out of the closet. And then he does, Eric, and it was great. Uh, but you have this, and she's going nuts. So she runs out uh, into the hall, and then the floor collapses because she falls down but it doesn't even seem like you know what i mean it's like such a weird thing that happens but it seems to be just her kind of falling to her knees breaks a hole in the in the floor and it's a pit and everybody's standing around talking shit and yelling like they want to see her die oh yeah these people are the fucking worst nobody's well, they, helping they make her it out the worst just pit. so that ben rubel can come and help her out and it's just so over the top. But yeah, they're like, oh man, even at the end, they're lame, she's fine, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it's just like, what the hell is going on? And, and Ben does save her and she's like, oh, you know what, am I going to owe you for this? And then this is, the, this is the beginning of what I would say is Ben will find out fully that yeah. she's Supergirl and be his confidant. Honestly, he should find out right now because he's not yeah, a he fucking should. idiot. I, and it really is. This is the start of him kind of figuring it out. Uh, but yeah, what do I owe you? And he's like no 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 you know what we could be friends and you know th that was part of that you know the cat grant thing and all that but you know we don't have to be you know assholes to each other no. and i like i like ben uh while we make fun of mostly everything in this book i actually have grown to like ben but i don't like the way steve orlando uses him and I'm his dialogue that, with him ben is, is terrible. nothing to me in here he said he I might as well just have a faceless character because it doesn't he doesn't how do anything. dare you how dare you but yeah and then we go from that but it is i think that's the step of in an yeah, issue yeah. or two he's gonna find out and then he's gonna save her but yeah you go back he's gonna to, be like her jimmy olsen okay you go back to cat grant she's there she's talking on her phone she's you know she, she wants to see about vodka, Jim. she wants to see lord havoc's withering ego and high death withering like my confidence in you as as a graphics you know she's about to say designer or whatever and that's when selena shows up and call Catherine grant and then, like, and she's like, "Hold on, someone's in my apartment begging for a restraining order." And I know that Steve Orlando wants to have this very quippy, I don't even know, like a Sex in the City, Gilmore Girls type thing here. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It is completely and utterly ridiculous. Plus, I want to know what the what the fuck is she doing there? You, you know what I mean? She's just there. And if this was before when you saw her take over her and that's how she was there when Supergirl came out, but it, it's like out of sequence, it seems. No, I don't no, know this is completely doing. different because this is at Cat Grant's fucking apartment building yeah. and like freaking this is completely different where she just wants yeah, the whole thing is, is that we're but really what is moving she towards doing now. Now she's moving she towards this whole thing where she wants Cat Grant to freaking, you know, shame fucking Supergirl over her goddamn yeah, media it's, it's empire. All, it's just so crazy, though, the way she even started. Like, hey, you know what? I was in, I was, I've known power since you were a vodka-fueled question on the tip of your parents' tongues. My name is Selena. And she's like, hey, no one denigrates vodka like that in my house. <laughs> 
Uh. Fuck you. I, this book is, and I, I know what you're saying, but this is so ridiculous. No, no, where, this is all garbage. Yeah, as she goes there to convince Cat Grant what she's already pretended to be, what we think, and it's just It's nonsense. almost like, I'm telling you, the way Steve uh, Orlando writes books is like he doesn't give a shit. He's writing it silly because he doesn't take the medium seriously and doesn't think he no. has to do a good job because he's like, I just have to write some quippy things and make the character yeah. seem cool, and that's I'm it. I'm telling you, I'm sure he giggled when he said, nobody denigrates vodka like that in my home i'm like what the hell are you doing this is fucking complete every other nonsense feels small because yeah, he's attached it does, to it because, because never he's makes a anything joke. feel real or big this is a guy that they signed you know exclusive uh, why why he has this in jla they the both books suck they, they suck. And I it was sucks in charge of because the first I want, crossover. I, I like Supergirl. I really like the character of Supergirl. And he is making her a complete and utter fucking joke. And yeah. this, this issue is just ridiculous. You're getting me fired up, Eric. Huh, I wasn't that fired. Once you started saying, you're getting me fired up. You, you know how this is like halftime. You're giving me a halftime speech. I'm right. coming out fucking, I'm going to fucking rip some heads off. But yeah, she's saying this. And then you see Solomon Grundy and where you had this really crazy thing, you know, pages and pages ago. It's finally explained by Magog just saying, zombie follicle. You know, how much intellect can you expect from a zombie follicle? But at least you know how to hurt people and you'll listen to whatever we say. I'm like, that is not a way to spell out that Solomon Grundy is a clone that you have no. made from a, a piece of hair of Solomon Grundy and that this isn't legitimately Solomon Grundy. Then Magog just looks like he has a ball of green something. Now, again, the last issue of the, you know, is this maybe the same thing that made Supergirl's powers go crazy? So why would it, it kind of seems somewhat related, I, but it's not. So even before, like the Supergirl's powers, I don't get what's going on. And now he shoves this ball into Solomon Grundy and he becomes super Solomon Grundy and starts ripping out the fucking And I'm telling you, know, you the, the art progression of this whole thing is that like I see him like, you know, the whole thing like I don't even know how to explain it. He shoves this green orb in Solomon Grundy's chest. And at first it looks like it's turning him into a, even more of a monster look to him yeah. because – he looks like like a giant fucking mongoloid halfway through the transformation, and then he just goes back just to be a bigger Grundy, and that's it. I'm like, yeah. well, that's kind of disappointing. Why could well, why do you yeah. have to go through this whole thing? Like, why can't you just emu chuck this shit? Yeah, really. And then you have where Magog kind of spells out the plan. First, we break their trust in her, and the problem with me as well is at this point of the book, I can't say that the city should ever trust her. I no. mean, she was the reason why they could really be like, you know what? We had a grand old time well, until you showed up. Yeah, Argo you showed city. up, and the next thing, Argo City crashed and killed all those people. Like, there's no real reason, I think. Now, they made it seem like she was a hero, but really, to me, she really brought the, the shit to them. And you could, you know, it's just weird. And you also have Cat Grant at this point. That's the other thing. You have Selena, who goes and says, you know, we want you to shame her. The problem is... It's not like Cat Grant's in Supergirl's corner. She hasn't been pro-Supergirl and pushing. Yeah, she'll report on Supergirl because yeah, that's news. the news. But she isn't like, we need Supergirl. She's pretty much the opposite of that the whole time. So you really don't need to push her that much. It seemed very odd. And with that, you go on. First, we have to get rid of the trust. This book has just started. I know it's 12 issues in, but the stories, you had pretty much six issues of that freaking Cyborg Superman stuff. And, and we and, have to go back to that Cyborg Superman stuff here just because Carol wants to 
talk to her goddamn father yeah, and, who and does not respond back. No, doesn't respond at all. But that. it's it's this is Star Wars now. You have you know so you the know. No, it's. It, I know you're. It's Darth Vader. It's okay. the whole thing. I, I know thought, that. I, I'm, just thinking, I'm just thinking about Luke and that. No, body it is that too. No, healed. I'm just saying with that. I'm not going to give up on you. I I know that there's somebody inside that's good still, and it's just Darth Vader now. And she even no. they have to explain too because you have the whole deal where they have ripped off the cybernetic stuff and you have Hank Henshaw in Action Comics so he really can't have any of that anyway they were going forward mechanics with a life yeah. support polymer yeah your polymer. brain is functioning like, normal I really? can see it I'm like I don't think you should be able to see his fucking no. brain no uh, yeah what's going on what is what is going on with any of this and that's where she hears shit going on downtown she's like you can hear it I can go and I told you I had an issue with that because he's there he's not in the sunlight I don't think he should have super hearing at this point uh but that's okay but he's like you hear what's going on yeah i gotta get going yeah there's shit going down in town and then Bye, in the meantime Daddy. in the meantime you have uh you know that you go to the deo and that's cameron where chase. empress shows up and cameron chase and i like cameron chase uh he does not he wants more of the snarky cat grant I like Cameron chasing this, and I like her here. She fucking kicks ass. I mean, the minute Emerald Empress shows up, she just she starts firing. And I'm like, you know what? That's what you need to do. You don't need to over-explain yeah, things like he does. these goddamn supervillains. Yeah, fuck that. He's gone. And really, I just want to tell her, you know, she does kind of do it. Focus on that eye. I saw that eye break in that <laughs> Just League versus Suicide Squad. Go at that. Uh, but even she says that, hey, lockdown's happening in 15 seconds. What do you want? Uh, information, Cameron Chase. And after this long, I will not be denied. And like, well, it, we what? glanced over it a little bit, too. This is the whole explanation where, you know, Emerald Empress thought that Saturn Girl was going to be the destruction of her. So she yeah. chased her through time to Arkham where she fell. Or Saturn Girl told her Supergirl's really going to be the one. Yeah, why would, why would Saturn and, Girl do that? And with this whole thing, like. Why, like, what happened in Arkham? This whole conversation yeah. with Saturn Girl, who was locked up, known as a Jane Doe. Like, why isn't this talked about ever? Well, the one they they said it in a line in that one issue when Superman showed up in, in Supergirl, where we thought we well, were going to get the they, Emerald she Empress. Said, I, I talked to Saturn yeah, Girl. That's I all she said. Yeah, and then she says it again. Emerald Empress broke in the fucking yeah. Arkham. When, when did she break in? I mean, even if she teleported in, that still she was in Arkham. Somebody would have had something is, going this, on. This seems like a big deal. For Emerald Empress to confront Saturn Girl, never seen. Yeah, and then you have then you have the whole Emerald Emerald Empress Supergirl book. That was what was weird. You had the whole thing where Emerald Empress was reintroduced into the DCU, and you had the whole thing with her and Saturn Girl. And then you think immediately, okay, shit, Saturn Girl. Yeah, and then they really did the switcheroo and had her really forced to be against Supergirl, which doesn't make sense. And I would think at the end, obviously, to me, you'll find out that that it's not the way the future will be. They got some wrong info, wrong intel. Eric, and we'll go from there. But you even have the thing where Magog even explains, and and we kind of know the whole deal with Magog, but somebody just reading this book has to be so confused with the way Steve Orlando explains things. He's like, hey, my family died while the Just League fought Darkseid. Gods fighting gods. Humans lose. All deities are my enemy. That's why I took the name Magog. Oh, really? That's why? The Emerald Empress showed me the future. My line, my descendants will die at the hands of Supergirl and her space gods. Yeah, really? Unless they're not there in the future, unless she and her entire legacy die now. And just and then he says, that's like you said, first we break their trust in her. But even then, if anybody's just – what 
the fuck is this McGog guy spouting out about? It's just nonsense. Is Before he was McGog, why? Yeah, yeah. I, and and they almost seem like I know the whole deal with like you said, you want to discredit her before you kill her, so she doesn't yeah, become seen a martyr before, and things like that. Flash. We've seen it all all the time. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just not good. It's not well explained. And then she hears people, it's old hat. you know. Yeah, it is. And then she hears you know destruction going on. She flies downtown. Her powers are still going wonky. She falls and there is Solomon Grundy yelling Grundy and then she says it's big also the whole thing is she's also yelling in Kryptonian at this point and just why is she doing that Eric why is she yelling in Kryptonian I, I, don't, I don't know, know. I don't know. But yeah, I got the idea that they're going to be like, look at you, you stinking alien, because she's doing that. I don't know. But it's just nonsense. I did like the art. This is the best art that we've had in this entire series. Because and I'm telling I know, you, when I first opened the issue, it got me really excited. I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe the art was a product. Yeah, maybe like that's what made like, it small. Maybe because, that'll bring yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll, it'll it make me feel more important like the rest of the DCU no, right now. It didn't. It did not. No, the art's great, though. I, I like the I, art. I think it helped out a bit because I yeah. enjoyed it looking at the book, but the story's just fucking like I no, said, it's with, old hat. If this was the just, standard Brian Ching art, shit. I'm telling you, this could have been down to a three. That's right. how much I was just irritated with it. But with the art, I actually gave it a 5.3 uh, out of 10. Uh, mostly art, though, because the story, it's just – he Steve Orlando cannot – he can't do a cliffhanger to the start of a next issue. But he, he seems to have problems even putting scenes together and a scene working out. It's always it, – I'm going to explain – and not even explain. I'm going to have the people talk about what they're doing, not showing. But the talk is so hokey that I think the artist gets confused confused about what they're supposed to be drawing because basically everybody is standing around most of the time and it's just i i just hate it i hate this book so much and i go online and i see these reviews and i really do think down the line or you know in the meantime that people are giving this better scores because they're afraid that if they don't give it good scores that it's going to be canceled i say say it every time but that's the only way it's like one of those where you're reading and yeah, I I'll say, hey, I don't like this issue, and oh Jesus Christ, and whatever. But books like these, I just I want to get in the heads of these other reviewers and just wonder what the hell they think that they're reading and how they could be enjoying it because it's it's so far from being enjoyable. But what what did you give it? Um, I'm gonna say a four point eight out of ten. Okay. It's just I'm I'm trying to look up the scores here because I know it's just gonna irritate me. Uh. Here we go. Supergirl. And nine reviews, an average of an 8-2. Crazy. You have a 10. A 10 out of 10 for this garbage. This series has had excellent writing the whole time. Orlando never disappoints. My main complaint about this series has been the art. I did not have the complaint this issue, so I give it top marks. (laughs) You have a guy that we really, really respect. He gave it a 9-6. The fuck are you doing? What are you doing? This is nonsense. God darn it, Eric. But yeah, that's it. That's, that's I've had it. Enough. I'm done. I, I said goodbye. Stick a fork See in it. See you and never. <laughs> Stick a fork in it. I'm ready to eat. It's dinner time, Eric. God damn it, Dinner Fatty, stop time it. indeed. Uh, what's your book of the week, Eric? Because I know my what mine is. My book of the is. week is now my revised score for Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, mine's Red Hood and the Outlaws. That's my book of the week. I've really enjoyed it. It just it beats out uh, Mr. Miracle that we do have on the Patreon that I did enjoy, but I enjoyed actually. It's one of those. 
it's a funny issue that Mr. Miracle that I enjoyed talking about it way more than I enjoyed reading it. And I, I don't did know. So like, the thing is, I, I enjoyed reading it to a degree just because it got me engaged. I'm just saying, I really enjoyed things. talking to you about yeah. it. I thought it was really fun to talk about it because it was so ambiguous and so open that you kind of got that whole I idea. I got a good it was like, discussion out of it. Yeah, yeah, we had a discussion and we have our theories, which are probably all completely wrong. So that's okay. But yeah. I really, I did like it. So yeah, Red Hood and the Outlaws, though, uh, even though I have some complaints about it not going anywhere and going slow, I really did like it. And this app will not load up. Eric. Oh my God. I'm desperately trying to uh, do this. Tell me what you would say. What would editor Eric say? I, I can't even think of anything. The app's loaded now. Uh, kind of. Now I got to the second part that you have to hit on DC, and it's taking forever. Now, Jesus did you hit this Christ week man. or next week? Because that's no, the I hit the. I hit this week. I saw. Okay. I, I've had so much time to adjust here that I did that. <laughs> next week on the podcast. Now, again, one of these books will be a Patreon only exclusive. If the if you go to Patreon and subscribe at the badass level, you could be involved in the uh, the voting as well. And the vote is going on right now. Uh, so, not every one of these will be on. There'll be one that won't be, or maybe some other bonus, Eric. But we'll have right Aquaman. Now, Aquaman is winning. Yeah, Aquaman is winning. So Aquaman 27, we have Batman number 29, continuing the jokes and riddles. We have Batwoman number 6. I already sent that review copy off to Dan. I'm sure he'll be sending me back that 4 out of 10. He is so upset <laughs> with that. But maybe this will be the issue. Maybe they'll move on to Not something in interesting. Not year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I say that. That is not throwing any shade at that. I fully agree with him. And some of the well. times I think he's been a little too positive, uh, if anything, because he really doesn't. I'm saying too positive as in a 5.1. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal, number one. We did not get that review copy. So usually yeah, that means, that yeah. Yeah, usually that means something big, like maybe Batman being a meta. I'll kill everybody there, Eric. Uh, Green Arrow number twenty nine. Uh, we'll right. do that. That is Juan Ferrer. I actually talked to Juan Ferrer. I looked at that issue ahead of time, and uh, you'll have to look because the big thing that we always enjoy in Green Arrow is uh, cameos by us oh, yeah. that Juan would do. This one. Juan has a, ca- a cameo, and it's pretty funny because it actually goes <laughs> in with what he had to do with this book. And in the meantime, uh, I think that this might be his best art that I've ever seen oh, him awesome. do. And I sent it. I said, this is the best art I think you've ever done. And he wrote back, that's crazy because he only had three weeks to do it. He, they gave him three weeks to – and he colors it as well. Yeah. Uh, and it looks no freaking – it looks fantastic. And I said to him, from now on, just relax for a while. Three weeks before, then go to work and get that done because it looks so good. Green Lantern's number 29. We also have Justice League number 27, Eric. Will it continue well, hopefully get some the answers upswing, out of what the huh? fucking Justice League kids are about. Would it continue the upswing? Hopefully. I don't know. You'll have to tune in and find out. Nightwing number 27, Super Sons number 7, Superman number 29. I, I hope that he goes to Mount Rushmore and tells John about that, everything, but thank God it's over. over. That know. arc is over. We're not dealing what with that if shit. Just, what happened if that was a 12-issue maxi arc where he just goes everywhere and just talks about it? I think I might just stop reviewing it until it's would over. You? I, I wouldn't blame you. Though I probably would yell at but you. But this is Superman <laughs> going to the anti-matter universe yep. and seeing Sinestro. This looks cool. Really cool. I've seen this the cover awesome. for it. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, Trinity number 12. 
uh, which is V. Ken Marion on Art and Rob Williams. And I grabbed that when we got that, and I went through it because, you know, if you didn't know, we are going to be in the book Trinity coming up, if all goes well. Uh, V. Ken sent me and Eric the the proofs of it, and it looks good. It looks really good. And But he said, sometimes this shit gets, you know, word bubbles over it or whatever. Somehow, you know, having the weird science crew in a book, Eric, is not the most important thing for the book. But uh, it looked good, and that's cool, and I love you, Kim Marion. And then, Eric, Wonder Woman number 28, which actually had that week delay that they really yeah. kept quiet. It really drove you nuts that they didn't come out and well, announce Well, nobody was talking about Wonder Woman being delayed yeah. at all. No, they were not at all. And I think that they, they – the whole thing was they didn't want delays at all. And I think that when they do happen, they try to, you know, during the button, Flash was, uh, the button, sorry, Flash was uh, delayed. That they had to kind of come out. That was in a, a kind of a crossover event. Wonder Woman, I think they just wanted to fly under the radar. This week we got Harley. That should have been last week. That's another yeah. one. They really didn't say anything about. All-Star Batman, they have, the press has kind of come out and said things, but you don't see anything with DC saying stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but that's it, Eric. That is the podcast. Uh, Oh, Again, right. we are. We do have a Patreon. You can check out at Patreon.com/slash/WeirdScience. That's all I ask. Just go check it out and see. Uh, we have. Out. I think it was the last time I looked since we started at the end of June. I think we have like over thirty-five shows that we put out just on Crazy. Patreon. So we do put out a lot each week. We try to make it worth your while. So check that out if you can. If you can, I understand fully. So uh, check it out. But yeah, Eric, what do we say at the end? Unless you have anything to say, you have anything no. else to say. To I'm the tired people of shit listening. right now. So am I. I'm also hungry, but I'm not going to eat. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to lose some pounds there. Yeah. Trying to lose it, baby. Actually, I say that I'm going to go down and eat a baked potato. So take that, take that waistline. <laughs> We're going to say it's not <laughs> going to be me. It's going to be a waistline. Touche, baby. But uh, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Great. Keep week. it weird, and weird. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there we go. 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 Oh,